want to know about every public figure I've ever encountered. Most conversations I've had with people when I've been seen by the consensus day. Recorded, archived. I have shit on everyone. By the way, you made this drive-by remark about Laura Loomer got censored, therefore Jewish power isn't real. What is that, a joke? I mean, yeah, okay. I said. Oh, well, I think that was you. You brought up Loomer. I didn't you brought her up immediately after talking about who's real. You made some drive-by shot about, oh, you talk about Jewish power, but Laura Loomer is banned. And I never said that. That's in China. It's like... That's one lose for destiny, okay? fanfare dude holy shit welcome to the kill stream oh man hold on you know what i need to write down all the guests oh you can't see me yet can you if i change this you'll be able to see me oh there i am okay so let's write down all the guests that we have today i just added added adam green welcome ladies and gentlemen big big day today i've been talking about it all week here i am um, I woke up a little bit late and then I was get. I decided to get all the stuff ready on stream. Sometimes I'll do the, some of this figuring out on air, but, and it doesn't really usually take that long, but I said, okay, I want to go ahead and figure it all out, get everything set up. If you'll look here, where is it at? There we see. It's already ready. Uh, rarity. <laughs> Sometimes I'm fixing this on screen, uh, but it's already up there. Uh, on the debate screen for tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, Nick Fuentes versus Destiny. We're very excited about that. So I got that ready. Uh, I saw uh, some debate preparations or reviews going on, too. So I watched some of that myself uh, that Nick was doing. And then um, I, I already said it was going to probably be slow in the morning anyway. So I was like, well, as long as I get on the air by 12 or right around there, then it'll be so good. Uh, let's see. It'll be so good, so good. Uh, now there's the panel for later. We have the double panel here. So, um, I just messaged. Okay, so Mark Collett, uh, you would have thought I would have 
set all this up already. Mark Collins calling in at 3 p.m. Adam Green, 5.30, I think. Somewhere around there, anyway. Dick Masterson's calling in. Um, So he's calling in right before the debate. So I would say he's calling in around 7 p.m. Eastern. Somewhere around there. Who the fuck is lighting me up here? Light me up. Let's see. Okay, good. Those gamer aesthetics. Glad you got that email. Okay. Uh, so Mark Call will be here at three. I'm th- I'm thinking that Ramsey Paul for like one or two, but uh, either way, we'll get him in here eventually. Now we got Dalton. I just saw him in chat. When should we bring that master of ceremonies in? Let's see. Well, if he's still listening, we can bring him in now. Um, but uh, we'll see how it goes here. Uh, we got a lot of time. There's no, there's no rush. Also, um, if people are on top of each other, that's not in terms of like guests. That's not bad either. Uh, if they were on top of each other, literally, that that would be bad. Though, I would say that would be bad. All right, now, <laughs> so good, so good. Um, so we can take calls as well on the Discord that I'm banned from, but I'm back in. Uh, it's not dead. So we also have the Gilded server that I, that I should sign up for. Okay. Oh, thank you. Fancy sending me a message. Oh, boy. Thank you so much. What's up, Dalton? I see you in the chat. When do you want to come on? Just tell me when and you can come on. If you want to come on with Dick later, right before the debate, that's fine, too. We could have a panel like that. That sounds like that would be a good mix, me, you, and Dick Masterson. Or you can come on now. It just depends on your own personal preference. If you come on now, it's just going to be me and you, obviously. <laughs> so it's up to you. Also, uh, I saw Mr. Girl was back in, onto his pedophile shit yesterday, so... I'll probably talk about that too. What else do I got over here in my notepad? Russia, of course. I mean, that's the de- the debate topic tonight. So, shout out Odyssey. What's up? We have a fourth hour fund, but I just made it uh, a fat extravaganza fund, uh, and we'll see uh, if we hit it or not. Uh, it is very large. I I was inspired by Beardson. I saw him. Oh, he's got a debate. It's oh wow. Okay. Um, well then just, uh, let's see. Why don't you call in at like one? And also, um, are you on Gab? I can send you the link on Gab. I think, I think I follow you on Gab, right? Yeah. Ah, fuck. There he is right there. Okay. What's up? Holy shit. I didn't even see him message me. God. Everybody has to get better, me included, about checking Gab messages. Like, holy fuck. I see this dude sent me a message, and he's like, yo, what's up? I didn't even see it. What a fucking asshole. What a fucking piece of shit I am. There you go. 
There you go. There's the link. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought I followed you. It said I... Wait, hold on. I do follow you, right? Yeah. Okay. It said I didn't, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, what the fuck? I didn't even see your message. It wouldn't have mattered if I followed you or not. I wouldn't have seen your message. We got to get better about checking guy messages, people. We really do. DD12 sent $20. Good afternoon. Thank you, DD12. I appreciate you, man. Uh, kind of opening up the fun there. Well, actually, there was a, a $1 right before that from Feel My Wrath. Salute to you, sir. The extravaganza fund uh, helping pay for my lawyer. <laughs> God, they get paid so well. So good, so good when they see their paycheck. It really is. <clears throat> yeah, we do, man. We really do. Like, the guy messaging works. Like, there's no reason not to check it. You know why I don't check it? Because I'm so used to other people not checking it. That's why I never do. Because I message people on there and they don't see it. It's like a fucking... Gab itself, like the timelines and stuff, like there's a ton of engagement on there now. But in the in the messaging, no, there's really not. There's really not. I don't I don't know if it's just like a culture of not in, not checking it or what. I, that seems to be what it is. That's that, that's what I'm saying here, I guess. But anyway, Mister Girl interviewed a pedophile. This guy is just like man. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Dick about it la later because I know he's a. I I mean I won't say fan. Where is this? Where is this video? By the way, did he delete this? He said he was interviewing a pedophile yesterday. Somebody's got this. It says no, nah, man. Did he delete this? It was, okay, so 19 hours ago, I will be interviewing a pedophile from the organization Virtuous Pedophiles at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Mr. Girl, oh, wait, is it another channel? Hold on, let's see. He put on a backup channel. This dude is fucking. Then he said, what's up, Ohio Patriot? AF Ohio Patriot sent $10. Hey, brother, hope you're doing well. What is the official start time for the debate? 8 p.m. I gotta get back to work, but I don't want to miss it. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you checking in. And 8 p.m. is the official start time. We're going to have guests all throughout the day. Dalton's going to kick us off at 1 p.m. Uh, Dalton at 1 p.m. Ramsey Paul, probably too. I, you know, it's my fault. I, I didn't set the exact time. He just said he would be down to call in sometime today. So I'm thinking too, but sometime during the day and again if he comes on with mark call or something like that or adam green later there's no problem there that's just a better panel right like that's just a um a different mix right that's just a new permutation there's no there's nothing wrong with that so uh we'll get him in here uh, i got him kind of scheduled for two but we'll see mark call is set for three because i set that up so he'll be here at three adam green 5 30 i just talked to him Dick Masterson, seven-ish is what I'm thinking. I already talked to him. I didn't set the exact time, but I was like, he knows the debate's at eight. And I was like, you know, I want you, me and you, to kind of lead into the debate uh, since we had that. Uh, you saw it in the intro, right? Uh, me and him and Destiny and Nick uh, had that uh, somewhat famous, I'd say, show. Infamous, whatever you want to put on it. Uh, so he's going to be on here. Uh, I may text a couple other people. Lord Miles, I think I'm going to keep him off until next week. 
uh, rather than bring him on today because I just think it would be better to spotlight him a little bit more. That'll be a better show. Um, there was something else. Let's see. Thinking of some people I can just dial up, maybe and add to this list. So we'll see. People whose numbers I have. Let's see. <laughs> uh, all right. Now we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Now, but the debate itself is yeah, it's at eight p.m. Uh, and so I'm pretty. I'm pretty psyched about it, as you can tell, I would say. Uh, and so the guests will start rolling in here pretty soon. Yeah, that's true. Lord Moss, you know what? I'll see. I'll see. Um, you know, if he if he messages back and said he's ready to go. Um, I texted him early this morning. I, You know, he was down to come on this whole week. He already said he would come on. And I just didn't message him and say, hey, come on. Um. And originally, I was like, "Hey, just come on today; it'll be great." But now, but I was thinking this morning, honestly, that it might be better to just hold him off so next week. I don't know; we'll see. You're right; he does have actual Ukraine experience. That's true. He's fucking in Ukraine right now. I think. Um, I, I, I only reason I say I think is because he did some fucking cross country journey to take some pregnant woman from Ukraine back to Poland or some shit. Like this dude's always on. <laughs> This dude's always on some adventure shit. Like it's just, there's just no way. All right, now let me see here. Mister Girl returns. He put it on his backup channel, basically. Interview with the pet. He calls him my pedophile. Interviewing my pedophile now on stream. Is this really where we're gonna start it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Eight and a half hours now. Seven and a half. All right, let's start this up. Why is he in the dark? What the fuck? Mr. Girl, you know what's funny is, so I started talking, talk, I'm talking shit about this guy recently because I've had him on the show several times. And, uh, and I saw some people trying to criticize me because I talk shit about him now, but had had him on the show before. Um, I don't know if you guys realize this, but this is an entertainment program, and uh, me having somebody on the show doesn't necessarily mean that I co-sign them at all. Um, and I don't really put any stock into the whole platforming. I don't even that doesn't even enter my lexicon. The whole oh you platform so and so, you know what? Blow your brains out. Uh, I, I platform anybody and everybody. I don't give a fuck. If you're not in jail, you can come on the kill stream. I don't, I don't give a shit. Uh, and so you can, I, I don't care. I, I don't have to have any respect or necessarily even any, any like for you. Now, a lot of people I do, uh, but, but what I'm saying is that doesn't mean shit to me. Uh, I always thought this dude was weird as fuck and I did try to give him the benefit of the doubt, but he's always doing weird pedophile type shit. And also, he tried to big lead me on my, on my own show. Uh, and so, yeah, that pisses me off. <laughs> so um, after that, he's really got a, an air of, of self-importance about him that I don't think is warranted at all. Uh, and most people know this guy for being like a fucking weirdo pedophile type dude. Like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, that's just the truth. 
Um, and so, like, <laughs> it is what it is. I do, I do. I think he's really out there molesting kids. I mean, no, I don't think so. Probably not. But uh, he does enough. I don't know, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> he does enough uh, pedophile adjacent stuff that I'm like, uh, okay, you're sick as fuck. Uh, and especially if you're trying to act holier than thou and like you're some, he's like some type of heal the world dude. Like he thinks he's some, I, I don't know what he thinks really. I, I'm not even sure if he really believes what he's doing. It could just be an act. Yeah, I was about to say, it could be. I see you, uh, Turden. Yeah, it could just be, it could just be an act. But it's fucking insane. All right, face. What the fuck? Hey, how's it going? It's going fine, thank you. Are we? Are we? We on now, or is it you just about yeah, to yeah, start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're on. We're on, right? Yeah. Goodness. This dude is just... It's really happening. It's really happening. Um, is that Sargon? Um, I just do, not, do not do a lot of interviews? No, I've done a few. I've uh, done a few. The last one I did was um, for a South African radio station. Okay. Um, but it was a little bit different to this in the sense that um, I had some advance notice of the questions, which uh, we, we've discussed a little bit about what we might talk about. But also, in that particular case, it was pre-recorded. So um, if I misspoke, I was able to like, have a do-over. So, you know, it's just a little, a little less challenging from that point of view. But, uh, yeah. Um, I was just listening to your um, previous stream, actually. Um, yeah. With Link. Yeah. Um, which was very interesting, and um, I have to say I'm quite nervous because uh, um, you're a pedophile. We understand. You were Kanye Weiss, thank you, brother. Add that to the tally. Explaining earlier how the with the shades. Of the series is that, what um, you want people to understand that what? pedophiles floss their teeth and and get parking tickets, and um, I haven't flossed my teeth today, so Had that's you, bothering me. What in the fuck oh, are we watching, ladies and gentlemen? What in the fuck is this? But um, you know, and I've yeah, not I want to, I want to, I want to show people that, um, you know, even if someone's a pedophile, it's not like they're, uh, you know, doing pedophile shit. That. Uh, <laughs> One of the weirdest, and he's so boring to be so weird. You're right about that. I mean, I will say that we've, you know, we've gotten some big ratings off this guy, but like, they should be even bigger given what he's saying. <laughs> if you know what I mean? Like, they should be even bigger given what he's saying, right? Like, I don't know, man. My whole thing was the big head stuff. I was like, all right, dude, look. You're a fucking, it's, it's a, you know why I brought you on in the first place. Right? Like, for people to fuck with you and throw shit at you. You knew that from the start. If you can't take any of that, then I don't want you on the show. Like, I don't know. Right? Like, I let you... I set up these debates for you. Like, I give you primetime, you know, fucking positions and um, promotion and stuff like that. It's like, if you can't take any of that... No, I understand. You know, you might not take three hours straight or whatever. Um, 
But, you know, you got to take some of those super chats. You definitely got to let me read them, read some of them out to you at least. Or, you know, I don't know. The whole when he tried to jump, just jump the show like that and just leave, I was like, okay, well, I'm not fucking with this dude anymore. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't fuck with that. That's like, that's, no, this dude is not going to big league me ever. I want to show people that, um, you know, even if someone's a pedophile, it's not like they're, uh, you know, doing pedophile shit 24-7. Or I don't know. I guess nope. we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. All right, that was funny. Yeah. No, I mean, that is true. That part is definitely true. I think that's a spoiler, but we can, <laughs> can certainly admit that. Um. Okay, are you so, gonna be are you gonna be watching the chat? Do you want to involve them in this? Um, shut up! I'm Can we get this going, man? What the fuck is going on? Before that, you said a pedophile is someone who's attracted to wait, 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 wait. balls at you, but I think I'd do that without meaning to or thinking sure. about it. So I want you to. Um, just to know that you can take the time and the space to make sure you're saying what you really want to say. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll be able to pause when needed. Okay. You're can you just start talking? For this guy's pedophiles. even talk. Yes. Virtuous pedophiles. Jesus Christ. That's right. How's this guy on Patreon? How many patrons does he have? I'm just wondering. Yes, I'm 18 or older. 227. Wow. What is virtuous pedophiles? Oh, wait, oh sorry. So, well, uh, but, but before that, you said a pedophile is someone who's attracted to people under the age of puberty. Right. Exclusively? Not necessarily. So um, you would have some people who are only interested in prepubescent kids. You might have people within that range who um, are only interested in prepubescent kids, and that could be a subset of prepubescent kids. It doesn't have to be um, the whole range. Um, that can go as low as you can imagine in terms of the, the bottom of the what we call the age of attraction. Mm -hmm. And it, it would tend to sort of top out at around, depending on the gender they're interested and so on, sort of 11, so 12, 13, that sort of thing. Okay. If you're an exclusive pedophile. If, uh, okay, so for non-exclusive pedophiles... An exclusive mm -hmm. pedophile? At what... How intensely or recurringly do I have to be attracted what? to someone the under the age of... What was that, by the way? ...before you'd call me a pedophile? We get given that question at the organization... Not the organization, just as but you know, by people, people who contact people, us, people, the, they want to know. Yeah, the if, POCD if they actually, people, not just the POCD also, people, but even also, we're up themselves. on entropy killstream.live slash entropy dollar sign sunset squad on Cash App, uh, super chats also over on um, Odyssey, as you've seen a couple of already over there. So, plenty of ways to support as well, because yeah. um, they can they can worry a lot about well you know to what extent the organization, aka Hollywood, I'm non-exclusive. <laughs> so I've wondered this myself. Um, there true. have been times when I've um, felt like oh it's sort of fifty fifty you know fifty percent adults fifty percent underage. Um, okay. I think probably over the time that I've been in the community, I've realised that perhaps I was being a little bit generous on the adult side um, when I was sort of thinking about myself. 
Um, and so, so you're non-exclusive. Yeah. You can make do with adults, but you're more interested in children. Yes, yes, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck? Um, an exclusive. He's non-exclusive. He's an. He's a non-exclusive pedophile. So he's a part-time pedophile, basically, is what he's saying. Um, when I was sort of thinking about myself. Um, and so... So you're non-exclusive. Yeah. You can make do with adults, but you're more interested in children. Press 1 if both these people should be in jail. The world's gone mad sent $3. All these leftists want to normalize pedophilia so bad. It's so disturbing. We used to make fun of the old school Christian conservatives, but they were right. I said this the other night, like, what was it, Alex Stein, I think, was like, oh, you know, gay marriage, who cares? Or, or you know, you're probably like me. I forget who it was. I don't know if he said it like that, but, um, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I used to be like that. Uh, and I mean, really, I don't really care. You know, what two gays do, honestly, still to this day. But, 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 the fact of the matter is that whole slippery slope thing was real. Uh, and I would have to, I would not, I, I would not be the way I was then now. Let's just put it that way. If I, if I had this future knowledge, the way they pushed, not just the gay agenda, um, that just rolled right into the tranny agenda uh, and other sick shit. So I just and pushed on the youth too, uh, and normalized as something as something that's just like common in the media, uh, and that that should be even celebrated. Um, that's it, 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 I would not like I said. <laughs> I remember being stride at me I'm like, oh, who cares if gays get married? And again, I don't really. At the end of the day, still. Um, but I never expected it to be, um, what it is now, uh, in the, in the way it's, it, it, it did, it was a slippery slope. It, it was a transformation from there to here. Um, so yeah, I mean, you'd have to be a liar to not acknowledge that really. Yes. Yes. What's that big creed? So. Yeah. Okay. Um, an exclusive pedophile. Chat says they should be make do with adults. It doesn't really make sense to to say that they could, um, or, or if they did make do with adults, they would be making a major compromise, perhaps akin to a gay man who wants decides he wants to sleep with women because that's more socially acceptable, or actually even vice versa, I suppose. Um, so there, there's something about the way that you know we view children that we don't think can be unwired or, or, you know, just taken out of, of who we are. Um, but, um, yeah, you, you say to what extent would you have to be attracted? I mean, the thing is, sexual interests for everybody, you know, takes up X percent of their time and their thought and their, um, uh, their daily life, you know, um, even though men supposedly are supposed to think about sex every whatever it is seconds i can't remember six seconds um nobody thinks about sex constantly well, I don't know. um and, and sexual relations, unless they've really got you know a problem <laughs> i think you got a problem sir you're a pedophile what the fuck 
Dude, this is all about normalization. You're right. I saw a bunch of people in chat saying it. Yes. What do you mean? He's talking. You hear these fuckers. You've seen the, the, you've heard them and you've seen the screen caps over the years of, oh, oh, it's just another fetish. It's just another problem. Motherfucker, you're a pedophile. What are you talking about? I could be the biggest pussy hound on earth, and I may be one of them. Uh, but you know what? You're a fucking pedophile. What do you mean? Fuck you! So, um, I'm so different. What is with this lighting, too? He's trying to make himself look like a pedophile. Like, what is this? People, I think, experience this at different intensities in exactly the same way. In a group of straight men, you know, you'll have one who's constantly going on about sort of women, these sure. things, and things like, you know, and equally you'll have someone who's like, it's not that big a deal, you know, I'm sort of... I saw a study that uh, pedophiles, saying that pedophiles are actually less um, easily aroused than... He has... A, no, this is literally, by the way, there's no way, we're not going through it all. We got guests and other shit to talk about, of course, the debates tonight... It's literally three, it's four hours, basically. It's three hours, 42 minutes. With a pedophile, just straight, like, what? Why? Bridge, man. I, okay, I hadn't heard that. And um, they're actually, by under, the way, I, I don't know. Sexed on average. Right, okay. I mean, I'd say that's probably a little bit true of me. I don't know that it's true of everybody I've ever spoken to in the community. I would say that, and pretty much this is going to characterize all my answers all the way through this, you know, there's a diversity. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I, um, I don't want you to have to do that. So if there's a way we can just agree that, uh, you know, not all, all black people are not the same black person, you know, when somebody, oh, God, I'm sure they love being brought Anonymous sent $5. Thank you, Anonymous. I appreciate that, brother. When you're not speaking for the black community. We got the big extravaganza fund here today. We'll see if we hit that. I appreciate you guys chipping in. Or the pedophile community, the Jewish community. I think I got a pretty good I think I got a pretty good day. Uh day's worth of guests for you guys and a big debate tonight. So uh hopefully you think this thank. <laughs> think the same. The white sure. whatever. We're all di we're all individuals and I'm not asking I so Okay, so here's a question. I've I've said on the, my channel several times that I think pedophilia is a spectrum. <laughs> that I think that everyone has some n number of thoughts, uh, sexual thoughts about certainly about people under the age of eighteen, and then um, the frequency and intensity and um, durability of those thoughts almost kind of breaks down. Durability as you get. Um, younger and younger and as you get older and older and there's like a, a bell curve yes. around everybody a has bell a curve of pedophilia um exactly okay and so sent three dollars i'm so disgusted by how they keep referring to the community like they have any right to be alive dude are you listening to, dude this is imagine if this was broadcast in the year 2000 imagine if this was broadcast in the year 2010 even They'd be kicking this door. I don't even know if this guy would be safe. So my view is that I don't I don't see you as a pedophile as being fundamentally different from me, a totally normal person. Now, from 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 whatever, whoever the average normal person. I'm saying that jokingly like, because people don't think I'm sure. normal. But um, I see us uh, as on the same spectrum. 
And I think at and some I, point it is there's, there's yo y'all are definitely oh my using god the word pedophile On the same spectrum, when it uh, becomes a meaningful enough or intense enough part of your life where you think it's something that you need to manage basically. Yes. And, and this can be very confusing. It's like even alcoholism, then, I guess. Indeed, even to the Is that what they're trying, to, they're trying to equate it? Approach us at Virtuous Pedophiles, because we do get inquiries from people who say, I'm finding I'm attracted to 15-year-old girls. Um, and we have to say to those people, well, okay, and I can see why you might have a concern about that. But <laughs> on the other hand, you certainly don't meet the definition of pedophile. Um, you know, if you were saying... I have an attraction to nine-year-old girls, then, you know, that would be like meeting you? that definition. Um, and I think we have a big, not to take this off topic, what you were talking about just now, but we do have a big problem in as much as the sheer definition of the word has yeah. al you know, is already misunderstood by everybody, practically, apart from a very small number of people. Um, uh, who who assume that it has a relationship with them specifically you know the age of consent or the age of of uh, adolescence Absolutely. Um, i'm i'm interested in that word normalize because i think um you know it's it's a very loaded word and i think it's a very common word and i had it thrown at me a great deal when i was on twitter yeah um normalize to me this is normal to me I don't mean that it's normal in the sense, uh, in a prescriptive sense. I don't mean I think it should be normal for everybody. I just mean that in a descriptive sense, this is normal for me. In other words, it's it's part of you know my daily reality. That's um, not what that's not what people mean. I know Look, that's not what I, they mean. When you I'm when just, you start doing, you. you're you're freaking me out. I'm gonna be honest with you. You're, <laughs> you're scaring okay. me. You're scaring me. What are you me. afraid of? I, I, I'm afraid that you are too sensitive to be able to be the firm face of, like, telling people. He ain't people, the face of shit. He ain't even showing his face. What are you talking about? Well, the difference between thoughts and actions. Because people are people, because every time every time you dance around a question, sure. it comes off to people who hate you, like their suspicions are. And I don't, I don't think they are right. I believe no, what you're right. saying. I believe what you're saying, but when you, if when, yeah, yeah, but if you, you if you, I'm, if you say Max, are you cheating on your girlfriend? And I say, well. Okay, what do you mean by cheating? cheating? Yeah, what do you mean by cheating? That's a word that gets thrown around a lot. You immediately you're going to be like, "Well, okay, so yes, you are." Sure. Um, if you're if you're not willing to be called abnormal or disorder, uh, no, 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 I'm willing to willing to be called abnormal. And I think you should it, change it, the name of virtuous pedophiles to sick fucks anonymous. <laughs> sick well, sick fucks who respect the law. And then, the we're not what is there to argue about if you just own it? Well, how are we going to get people to come to us to support them if we're called sick fucks? People who, who <laughs> identify... What am I listening to? I can't... Why are sick fucks or people yeah, who Yeah, just be like, you know, you got to admit that you're kind of a sick fuck and then we can help you. Yeah, it's not going to work. Like Alcoholics like Anonymous. Alcoholics like Anonymous is, is not virtuous wine sippers. 
No, that's true. But then they're alcoholics. It's a different situation. (laughs) (sighs) Virtuous wine sippers. It's not going to work. Like Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous is, is not virtuous wine sippers. No, that's true. But then they're alcoholics. It's a different situation. Yeah, but they you go so, in and they say, okay, so you yeah, have a disease. Yeah, exactly. You're a pedophile. And they're... Called alcoholism. Even if, even if you never drink another drink for the rest of your life, this thing is always going to be with you. And and if you can admit that, then, Further you know, right reach out Alex and take Jones my hand. $3. The Jews are just getting more shock troops to throw at the normal people when the normal people wake up and decide to take action. I don't know if it's conscious or organized, but it's very obvious that they promote the worst aspects of society. And I'm not saying that they have the best model or the best uh, outcomes, but I that that part of it, I I think is pretty attractive because no one's accusing Alcoholics Anonymous of like not being able to admit that they're alcoholics. There's one. I don't think we have. We, we have no difficulty in admitting that we're... Or not being able to admit that being an alcoholic makes... Um, means there's something wrong with you. Right. But alco- well, I don't know that Alcoholics Anonymous would uh, go, go with that particular thing. Like They wouldn't start by saying there's something wrong with you. They call it a disease. You. They're talking about, you know, individuals. And we're trying to give individuals hope for uh, for this. But um, but also, we're, we're, we are... Um, we are perfect from we are pedophiles and we know that that's a it's a problem in as much as um you know no we can't see, act, act, act on the- what are we watching god you're you're a nightmare in as when Even you this say guy's like you're he's like your bad optics for pedophiles that's what he's that's the that's the conversation here jazz you've the, he I, wants a more optical pedophile you've made a horrible mistake no, I don't Listen, think so. I think I, I have, I have to, gotten I, no, just. No, I, have to, I have to sort of be um, a bit more robust about this, maybe, because you've said I'm oh. maybe being a bit oversensitive. I think I've been around in this particular debate for five years myself. Okay, well, I've been in it. Been around for, I've been called. I've been being called a pedophile for a year I, and a half. I know. Nonst- okay, I know. so is this a pedophile so, off? I'm not just. So, um, so at a certain point. Anonymous sent three dollars. Google Maps just oh, went down. It's happening. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, go. No, ahead. no, I, I totally get that, and I and I really appreciate you know that we're having this conversation. I think it's amazing. I I think um, <laughs> well, it is. It is amazing, and um, okay. but I think um, it is amazing. I agree with that. I have spoken to know dozens hundreds of of other pedophiles and i do have a sense of what is a good way to begin that conversation and i think i am (laughs) yeah i bet you do asking what they have to trade what picks they have to trade is that how you is that how you work it for me i think have formed you know a sense of of what narratives are helpful and what narratives are not helpful some narratives come from outside of pedophilia and um are are going to be, you know, meaningful to those who don't experience it. 
some narratives are going to be meaningful to those who do experience it. And I think it's, and by the way, lots of people do approach the forum and stuff like that, and they absolutely own the, the, the term disorder, and they feel that it's disordered, and they, they have no problem with that. Um, but some don't feel that way, and I don't think we're going to um, engage with those people if we start from that position of saying, we're going to represent this to you in exactly the same way as you've had it represented to you in the outside world. It's just not going to work. Um, I think you need that people. synchronicity with the outside world in we, order to we are accomplish... Seeking, yeah. In order to we're seeking most, that, but You're going to give me a fucking panic attack. <laughs> but there's a difference, and there's a massive distance between, at the moment, how the outside world views us how the outside world views us and you know and I'm our so life upset. experience i'm so upset by what you're saying am i am i not delivering the the, the, the script even, you even, even just yeah this is not the script i had written in my head the even the length okay. of your answers is so profoundly upsetting this mother is talking about somebody's answers length that is kind of crazy though <laughs> okay should we like should if we i if I say, if I say, if pedophilia is so, Mister Girl, sandbag the pedophile into thinking he was going to get a wow. Is this to try to make him look like less of a pedophile? I honestly didn't expect this turn. Is that what this was all about, ladies and gentlemen? He was just going to bring on another pedophile, sandbag him, think he make him think he was going to get a pro, you know, a, a softy interview, and then go on, go off on him. Is that what we're doing here? And then. What is it? And then, and then your, your, if your answer is more than five words long, I'm going to freak out. And it was. It was it's like. It's a sexuality. A it's three words. And I'm very happy. It's a sexuality. Yeah. Okay. And in response to the charge that if you call it a sexuality, just like being gay or straight, then you're normalizing it and we can we can agree that normalize is a stupid word and i can be more specific mm -hmm. obviously what i mean is if you normalize having it as an orientation then um you see a march of oh it's not okay for women to wear pants oh now it is okay oh it's not okay for women to have premarital sex oh look now it is okay oh it's not okay for people to be gay oh now it is okay these are sex these are orientation orientations are okay and then lgbt p no pedophilia is a sexuality yeah. You see that it's very easy for people to then say, okay, well, then the next step is for you to say that it's okay. I totally understand that, and I can't help it, unfortunately. You can. I you could help, help it. You Literally, your job is to help it. It actually, yeah. it, you, it is, and it could be, and you should help it, and I don't think you are right now. It's, it's interesting. He's I mad think... at him for not helping the cause of normalizing pedophilia. Is that what's going on? Like, shout out for the Nick raid. Appreciate that. We'll see Nick again tonight very soon. Very, very soon. I think it's interesting what you want me to be to support your version of what you want pedophilia to be. Dalton's I, about to come on. We got some guests. I guess I should read that off. Dalton's going to be on here in a minute. I got to send him the link, though. Uh, Ramsey Paul at 2. I think I changed that to 2.15, not 2 p.m. Ramsey Paul, 2.15. Yep. Further right than Alex Jones sent $3. The reason we say 18 is because most girls under that are too stupid to understand long-term consequences of their actions. So any mature adult who goes after underage girls is obviously trying to take advantage of a weaker mind. It's real simple. Thank you, Anon. Anonymous sent $5.
Appreciate that, brother. Uh, Dalton at one ish. I'm about to send him the link. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can come on at like one fifteen. It doesn't have to be in five minutes. I'll send you the link in just a minute. You don't have to rush if you're not ready. I'm about to send you the link though. Uh, Ramsey Paul at two fifteen. Mark Call at three. Adam Green five thirty. Dick Masterson around seven. Uh, I got some more possibles that I haven't actually asked yet, but that might be down to call in on a whim. On a whim. So I'll do that. Now let me get the uh, – well, I'll, pl- I'll just turn this on and get the link for Dalton. I mean, it's, that's, I'm finding that interesting. I think – I don't. Know, do, we, do we disagree I, about what pedophilia is? I think we disagree I, I about the – I don't think we do. Link, no. I, I think we are, we think we're pretty – Motherfuck. Ethan needs to ban this sick fuck. Well, he kind of banned himself by the way he com- he comp- uh, comported himself during the during the Richard Spencer debate. Actually, the the whole it wasn't even really a debate. I don't even know more of a discussion. But um, yeah, I didn't like the way he tried to big league the show. Basically, he basically he only had that event because of me anyway. So it's like fuck you. All right, now let's see. Oh, that's the link right there. He's mad at this other guy for not being an optical enough sick fuck. Uh, I um, what I want you to be. I am fine with what you are. Uh, it's okay with me that you want to have sex with children, but the way. George Floyd sent three dollars. Ooga booga. All this talk about underage girls, Maine. Can we talk about pregnant belly pics instead? Oh, la la, that's the good shit, Maine. Did we just hear that was a direct quote? <laughs> yeah, we think we're pretty... I um, what I want you to be... I am fine with what you are. Uh, it's okay with me that you want to have sex with children, but the way you answer questions horrifies me. What? Okay. What? Well, I'm in a difficult position. It's okay you want to fuck kids, but the way you're at, you're not optical enough the way you're answering questions? I'm in a sensitive place, and um, and I'm, I guess I'm responding to that, but uh, um, it is a, it is a difficult thing. You know, um, well, can I can I can I explain wh- how why can I can I explain myself or should we just move on? Um, do you can, feel like you, you do you get what I'm saying and you're just I, I totally get what you're saying and I totally understand where it comes from. And I would say you know, it's a disorder oh, that functions Gab. like an orientation. I forgot I'd already yeah. sent it on Gab. I mean, or look, para- it's a paraphilia. Dalton. That's what paraphilia means. If I was having a conversation with, say, I don't know, a scientist at a conference and they characterized it that way, I wouldn't stop listening to their presentation. I wouldn't say, oh, my God, I've been characterized as a disorder and I can't stand it and I'm no longer listening. It wouldn't happen. You know, we, I'm, I'm fine with that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's not a problem that that's how you view it. Um, you know, there can still be a conversation. But, yeah, you're right. I'm not just agreeing to use the word. Somebody has asked, wouldn't a disorder... Anonymous sent $3 pedophilia. Bad. Ephebophilia? I'd come on. 
17 through 19 can get the whole dick and balls. Disavow completely. There be anything that falls off the general order that society deems normal, hence disorder. Um, yes, and that's a subjective thing, which has changed over time. Okay. That's where, when you say a subjective thing that changes over time, you're going to set off people's normalization. What's up, Tinrio? Yeah, I, again, I mean, the problem is uh, um, I've been through a lot of these conversations on uh, on social media, so I'm aware that that's a, that's a risk. So, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, um, I would like to apply for a part-time job as the PR person for Virtuous Pedophiles, a volunteer, okay. volunteer position. I would like to uh, be the spokesman for Virtuous Pedophiles. Okay. Well, in effect, you are at the moment. I think on the internet because uh, because yes, it's obviously I am trusting your platform. Okay. Yes, well, yeah. Thank you. Um, for making it official, though, I appreciate it. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I think a lot, a lot of people, a lot. Mark Newcomb sent three dollars. Shut up and did the fucking whole Peter. <laughs> uh, you know, are speaking for us. Sorry. Go on. Let's. Uh, let's. Um, I think probably we should move on now. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. Um, okay, I had something. I wanted. What do you? Um, we we uh, well, we talked about sort of what a, a pedophile is and so on. You, we, you said earlier on that you didn't agree with the term map, and I just wanted to sort of say a little bit about um, the fact that you know, uh, as I think you've pointed. Dalton, what's up, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, dude? Nothing much, man. Was that you that just texted me? Yeah, that was okay. Yeah. Sorry, I had the I had the um, screen on mute, so we couldn't uh, we couldn't hear you pop in. What's up, man? Have you been, first off, have you been listening to this at all? Or yeah, this is insane. This is ridiculous. And I think you're right about. I think your theory is correct. The the he's sandbagging this this other pedophile to make him not seem as pedophile <laughs> pedophilish yeah 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 no that's literally what I'm what I think happened and you know of course going into it everybody knows uh well you know a lot of people who follow this know Mr. Girl's kind of um been identified that way right and he said some wild yeah. shit about cuties and some other stuff uh even wilder than that really wild much wilder than just defending that movie uh and so you go into it expecting I did too like oh he's going to it's going to be a puff piece or whatever. Uh, and it's way more hostile than that. And I think it's to kind of distance himself from, from being identified as a pedophile. I, I completely agree. And this is super bizarre too. I, I've always, I've, I mean, Mr. Girl, obviously to me, I don't like him. I think he's a weirdo and a freak. Um, I feel like, like most people, yeah, this feel is like way. super bizarre. Most people feel that way, and the the bizarre thing, even I guess, even more bizarre than his actual behavior to me was he he got uh, a decent audience off, kind of off Destiny, really, uh, and talking to him, uh, and then he he's got a huge huge head now uh, about him, and he thinks he's some kind of like superstar guy, uh, and he's just a weird fuck. I mean, uh, honestly, anybody could get out there and say weird shit like that and probably get some attention, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> it's not yeah, necessarily... Well, he definitely... I mean, all right, like, it's crazy to, to think that he has 200-plus uh, people on Patreon giving him money every month. That just blows my fucking mind. <laughs> 
That's a solid Patreon, dude. I think that when I, I yeah. topped out at like two seventy five or something like that, he's got like two twenty something. Oh. Um, so now we had a few more Killstream.tv people, which is coming back. I keep staying on their ass every day, and I already signed the new fucking shit. But anyway, I'll talk about that more when it's here. Uh, now let me turn it back on. You're here. First off, what do you think about the debate tonight? It's gonna be interesting. Uh, I like I like how Nick is uh, is sort of. I like what he's saying about it. He's saying like, this is going to be educational. Uh, people are going to watch this people who agree with destiny. And, and oftentimes I don't think that internet debates really do anything other than it's just for entertainment. I mean, like you're, you're the sides are going to watch you. They support. Um, but I, I've genuinely from what I've watched Nick watching the, the debates uh, that destiny's had in the past on this issue. Um, Nick talking about this issue. I don't think destiny really knows a whole lot about the situation in Ukraine, uh, which which is perfect to sort of you know red pill some people. Like when you really have someone who doesn't really know a whole lot about something, uh, and then you have someone who knows a whole lot, it'll be more like a teaching. Like he's going to be teaching him about the Ukraine Russia situation rather than it being like a full on debate. Now we'll see how Destiny takes that. <laughs> now we'll know? see. And again, I can't. You know, I have to ask the guests here. I can't weigh in because I'm going to be the moderator. Uh, yeah, and I've. Uh, been the moderator on several of their actually i think two at least for sure so they had an impromptu both these were impromptu impromptu debates uh that i ended up hosting uh so one was at dick masterson studio there uh in los angeles california uh and what was that i believe june of 2020 during the heart of COVID season. Uh, and I think that's the last time they talked. Um, and so it's going to be again tonight, of course. And then one was during a debate that was Soph versus destiny, uh, that I had set up kind of just like a spectacle did, type thing. Did that uh, happen? That did happen. Yeah. Yeah. I dude, I need to go back and watch that. Yeah. That actually happened. Uh, and, uh, certain cheesehead 69, called in during the during the middle of that <laughs> during the middle of that debate uh and so there was another and then they went at it for like an hour hour and a half maybe longer than that it kind of it was kind of like so versus destiny and then it was uh nick versus destiny uh, all of a sudden in that debate so yeah you know what i meant to go back and post some of these uh this week on i mean They've been broadcast before, but to make sure some people saw them, uh, but I just didn't have time. I might do that this weekend still, though. Some That'd of the classics, cool. yeah, some of the classics afterwards. All right, let me turn this freak show back on. Yeah, uh, please. Let's see what's going on here. Also, I just saw Lord Miles Rutledge. Um, I was messaging him, and I just said it makes more sense to bring him on next week, uh, and he, he's been traveling like a madman, too. He would come on if I asked him, and we, we had it agreed he would come on one day this week, but I just didn't follow up on it. Uh, so next week, he's just like, tell me the tell me the day, tell me the time, I'll be there. So Anonymous sent $5. Thank you very kindly, Anonymous. That before, there's like pedophilia, there's hebophilia, there's a phebophilia. Yeah, I don't like math. So I think, pers personally, I think the term has just emerged because there is also hebophilia and there's a phoebophilia and also an epiophilia. Um, I, must, I don't know if I need to gloss those terms, but... Um, no, we got it. You got it. We so got it. Yeah, yeah. so there's a range of things. So there are some people who, who are not pedophiles, they are hebophiles, but on the other hand... Jesus. A whole Anderson sent $3. To be fair, there is probably a lot of crossover between the Destiny audience and the pedophile. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
are in pretty much the same boat as we are. So having a single term that just describes the whole gamut, to me, just saves time and effort, really. Um, I don't think it's uh, an attempt to gloss over the fact... Uh, Gersh sent three dollars. Hello, Dalton Clodfelter, host of the Goodnight Grow Wiper Internet Podcast. Hello, the Ralph Retort Internet TV Radio Show Podcast. <laughs> I can't wait for the debate tonight. I will be rooting for Nicholas J. Fuentes. Hello, cozy friends and Chato Seven. Thank you you know this this guy this guy sends super chats like he's like introducing the show. I know, I love it. Yeah, it helps me out. I was gonna say, so I don't have to repeat all this shit. <laughs> He's setting the tone for everyone else who's just now tuning in. That's right, exactly. It's a, it's like a reset. I try to do those sometimes myself. Uh, I'm just like, oh yeah, every hour or so, just remind people what we're doing because some people, yeah. I mean, you don't think about it unless you are, I guess, accustomed to thinking about it, right? Because it's like, okay, some people just join you, right? They don't know what the fuck's going on. Every once in a while, you should say, what the fuck's happening? So, for instance, now, we're listening to Mr. Girl, two pedophiles talk to each other, allegedly, uh, basically. (laughs) Uh, and so Mr. Girl, who's been maligned, I guess you could say, he would say, uh, as a pedophile, uh, is interviewing, uh, I guess an advocate from an organization called Virtuous Pedophiles, which seems like an oxymoron to me, but uh, I don't yeah, know. You can be is, the judge. Yeah, sure. you, audience can be the judge, of course. But uh, anyway, that's what's happening. Go ahead, Anonymous. I don't Anonymous know. sent $3. Why is this? <laughs> Who is he hiding from? It's like the police are outside. is doesn't want him. Boomhauer yeah. sent twenty dollars. Looking forward to the debatants. Thanks for the long stream. Thank you very kindly. Debate respecter sent ten dollars. Props to Ralph for setting up the legendary Nick Fuentes versus Destiny Cuckold debate. Thank you, Optics. <laughs> guy from Kentucky, go ahead. Guy underscore from underscore Kentucky <laughs> sent three dollars. This guy. <laughs> Uh, the lighting, I mean, clearly, so, you know, what's funny is, so during the day on Tequila Sunrise, I'll usually turn this light, uh, we're doing just a kill stream today, but uh, I usually turn this light over here off just so it's a little bit darker. Now it's not this dark, but it's a little bit darker and just so it creates a little bit of a different effect without me having to fucking change everything around here. Right. It's not that much. It's a little subtle, but you can tell usually if the clips from there here. Anonymous sent $5, so hyped for the debate, 07 Ralph. Thank you very kindly. I'm pretty hyped for it myself. Uh, and This uh, is going to be awesome, dude. I am stoked. Yeah, man, and thank you for coming on. And I wanted to kind of do an, uh, an event-type feel for this. Now, my original idea was to put together, you know, a bunch of other debates during today. But honestly, I've had too much shit going on to set up all that George this Floyd sent $3, yeah. Ooga Booga. Hey, yo, Ralph. Do you know how I know I'm in hell, Maine? Big Floyd. There's no fentanyl or overweight oh, white women no. down here. Shit. <laughs> That's so true. Thank I like, you. Did you hear how the bot just said that? Shit. Yeah. yeah. Shit. <laughs> it sounded more country. No. Damn it. Boy. Shit. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a you know a neutral term. That, uh, Whoa. If if you're attracted to people who are 15 to 19. For the most part, you can satisfy those desires without breaking the law. Sure. What? If you're attracted to people five to nine, you, 
you yeah, can't. You can't. And so combining those, again, this goes to the blurred lines normalization problem. When you start saying like, yeah, well, what? we'll just give them both the same name. Oh, we'll just call it an orientation. When you start that's not combining, the I know yeah. that's not the reason. I'm saying this is a reason not to do it. I know that's not why you're, I trust you, Bly. I trust you. And I still trust you. What the fuck? I, I wouldn't trust you to be my spokesman, but I. Guy underscore from underscore Kentucky sent $3. Sorry. I meant to say, this guy is a pedophile, right? Also, why is he in a dark room? Get some lighting, Nibba. Mr. Gross says he's not, but he's talking to a pedophile. Anonymous sent says $3. Can't wait for the Adam Green segment today. Wish Nick was allowed to talk to him. Well, he's not disallowed. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't forbid it. I don't think he's forbidden from it uh, otherwise either. But, uh, but yeah, Adam Green's calling in at five thirty. Another reason I'm having him participate, uh, other than the fact he's you know been a multi multi time guest here on the Kill Stream, is that he's going to have a debate next week, next Thursday on the twenty fourth with E. Michael Jones. Uh, and so I need to get that banner out actually, so I can uh, do a little cross promotion here. That's what the game's about. So I can promote it during the big debate tonight. Uh, maybe get some of those holdovers for next week. So uh, shout out to Pansu, who's watching in Rochester, New York. She is very pregnant with the Ralph female uh, about to come <laughs> next week. Yes, that is correct. We'll have to maybe we'll get a shirt, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, you need a shirt for that. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm impressed with the banners. The banners are sick. Yeah, I, was, well. I was thinking about that the other day because your, your Nick and Destiny promo banner, I was like, damn, like yeah. that shit looks legit. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I mean, she did it. I just tweeted it out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, definitely a lot, a lot better than the last batch. I'll just put. I'll just keep it that. But I'll keep it above the, above the belt rather than reaching low for the low blow right now. I would or lawyer, <laughs> but I would. But I trust you that you're a good person with good intentions. And what I'm saying is, it it. They're works all watching ways. too. By the way, every hater is watching this with bated breath. They can't. Wait for the mega main event tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. Destiny versus Nick Fuentes live on the kill stream. Let's fucking go! It's Even real. It's not your intention to start blurring lines and blending things together. If I oh, and I forgot to mention this, Destiny's going to be in Dallas April 2nd as well. Killstream.live slash bowl. I'll talk about that much more later. It's almost like I thought about that too, and Dick Masterson's calling in right before the debate. All right. Who will also be there in Dallas? <laughs> We're in charge of your mouth, and I clearly I'm not. If I were, I would make it say how <laughs> that these anything where somebody wants to do something illegal or has an urge to do something illegal or immoral <sighs> needs to be in a separate category from people who just want to fuck seventeen year olds. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's my but that's I'm, why I don't like math because it no, makes it sound fine. like well, a seventeen-year-old's a minor, a seven-year-old's a minor. Man, let's call them maps. I but, think, but, but, but we are approached by people who are attracted to teenage, younger teenagers, I suppose, or teenagers of the age. Okay, of I suppose. What do you mean? They're either younger or they're not. What the fuck? Like this guy's got the. <laughs> but there's a there's a amount of uh, abnormality and undesirability. Right, but they're not pedophiles. So, what would you call them? Um, Jailbait connoisseurs. I think a <laughs> 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 
Cubophile are funny. Jailbait respecters. How about that? Wait, wait, wait. So, <laughs> all right. I, I, I don't know anything about, like, these terms. Hebophile, pedophile. To me, they're all just pedophiles. You know? Yeah, like, I mean. I really... Yeah. Uh... I, I feel like 16, like, if you're, if you're 18 or 20 years old, well, so I think I, I think of it like this, right? If you're in high school with someone, like th- there's a bit of understanding there. Sure, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I do. I, I think it is a little weird when like there's a senior dating a freshman, but like that happens all across the country. You know, it's kind of a meme. That's just what people. You know, it's just what happens, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then you know, it gets kind of weird when it's like uh, when it's anything further out than like, from like four years. Yeah, well, I, look, I agree with that. Plus, look, you know what I, you know what I agree with. Eighteen and up, it's all game. It's all fair game. Yeah, that's absolutely. what I agree with. That's the old rule, and that's what I, that's what I subscribe Anonymous to. Sent three dollars. Let's not get technical. <laughs> Death penalty for all. My mentality. I think it's well known. Uh, eighteen and up, uh, no problems at all with that's eighteen. Standard, yeah, yeah, but eighteen uh, and up. There's plenty of hot eighteen year old pussy. Honestly, you know what I mean. Like it's like, okay, yeah, why do you need to go yeah, for someone? Yeah, it's like, why do you need? To go why do you need to dabble you know what you're a sick fuck you belong with the pedophiles right you can't control yourself at all yeah. like what the fuck is your problem are you sick like obviously you are like fuck yeah. i just wish well, I, I would yeah. dubious of like if that's going to be like okay so you're 25 and you're attracted to a 16 year old uh so then why aren't you attracted to a 14 year old why aren't you yeah. like What's stopping you from being attracted to a 13-year-old or a 10-year-old or something like that? I'm already sussed out about you, you know? Right, and it's That's also not- like, <laughs> you just said it, it's about self-control, too, though. It's like, what, you have no, what, I'm going to trust you not to fucking go fuck kid? Like, even younger? Like, no, you wouldn't. Like, this guy's yeah. a sick fuck. And and like I said at the beginning, plenty of eighteen year olds out there, and that's all understood to be fair game. You, there must be something really broken in your brain. You can't even wait off till then. Like would avoid what, the what, bucket what, term. What what what? what, what for myself, because I have pedophilic attraction, I have hebophilic attraction, I have iphebophilic attraction, and I have teleophilic Shout out to Nick attraction. for that share on Telegram. So, practically, I could say, yes, I'm a pedo, hebe, iphebo, teleophile. Uh, I can also say, I'm a map. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I would... I, I, I would... I would call myself... I want to say too. Hang on, people in chat. Go ahead, go ahead. Go off. People in chat are fucking retarded because you guys are saying, "Well, it's because they're not they're they're developed more when they're sixteen than when they're 14. It's not about that, dude. What I'm saying is, you have nothing in fucking common. I don't have anything in common with a fucking sixteen year old, bro. I don't. There's nothing in my life uh, where I could probably where I could have like a conversation with a sixteen year old or a seventeen year old, and probably most eighteen year olds. I'm 21. I don't have anything in common with them. I just don't. So that it makes no fucking sense to be like, well, the only difference is they're just they're they're the physical the the physical aspect of it. There's mental aspects to this too, Mr. and I have exactly nothing like in common. Want. Sorry, that's fine. No, go ahead. I'll replay it. Go ahead. No, it's like it just doesn't make any sense because there's there's a lot of like you're talking about like the mental aspect of it all. Sure, that's sure, what I'm referring to. I I can't that. relate to a fucking sixteen year old. Well, there's a lot I can say about this subject, but uh, I'm involved (laughs) in some, uh, you know, courtroom stuff. And so I won't uh, I won't go into 
Exact detail. I, I will say that, uh, yeah, in general, not a great idea. Dude, people in chat are so fucked. What not, obviously. 16 year olds. Is 18 years old that much of a hassle for well, him? <laughs> the thing is, obviously, 18 and up, I already said that. But even like a huge age gap relationship, I, I would say once it gets outside of like 10 years, um, it's too much. And then there's a big difference between 10 years from 20, you know, when you're 25. Right, and then you're 35, right? If you're a 35-year-old dude you got with a 25-year-old chick, that's pretty spot on, for instance. So I'm 36, my 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 fiance is 27, right? So I think she's 27. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, 27, right? She can double-check me. <laughs> <laughs> so she's 27, oh, right? <laughs> but I have had, um, I have had bigger gaps, and, um, you know, I don't, I mean, my my mentality's always been, you know, eighteen and up, whatever. It's fair yeah. game, right? Like, who cares? Of course, you know, got a young bitch. That's great. Yeah, unless but, you know, like I said before, unless you went to like high school with them. But I'll say that mentality is not really. I mean, it's not really a winner, <laughs> honestly. Unless you're like you're super wealthy with millions and millions, and it doesn't even matter what you know if you fuck up or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can just pay it off and just write a check and whatever and move on to the next. Uh, then, you know, I guess who gives a fuck, but, uh, uh, honestly what you said, having a lot in common and just, it's, it's not even just the stuff in common because you can have stuff in common with a, with a much younger partner. It's the, it really is. They're so far removed from your generation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no. And I'm not saying that, like, I'm not saying that 17 year olds are kids. I'm not no, saying not 16 all. are kids. I think, I mean, I was, I started a business when I was 16 years old. So I don't think like, you know, if I could do that, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think like back then as myself is like being, you know, like a kid, a kid is like, you know, I just, much, much more. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's hard to explain, but it, it's, it's easy to understand that like, obviously you don't want too much of a gap for, for other reasons than just like being physically attracted to someone. Uh, and like I said before, this goes into like, what do you have in common with that person? Um, and France has a similar take on this. It's like, why go for someone so much younger? Because, you know, they, they should be dating and marrying people who are also in their age group um, and being with people who are in their age group. That just makes sense. My, I'm, I'm 21. My wife just turned 23. I'm about to turn 22. So she's got a year on me. Um, people were asking that in chat. Um, but like, I couldn't like, dude, I'm not going to go hang. Like, have I ever hung out with like someone who's 18? <laughs> no, I just, I, I have it now that I'm t going on 22, 18 year olds don't really hang around like where I hang around, you know, they just don't. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, like I said, it's, it's once you get into your thirties and you're a guy, I think within 10 years of a female, it's not that big a deal. Uh, but if you start to go outside that, um, it does start to, it's just a disconnect uh, it's like being from two, it's just two different mentalities, basically. I mean, it can still work, uh, but it's just, it's, it's, uh, fraught with, with, uh, dangerous possibilities. I'll just say that. Uh, all right, let me play some more of this weirdo shit. Group that is the strongest and the most, I guess the thing I want the most help with. Okay. The thing you need the most. Yeah. See, Tenrio says I'm 33. I date a five years, uh, a girl five years my junior. Yeah, that's no problem whatsoever. 
like I said, yeah. uh, you know, I'm 36. She's 27. That's no problem. Dude, I don't even like my my grandparents. There's a ten year gap. Yeah, but like, but they met when they were right. I don't know. Like, they were both out of high school. They were both, you know, older. Yeah, they exactly. Weren't, weren't too old. They got married young, but not like crazy young. Or it's like an eight year gap. Yeah, and obviously, you know, at that point, that's not a big I mean, deal. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think like six to ten years. Now you get outside of ten, the like, then it starts to get to be okay. This person's from another time. I was like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, and it's no problem. I just think in an in an, in a like long term intimate relationship that can be an issue. Now you, you can still be friends with somebody or talk or whatever. Fuck, like you know whatever. Uh, but if you're trying to build something long term, um, that that could be a real issue. Now if it's just right, you know, and everything's right, you know, whatever, do it. Like I don't, I'd be the last person to to preach against it, but it's just harder. George Floyd sent $3 Uga Booga, Hebophile. Shlomo better prep his asshole lol. Boy Gaval. <laughs> George, calm down. Assume as pedophilia. Um, yes, and hebophilia, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah. I was going to say, um, I don't even know. Let's try it. We're going to get through this. What in the world? And not enough. Can your wife dunk? Yeah, duh. <laughs> One of the perks. I can say the I can say the N word and she can dunk. I think one of the things that is really difficult to do at this stage, and what obviously you're doing right now, is to platform a voice of somebody who is actually a pedophile. It very, 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 very seldom happens. And when we try to platform ourselves by you know, using Twitter and so forth, we've been reacted against, and obviously the actual platforms themselves have, have eventually changed their rules to make it impossible for us to speak about our experiences. Aww. So we're at a time when we're buried under a massive, massive. I don't even rock. know that that's true, by um, the way. You know, it's it's almost as bad a time as I can I can remember. I think they're harder on groupers than they are pedophiles for sure on Twitter. And yeah. um, you know, and the fact that we exist is a source of hope and the fact that we've continued existing for 10 years is a massive source of hope um for a lot of people me included and um fact that we, we being virtuous pedophiles we being virtuous pedophiles and yeah exactly and uh, and the community around that yeah, we're um, having this conversation on youtube by the way yeah no yeah exactly you notice uh, well i don't know if you were here at the very beginning but he put it on his backup channel though uh just in case i noticed that because uh, yeah, i couldn't find it at first i was like oh where is it it's not on his channel well i was on the back great and the other thing that i've seen which is oh shout out to uh, d over on cash i much appreciated brother i see that 10 spot i'll add that to the tally yes is that there is increased academic interest in this and obviously a lot of people will know about alan walker and um a long dark shadow the book that was published which resulted in alan walker um leaving their post at uh, um at old dominion university you know alan um, walker no i not personally no i've exchanged a few words but um but alan um came to i don't think it was mainly uh, pansu shout out to her she says, this shit is allowed on YouTube, but they will take down an interview with Trump. Yeah, very good point. They came to yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. support communities, and, and that's where they drew their subjects from. So I yeah. know some of the people who spoke to Alan Walker um, and, and appear in that book. Um, 
That's a, that's a great and important read, I think, for those who are interested in learning more about this topic, because I think it does, in an objective way, it does foreground our voices and our experiences. And again, going back to that 12-step thing uh, that somebody was talking about earlier, um, the book actually attempts to start to apply so an idea of like, well, what is the process that the average pedophile goes through and what are these the, the the sequence of experiences which are typical so realizing they're a pedophile and attempting to come out to other people and seeking help and then being rejected from help sometimes and and then you know going going forward um, and also the alienation part as well where you you might seek help and be rebuffed and then decide that you're not going to do so again um, so a lot of that is covered by that book and i think that's really useful for people to to read it's very difficult and i i've i've i think i've learned today you know entering this space where it's much more about debate and about challenging oh and, uh, and those sorts of things you know i suppose the okay. um, the stuff we've done up until now um trick questions has okay been, has we gotta get through this so let's skip uh i was gonna say about the old oh, the 80s so i mean i i was I didn't know I was a pedophile until I was about sort of 15, but I knew I was gay at 11. Oh, um, my wait, 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 wait. He's a gay pedophile as well? Um, and this Whoa. was in the 80s. And I Not that that makes it any better, honestly, but I'm just... Whoa! Or worse, I, I'm just saying, like, it's just... I got a lot of shit for it, you know. I took... Uh, and, and I had many discussions that were both like this one and more like the ones I've had on Twitter where people were absolutely piling in and sort of saying, you know, um, and, um, you know, that was a formative experience. And I surprise, think at surprise, that time, yeah, so. I was able to get through a process whereby I would speak. Initially, I'd speak about myself. People would have curious questions that ask me about gay things and, you know, how does it feel when and are you attracted to so-and-so and all these sorts of things. And I would mm -hmm. give honest answers and their faces would screw up in disgust. And they would, you know, I could tell that I hadn't been asked sincerely. I'd been asked sarcastically. And they were so doing it for a little bit of a, a sensational thrill, you know? You've come to me as a wounded bird. <laughs> That's what you're saying. We're, we, we're all like that. I we think are. Very few of us are not. Um, and so, and so, yeah. In a way, um, we have a comment. Things really need to change. This was an eye opener. Thanks for having this discussion. It's so complex. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to hear that. It's moment. not that complex. Yeah, I, and I Lock think I also up. discovered at that time that you can have because in the eighties there were a lot of sort of pre-made lines, you know, in the same way that LGBT has all of its narratives and so on about coming out, stuff like that. That was yeah. all being formed at that time. It didn't really fully exist. You know, you had to go to the library and find a book and stuff like that and the, so you could try and explain this to other people. You didn't have all of your script pre-formed. You had to just figure it out by trial and error. Um, right. And Does this I think guy my three, up? four years that I was on Twitter <laughs> talking Seriously. about map and pedophile issues were very much like that. But a whole series of gotchas <laughs> I went through and got got on. Okay. Um, and, I thought you were going to ask actual trick questions, not have him cry about trick questions. Tonight, I suppose, there's, there's a few more. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, uh, the what are the traps? And so, yeah. So are I'm you, are you saying that I've, I've been trapping you? No, 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 not at all. But some of the questions intrinsically that people ask, you know, out of curiosity and out of genuine desire to understand... <sighs> really careful answers for the oh I don't know I think you're being too careful 
Well, I know you I've, did. As I've I said, as I've said, I've I've made my point. I think. Yeah, 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 sure. And you know, but it is a case of um, often bitten and 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 quite shy. Um, and also, as I say, uh, organizing. Well, I won't go into all of that again. But um, but anyway. No, don't. All right, I'm done with this. Anyway, we we did. That was one of the worst. Ukrainian cities are coming. I can't. What'd you say? That was just some of the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. I can't watch. We watched enough, honestly. Like, what do you think? Did that make you think, um, Mr. Girl is less of a pedophile? No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all, dude. It was like the optics debate for pedophilia. It literally was that. Yeah, that guy. They're both so. They're all so fucked. The fact that, like, you know, the fact that that's on YouTube, bro. Anonymous sent three dollars. Dalton, were you kidding, or are you no. really married to a monkey? Anonymous. <laughs> I was. Yeah, it's a joke. All right, now <laughs> let me. There was one or two that didn't play. I think. Hold on, let me look. Uh, I see. Jesus, that one didn't play. Uh, but that wasn't my idea. But we shouldn't play that one anyway. That I read it now that I read it. But thank you, Anon, for that one. Uh, oh, this one. Hebrew GB sent $5. Mr. Girl sounds exactly like Ethan Klein. Coincidence? <laughs> no, I mean, they are both Jewish. Yeah, I don't know. It could be. They could be related for all I know. Who knows? Yeah. Ukrainian cities are coming under new airstrikes this Friday morning, including places like Lviv. We could get a younger model here? Like, what's going on? <laughs> right? Like, is this... <laughs> Is this some public service they're doing? Is this like the Walmart greeter type version of the... Yeah, yeah. It had been considered safe havens. David Common will join us in just a moment. I'm better crop than that on fucking... Craigslist. This is the latest really live weird. update from Lviv. But we're going to begin with video of a new bombardment on the Capitol. This video into us from Ukraine's emergency service. Officials say parts of a downed Russian missile hit a low-rise apartment, sparking a fire. The mayor of Kyiv, Vitaly Klitschko, says 19 people are hurt, four of them children. He adds a school and a kindergarten are also damaged. U.S. and British military officials say Russian forces have been intensifying their bombardments of civilian areas because their attempts to surround and capture cities is stopped. We're also getting new images this morning from Mariupol. This is some of the first video we have from Mariupol from Western journalists, and it gives us a new look at the humanitarian disaster that has been unfolding in that southern city for weeks now. Mariupol City Council says as many as 100 Russian airstrikes hit <laughs> the city that from? every day. Two of those bombardments have made headlines. The strike on the bomb shelter, where women and children were hiding in the basement of a theater, and the attack that destroyed a maternity and children's hospital oh, earlier no. in the war. As you can see, the destruction is much wider. It's left much of the city in ruins. Mariupol Council estimates that 80% of the city's homes are destroyed. And a third I wonder of them are too badly damaged to be saying removed. if this was like, you know, Europe, and it was just getting like, this was like World War Three style shit, or like World War Two style shit, and like UK is just flying over <laughs> Germany, blowing <laughs> up fucking buildings and shit. Like, like we just never talk about the fact that yeah, obviously civilians die in war. It's gonna, it's especially if it's like between two bordering nations. Like that shit's gonna happen. It sucks, but it happens, dude. Like, 
the well, fact that they're trying to paint this whole narrative like, oh, evil Russia, you know. Get the fuck out well, of here. Well, the Allied bombing in Dresden and a lot of that other stuff was were war crimes too as well. So Yeah. Um stuff we're going by. And plus war crimes. What the fuck, dude? There was there war were war crimes, crimes in Iraq. Yeah. Like what the, the fuck? fuck out like, fuck out of here. War crimes aren't even real. Yeah, fuck out of here with that shit. It's like hate crime. Prepare. Power is out. Food win or lose. Did you win or did you lose? And then you can then then the winners get to decide what a war crime is. That's what the supplies are dwindling yeah. and there is no water. Now some accounts say people trapped in the city are reduced to melting snow to drink. We'll continue to bring you the latest on the humanitarian situation this morning as well. But let us lead off our live coverage this hour with David Common in the city of Lviv. And David, as I mentioned, that city had been thought to be a safe haven. But you are this morning as close as you can get to the scene of an airstrike. What's the latest? Absolutely, Heather, and that airstrike targeting an area just adjacent to the city's airport. It is, in fact, just off a bridge in behind me. Ukrainian military forces don't want us to get right up to it, but it was, we are told, an aircraft repair facility, an area that we know mothballed MiG jet fighters belonging to the Ukrainian armed forces had been stationed just in the last several months. It's possible there were additional air assets that were undergoing repair or that were based be using those. at that facility. Obviously, the Ukrainians don't want to reveal to the Russians uh, what it is that was damaged, if anything. We understand that one person was injured in the course uh, of the attack this morning, an attack that was launched from the Black Sea by strategic bombers and so they fired likely cruise missiles off the wings of their aircraft they traveled through ukrainian airspace four missiles fired in total two the ukrainians say were shot down by their anti-missile batteries two though landing at the target and it was at about 6 a.m in this city local time that the air raid sirens began to sound Shortly thereafter, a large plume of black smoke, smoke pouring from the area in behind me. That fire now appears to be out. The siren warning cancelled. People once again going about their day. There are just, in fact, you know, people walking from their homes to and from work going over that bridge now. Not clear that you can actually see the... the what do you think about the war, by the way? Do you think they're going to take Kiev or, or make a serious run at it? No, I mean, I mean, they're going to destabilize the country. They'll probably establish a Russian-friendly government and and only keep, you know, the the bordering area like Crimea and Crimea and Donbass and and I mean, I mean, uh, Kia, uh, yeah, yeah, Crimea and uh, and and Donbass. And I don't think that, yeah, they're not going to move too far inland. There's just no point in that. They want access to so- the I agree with that. That's going to be the ultimate settlement, basically. Luhansk and Donbass, and you know, be their own little t- independent, quote unquote, uh, places. And then Crimea um, as well. I think that's officially Russian, right? Crimea is back in Russia. Yeah. Um, and then, but I do wonder if he's just going to take take Kiev, like out of spite, if they don't surrender soon. You know what I mean? Like he might just roll through jail Zelensky or kill him. I, mean, I don't know. Like I'm I, don't know. I, I think Zelensky will get out. I mean, somehow, he'll roll but. through for sure. I mean, like he will take this country and it will be destabilized and it will be sort of a Russian occupation. I'm sure for a little while, um, especially if they just don't surrender and they just keep fighting. Yeah. Um, but you know, long-term, obviously, like I said, this is just, you know, this is all this is all part of the plan to destabilize and and build back a new a new Russian 
friendly government. All right, let's play the rest of this. Specific area of damage from the roadway, but it does uh, it does change the game quite a bit. We've seen emergency services going down this road, fire and, and police, uh, a parade of them over the course of the last um, half hour or so. It does give a, a different tale to this city that has been comparatively, certainly to places like Mariupol or Kiev uh, that have uh, undergone enormous continuous attacks, uh, it now puts this city somewhat in harm's way. Not to the same degree that we've seen in those other cities, absolutely not. But there is, of course, now a change, a, a recognition that Western Ukraine is absolutely a Russian target. And we see the proof of that this morning. David, one of the other cities you mentioned, Mariupol, and let's turn to that because we continue to follow the aftermath of Russia's bombardment yeah, of that, that theater, that bomb shelter where women and children were known to be seeking refuge. When we last spoke to you, David, they were searching for survivors in the rubble. What has happened since? What is happening this morning? So from our understanding, they've been able to get 130 people out of the substructure, the basement area underneath the rubble of that building struck by apparently a Russian airstrike. The Russians do deny that they struck the theater or that they're attacking cities at all. But I would point out or repeat what you were noting that four fifths of the residential complexes in the city of Mariupol are believed to be damaged. And so people need to go somewhere. And one of the places they went was that theater. We know that there were upwards of a thousand people taking refuge there. What we don't know is how many of them have got out. It's very difficult to get word out because of the constant bombardments. 200 sorties, 200 flights a day by Russian warplanes, dropping bombs, launching cruise missiles, and that's just the planes. There are artillery being fired from a distance, rockets fired from a distance, cruise missiles launched from ships in the Black Sea, other weapons being launched from Russia itself. And so there is this continuous bombardment, particularly of those key cities, Mariupol, Kherson, Kharkiv, um, we're seeing increase. Trying to show a skyline pick, but uh, I guess they're offline. Um, I was trying to show activity around Odessa as well. So there are many, many areas, particularly those closer to the Russian. All right, fuck this guy, Dalton. I'm gonna let you talk for a second. Get the yeah. people riled up. Get some callers in here. Like, what the fuck are they doing, man? Like, why don't Where we are the have callers at? Where are the fucking callers at? Like, this is ridiculous. We got a big show. We got a mega main event tonight. We got all these fucking guests coming through, and we don't have any callers in here. Like how well, is let's this, get some. How let's is this get even some possible? On. What the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what right. the fuck up? <laughs> now, uh, I will throw out the link. Dude, the Discord. We can still use that. Like, what the fuck? People are. Uh, there, is there nobody yeah, in the I Discord? I have a Discord. I'm just not gonna log into my <laughs> to it on my phone. Yeah, but it'll patch through. Like we can use we can use that just fine uh, with this call. And then also I could start it on Telegram, but. S People in Discord join in. Also, the Gilded server, um, you can join in there too. Wherever you want to call in, let me pull that back up. Uh, now I got to go downstairs and pull this package in real quick. Um, baby stuff coming to the house nonstop. All right, let's see. Let me uh, get the server link again for the Gilded server. Many more guests coming on. Nick Fuentes versus Destiny, 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. Somebody said, I have a job. Oh, they're at work. Yeah, I understand. I have a job, too. It's to encourage you to neglect your job. 
Yeah, watch this. <laughs> and to call in. Yeah, you're already neglecting it, right? Exactly. You're already neglecting it by watching this. Let's be <laughs> real. Like, you don't give a fuck. Like, just go ahead and call in. Take a break. You need a smoke break. Everybody needs a little nicotine every once in a while. All right, I'll be, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll be right back. You talk for a second. I'll be right all back. Is right, that okay? All right. all right. What's going on, everybody? Yeah, big show. Be sure to uh, to share the stream because you want. I, you, nobody wants to miss this. No one's going to want to miss an incredible destiny nick fuentes debate that's just the facts uh people are going to want to watch this later if they do miss it so you might as well catch it live go ahead and share the stream on your gab on your group chat on telegrams if you're on twitter share it on fucking twitter get it out everywhere because people need to know uh if you want to if you want a super chat you can support the kill stream at powerchat.live uh, slash the ralph retort uh yeah mods are already putting that in chat so it's really important. It's going to be an incredible event. And my take is that this is going to be a teaching moment. This is going to be a teaching moment for Destiny and uh, sort of his his little group of uh, viewers, you know, and people who enjoy Destiny's content. This is going to be a teaching moment. They're about to get educated on not only the, the war between uh, Ukraine and Russia, but also the history involved in this region and why it is so important uh, uh, in terms of the strategical advantage that Russia would have by taking these areas along the Black Sea. I mean, this is going to be absolutely incredible. And uh, I'm going to learn a lot because I'm going to be tuned in. I'm going to be watching. You're going to learn a lot. Uh, Nick is, you know, in my opinion, I know Ralph Kink, uh, you know, he, he's neutral on this because he's hosting the debate. Uh, but I'll go ahead and give you my feelings. I think Nick is one of the uh, one of the smartest people in regards to foreign policy, foreign affairs, geopolitical uh, uh, policy and whatnot. So very excited to uh, to hear what he has to say, uh, sort of counter counter, you know, these counter arguments against um, all of these. These I mean, they're everywhere. The people who support Ukraine are everywhere. And they're the same people who told you to get the vaccine you know, they're just following blindly with the mob that they always do. Dinkelberg, thank you for the Dinkelberg super chat. Sent $10 by the end of the night. We will be two to zero total grow. Hyper victory. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's 100% correct. Uh, in my opinion, um, I'm not gonna plug. I'm not gonna plug my own stuff. I'll probably plug it whenever I get off. Um, but yeah, I definitely will. Um, hard to watch destiny debates. It is annoying, isn't it? I mean, destiny is a, uh, it's the tone of voice. It's the style. He really, uh, in my opinion, once again, this is my opinion. This is not Ralph's. Ralph is neutral on this. But in my opinion, destiny is the reason why internet debates are so bad. <laughs> he he like he did this to an entire generation of people uh, where they all have this style of debating. It's very annoying. So. Anyway, Ralph is back. Ralph is I'm back. back. I'm back. I'm Thanks back. Thank the Lord. I was running out of steam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. All right. Now, I had some shit even from last night that I didn't get to, too. Okay, we played that one. Oh, my God. First off, what do you have to say about yeah. this? Okay, yeah. Go sign. I don't know if you guys saw this. There's a change.org uh, petition made by Beardson uh, to get these guys taken off of Blaze. Can we get a petition to have them arrested? Is that or just to take them off? Blaze? Oh, okay, sorry, just for Blaze. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it is to get arrested. Now, did you see what Milo? Po I can't. You know what? I shouldn't even. Did you see what he posted on on Gab? No. Go check his tweet about man. Fuck. You know what? I'll find it. 
He said, I don't even want to repeat what he said, honestly. Holy shit. He's uh, going uh, Stu Peters mode. Oh, yeah. He went to Stu and beyond, dude. Honestly, I'll see. <laughs> no, but this is fucked up. You're, these people are, are like, dude, they're, the kids are going to end up being gay. Oh, look, I'm not going to say that they're going to get molested, but. Well, he's. <laughs> they're gay, and we all know that all gays are pedophiles. So. He, he intimated that, um, that they might be, and then. Uh, he didn't go to jail. He went to the to the next step, actually, uh, for what should uh, be. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to dance around uh, actually saying it, but uh, that he didn't dance around it though. He just said it here. I'll, I'll send you the link. You can pull it up. I, I guess chat can pull it up for themselves too. Also, I had to turn the AC on. If you guys hear the, I don't know how loud it is. All right, let's see here. Oh, <laughs> oh, whoa! Oh boy! Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> Damn, dude! Holy shit! I guess that's just what being canceled like eighty times. He just doesn't give a fuck, you know? Yeah, you like, can just well. say it. <laughs> it's like it's come back around so all the way amazing. to the other side, where now you just have immunity and you can just say whatever you want. <laughs> that's so based. Dingleberg. No, but that's like no. This whole situation is really fucked up, dude. I mean, gays shouldn't have access to children in any way, in my opinion. Thank you, Dinkelberg, for that while I was gone. Uh, and you know what? Look, and I said this last night. I I'd heard about this before I saw it, and um, I was just expecting one ultrasound. I was like, "What the fuck is this, dude?" Like, yeah. I'm, that's not, I'm not saying it's okay with one, but it's almost like, "Wow, you guys just doubled the sick fuckery." Like, you know what I mean? Like, holy shit! Like, I didn't. Wh- what kind of ego trip is this? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, what? I don't yeah, know. it's not their kid. Yeah, it's, it's this poor woman's who's who's like who has it in their belly. Yeah, and then what did they pay for it too? I saw a lot of people asking that. How much do you think they paid? Oh, I don't know. I'm thinking really six figures. To even think about honestly, it's, it's six like, figures. Much, I'm thinking maybe think more. six, maybe more. No way. It's definitely six. I bet you it's $100,000, yeah. I mean, it would have to be at least 50. I think that's like the going rate, 50 or 60. What's that, what's that called when you have someone carry your baby for Surrogacy. You? What is it? Surrogacy. 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 Yeah. All right. Surrogacy. All right, well, let's see how much a... Uh, yeah, see what the going rate is. I, that's my understanding. It's like 50 to 75K probably. Um, but, I mean, I guess different, you know. Different chicks have different prices. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, and, I mean, these are obviously... All right, how much does a surrogacy cost? Oh, holy shit. How much? You're looking anywhere between 150000 to 298000 Fuck! Dude, yeah. I didn't know that it was, was that much. Holy shit. No, I didn't either. I was I figured, thinking like fifteen grand. Wow. I figured he paid that much because, you know, he's rich or whatever, but like, damn, no, dude, I didn't know. So fuck. Damn. They got two of them? So they probably spent it like... Is it two or is it just no. one and it's two different ultrasounds? No, it's two. Oh, no. It's two yeah, different... They, like, ba- they could have spent... Yeah, they spent around 400 grand then. That's what I'm saying. This might be like half a million dollars with the babies here. Like, just on buying them. Like, what the fuck? By the way, no, these are two different babies because baby number one, August 22nd. Baby oh, number I two. The, I didn't see that. I didn't look that close at the picture. Well, you know what? When I first, like I said, I didn't know it was two babies at first. And then I pulled it up and I was like, did a double take. Like, oh, shit. It is two babies. What the fuck? 
yeah, when I saw this, I was just like, all right, whatever. And I didn't look at it anymore. I was like, this is fucked. <laughs> and I just moved past it. But holy shit, two babies. Two babies, yeah. One three. Ah, uh, never mind. The- <laughs> never mind. <laughs> oh, boy. You don't have to have any waiting. All right. Now. Oh, I didn't see this last night. The leading voices in Washington pushing for war with Russia. We vehemently disagree with his position on that. It seems very obvious that by the end of the conflict that Michael McCall and others are promoting, China will be firmly in charge of the world. And we don't want that at all. On the other hand, we assume that Michael McCall has honest reasons for his views. We always give people the benefit of the doubt. But Michael McCall does not assume the same about us. In recent days, McCall has told a number of people that this show is an organ of Russian disinformation. In other words, not By the way, 1,100 plus live across three platforms right now on the Kill Stream Extravaganza. Destiny versus Nick Fuentes tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. Ramsey Paul's calling in soon. Mark Collett's calling in soon. Adam Green's going to call in. Dick Masterson. Others anonymous. Anonymous sent $3. Wanna bet the kids are blonde with blue eyes. <laughs> are we wrong? Which is fine. Well, I wouldn't we be are shocked. disloyal Americans. We're doing the bidding of a foreign power. That is not fine. What if they're that black? You got like a cut rate. You know what I mean? Like uh... <laughs> yeah, they're cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Michael McCall, we are only and narrowly interested in the interests of our own country. That would be the United States, where we were born and where we plan to die. We don't care what the Russian government says. We only care what the United States does and what our future looks like because we have children here. But what's interesting is that McCall's slander against us, Russian disinformation, is also a well-worn Democratic Party talking point. Joe Biden, for example, calls anything he doesn't like Russian disinformation and has for years. As you just heard, that is the very same lie that Biden told about his son's incriminating laptop and many, many other things. So you have to ask yourself, why are so many Republicans suddenly talking like Joe Biden? And the answer is because on the big questions, the questions that matter, they agree with each other. And you should know that. Very true, Tucker. Very true. I watched that uh, that Marie Salazar. Oh, did you? Yeah, video too the other day. That, that was, was insane. That was brutal. How's a dumb bitch like that even in the? I mean, we knew it already, honestly. Yeah, so she can't judgment. even pronounce hypothetically. It was bad. Are you in office? Are you going to represent people? It was Team- it was really bad. We watched the whole thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, and she was the one. She clearly didn't even know what a no fly zone was uh, in the first place. They they, <laughs> yeah, they, they caught her outside of her office or some shit. And she's that like, was so yeah, funny. see, I'm a favor. See. No fly zone, and then, of course, she didn't even know what the fuck it was. We need more of that gotcha journalism, honestly. Yeah, just ambushing a motherfucker yeah. outside their shit. Yeah, that's that's old school shit. It never goes out of style. Uh, now, let's see. I'm looking to see what's going on in the Kanye beat. Let's see. He called uh, Trevor Noah a I, pretty funny. I did see that. He, he sang a, a song. He, he renamed Kumbaya to... Kumbaya. Yeah, yeah, he was saying that. <laughs> he was saying that on Instagram about Trevor Noah. Yeah, and uh, they banned him for 24 hours. I haven't seen if he said anything today. Uh, let's see. And then he periodically, yeah, he goes through and deletes all of his Instagram periodically. I think he might have done that in response to his ban. I don't know. There's no posts up there right now. So. Yeah, he deleted everything. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> 
<laughs> he does that as like a statement uh, piece sometimes and just clears everything out. Uh, yep. So, yeah, I don't see anything. I'm looking through the, the tabloid news. Uh, Kanye West meeting with Trump makes it into the textbook, school textbook. It should. No honestly. way. That's what it says, yeah. Holy that fuck. That is fucking badass. I mean, honestly, it should be, right? Like, Yeah, that was historic. Kanye is in my politics politics textbook, greatest rapper of all time. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. What book is that? I could easily see that happening. Oh, my God. This is making me flash back to buying political science textbooks. Uh, fuck that. Yeah. You know what? I didn't find out until I was almost done with college that you can buy all those books very cheaply, the overseas versions and shit, uh, on ABE books and stuff like that. Uh, because overseas they sell these books for, like, pennies on the dollar compared to what they sell them in the United States. Uh, and basically uh, they consider the first world countries as making up the deficit for the third world countries. There was a Supreme Court case where they tried to sue to the publishers tried to sue to block this, right, to forbid these companies uh, from selling overseas, used overseas versions, uh, and it lost on a 5-4 vote in front of the Supreme Ooh. Court. Yeah, and the dissenting opinion was written by the one who wanted to stop this practice, who wanted to allow the gouging to continue. The dissenting opinion was written by Ruth Bader Ginsburg, actually. <laughs> Aiden Chartsdale sent $3. The greatest rapper of all time died on March 9th. This year? Oh, you're talking about Biggie. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, Biggie's, I like Biggie. Biggie's up there for sure. I think yeah. that's when Biggie died. Not a great, I just don't like his live stuff. Yeah, March 9th. Yeah, to be honest, most live rap sucks, if you want to know the truth about it. That's uh, true, yeah. There are some rare exceptions. Uh, but usually when I hear a live set of rap, it's like rock. I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, it's a little bit tougher, uh, I guess, to stay hype and to keep your breath patterns like in front of a live crowd for like a full Especially set. When, yeah, yeah, you're biggie, bro. Yeah, like, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just a little bit tougher, I've noticed. Uh, I just noticed that over the years. You know, I've been a rap fan for ever really since I was a kid, um, that usually I would hear a live rap act, and it's like, this is kind of, oh, it doesn't hit as well as the studio. There are exceptions, right? And, of course, there are, but usually. That's pretty good live. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, I thought, uh, actually liked the Super Bowl halftime show. I know Charlie Kirk said, what did he say? It was one of the worst things to ever be aired on TV or some shit? I can't. I thought it was awesome. Plus, just don't say dumb shit like that. Like, that's not, I mean, you just sound cares, retarded. Too. You just sound weird, like. Imagine a regular person seeing that, and they're just like, this guy's fucking crazy. Like, yeah, this guy, yeah. Right? Like, you're not know. cool. Like, you're just not cool, bro. Yeah, you're a weirdo. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you're not cool. That's a good way to put it. Oh, Trevor Noah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's so fucking funny. Kanye is turning his anger toward Trevor Noah now, firing off a racial slur after Trevor warned Ye and Kim Kardashian's feud could turn violent. Uh oh, Anonymous yeah, sent $10. This rocks. Oh, shit. It is a restaurant where they buy food to eat. It is a good place to listen to the music. <laughs> People flock here to get down to the rock music. Rock and roll McDonald's? Yeah, dude. Rock and roll McDonald's. Rock and roll McDonald's. Dude, y'all making me want McDonald's. 
I weighed in today. I did hit it. I was 259.5, but when I recorded with my phone in my hand, it was 260.1 because that's how much my phone weighs. But I still hit my goal this week. Good for you. Good for you. Slowly melting down. Maybe I should reward myself with some McDonald's, though. I don't know. Hell no. I've been good. I can eat a Big Mac. I've been it. good. Double QPC with cheese. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is Donda 2 right here. <laughs> you got to get the stem player for this, John, if you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> it's the stop. It's never. No, it just keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> well, it stops at 80. I was going to say, it stops eventually. All right. Uh, all right, what is this? Rock and Roll McDonald's? Okay, is that the cover of that? All right, what is this? No, that's oh, okay. a legit one. All right, now, oh, yeah, you're right. Kanye West is turning his anger toward Trevor Noah now, firing off a racial slur after Trevor warned Ye and Kim Kardashian's feud could turn violent. Ye was up at 5 a.m. Pacific to post Trevor's pick and caption it with the mocking and racist lyrics, Kumbaya, my lord, Kumbaya. Kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. Oh, lord, kumbaya. Clearly, Kanye had seen last night's Daily Show where Trevor addressed the ongoing feud between Kim, Ye, and Pete Davidson. Skeet Davidson. He said, while it's true Kim loves publicity, it can also be true she's being harassed by her now ex-husband. We played part of this the other day. Uh, and so I'm just going to skip to the very end because we didn't watch that part. Most powerful, one of the This dude's a fucking cock, dude. I'm sick of this pussy. He yeah. sucks. He's not even in John Stewart's ballpark. Much, I mean, he couldn't even hold his jock strap, much less be in the same league. Like, I, and again, you don't even have to like John Stewart to acknowledge that. Like, this dude sucks. He's terrible. Yeah. Like, he's a, this guy's the worst. Yeah, he's a fucking minority hire. I'm just gonna be real. And he's, I what mean, even is he by the way? He's, I don't know, mystery meat bro. Some shit from South Africa. Yeah, I don't know women in the world unable to get her ex I don't hate him like he might be good in a different you know well I don't know about good but he might be better in another role I just don't think he's host material really like uh, texting her not in this role facing after her to stop harassing her just think about that for a moment think about how powerful Kim Kardashian is and she can't get that to happen plus he's just too serious too much of the time you know what I mean like I didn't know his set looked like this. shit I don't know. I hadn't seen a set in a while either, and there's nobody in the studio, too. And I was like, what the fuck? Are they still practicing their COVID bullshit? Like, what's going on here? Uh, but well, That's he, an awful green screen to be, like, on TV. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's just too serious too much of the time. Like, I grew up my whole life. Dude, what the fuck? He put a fundraiser on this? I just now saw that. Bruh. National Network to end domestic violence. He put on this fucking video. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm gonna go commit some domestic violence, dude. Piss him off. This is <laughs> this is crazy, right? Most of my let's say from the age of nine to whatever sixteen. Dude, if I was you, I'd be pissed too. Are you kidding I me? Found most interesting was how often people told my mom that she was overreacting. What I found interesting was how many times people told my mom to calm down, people told my family to calm down, everyone, you know? And everyone had different reasons. Oh, I remember once we went to the police station and they said to my mom, oh, but did you talk back? Is, th is that why you're here? You know, uh, you know, oh, but, but what did you say to him? It's all these questions, it's all these questions. I remember seeing this as a child, by the way. You see this as a child, you know? And you see a world where 
women are questioned for what is happening to them as opposed to people questioning what is happening to them. And for years, people said this shit. Ah, no, this, ah, you know, these, this, this happens, this hap- that happens, this, everyone. Police, some family, stranger, whatever it was, whatever it was. And I'll never forget one day I got a call oh from my, my brother. Oh, my God. Saying, How did he make this all about himself? Like, hey, mom so, just dude, shot in he's like, just, he's a sociopath. He's a narcissist. <laughs> right? They all are. Like, what is he even talking about now? Does this even have anything to do with Kanye and Kim at this point? Like, uh, it's all about him. <laughs> And I'm, I'm not saying it to make it about me. I'm just saying. Oh, no, guys, see, he caught himself. Even he realized. Yeah, he, yeah. He sent $5 sick of these mediocre niggas. <laughs> yeah, really, though. To be honest with you, is I go, it's. Yeah, like- you know what? That's another thing. He's not even bad enough to be entertaining. That's a good point. Like, he's bad, but it's just like, just bad enough to annoy me and not entertain me, right? Like, if he was. Yeah. Right? He, John Oliver is so bad. It's yes, that's right. Movie. He's so corny and cornballish. Like, that, I actually yeah. get a kick out of him. So extreme. Comedy Central was to broadcast comedy. That's to make what I thought, laugh. too. Yeah. Since when did it turn into South African Lecture Central? <laughs> the stage. Dude, yeah, I could not well, agree like, John Oliver's got that, like, stereotypical, like, he's British as hell, you know? And it kind of sounds gross, like, how British he is. Yeah. So it's easy to be entertained by that. This guy is the most unentertaining, like... It's true. Fucking, it's yeah. true the accent does have a big piece in it. Like, he could say almost anything. Blimey! Oh, oh you know, he's like yeah, some yeah. kind of cor- like clownish type dude almost. With the, I mean, no offense if you have that accent, but uh, over here, it's like, oh, oh you know, like it's might as well have a, a fucking yeah, this big red nose on. Oh, shooting gallery! <laughs> your fucking teeth are all fucked yeah. up. Shut the fuck up, you British fucks. Uh, and then he leans into it, too. Trevor Noah's over here trying to act like, you know, Mr. Intellectual from South Africa. It's like, dude, you're a fucking stand-up comedian. Can you be funny for once? Yeah, please. And John Stewart, sometimes he would get serious, but, like, most of the time he's trying to be funny, uh, even when he was yeah. getting serious. Like, Again, I'm not saying Kanye will, please. I'm not saying he will. I'm not saying that. But you see it in all these stories where people say, we saw it, but we didn't. So we, whether it's the people around him, whether it's the people. What are you in- talking about, dude? She's got an army of fucking security. This is like the biggest concern troll bullshit of all time, dude. Absolutely. Like, Kanye could even be able to hurt her. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Fuck out of here, dude. And you're raising money off this for what? <laughs> in their lives, whether it's us. You know what? Just write a check for the fucking national network to end domestic violence, which is the charity. Just yeah, and then don't talk about it. What if you yeah. didn't talk about it on your show? Right, exactly. Well, of course, then it wouldn't be the stun it is. Society exactly. condoning or not condoning. And I know it's nuanced. I know, I'm not saying Kanye is just a bad guy, please. But just as society, man, we have to ask ourselves questions. Do we wish to stand by? And watch a car crash when we thought we saw it coming, or do we at least want to say, "Hey, slow down. Let's put, let's all put our hazards on because there's a storm." Twenty percent right of the way there on the extravaganza phone. Whoa! Let's just put our hazards. On. If it doesn't happen, hey, the worst thing we did was we all had our hazards on like idiots. I'm. I'll be fine to say I was an idiot. Nothing happened. <sighs> I'd rather be in that situation than to be in one where I say, "You've been in that situation a lot lately." I wish we didn't think the whole thing wasn't worth looking at. And all I'm saying about this story is. If Kim cannot escape this, Kim Kardashian, if she cannot escape this, then what chance do normal women have? Oh, my God. What chance do they have? Oh, no. 
<clears throat> All right, now let me uh, let me read the rest of the clip. I mean, the article. That was the clip. Uh, let's see. Trevor compared it to his own mother getting shot by Trevor's stepfather. What a sick fuck. Ran Dacroyd 93 cent $3 for oh. the festival. I ain't no freeloader. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, okay, we heard what he said. Kanye's racist rebuttal. Did you see that? Did you see those those texts? Yeah, I did. Dude, I thought those were fake when I first saw them when they came no, out. Dude, that's so fucked up. Oh, dude. Davis is a piece of shit. Dude, he's in Kim's bed sending that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you see what Kanye said on uh, the, the video on Instagram about it, too? Oh, I did. We played it, but go ahead and quote it. I'll see. Man, I don't know if I can yeah, find it now, he, but... <laughs> I'll let this guy Out of go Conquest off. 91 sent $3. The last time John Oliver was funny was when he was going after Anthony Weiner Carlos Danger with that mystical song when he was filling in for Jon Stewart. His show has been funny. nothing more than an uninformed lecture. Yeah. Boring. Yeah, I agree with that. True. Uh, no, so like he, he basically he just said, um, you know, who's watching my kids? If you if you guys are both in bed, who's with my kids right now? It's the middle of the day or it's the morning, you know. Yeah. I'm supposed to be having breakfast. Trying to, you know, Sunday, he wants him to go to Sunday service. Just fucked up. Makes a good point. I agree with that. By the way, I see here's some of the, I think this is the clip right here, actually, that you were referring to. Kim chose for our kids to be watched by other people. She wasn't yeah. with the kids. Her boyfriend is texting me pictures of him naked in bed talking about, I'm with your wife. I, I thought she wasn't my wife. We went through a year and a half of divorce. I finally got the lawyer to hit the divorce. And I, why are you calling her my wife? Then? Somebody said, I'm not on Odyssey. Yes, I am. Unless you're trying to gaslight you being used as a Oh, you mean I'm not, like, I didn't do the exclusive. Yeah, no, I didn't do that. I ended up not doing that. There's also. I couldn't have banned it, Cozy. It's bigger than any of y'all think, bro. The whole indoctrination at Sierra King is bigger than y'all think. Ungodly organizations. But God got this and God got me, baby. And as, as far as like, oh, he crazy, crazy. Yo, that shit is just like, <laughs> it's, it's just not, you know, it's like. No, wait, to, I think this is actually a different clip. I want to see if I can find the other one. Yeah, this I've one's never, based. I don't, I don't think I this saw one. this one, dude. I didn't see this one either. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> he said, are you crazy? <laughs> Oh, no, I gotta go back a little bit. This one is one we didn't even play, dude. Holy fuck! The gaslight you being used as a pawn, and Kim is also. It's bigger than any of y'all think, bro. The whole indoctrination at Sierra King is bigger than y'all think. Ungodly organizations, but God got this, and God got me, baby. And as as far as like, dude, crazy, crazy. What does he know that he hasn't even been able to say yet? Like, holy fuck. Yeah. Holy shit. That, that that last statement for me, it's bigger than you even know. Unlike ungodly organizations. Bro. Thanks. The whole indoctrination at Sierra King is bigger than y'all think. Ungodly. Oh, we did watch this. Well, I forgot, whatever. But God got Act this like we did. God got me, baby. And as as far as like oh he crazy crazy. Yo, that shit is just like it's weak. It's just mad. You know, it's like trying to match the shoes to the jacket. It's just like too obvious, bro. Okay, I do remember that part. This brilliant student. <laughs> and obviously, it'd be some baby bomber stuff. On one end, it's like I'm stalking this woman. But if I pop out at a game, 
then all of a sudden, him not texting me back. This baby, this baby mama 101. If he steps out of the game with his bitch, uh, all of a sudden now she's not answering his calls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Right. And I want to, as a godly person, not even blame Kim in this situation, but you got to understand that. But, but. People who are controlled and compressed try to control and compress other people. People that are free want to free other people. Not for letting hard, yes. <laughs> always been free. Very. Always been me. Gotta be me. And I'm those kids. Daddy. And you're not going to muffle me? And you're not going to write me off as crazy? We can play fair. But I'm not going to stop using my voice. Kim Kardashian is evil. Somebody in the chat said, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, no, I think like, like this all happened. This all happened after or around the time uh, when he dropped uh, The Life of Pablo. He started getting back into God. He started, you know, going back to church. He started doing more things with that's the church. That's a classic churches. album, by the way. What's that? I said that's a classic album, by the way. I just that's the be- I, my, that's the best Kanye album, in my opinion. So I listen to that shit on repeat all the time. All the way um, through. Straight through. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, the guy decided to, to come back to, to Christ, and I don't think she liked that, really. And shit got way more complicated after that. And, they, you know, they had kids and he wanted to raise the kids in a godly home and, and away from social media. And Kim knows that, like, she wants her kids to be part of the brand. You know, she wants she wants North and and I don't even know the other kids names. You know, she wants to be able to use them for the brand. That's why she put them on TikTok now. They're on TikTok. And it's it's a fucked up situation because Kanye can't be like, take my kids off TikTok because it's really it's up to her. She's got custody of the kids, I think. Uh majority custody at least yeah yeah he can't do that uh and um you know obviously the kardashians this is like another soldier in their army you know what i mean like they're not gonna they're not gonna stop whatsoever yeah facts uh ramsey paul's here as well can you hear me sir oh shit yeah how are you doing it's great to be on all right very good now let me try to fix this uh this uh, sizing here now the big debate tonight Russia versus Ukraine. You have your own opinions on that. What do you think about it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the debate. Um, uh, you know, officially, I'm not on either side. I, I hope there's peace that's reached. But um, it's sort of cartoonish how the American media is just doing the Ukrainian propaganda. Basically, if you watch the news, you would think Russia is getting their asses kicked. They've lost all their Air Force, everything. They're out of fuel. But then you see the results on the ground, and some key cities like Maripol is about to be captured, and so it's not really adding up. And I think this could have a, a big hit on the credibility of the media. Now, I was talking with Dalton, who's also still here with us uh, earlier. Um, do you think they're gonna? Do you think Russia? I almost think so. I think the obvious solution is uh, Luhansk, Donbass, still independent. Hold on, I'll let this play. Anonymous sent $10 Rams intro music. 
This is your intro music, according to the well, super Well, it's going to play. Hold on. I don't know, actually, yet. What is this? It's Church of Fire. Oh, see, I don't even know this. Yeah, <laughs> that was Eric Little. He was... Uh, the, the, he won the gold medal. In the oh, movie. the movie! Yeah, didn't they? Movie. Didn't they make a movie where they're running with the baton or whatever? Yeah, yeah. He was running in the sand, and uh, yeah. it, it was actually a pretty good movie. You know, he. Uh, it, it, that was when they had like white guys. Won the movie <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, you know what? Oh, you just reminded me. We got to talk about this tranny now. Uh, did we see the tranny at the at the NCAA's last night? Oh, uh, that was that was awesome. That guy, that guy or her, she's a unit. She's huge. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm just not talking. I, I, I guess you know she she's really packing it too. She's got like a big penis, and she has a girlfriend. And... <laughs> Dude, and in all seriousness, and I'm not joking. If you're like a white young guy out there, if you apply for a. Um, a job or something just say that you're non-binary or some bullshit like that and they can't prove otherwise so this is your way to get the affirmative action because otherwise you're at the bottom of the totem pole so just say that you're a uh you're you identify as female but you're a lesbian and you know they, they can't say anything what are they going to say well you don't look like a woman you're not wearing a dress and you can say, what do you mean? How is a woman supposed to look? What are you trying to do, man? This is that's all pretty sexist. You got him. You got him. And so I, in a sense, I support what this guy's doing. He's making a mockery out of their entire ideology. And screw him. I, I don't really care. If, if he's doing that, great. <laughs> now, what, shouldn't we just have – this is my idea. I do – I do. I am kind of a little bit – you know, nobody would call me a bleeding heart for women necessarily. But, you know, this. some of these girls train their whole lives. They don't have a real shot at the gold medal now because, you know, fucking Butch decided to uh, become Bertha or whatever. Uh, and so I do have sympathy on that level. But I think the solution is this. We need to just have one league where everything's allowed, all genders, all drugs, all enhancements, whatever, uh, and just have that. Now, this would probably become the most popular league eventually, uh, but just for all sports, what do you think about this? I know I've heard I stole this idea from somebody else too, by the way. But let's just have a complete roid version of each league, like and just trannies. Now, originally this was around performance enhancing drugs, but now since men, you know men want to play in the women's league and stuff, maybe we could do it like that too. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, theoretically, you shouldn't eliminate women's sports and men's sports. Just put them all together yeah. because Hollywood has told us right. that there, it, it, gender is a social construct sure. and whatever a boy can do, a girl can do better. That's what they always say. And if you watch all like the Hollywood movies, you get these like a little 110-pound girls that can kick ass two, 300-pound men. That's the vision that they're promoting. That's the propaganda. So I, I say, you know, shove it down their throats. Let's do it. And uh, eliminate women's <laughs> sports. Why, why should women? Because having women's sports is implying that somehow women aren't as capable as right. men. That's, that's really sexist because we know from watching Hollywood that women are actually stronger than men and faster. So, uh, yeah, let's eliminate that. So, see, they're trapped in their own 
ideology and they, they can't reconcile this. And, uh, you know, I, I do feel sorry for some of these female swimmers, but how many of them have the guts or the balls? I guess none of them have the balls except for the one that won the competition, but have the balls to, to say, you know, that's a guy, that's not a girl, that's a guy. They're scared because they'd be accused of being transphobic. So they have to kind of go along with this fiction. Now, where do they we should, go ahead, Dalton? They should all just, uh, just say we're not gonna we're not gonna play. I mean, obviously, like you said, that they don't really have the balls, they don't have the guts to do it. But they should be like, we're not gonna play, you know, until you get this man out of here because we're females. This is female sports. Which who watches that anyway? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but I, I agree with Ethan that you know a lot of them. That's their thing. They train hard for what they do. Take it serious. Some of them, I've known some female athletes. Over yeah, years. And they put a lot of effort into it, so they should have that. But they need to be able to stand up and say, "This is not a woman. We don't care what political correctness says. We don't care about SJWism. This is bullshit. It's a dude." And just because a dude should put on a women's swimsuit doesn't make him a girl. Uh, that should be obvious. It's embarrassing that we're even having this conversation. If you could take me back 30 years, let's say 30 years ago, I would not have believed this. This would be something dude. out of like Monte Python. Dude, are you skip. kidding me? Even t- even 10 years ago, I wouldn't have believed this. No. 20 years ago, I would have said it's impossible. In 2002, are you kidding me? I think back to 2002 and where the culture at was at and where, you know, just I was at and everybody. Like, this would have been just brutally ridiculed. This guy would have, you know, I don't want to say what would have probably been his mental. You know what I mean? Like, he would have been driven into just insanity, if not self-harm, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, this would have been pilloried everywhere. It just wouldn't have been allowed to happen either, right? Like, it wouldn't have even bubbled up to that level because they would have told you, fuck off, bozo. You're a dude. Like, we're not going to let you fucking steal all the gold medals that the women have. (laughs) Right? Like, this is not. Right. It was was known. He would have been considered mentally ill, which it is. He really believes this, and he's just not trolling. And even the leftists, I, when I was a kid, uh, there was a show called MASH, and uh, it was set during the Korean War, and it was a real lefty type of show. And But they had a character called, called Corporal Klinger, and he, what he was doing, he was a guy that dressed up as a woman to try to get kicked out of the Army with a Section 8, because back then – if you dressed up as a woman, that was a sign you're mentally ill, and that was a way to get kicked out of the army. Catch you didn't 22. want to be part of the army. Yeah. But now our military is like, no, men that dress up as women, they're our strength. They're our diversity. That's our secret weapon against the Russian and Chinese is these guys in drag. It's just so crazy. I mean, there's one element. Oh, okay. The, the, the closest I ever came to years ago with, like, men in drag, there was a show called Rocky Horror Picture Show. You remember that? Yeah, for sure. And, and what it, that always was, I always thought, was like homosexuals, when they wanted to be campy, they would have their nightclubs and they would sometimes dress up as girls for whatever reason. I, I don't understand the psychology because if you're homosexual, it seems like you want to be attracted to someone that looks like a guy. But I guess there's like some weird fetish you like for a guy to dress up like a girl. But no one ever thought there were women. They were just men dressing up as as girls to be, you know, campy or whatever fetish but now we're supposed to believe this is a real thing and it's really having huge impacts in society 
So part of the way that we can help defeat this is don't really fight it directly. Do kind of like a judo maneuver. Just go into it. So if you're a guy, just say, hey, I identify as a woman. And that will take you for the affirmative action box. Just stay with it and don't back down and tell them, say, why do you say I'm not a woman? And you kind of hit on it. I mean, in, in 2002, there were still trannies back then. Um, but everybody, you know, they were like, it wasn't promoted like it is now. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't seen as, um, oh, they're able to intrude on everybody else's shit, right? Like they're able to show up as like, oh, I'm a, I'm a woman now and I get to use your bathroom and I get to, um, you know, play in your sports and do what I want to do and tell you about my experiences, my lifelong experiences as a woman and Fuck out of here, dude. You're not a woman. Shut the fuck up. At best, we would just, like, wink and tolerate what you're saying, but... Yeah, and they didn't force you to adopt their language and us to pretend that that is a woman. We knew there were men dressed up as women, and if a lot of the, like, the libertarian type of philosophy, which I can understand, was, okay, in your own private life, if you want to dress up in hose and prance around, whatever, but don't force me to call you a woman. You're a dude that has this weird sexual fetish. Uh, yeah, it, it existed for a long time. Remember Ed Wood, that guy that did Plan 9 from Outer Space? Sure. He, in this private, he loved to dress up like a woman. And so it's been around forever, really, some guys that would like to do that. But it's always like a subculture, and no one was forced to pretend that was really a woman. It was just your sexual fetish. And I, I can understand the argument, okay, if in the privacy of your own home, you want to do that sort of thing, whatever. But don't force us to uh, agree with your weirdo pronouns, whatever they are. I want to say, too, it's crazy you guys said uh... – like, uh, you know, 20 years ago, this would be unthinkable, something like this happening. I, w- I You know, I was born 20 years ago, <laughs> so this has been my world. My world has been this acceptance and this absolute insanity, and I feel really bad. Like, people younger than me, it's only worse. Dude. I can't imagine what the school system looks like now, you know, being in elementary school today, what, what oh, yeah. it looks like and, and what they shove down your throat. $20 war eagle, you bastard. You are kicked from Cozy for wearing that shirt. Also, I could see Ramspool wearing a dress. I couldn't see that, sir. Uh, that, that, would be, that would be an ugly sight. <laughs> hey, Ralph, yeah, I don't think that would look. I don't think I'd look good in a dress, thankfully. So, Ralph, I'm going to hop off here, but I, I appreciate thank you, you having man. Me on, and man. I think you hit blast. on something there, though, and I'll talk about it here in a second. But thank you, man. I appreciate you popping on for a little while. All right, buddy. God bless. Thank you, man. Good God bless. You. Nice to meet you, Paul. And, and Ethan, uh, no offense, but I don't think you would look good in a dress. No, either, so. I don't think so. Nobody wants to see that whatsoever. Go ahead, Mark. Mark Newcomb, Newcomb sent three dollars. Rams, what is your opinion on the OG oh. mystery guest, Mister Wang Lin? Rams Paul versus Swang Lin Blood Sports. We're not doing that now. Let me play this. <laughs> let me play this, Leah Thomas. I don't know if you know. I never, you do know that person, but I don't know if you know the lexicon. Yeah, yeah, I, I, okay, I, I, all right. Agree. You do know the lexicon. He, well, yeah, you know I, what? I understand you know what? Also. He sent a super chat last time trying to stir that up, and I consciously skipped it. Now this time I couldn't skip it because he just blurted it out while I had it turned on. All right, Leah. How did that performance measure up to your expectations coming into this meet tonight? I. I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for this meet. I was just happy to be here trying to race and compete as best as I could. By the way, this sounds like a female in no way whatsoever. Um. Yeah, it's a dude. I mean, it's... it's, 
I mean, sound doesn't even look like like look at this. This is a dude. Like, I mean, there's no question. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find this one picture of him when they're standing on the stand getting their medals. It was it was just ridiculous. <laughs> it was and uh, let me see if I can. Oh, uh, dude, it find you. that because I saw the I saw the si- the silver medal chick. Let me let me send this to you in uh, or on I guess Twitter your DM if you want to bring this up. It's just it's hilarious. All right, let's see. Yeah, send it to me on Twitter. Yeah, I'll pull it up. Yeah, I just sent it to you, and it's it's just if you look at this, it's like some big unit there standing. Holy shit! Just, are you kidding me, dude? Yeah, take a look at that. Is that crazy, dude? It's not. It's not Photoshop. Like this looks like no, a Photoshop. No, that's real. It's real. Holy shit. All right, let me pull this up. Uh, somebody <laughs> said you made, you made a surprise appearance today. Well, it wasn't a surprise if you've been listening every day because I talked about it. But, yes, I guess a little bit. We're going to have guests throughout the day, by the way, uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern. Mark Collett's going to come on. I should go ahead and send him the link, too. Um, and then what else? Yeah, uh, there they are. That, that's, uh, dude, look at that. Look at this. What in the world? Now, see, the one in the middle, I mean, the, the two on the right, they do look like women. And then you go to that one, I mean, I, that guy, he's, he looks like a wrestler or something. He's really in. Dude, he's big. Dude, this guy's huge. He is a huge man, yes. Or woman, I guess they call him. You're supposed to say, but. Well, okay. He's a full two sizes bigger than her. Maybe even three. Like, I, I don't know. Like, uh... it's, yeah, that's, uh. It's yeah, I I don't even you know there's some transgenders that at least make an attempt, but he's like saying, "Oh fuck it, this is what I'm doing." <laughs> also, I'm just gonna. Honestly, I think, would you at all if you saw that thing in public think that's a girl? I no. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I, you know, I guess it's even buying into their delusional thinking to talk about passing and all that stuff. But that being said, they're not passing at all. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, this is not. <laughs> right, like this dude's huge. Like he's buffed up. Like yeah, he, he looks like the size of like a baked Alaska or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baked. All right, now baked. I wonder. I saw some of his. I know he's going to start the RV soon. Now that you mentioned baked. Oh, yeah, I love his streams. He's so funny. He's he just always says a uh, crazy content. That guy has the balls to do crazy shit. It's funny. Yeah, so he's gonna start the RV. I saw the opening party or whatever last night. I don't, I don't know if it's starting tonight, but I know it's starting soon. So uh, we'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, I'm sure something funny will happen out of that. So that's good. I don't know if it can top. Are you getting excited about your upcoming wedding? Yes, Dallas, Texas, April second. We have a big event there as well. You're gonna be there. Dick yeah. Masterson, who's calling in later, is gonna be there too. Uh, so yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Also, I've never done a live event like this ever. Uh, so I'm a little nervous too, but, uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, it'll be uh, just fine. Yeah. yeah. We'll have a good time. So yeah, every, right. People come in there and have a good time. Uh, and we're going to try to stream it now. We'll see how that goes. We've had technical issues before, but, um, I'm going to take my camera and I know, um, I have some other like, uh, higher level camera people coming there. I won't say like full cameramen, but uh, actually, uh, Folklore Americana was talking about coming and said he was going to come, and he is kind of like a 
um, like a video guy, a director type guy. So if he comes, we're going to have all kinds of shit. Uh, and we're already going to have all kinds of shit. So many people are going to be there. I talked to Ryan Long yesterday, uh, and I was thinking he wasn't going to be able to make it, but he said actually it's uh, very um, very possible that he's going to be able to make it uh, that week. Now, we don't have the confirm yet, and he might not still be able to, um, but uh, turns out he might be there too. So maybe add him onto the list of everybody. But, yeah, I'm really excited. How good are you? at bowling i'm not very good i have i used to bowl when i lived in michigan years ago in the 80s um because everyone bowled back then but i really haven't been except like one or two times i'm not very good at bowling so yeah i I suck i suck but you know what i'm gonna kill it that night i'm looking for a 300 game we'll see you know know what i I need to get some practice in i heard harrison said that he went out harrison smith is going to be there debating destiny who's on tonight debating uh nick fuentes um i you know I know Harrison got some work in. I don't know how many others are going to actually get some practice in. I said I was going to, but I haven't actually been out there. Uh, we'll see if I can. Now, is it going to be a bowling competition with teams and stuff? or how's that? Yeah, so that's the idea. I figure we'll probably just like maybe make teams when we get there um, okay. or something like that. I'm going to try to do a little bit more of the – uh, logistical side of it this weekend and figure that out. Uh, but there's actually rules and stuff for teams of bowlers and all that that are already set that you can just follow uh, because there's bowling leagues and stuff like that everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah should be a lot, that should be a lot of fun. I believe so it's four-man team, basically, or woman. Uh, and so I'm thinking we'll probably pick mostly pick teams when we get there. Uh, but, but we'll see, uh, we'll see one way or the other, but I, I've already looked up the rules and it's, it's basically four people teams. Yeah. Four people yeah. Per team. And, and is the wedding going to be before the competition? Yeah. I'm thinking, so, you know, she's going to be very pregnant, uh, that day. Uh, so I'm thinking we'll probably do it at the start. Uh, of the show um you you might put it later on just for you know whatever spectacle purposes uh in terms of the pacing of the show you'd probably put it later on usually but she's really pregnant so uh probably do that at the beginning of the show i'm thinking uh, right, because so she won't be able to bowl. Probably. Yeah, she's not going to be able to bowl. Uh, and she might not even be able to stay, you know, too long, right, the whole evening or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, or might want to, you know, might get tired during or whatever, want to go back. So I'm thinking if we get that done at the beginning, that probably makes the most sense. Uh, so I'm thinking we're going to lead it off with my wedding, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that, 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 I, I'm excited. It'd be a lot of fun to meet a lot of people and just have a good time down there. So Yeah, and we got a lot of people there. And, uh, let's see if I can pull this up, actually. Uh, yeah. Get Big Hoss here off the screen. Uh, let's see. Bowl. Also, my air conditioner's getting louder. I'm going to turn that son of a bitch off in a minute. Uh, here we go here. Uh, Harrison Smith versus Destiny. Nationalism versus globalism. That's going to be my first IRL debate hosted, so I'm excited about that. The Killstream Kingpin Invitational itself, that's our bowling uh, competition. That was a hilarious uh, graphic you put together, by the way. It was so great. Oh, for the, uh, for the wedding one? Yeah. I love that one. Yeah, I'll see if I can pull it up full screen. Uh, see, it's a small version of it here. Uh, but, yeah, it's, a, it's an homage to the SummerSlam 91 uh, cover uh, for Macho Man, Randy Savage. And oh, I thought it looked familiar. And yeah. Was that Elizabeth that he married? Or yeah, something? yeah, it was Miss Elizabeth uh, that he yeah. married. So, uh, yeah, that's where that came from. Uh, Alex Stein, who was on the show the other day right after his viral video 
hilarious hilarious i saw that video at the uh plano was it yeah he literally called us right after originally he was talking about broadcasting at the same time on our show but i didn't want to mess him up or anything uh and so he called into the show right after and then called in after that and stayed on for two or three hours he's gonna do a stand-up comedy set at this show. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. That'd be fun. I can't wait to meet him. He's a great, I have oh, him on dude. my show too. He was, he's great. Oh dude, he's a live wire in every sense of the word. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a blast. Uh, so he's going to be there. He's going to be the opener actually for Pat Dixon, a uh, long time professional comedian, man. This guy's got, some, I went to his house, uh, and well, his apartment, uh, in New York and he's got like some posters and shit from like, he's been with some of the top guys and shit. Uh, over on Compound Media, uh, he's got a show. Of course, he does bad news on the weekends on my on my channel and his. Uh, so he's going to be there doing a stand-up sit, uh, set, Pat Dixon. I'm going to be there, as you would expect. Dick Masterson, who's going to call in later tonight. Destiny, who's going to be in the main event later tonight. Mersh from Revenge of the Sis and Nightwave. Royce from Revenge of the Sis and Daywave. Harrison Smith, as we mentioned, Alex Stein, as we mentioned, Patrick Howley, legendary reporter, is also going to be there. Pat Dixon, as we mentioned, Ramsey Paul, who's here with us right now. Lauren Witzke is going to be down there in Dallas. She's great. Uh, I can't wait to meet her in person. She is great, and uh, I met her in Orlando. And I met her actually before. You know where I met her? At at an after party. It was like the day after. I think it was the day after. Um, I don't think it was, it was either that Saturday or Sunday. I think it was that Sunday. Yeah, it was that Sunday after AFPAC and she was running for Senate in Delaware and she ended up getting the nomination. Of course, you know, she lost because she was always going to lose. Uh, but, um, but she's really, I mean, from there to now, uh, what growth, uh, in terms of, as a, as a voice. And, uh, it was really fun to talk to her in Orlando, which you can watch on odyssey.com slash at the Ralph retort. That's up right now. Pay. Killstream contributor. She is scheduled to be in Dallas as well. Uh, and we'll see. I know she messaged me saying, well, we'll see. If I have to take her off the list, I will. But it seems like she's still going to be there uh, as of now. Uh, and then Corinne. You've never met Corinne, have you? No. Do you know who Corinne is? No, I don't. All right. Well, let's see here. Now, she wasn't scheduled to, to come on the show. But... Uh, I almost feel like I should do this for the for the content. All right, let's see. Can we hear this? Oh wait. I wonder if I wonder if answer. Watch this be the one time she not answer. <laughs> so I said, "Run, Ramsey, run." Damn it, Corinne! Oh my god! I didn't tell her I was gonna call though, to be fair. Please leave your message. We should call um I won't call Chaggett. Uh but we called him the other day and then his voicemail was Oh wait, maybe I could call you know what? He wanted me to call him off air though, I guess, and make sure he was gonna be there. Uh but you know what? I will announce this while I'm talking about uh, promotions and stuff. First off, if you want tickets to this event, uh which is gonna be April second, and then on April first, I'm gonna be on Elijah Schaefer's show. 
uh, on the Blaze. So check that out as well. You are here. Um, but if you want tickets to this, killstream.live slash bowl, I'll go ahead and put that in the chat. Also, we confirmed this morning, I confirmed, Ryan Dawson versus Martinez perspective on April 15th. Uh, they're going to do, it's not going to be the exact same debate as this, but a little bit. I think uh, Martinez perspective, who's never been on the show, uh, is a little more of like, I don't know, he thinks Putin is Jewish controlled. Uh, I guess you could say. Uh, what do you say? I see you chuckling there. Uh, what yeah, do you say? I, that? I, I just think it's, it's, it, it, I, some people think everything is like this Jewish conspiracy, and I, it gets a little cringy in my opinion. So I, I heard people say that, you know, Hitler was secretly a Jew. And it's like, oh, come on. You know what I mean? This is. Yeah. Well, again, I'll keep my powder dry. I have my own thoughts on it, uh, but I'm going to have to moderate a debate. Uh, <laughs> on the topic, but uh, we are going to have that April 15th, 8 p.m. Eastern on the kill stream. The Ides of April. I wanted to do a debate so bad on the Ides of March, but we just didn't get Anonymous sent $3. He doesn't think that, but thanks for getting the debate on. He doesn't think that. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if you would say he, he's been critical of Putin, I guess. Um so I think that that's fair to say. Putin good, Putin bad, basically, I guess, is the parameters of the debate. Um, I don't know if he's outright said he was Jewish controlled, but uh, I think I've seen some, some material where he's kind of um, leaned in that direction. I don't really think that's well, a mischaracterization. Yeah, he's not, like, against Jews or anything. There's a lot of Jews in oh, Russia. A lot of the oligarchs were Jewish. There's no doubt about it. Well, no, I'm talking about Martinez' perspectives of material. He was saying I was misrepresenting him, I guess, or or saying oh, that. Okay, right? yeah. but, but but I don't I don't know. But anyway, go ahead with what you were saying. No, I mean I, I don't. You know, I, I definitely Russia has a lot of Jews in there, and Putin's friendly with them. But that doesn't mean he's controlled by some Jewish influence or anything like that. And uh, Israel, if you notice, they've been kind of riding the fence at the whole time, which kind of pisses me off because we give them so much money more than any other country. Dude. And they're like, yeah, we don't know if we're going to support you, United States. It's like, I don't know. Well, that's what I said last night. First off, I don't support our policy on this, but that's beside the point. Well, yeah, but that's beside the point. Uh, You know what? (laughs) And I don't know if everybody understands what I mean by that. It's like they're supposed to line up with us. They're over here hemming and hawing. They're they're attacking Biden with anonymous quotes to the tablet, saying he's blaming Jews for his Ukraine policy. That was a planted story by the the Jews in Israel. Like, that was not an accident. I don't know if you saw that story. I tweeted it out yesterday. That's from the tablet magazine and the literal headline was biden blames jews for this and that and then uh it's like oh biden oy vey. he's got to hate to be that way but it's literally how the article is reading and then they go oh how dare he 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 wants us to uphold the sanctions but he doesn't mention that india and china and so and so aren't aren't doing whatever upholding like they should and it's like okay well they're not on our team what the fuck they're not supposed to be that's supposed to be what's happening. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just getting so. Yeah, no, it, it, it so frustrates me. And literally Israel could say, uh, you know, F you America, we're going to send weapons to Russia. They could literally do that. Israel could literally send in the Air Force and bomb the Ukrainians. And our bitch-ass politicians would not do one iota of criticism to Israel. They would just say, how much more money do you want? It's And I'm like you. I think these sanctions are counterproductive. Me too. But the idea that we give Israel the most amount of money compared to any other nation, and they just do their own thing, is just – it's. 
a stab in the back, really, and it's, it's pathetic because no politician will say, oh, okay, Israel, if you're not going to do what we say, we're going to cut your foreign aid. Oh, my God, no way they'd ever do that. Not even not even close. They won't even say anything about it. That's the thing. And then, you know, and I also saw in that same article, I, I, they were complaining about, all oh, their. T- they're singling us out for, you know, upholding the sanctions. It's like, yeah, because you've been a historical place where people go to avoid sanctions. You, right. you know what I mean? Like that that's why that's why they've been pressuring you. And guess what? I don't know if you saw this, but uh the owner of the Chelsea football team team, uh what's his name? Roman Abramovich. Um, basically, they took the football team, the soccer team, away from him in England mm-hmm. uh, and confiscated some more of his shit. Well, he finally got out of the country, went to Moscow. Then he flew from Moscow to Tel Aviv for 24 hours and then flew back to Moscow. Mm-hmm. Now, we can only imagine what he was doing in Tel Aviv for 24 hours. That seemed to be like a little strange sojourn there. Uh, but traditionally, they've, they've gotten around Hebrew sanctions Jesus in Israel. $5, not to mention the ransom payments to Egypt, Jordan, et al. Via foreign aid. Also, for Israel's sake. Well, yeah, so they don't get up. Yeah, there's a school thought behind that, too. Yeah. What did you think about uh, Biden calling Putin a war criminal yesterday? I, that was stupid. I, I, he's not, you know, he's senile. And if you have any sort of, <laughs> what, what the United States do is doing is we're like backing him into a corner. We're not, the people that run this co- country, and it's not really Biden, but there's no sense of being serious or like Twitter SJWs, a serious country with serious politicians you understand you have to leave some room for negotiation and i I think we could negotiate an end of this war i think putin's demands are actually quite reasonable and i think a lot of this could be ended quite quickly we could just say okay the donbass region that's historically russian will keep that independent that's one of russia's demands i think that's I think that's reasonable, and there's like 13,000 civilians that have been killed over the last seven years because of the Civil War. I can, you know, let's put it into that. Crimea, they voted to be part of Russia. They want to be part of Russia. It's historically Russia. Let's recognize that, and that's the other Putin's demand. Then the third demand, let's just keep our military out of uh, Ukraine. Let Ukraine be independent, run by the Ukrainians. And I see all those, all these demands, if we agree to these demands, it'd be over. The war would be over because Putin said at the beginning, he does not want to like conquer or control a lot of Ukraine. He just wants it to be demilitarized. He doesn't want it to become de facto NATO. And I, I think that's reasonable. Why are we killing all these people or all these people are dying because of our policy? It's just, it's insane. It's really immoral. So, and by painting uh, Putin that he's Hitler, he's a war criminal, you're making it so it's very difficult then to get a negotiated settlement, because how can you do a negotiated settlement with the devil or with the war criminal? And it makes it almost impossible. And uh, it's a real shame. That's how things could really escalate out of control. I hope things don't escalate, but it seems like uh, Biden's doing everything he can to escalate it. You hit on it right there, and I don't know that I've heard anybody else say that, Um, but it's kind of making it hard to, to 
to give any kind of off ramp for Putin. It's like, well, if you're a war criminal, if you're completely ostracized from the world forever, if there's no way back, I hear people, reporters and, and commentators, oh, well, we'll never be able to deal with Russia if Putin's the leader and and stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, you're kind of just telling him to go balls to the wall all out right. and take Ukraine, right? Like, I mean, if, if he's going to be a pariah forever anyway, if there's no road to redemption or at least like – if you want won't say redemption, at least dealing with the guy, right? Uh, then what does he have to lose? Right, and in serious politics, you do give and take, and you sure. do concessions, and you just don't act like everything is World War Two, unconditional surrender, and all that. That's how we could end up with the nuclear war. It's very dangerous rhetoric, and uh, yeah, I condemn Biden for saying that. It, it, it's really crazy. Just and offhand how, said it too. Just offhand. Yeah, kind of. Obviously, a war criminal. Anyway, I, who are we to talk? I mean, just a few months ago when we were leaving Afghanistan, remember we did that missile strike and. Turned out to be just family and children we wiped out. So the United States has no business to talk about civilian casualties in wars. And it's, uh, I, I think, actually, Russia has been doing everything they can to avoid civilian casualties. So I, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned that, and I talked about that specifically. Uh, and there's a very detailed New York Times step-by-step how we executed that entire family on faulty intelligence yeah. and they would have never admitted it if it wasn't for that New York Times article, if you want to know the truth about it. Right. Um, and even then they acted, you know, butthurt that they even had to fucking come out and talk about it. Uh, and I've said this a million times, but I'm going to keep saying it. I'll see if I can find it here in a minute. Condoleezza Rice on Fox News talking about sovereignty. All these usual suspects on TV bleeding on about offensive wars. We've waged two offensive wars I mean, in my lifetime. You know what I mean? Like um, more, really, when I think about it. Um, but um, Afghanistan, Iraq, especially Iraq. I mean, you can maybe yeah. make a case that Afghanistan, you know, the terrorists were over there, whatever. But Iraq was a complete, complete war of choice. It was a complete offensive war, uh, and they just act like that doesn't that never happened, basically. Yeah, it, it was a war also, also based on lies. So we we said that Saddam had yes. weapons of mass destruction. That turned out not to be true. And yeah, I can think of another war when we uh, bombed in Yugoslavia during that time, the Serbs and stuff. So. Yeah, the United States has been involved with a lot of wars, and I, I think our involvement with Iraq was less justified than Russia's involvement with Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine is right next door to Russia. They have a historical tie. We don't have any ties with Iraq. It was ridiculous. So, um, yeah, we're in no position to talk about and get involved with this war. Right, let's see here. Corinne can, oh, you, Corinne, can you hear me? Yes, what's going on? What's up? You're on the air. This is the Extravaganza Show. We're having a big uh, Destiny versus Nick Fuentes debate tonight. Everyone likes Destiny. Why is that? I want to meet him. Well, he's going to be in Dallas. Are you going to be in Dallas? Yeah. What day? The first or the second? (laughs) It's the second. What happens if people donate a lot of money? I mean, I make more money. I don't know. What do you mean? No, they, they kick Corinne out of Dallas. Kick Corinne out of Dallas, then I don't know. We mm-hmm. could we could mace you along with Chaggett. He wants to get maced. <laughs> You're gonna let Chaggett come? Well, he said he wanted to get maced, so I figured I don't know. You don't want me to let him come to the event? Even you don't like Chaggett? If you mace me, I'll sue you. Well, no, I'm not gonna do it unless you say it's okay. Like what the fuck? No, it's not okay. All right, well I'm not. What the fuck? I'm well, not gonna get abused. <laughs> I want to have fun. Well, that's a change. What's the funnest thing we could do in Dallas? Okay, you want to go to where Dan was murdered? 
What's the funnest thing we could do in Dallas? Yeah, the grassy knoll. Is that where you want to go? Have you ever yeah, been there, Ramsey I Paul? I, I yeah, have. Had, and, uh, hello, Corinne. I don't think we've met, but it's good to hear you. What's up? Uh, not much, not much. So uh, I'm going to be down there too on April 2nd. So it, 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 maybe we'll meet. So I hope to see you. You definitely will not be able to avoid meeting. Who is that? Corinne. That's Ramsey Paul. He's a, he's a video maker and a invite, cultural commentator. Invite, yeah, go invite Thomas Morales Jr. Um, okay. Tell him to come. Hold on. Here's a super chat. Boardzilla 37 sent $3. Sorry, Ralph. But to everyone listening. There's really no point. Nick already won. Go and play some video. Thank you. Do not do that. Watch the show all the all day, every day. Uh, but thank you, Garzilla. Um, what were you saying, Corinne? I said invite Thomas Morales. Okay, here. okay. Yeah, I met Thomas Morales. Actually, I was sitting at Harry's in D.C., and I was eating a bowl of chili, and this guy goes, Hey, are you Ethan Ralph? And I was <laughs> this doesn't happen very often, honestly. Uh, and I was like, uh, Yeah. The other time this happened, I got served with a fucking... <laughs> I know. The, the other time this happened in Vegas, I got served. They said, hey, are you Ethan Ralph from the Kill Stream? <laughs> I was like, yeah, what's up? And they're like, boom. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but uh, this Is time... He the... fed? He no, he fed? just he just knew who I was. Uh, he's not a fed. Well, he, he's came, like a... he came out of nowhere and he got perfect camera skills and I want to be a... The fuck? Why do you say he's a fed? Here, hold on. Pokey sells sent $10. Shut up, bitch, bitch. They donated this tune for you. I'm the good song. You, you like this song? Have you heard this song before? Yeah, I love it. Shut up, bitch. All right, where are you at, Corinne? I am in North Carolina. All of my charges have dropped. I'm a free woman. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. So you couldn't talk about the other day. You had pending charges in North Carolina. Um, yeah. I know what that's like. Not in North Carolina, but uh, now what? I got, uh, arrested. I got arrested for calling 911. I never called 911. So then they kept me arrested. They said they arrested me for interfering with police communication. I'm like, what police communication are you talking about? And then they dropped it after one year of stress and $25,000 legal fees. No shit. So they just dropped it. Dropped it. Like nothing happened. Like what Like what just happened to me? There's. I got nothing, no evidence of anything I did wrong. And wow. then when I was in the jail, the police, the police said I'm a BLM leader, and then the sheriff said I'm a white supremacist, and they were, like, fighting about what I am. Is Corinne a BLM leader or is she a white supremacist? In the jail, I was like, are you guys insane? You're a white supremacist. <laughs> I'm like, but no, the police were crazy. And then at the same time I was in jail, there was, like, a 300-person riot in Durham, North Carolina. And then they blamed wait, wait, wait! There was a jailhouse riot. Why you did you cause that somehow? Because I'm having a I'm having a feeling that maybe there was some type of butterfly effect thing here where it rippled down, and you actually caused this. No, they put me in solitary confinement because I won't take the vaccine. <laughs> so they put me in solitary confinement because I couldn't start a riot anywhere. Five miles away in Durham, North Carolina, there was some crazy riot. So all of a sudden, two super like serious guys with guns came to let me out because they're bail bondsmen, and we had to take oh, okay. them. No bail bondsmen came to let me out, and I've never seen these guys again. And they made me—they held me at gunpoint, and they took me to the ATM, and they made me give them like twenty-five hundred dollars in cash. And then they drove me to the riot, and they said, "Look at this! Look at this! It's all over my live stream, and it got deleted." And so I feel like the whole thing was a setup by the police in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. 
I can't. The whole story is so crazy. What are you it. talking even, about, Corinne? I don't even think I was arrested. Bail bondsman held you at gunpoint yes, to fucking at gunpoint. They took me to where there was a riot. Did they just have guns visit. and they took you to the ATM? Is that what happened here, or did yeah, they, they like? Yeah, they took me to an ATM. Yeah, they took me to an ATM and then they took me to the where did the they riot do this? was. No, oh, you can't see. You're on the phone. Did they? Did they point the? The gun at you, or was it just on? No, but they arrested oh, me with God. no underwear on in my hotel room. I had no underwear on. So wait, they took okay. you. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. You're telling me they took you bare ass to the jailhouse? Yes, yes. <laughs> at like 12 noon. So like, I was gonna do, stay another night for the hotel. The hotel took all my stuff, all my jewelry. It was like some crazy hotel, and I started exposing it. All my jewelry went missing. Okay, and then a flyer that I found saying. They were experimenting on the children at Chapel Hill, North Carolina <laughs> University. No way, I can't, get, I can't get over you being led bare-assed out of the hotel. Into yeah, the I co- was, I, yeah, they let me put a shirt on, and I had no underwear on. Wow. And I was like, and so the police arrested me, and then the sheriff is, like, super cool. So, like, I'm sitting in jail by myself, like, talking to the sheriff, and I'm like, this is insane, and he agreed. And then he let two bail bondsmen come pick me up. I didn't get to choose them. And so they held me at gunpoint. They took me to an ATM. I don't know who this bail bondsman is. I've never talked to them again. And I gave them to give $2,500 out of the stupid ATM machine. And then they, the bail bondsman took me to where there was a riot of 300 people in Durham, North Carolina. And there was, like, graffiti and all this stuff. So I interviewed people who were in the riot. And they said people came out of nowhere. White men came out of nowhere. And were, like, breaking things. So it's fed. All right, all right. Now, now let me play this. I'll let Ramsey Paul. I won't keep you all day, Corinne, but I'll let Ramsey react to this. This is your viral clip. uh, Corinne, I'm not really familiar with your work, but this is an incredible story. I I, I can't even keep up with it. So she's an IRL. Uh, She's an IRL streamer, Ramsey Paul. I I read that. I was. I just googled her, and you came into contact because of via you knew Baked Alaska. Is that how you came part of this all? No, Ice Poseidon. I'm in the rabbit hole because Ice Poseidon stole my iPad. That's true. The iPad from Ice Poseidon. But you do know Bank, too, though. You got involved with him, too, though, right? April 2018, Ice Poseidon stole my iPad, and it put me in the rabbit hole of IRL. But you don't love it. Yeah, she's an IRL. Now the real news is IRL. Now, what well, did what, you? What's IR in real life stuff? She yeah. does? Or... Oh, you do kind of like what big Alaska does walk around and interview people? Mm-hmm. That's right. No, I, I don't do more than that. I do news now. You do what? Real news. Oh, you do real news. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's an incre- Hey, there's Mark Collette. How are you doing, Mark? Hello. I, I never thought I'd see you again. <laughs> it's really great. Uh, uh, Sasha was definitely is a huge fan of yours, and she says hi. She's a great cross away. Hi. I thought you'd uh, I, I know what happened to you, but it's good to see you again. I hope you're still uh, in some way uh, a nationalist of sorts. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do my YouTube all the time, and I uh, every once in a while I'll catch you. I saw your debate with Destiny. That was outstanding. Oh, thank you very much. I, it was, I'm on here, too. Yeah, that's what I saw them. Not, not long ago, though. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a great debate you did, so I enjoyed oh, it. The, the, second one, the first one was a no-show because he had, like, a drug overdose or something. That yeah, was... he did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now. I was going to say, Ramsey, I'm not, 
obviously with me not being on Twitter, I've lost touch with a lot of people like yourself. So um, I'm only available now on Telegram and Gab. So if you ever want to do a show together or anything, uh, yeah, well, let's do that. I, I've always yeah, admired your work, and um, yeah, it's 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 great to see you. And uh, yeah, I, I've lost touch with so many people. So I know. I working more with sticks these days. Yeah, I'm in Arkansas now, and you're pretty much focused on British politics, right? Is that no, correct? no, I talk about all sorts of things. I just released a video today on the Ukraine. You know, I'm, um, I talk about an awful lot of different things. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your uh, your take on Ukraine. I haven't heard that yet. So um... I've got several videos up on it. You know, they're they're only short. They're only about eight or nine minutes. I don't like to make you know giant sort of one hour long sort of documentaries or anything. I don't have the time, but there are short things, but it's great to see you again. Yeah. It's great to see you too. So uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ethan, we took, no, no, that's the type of stuff I like to happen on the show. Uh, I wanted some uh, cross pollination. Corinne and I've never heard of her before, but I'm going to be me. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, Mark, I don't think you've met Corinne either. Have you? I don't know who Corinne is, and I don't mean that in a nasty way. I, I didn't either, but she does, like, in real life streaming, kind of like Baked Alaska did type of thing. And oh. I'm going to meet her, and I'm going to – Ethan, I don't know if you heard, he's getting married, and we're having a bowl. Ethan's getting married? Yes. Yeah, April 2nd. Oh. Wow. Yes. At the bowling alley. At the bowling alley, that's right. At the bowling alley. <laughs> that's right, at the bowling alley. Well, uh, i got to represent Arkansas because, you know, Ethan – you have a good prenup – yeah so i, I kind of larp as a, a southerner now even though i'm not really so ethan ralph is a true southerner. i'm a true though. southerner that's right and actually born in memphis but lived across the bridge there in west memphis arkansas which is barely in arkansas actually <laughs> it's kind of like memphis jr there but uh yeah i'm a, i'm a, kind of an arkansan myself oh wait here we go Gordzilla 37 cent $3. Corinne is garbage. There you're caught up, Mark. All right. Corinne, now, are you still here? I think she put the phone down. Corinne. I, I, still don't, I still don't know who Corinne is, but pleased to meet you. <laughs> Corinne. Not the same as the first time I met her, so. Yeah, she's having a conniption right now. Can you hear us, Corinne? Yeah, it's like this weird story. She got arrested and she put in solitary confinement, something about a riot. And I, I didn't understand that all. They took her bare ass out of the hotel. You left that part it, out. It, it, it sounded like a... Uh... You left that part out, Paul. That was I, I mean, I, this could be a, like a, a interesting uh, bowling <laughs> marriage thing. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> we'll probably get the marriage knocked out first, like I said, I, before Corinne can burn down the place or something. All right, Corinne, are you here? Oh, my God. Anyway, this is her clip. I'll go ahead and play it, whether she talks right, or not. We'll watch her clip. Yeah. This is at, by the way, this is at the trucker protest or whatever up in uh, Hagerstown, Maryland. And I actually drove up there too uh, and stayed for a couple hours. But Giga Ninja Go. Says Mark, have you heard of Miles Rutledge? He's going to be back on the show again next week, by the way. Lord Miles Rutledge. Uh, I, I'd be happy Lord to meet him. I'd be happy to meet him. Yeah, yeah. You know who I'm talking about, though, right? Oh, you haven't. No. Oh, okay. He's All right. That, he's a Brit that went to um, Ukraine, right? To, to, to get to yeah. Sunday. Yeah, he's yeah. in Ukraine. He was behind Taliban lines, basically, when they took over Afghanistan again as well. Uh, and he was on the kill stream a few weeks ago, and he was going to be on here again this week but we're going to do it next week instead corinne are you here now 
I am here. All right, let's. I'm pl- always here. Okay, let's play your clip. I think there was one super chat in play too. I'll go back and play it. Oh, I skipped to the beginning. Whatever. There we go, Corinne. Now, where are you with the truckers now again? No, but I will be. When? They're really brave this weekend. So you're going back. Are they still in Hagerstown? Yes. So what, did they just camp out there? Like, how long are they just, just going to chill up in Hagerstown? Are they building a colony up there? You know, they have to have their base. They have to have their base somewhere. And it's a speedway, so their base is there. But then they drive in every day. And they do a loop around the beltway. And then they've been splitting up and going into D.C. But the D.C. police keep blocking them from well, being yeah, able to you. enter D.C. Yeah, I told you they were going to do that. Yeah. So the D.C. Keep, police keep blocking them. But they're splitting up into smaller groups of people. Like there's like, you know, a couple of them. There's like seven different groups now. And so they split up. And they're proving that the D.C. police are nasty and violate oh, our First that. Amendment. Yeah, we all knew that. Well, yeah, we, all, we can all agree on that. We all agree. The eleven and chief all agree. The police are disgusting. The police are so. disgusting. I'm not the biggest fan of the police. <laughs> see, <laughs> you know what? We're going to end your segment, Karan, on a happy note. Thank you. We'll see you soon in Dallas. Don't get in yes, trouble. Call me back. Are you going to come to Hagerstown? Uh, you know what? I, I am going to drive out of town this weekend, but Hager sounds like three hours away, dude. Like, it's such a long ride up there. I don't know. Okay, is well, is anything actually going to happen up there? Like, is it worth coming up there? Yes. You said that last time and it wasn't. Well, oh, my God. Well, the internet doesn't really work very well. Okay, you know, no, it doesn't. Anyway, I did get a stream off. I don't know. I'll talk to you. I'll call you later and we'll see what's going okay, on. Okay, call me back. Okay, peace. All right, bro. Yeah, I went up there last time. I was actually in D.C. It's an hour and a half even from D.C. out there to Hagerstown. It's like, oh, my God. Anyway, Mark Hall here. What do you got to say about Russia? What's going on over there, Ukraine? Well, What's your take on that? I think I've made it pretty clear what I think. Um, I think that I didn't listen to the Nick Fuentes Destiny debate. but Well, it hasn't happened yet. It's happening tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. Oh, yeah. it's not happened yet. It's no, it's happening tonight. Yet, huh? Yeah, yeah, so well, pretty sure. i I got to say, I believe that, look, Firstly, I don't want to see any sort of brothers' wars. And, you know, ethnic Ukrainians, ethnic Russians, ethnic Tatars, Cossacks, they're all very, very closely related people. And I don't want to see them slaughtering each other. I don't want to see white people killing white people. You know, I've got a very close, uh, you know, very strong no more, no more brothers' wars stance. But in this case, the blame squarely lies at the feet of NATO, Western meddling, uh, Western intervention in the region. And ultimately... Um, Putin, although he's had to do something which I don't want to see happen, I've got to say, I don't really blame him for doing what he's done. I don't blame him. I don't think he is the bad guy in this situation. I think that ultimately 
when uh, the Soviet Union placed uh, nuclear ballistic missiles in Cuba, it was called the Cuban Missile Crisis, and the Americans said, look, you've got to get them out of here because we don't want these on our, on our border. And now NATO is saying, you know what, let's put some nuclear ballistic missiles in the Ukraine, and the Ukraine literally translates to the borderland. You know, it is Russia's borderland. That is what the word Ukraine means. You know, he says, well, don't really want this, not too happy about these biolabs either, don't really want you guys giving away strategically important ports to my uh, geopolitical adversaries. So he says, look, don't do this, stay nice and neutral, it's all going to be good, uh, I don't want to do anything mean to you, just stop this NATO nonsense and it'll all be fine. And then this um, crazy Jewish uh, puppet uh, president of the Ukraine says, no, 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 uh, Give us the ballistic missiles. And he says, right, well, I'll give you something else then. And that's what happened. <laughs> now, what do you think about Zelensky himself? He's the greatest leader. I don't know if you know this, but he's the greatest leader of, of mine or your lifetimes. This guy. Well, I've is... seen him dancing around in high heels and hot pants. So naturally, I have utter contempt for him and find him physically and morally despicable. So I have no time for him. But I also think it's hilarious that uh, anyone could call him a hero when he is, he is forcing every man between the age of, I think it's 18 and 60, to fight. He's conscripting every man in uh, every white man in the Ukraine. Yeah, that's between the key, eighteen and sixty to fight. But all the Nigerians, all the uh, other ones, they're all leaving, and all the Jews were yes. airlifted out to Moldova. Like, two yeah, weeks they, before they it started. You know, he's not making them fight, is he? So Lord Miles, and I'll let Paul follow up on this. But Lord Miles, he was on Infowars actually, which I helped set up. But anyway, uh, and so he was on there. And he mentioned that there was actually like a special provision for for Jews. It was worded out like this is not a slander to like leave the country. Like the 18 to 65 year old men had to stay except for the Jews. Like it literally said that. Yeah, they all went to Moldova. And, you know, I tell you this now, if there happens to be a single Jew who hasn't fled the country or didn't get airlifted to Israel, and they end up catching a bullet or being killed by a mortar. There'll be more kvetching and moaning <laughs> and wailing about that one death than there will about all the others put together, I'm telling you that now. In fact, I think the mainstream media complained more that a rocket hit one of the Holocaust memorials than they have about any of the civilian deaths. Oh, not Babinar. Oh, boy. That was a... Now, okay. Uh, go ahead, uh, Paul. I mean, uh, I don't know. If no, you know no, Mark. I was just wondering what's your take on the. This is to me as an American. I'm not a European, so maybe you can explain this to me. This Azov battalion. They have like these uh, literally like Nazi symbols, but they seem to be fighting for a Jewish president. Uh, explain this to me how this works. I don't even understand this myself. You've got a guy. You've got guys <laughs> who are nakedly national socialists. They fly openly swastika yes. flags, black sun. They have pictures of Adolf Hitler. They have, um, you know, runic insignia used by the Waffen-SS. They openly espouse National Socialist beliefs, but they are being funded by a Jew. I think his name's Kowalinski. He's giving them all of this money. And my only explanation for this is they are the only people who are willing to do the heavy lifting. They were the only people willing to carry on the fight in the Donbass region. They were the only people in the Ukraine that were willing to violate Minsk and basically bring about this war. So they've been used as pawns. Because I can tell you now, if NATO did control 
the Ukraine, the first thing they would do is completely obliterate Azov Battalion with cruise missiles and other very, very precise ordnance within the first sort of two weeks of uh, rolling in there. They wouldn't tolerate these people. You know, they didn't even tolerate ethnic Serbians defending themselves against Bosnian Muslim aggression. So they're not going to uh, defend open national socialists. They're just using them as, a, as, as pawns. Because as I said, I don't believe there are many active genuine military regiments left from the Ukrainian army. Most have fled, uh, most have uh, disbanded. The only people that are fighting are the hardcore in Kiev and this Azov battalion. And if you actually look at some of the pages on uh, Telegram that are actually showing real footage, footage captured from Russian soldiers, not you know a random tank saying, oh, it's a, you know, it's a Russian tank. You don't know if it's a Russian tank. You know, to, to average people back home reading the Daily Mail, a blown-up tank could be anyone's tank. It, it, they don't know. They don't know the difference between an Armata tank, a T-72, you know, a modified Challenger tank. You know, they, they, they don't have a clue. They're just normies reading the paper. But you've got footage from Russians being uploaded to Telegram all the time. And the amount of gear they've captured, the amount of Western uh, ordnance, javelins, other anti-tank stuff, uh, massive amounts of munitions and weapons that have been given to the Ukraine by the West, it, it's incredible. And you're seeing these reports of mass defections. You're seeing reports of entire Ukrainian units just laying down their arms and going home because they're being told, you either lay down your arms and, and leave or you're going to get done. And basically, no one wants to get done, so they're leaving. The only ones that are still fighting are the ones in Kiev and this Azov battalion. Yeah, the propaganda we're getting in the United States, if you watch the mainstream media, you would think that the Ukrainians are winning, the Russians are demoralized, they're getting their asses kicked. But then it's like Kiev is encircled. Uh, Maripol, I, I think, is about taken by the Russians now. That's where the Azov Brigade is. So it, it, they're like talking out of both sides of their mouths. It, it doesn't make any sense, but it's, a, it's this weird propaganda. As you remember, like the ghost of Kiev that shot down all these Russian planes and all these types of things and it's got everyone believing that somehow russia's losing and yeah they've taken some losses but when i look at the map and i know both sides in war and in war everyone tells lies but to me it looks like the russians are kind of telling more of the truth of the situation and they're trying to i think limit civilian casualties because they, they could just shell kiev they got air superiority but they're trying to i think just encircle it and get a negotiated settlement and I don't think it's the goal of the Russians to conquer Ukraine. I think they just want those two in the, the two regions of Donbass to be separate. They want the <coughs> excuse me Crimea, and uh, they want it to be uh, demilitarized. <coughs> Sorry, I have a frog in my throat. I'm hoping I get more cold. It could be getting Sasha's cold. <laughs> no. No, I agree with everything you've said, mate. There's, to be honest, that's exactly what I said. The problem here is the West is only used to one form of warfare. When America goes somewhere, they have two objectives. The first is complete and total annihilation, absolute destruction. They, yeah, they will surround uh, a big city. They will pound it for days with airstrikes, pound it for... Um, you know, more days with mortars and tank shells, 
until it's basically dust. And then it, when it's dust, right. they'll roll in and destroy anything else that's there. Anything that moves basically dies. <clears throat> and that kind of warfare leads to the gas, the electric, the water supplies mm-hmm. being disrupted. All mobile telephone communications are gone. That's why you never see anything coming out of an American theater of battle, because they destroy everything. Now, you've still got TikTok videos coming out of... Um, the Ukraine. That mm. means Putin is not destroying everything. I think he wants to take this intact. He wants to minimize civilian casualties. And the second objective of American warfare, as I said, the first is obviously to uh, do this mass annihilation. And the second part of American warfare is, of course, to rebuild at the cost of the host nations. So then you bring in all the American contractors, you charge, you take the host nation's gold, any resources it had left, charge them that to rebuild. So it's basically business. It's basically burn it to the ground and then rebuild it at someone else's cost. Now, what's happening in the Ukraine is completely different. The Russians had air superiority within about five minutes of the conflict beginning, which means if they'd have wanted to, they wouldn't have even had to roll any troops in yet. They could have just spent the last three weeks bombing the place and turning it into a car park, but they haven't done that. And it's really funny because they're saying, oh, there might be up to 500 Ukrainian civilians have died in this conflict. How terrible. Do you know how many... Iraqi civilians died from the direct acts of violence. When I say direct acts of violence, that means they're killed by the American military. That means killed by a bomb, killed by a mortar shell, killed by a tank shell, killed by a stray bullet, killed by a building collapsing because it got hit by a cruise missile. In the region of 200,000 Iraqis died as a result of direct violence. And then another... Three to 800,000, there are wildly different claims on this, died as an indirect consequence of the war. So at a low ballpark figure, you've got half a million Iraqi civilians dying as a consequence of the war in Iraq. And you've got these US politicians who are happy to go to war in Iraq now you know, wringing their hands and crying and posting pictures of this fictional fighter pilot saying, oh, my gosh, 500 civilians dying. This is the worst affront to humanity we've ever seen. These people are absolutely reprehensible uh, and evil in every way because what they've done is far, far worse. They've got no right to be talking about this whatsoever. And that's just Iraq. We're not talking about Syria. We're not talking about Afghanistan. We're not talking about Libya. America is basically... Uh, the world's terrorist nation. It is the nation <laughs> that terrorizes the rest of the world. And now they're having a go at Putin for doing something which is actually a far more humane form of warfare. How do you see Britain? Are you just in joined with America, basically, or do you have a different policy? Uh, what What do I think about uh, Britain's reaction. What's their? Uh, oh, the- I despise. I despise British politicians. British politicians yeah. are, you know, as as vile and awful as American politicians. You know, they're all now uh, virtue signalling and saying oh, Putin is a war criminal. Well, Tony Blair literally lied to Parliament. Literally lied to Parliament. Took us into war on knowledge he knew was incorrect. This wasn't a bad call. He gave false testimony to Parliament to cause us to get involved in the invasion of Iraq, which cost hundreds of British lives, hundreds of thousands of Iraqi civilian lives, God knows how many Iraqi troops perished as well, caused massive disruption to the region. It caused ISIS to ultimately, the ultimate result of this was the formation of ISIS. 
so Tony Blair actually is a war criminal, yet he's still allowed in Parliament. He is still um, doing interviews with the British media. He's somebody who is being uh, given the highest honour that can be bestowed upon a, a British subject. He's being given, being made Order of the Garter by the Queen, which is the, 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 the highest form of knighthood you can be bestowed. So... No one in the British establishment has got the right to talk about war crimes or how to deal with war criminals. One of the biggest war criminals alive today walks free in Britain and is handsomely rewarded for his crimes. All right, now let me play these super chats that came in here. Uh, if I can unmute this thing here, I'll be able to do that. Uh, wait, there was one that didn't come in about Karen. Black Phillips sent $3. Corinne, have you been vaccinated yet or did the decades of battling a phone book worth of STDs give you natural immunity for life? <sighs> well, <laughs> to repress a laugh, some of your viewers, they are absolutely that was, I'm pleased I was muted because I think I just sort of spat what was left of my tea out on my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's good. Like Rishi it. Sunak street cleaner sent $3. So Mark Collette, do you think that Rishi Sunak will live up to his promise of creating thousands of street cleaner jobs with benefits if he becomes Prime Minister of UK? If so, I see a lot of promise in UK's future. What do you say about that, Mark? I don't see a lot of promise with his future. I think there needs. I think there's going to be a take a lot more to fix the UK than just a few people being given jobs. What do you like strength. the odds on being fixed up more, Corinne or the UK? What do you like? What do you like? I which don't know. I, I don't which, know this which one's on the way up? Which one's bad? I feel really bad because I, I, when I come on a show and somebody says, "Oh, it's so and so," and I don't know who they are. I kind of feel like I'm insulting them for not knowing who they are. I, mean, I can and call I, it back up. Not what I'm doing, you know. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's got some history on the show. I, I, she's uh, she's a character. Let's just put it that way. All right, now uh, let's see. There was another super chat, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. Anonymous sent ten dollars. Can you play the clip of the American paster asking Christians to Pastor. donate two thousand five hundred dollars to fly Jews out of Ukraine? I want to play this. I now. think Mark and Paul will get a kick out of that ridiculous subversion. Yeah, they, I will play it, but let me pull it up on my own so we can just show it on the screen and they can actually see it. Uh, this really is something. <laughs> uh, we've been uh, we've played this a lot actually. I have to say, and I even started using it as an audio drop because it's it's honestly hilarious. Uh, no. Well, I mean, it's sick also from a certain perspective, but, well, it's also funny as fuck. Okay, now let me, <laughs> let me go ahead and play this. This is the good Pastor John Hagee. Do you know what he's going to say, Paul? Do you know what's... Oh, I know John Hagee, yeah, he's a, uh, he calls himself a Christian, but not really. He's, He's one of those Israel first, that Jews are God's chosen people, and if we support Israel, the rapture will happen, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an urgent message to all Americans. The Jews in Ukraine need our help now. War has broken out in the Ukraine, and the ongoing devastation has left over 250,000 Jews in danger. How about On Christians? Monday, March 7th. 300 Ukrainian no, Jews will them. land in Israel. You won't believe this video. This is... No, now, more than ever, the Jewish community needs our support. 
Good call. First off, more than ever. I I caught this last time. I was like, more than ever. Wait, it goes against your own kind of. Well, we all know the Holocaust didn't really happen, so he's at least he's. (laughs) I don't. I didn't say anything of the sort. (laughs) No, 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 no. I didn't say anything of the sort. All right. Thousand six hundred and fifty dollars per person to shuttle refugees in buses to the border and then fly them to Israel to safety. The Christian community needs to unite and help save every Jewish person that wants to flee the devastation of this war. Go ahead. Mark Collette sent $3. I would No, don't say things like that. Oh, my God. (sighs) Thank you. Okay, let's continue. Gift will ensure as many Jews as possible can flee the war in Ukraine and find a safe home in Israel. Ukraine is home to one of the world's largest Jewish communities in Europe. Over one million Ukrainian Jews were killed during the Holocaust. It's heartbreaking to witness European Jews fleeing for their lives again. Most Christians. Oh my God, this is making me sick. I can't watch <laughs> much more of this. No, dude, hold on. It's not much. It's no, only a minute. She's one of those Christian Zionist pastors. No, 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 wait. You haven't heard the punchline yet, dude. You have to. Go and pay the rest of them. You haven't heard the punchline, dude. You haven't heard the punchline. Tacked on the Jews, other than a few righteous Gentiles. We must not remain silent again. Never again is more than a slogan, it's an action. At this moment, over 8,000 Jewish people are wanting to leave Ukraine for Israel. (laughs) I repeat that. 8,000 want to leave the Ukraine for Israel. We must raise $20 million as soon as possible to get them to safety. We don't know when the borders will close. Let's unite our and raise $20 million <laughs> by the end of business this week. You can save one life for $2,650. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Lord of funds raised will go directly to saving Ukrainian Jews. Wow. Send your contribution to jhm.org and give as generously as you can today. <laughs> God bless you for your efforts. God bless you, know you for what? your efforts, if, Mark. If, if this guy is literally the worst of the worst, isn't he? He's the kind of guy that if he was being eaten by a crocodile, your only thought would be, I hope the crocodile starts with his toes first and works up. You know, this is just, you know, he is absolutely vile. Not a thought for the Christians, not a thought for the women and children. Just get them Jews out of there. I mean, he's the kind of guy that would save sort of a 98-year-old, blind, deaf Jewish granddad before he'd save a white christian baby with his whole life ahead of him this guy is twisted evil you know if the devil ever (laughs) took human form you're looking at it there this is the devil in human form i can tell you now don't trust this guy with your kids don't (laughs) send him any money he is a monster this guy 
Got a nice watch there. That looks like a Rolex. Is that what he's wearing there? What do you, what do you think, Ramsey Paul? What do you think about? Uh, yeah, this is sadly a, a strain of Christianity we definitely have in the United States called Christian Zionism. Yeah, it's big in the South, and it, the whole uh, theology is that the Jews are God's chosen people, and God will bless those who bless the Jews. And so we as Americans, we have the duty to support the Jews, and that, that God will bless us. And if we do that, Jesus will come back. This guy's the worst. Hagee, though, I don't even consider him a Christian now because I think he denies that the Jews need to accept Jesus as a Savior because the Christian theology is everyone in the world you know, comes to, to God through Christ, but he said, no, 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 Jews don't have to do that. They're the exception. So he's definitely a heretic and he, he's a swindler and he's getting all this money and, you know, where's it going to? I mean, <laughs> we know where it's going. It's not even going to the, this guy, well, he needs a new plane or something like uh, 20 million by the end of the week. What the fuck? That's some, <laughs> well, it, it, he's implying that what's he trying to imply is that Putin is Hitler that invaded Ukraine so he could kill Jews. That, that's literally what well, Also, what about the guilt-shaming of current, what, what goys, basically? Uh, I mean, literally, he's like, you goys didn't do enough. He's a goy himself. You, you didn't do enough back when the Holocaust was going on. You can't you can't turn your back now. Like, what the fuck? I don't know. The whole thing is just bizarre. I wonder how he gets his mind wrapped around the Azov Brigade where they literally have swastikas and everything else. Uh, you see, this whole thing is ridiculous. But... It is. It is. And also, it's funny, isn't it? He, he starts blathering on about the alleged one million Ukrainian Jews that died during the Holocaust. All right, mate. Cry me a river. What about the <laughs> 8 to 10 million Ukrainian uh... white Christians that died in the Holodomor? He's probably never heard of the Holodomor. You know, it, it doesn't. You know, they don't teach that in American schools, so you know your fat pastor with his Rolex watch doesn't even know what a holodomor is. Isn't that the thing that I got down here that I put my cigars in? Isn't that? I don't know. Okay, not the same thing. All right, sorry. Uh, now there's a couple of. Uh, I might have to smoke. I said I wasn't going to smoke another cigar today, but damn. All right, now let's uh, let's see here if I can turn this back on. There were a couple that uh, came through while we were talking. Uh, <laughs> first off, this. Anonymous sent $3. He runs Sufi. Ask Adam about it later. Sufi. Anonymous sent $3. This Christian calls it the Torah and makes up a fake quote from Schindler's list. <sighs> Anonymous sent $3,2650 to save one Jew. I need a new car. <laughs> yeah, I did the math. That's $2,500 per Jew. I mean, that's a nice plane ticket, I think. so. Don't they already have money? Yeah, a lot of them they're, do. They're money, usually so. pretty well off. Why are we giving them money? Shouldn't we try and get four people? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking a lot of these already have money. A lot of them are already in Jerusalem or in Tel Aviv by now, I think, too. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, what kind of scam Hagee's got going. Where do you see this thing going um, in the next couple of weeks, Mark? Is there going to be some type of um, you know ceasefire agreement or give and take here or what? I'm not actually sure. I, I really don't know. I think the, the the method of warfare is clear. I've been reading uh, a couple of reports saying, "Oh, Putin's running out of money. He's running out of 
you know, oil, which is actually not true at all. <laughs> he's got loads of oil. Um, you know, he's running out of troops. Not true at all. He's running out of tanks. Definitely not true. Look at the uh, go- global firepower rankings. He's got more tanks than, you know, there are cars on the British roads. <laughs> he's got a lot of tanks. So he's not really running out of anything. So why are people saying this? They're saying this Ammunition. Because- that's another thing. They said he was running out of ammunition. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. not running out of anything. But they're saying he's running out of it because he's not constantly attacking. And the reason he's not constantly attacking is because rather than going in there like a lion and just rushing in and, you know, snapping wildly, he's basically operating a little bit like a boa constrictor. He's encircling all of these major towns and slowly tightening his grasp upon them. This is a far more measured style of warfare. Once he's encircled Kiev, once he's encircled Maripol, once he's encircled all these big cities and they are completely surrounded by his troops, it is then only a matter of time. All it is is a waiting game. Ultimately, each and every one of them will surrender because there's no supplies going in. And what he'll do is every now and again, he'll say, right, we're having an amnesty today. Who's leaving? And there'll be a big load of cars leaving with people and he'll be checking all the cars and he'll be making sure they're all disarmed he's checking them for um you know questionable tattoos or making sure they're not people who are known to him and he will be letting people dribble out and he'll be tightening up a bit more and he'll keep doing this until he squeezed the life out of these cities and ultimately he will take them without having to completely level them that's going to be the game plan. And this won't be over in five days as it would have been if America had gone in, but that's because he has a different objective to the Americans. And at the end of it all, he doesn't want to have to rebuild the Ukraine completely because he is not fighting to the American agenda or to the American playbook. Uh, you want to follow up on that, Paul? Or... Yeah, yeah. And I think Mark is, uh, I agree with Mark. And he did this in Syria. They, it's called the humanitarian corridors. And more than just civilians leaving, it allows people in the army to throw off their uniforms, get on civilian duds, and then able to escape. And I, I think that's part of the strategy here, too, is to bleed off the army. Because if they're, if you're surrounded, you can't get ammo in, you can't get supplies. Eventually, you've got to... Uh, surrender. I don't think that the, the goal is to really attack Kiev. I think they want once they uh, take the south and they surround the eastern armies and uh, those armies defeat, they're going to try to negotiate a surrender, which will not be all of Ukraine goes to Russia at all. It would be okay, Ukraine, they get a new government and Russian troops will eventually pull out, except for the Crimea and the eastern provinces, and they're independent too. I, I really think that's the goal. So this whole fantasy that, oh, uh, Putin's the next Hitler and next he's going to invade Poland, that's nonsense. He has no desire to do that. And uh, so I I think that's how it will shake out. But I I don't know. Things can go sideways because we got an insane administration and uh, they're they're crazy. So who knows? And uh, it's going to be a shock to Americans that have been told that the Ukrainians were winning all this time and all of a sudden the Russians basically win. I don't know how they're going to be able to process that. But I guess NPCs, they just process whatever they're told. So maybe that will happen. What about the um, the anti-Russian sentiment and the just the language and the 
the hatred directed towards Russians. Uh, you know, I mentioned the the composer that the famous composer. I can't name his name because I don't follow. Tchaikovsky. Yeah, well, I mean, the guy who got no, but the guy who got I know that one, but the, <laughs> the yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know that one, but he, he's got a job. He's like a not composer, but conductor. Yeah, Putin or something. Yeah, he wouldn't announce Putin. They fired him. Uh, there's the number one tennis player in the world who's Russian, uh, and they're saying he might not be able to go to Wimbledon this year unless he vociferously denounces Putin, <laughs> which is kind of, I mean, first off, it's fucked up to expect him to do that anyway, even if, even if you actually believe Putin is who they say he is, right? Uh, because if he is, it's like, well, this guy's got family in Russia still. Why are you ma- – <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why would you make this guy go out and, and denounce Putin? What, are you heartless? Uh, now, again, I'm not, I'm not saying what they're saying is true. Uh, but if it was, uh, it would be all the more callous uh, to act in that manner. Uh, all right, now let me see here. Uh, if I can actually, so I haven't actually taken calls on Gilded yet. Um, is this how it works? Can I just pull people in? I don't know how that works. Uh, let's see. I see people in the green room. Can I just join the green room? Um, well, so we, we all got banned on discord basically the other day. So I'm trying to use, I have discord still. But I'm trying to use Gilded. I don't see how to just, like, pull people over, though. That's the problem. Why can't I do that? Um, well, that's kind of a work in progress. Uh, Kaz, if you're listening still, see if you can move. I wish I could just move. See, on Discord, you can just grab the the other user and just pull them into the chat, which would be, that's how I take calls, basically. Um, but on this, it's not letting me... It's not letting me grab for some reason. Uh, anyway, I'll I'll examine the situation there uh, a little bit further. Uh, let me look through here some. Oh, I don't think you were here earlier, Mark, with the uh, tranny swimmer. Did you? I've see? seen the tranny swimmer. We've all seen the tranny swimmer. What? There you, she is. Isn't she a beauty? Yeah. What do you think? They dominated last night. Uh, at the national champion, the national champion. Well, it's just a freak, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. You, you've got two females there and you've got a freak and you're basically putting two normal females against a freak, against a full-sized adult male who is basically in drag. And then you're all having to politely applaud as if the full-sized adult male in drag has done something remarkable and is just a regular woman who has won something. Well, it's, it's not true. You know, this would be like, you know, getting Mike Tyson, uh, putting a wig on him. You know, Mike Tyson is prime, plonking a wig on him and entering him in a female boxing <laughs> competition. Well, there's only one There's only one outcome, isn't there? And and that's what you've got here. It's, it's just despicable. And literally anyone who goes along with this is either absolutely insane or... Um, knowingly deceiving themselves. They're the only two options because nobody could look at this and go, oh, that's a woman. You know, if if that's what you think you are insane. Yeah. uh, And then I guess this is kind of on the same. (laughs) Ethan, and I'll drop off so you can spend more time with Mark. Mark is great seeing you. And we we, keep in touch. I I enjoy your content. And Ethan, I look forward to seeing you. Uh, Ethan, I look forward to see you down in Dallas at your wedding and the bowling competition. That's right. Very soon, man. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. I appreciate you coming on. All right. Now, let's see. I see. Are they trying? 
I'm trying to get the caller in, but I don't know. Let's see. I got tagged on this, uh, but I'll see. Oh, I, I guess I'll bring this up because we were talking about this earlier too. Uh, the whole Dave Rubin situation. I don't know if you saw that. No, that, that's just that's perverse, isn't it? I mean, that is absolutely that is absolutely perverse. You did see it then. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can. No, it's, just, it's just disgusting. I mean, it's what what that amounts to is essentially child abuse. You've got a child that is going to be um, brought into this world with no mother, two fathers. It, it's just disgusting. And he calls himself a conservative. He's he's not a conservative. He's one of them. He's one of them, and he's he's subverting the conservative movement. It's as simple as that. He's not Anyone a base that believes skater. that's a conservative is, again, either deluding themselves, lying to themselves, or is insane. He's not a conservative. Yeah, did you see, I mean, there were some people congratulating him, you know, Blaze News and, and some others saying, oh, you go, you go, girl. Blaze News, who are Blaze News? Blaze, the Blaze? Yeah. Well, I mean, their account, I don't know. I don't know. It could be anybody running the account, honestly, but. No, but who? I don't know who the Blaze. Oh, are. Um, who owns the Blaze now? It used to be Glenn Beck, but he sold it. Well, they're meant to be a conservative, or yeah, Republican. yeah, they're supposed to be like. Oh, that. look, <laughs> look! When it comes down to it, these mainstream Republicans or mainstream conservatives, you know, they're as bad as the liberals, and they'll virtue signal this because they'll convince themselves they're winning by doing so. You know, you hear these conservatives telling you that you know, gay marriage, gay adoption, that they're conservative values with a stupid smug grin on their face. You know, these people again, they're, they're freaks, they're deceivers, they are here to lie to you. They're not conservatives, they're not Republicans, they're not traditionalists they're part of the plot to destroy the west you know and if this is what the nuclear family is or this is what the nuclear family becomes you basically just turn nature on its head you're spitting in the face of nature you're spitting in the face of christianity you're spitting in the face of traditionalism this is everything that is you know wrong with the west uh now see uh let's see uh, by the way, we're one-third, basically, well, a little bit under, but close to one-third of the way there on the extravaganza fund. Thank you guys so much. Uh, what do you need the extravaganza fund for this time, Ethan? Lawyers. What are you wasting all your money on? I had to pay $1,500 yesterday to my lawyer, part of my, oh, my $5,000 payment that I have to pay in total. But I paid. Well, I've got to be honest, Ethan. Uh, Doesn't look like you're starving yet, mate. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Actually, uh, I'm down to 259 today, uh, which I was bragging about earlier. So, wasting away, are you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just barely here, just barely hanging on. Uh, Epstein didn't says Destiny has the debate psalm as 10 p.m. Eastern. You have it as eight. You might want to contact Destiny and make sure there's no confusion. Uh, well, I mean, he has the Google invite, and it's at. It's at eight on the Google invite, um, but I will um, just in case. Is I is guess. Destiny getting crushed again tonight? Like the last time he appeared on the kill stream. I don't. I look. I mean, it says eight right here uh, on mine. I'm trying to think. I don't think it would be any different. But I'll I'll send him another message. Well, I'm you know I'm the moderator. Obviously, I can't. Oh, you can't say. You can't say I can't so. say, but uh, what, what? how do what you think it's going to go? Let's see in the chat. Does okay. chat think Destiny's going to take another spanking tonight? Yeah, we'll see what chat thinks and get some responses there. Now, you faced Destiny recently. Uh, Spanked Destiny. I, well, you faced Destiny. him. You can put that. Uh, 
description there if you'd like. I have to. I'm the I'm the neutral host. What uh, What do you think is going to happen tonight? How do you think it's going to go? I'm not sure. I mean, look, I think uh, I think Nick Fuentes is a talented guy. He's very intelligent. He's witty, but fighting destiny is or debating destiny or going up against him is not what you would call a conventional debate. He stood there on the battlefield with his troops, but before you get anywhere near him and can engage, he's laid all these little uh, sneaky traps for you in advance. So as you're advancing, you have to get through all the little uh, pitfalls and, uh, you know, holes that he's dug and diffuse the minefield that he's laid out for you. You know, he'll spend a lot of his time speaking very rapidly but saying nothing at all. He will try and drag you into the weeds off target. He will bring up things that are wholly irrelevant to the debate. And he will do his favourite thing, which is what a lot of liberals do. Sargon does this too, actually. Um, he'll demand endless definition of, of things, that endless definitions of words that uh, are clearly defined and you use in your everyday life. So um, he did this with Mike Enoch. Mike Enoch says, well... I think um, people of European descent have the right to advocate for their well-being, which is a very reasonable point, and we all know what those words mean. He's not, he's not, Mike Enoch wasn't pulling a thesaurus out of his bottom using big, crazy words. He was using very simple, clear language that everyone would understand. But then Destiny says, oh, but wait a minute here, Mike, before I answer this very simple and easily understandable question, can you please dis define what advocate means? And Mike's like, what? And then Destiny says, well, do you mean blowing people up? Do you mean lynching people? And he's like, well, I mean advocate. Like, like advocate. And he's like, yeah, but you can't define advocate. And he's like, well, I don't have to because it's a word that we use in our everyday life. Now, if you said to Destiny that Black Lives Matter advocate for black people, he wouldn't be asking for, you know, a 2,000-word essay of definitions. But he does that to people who are sort of quote-unquote right-wing nationalists, you know, traditionalists, because he can't actually go up against them with genuine debate. What he has to do is drag you into the weeds. So, you know, there was a lot of clips taken out of that debate with me and him, and one of the ones that sort of went viral at the time was the one where I was explaining slavery and how there was far more brutal types of slavery, white people abolished slavery. And when I placed all those facts in front of him, you know, he couldn't just say, well, actually, you've got a really good point there, Mark. You're back into the weeds on on something else. You're back into the weeds on something that doesn't matter or is tangential to the main point. So my main message to Nick Fuentes is you're a talented young lad. You're very good at being amusing. You're very good at quipping. But make sure you hold his feet to the flames. Make sure you ensure that he is talking about the point and don't let him drag you off topic. Because if you let him drag you off topic, that's where people can come unstuck. And that's where I've seen Destiny get the upper hand on people in the past because they end up giving a 30-minute uh, you know, session on definitions. You know, they, they end up being transformed into a walking dictionary defining you know, regular words. And he's just sat back smiling because none of the points are really being addressed and he's winning them by default. And that's what he, that's what he aims to do. But as long as Nick avoids those um, traps, which I'm sure he will, I'm sure he's dealt with people uh, slippery as destiny before he'll win. But I didn't fall for those traps. And that's why by the end, destiny looked completely dejected and had to edit the material that he ended up putting up on YouTube. 
All right, now let's play some of these. Let's see here. Uh, oh, we can't hear it. Go. Anonymous sent $3. The West is subverted and did something I don't like. Putin will save me. Retarded. Retarded, he says. What do you say to that? I didn't say Putin would save me. You know, the, the thing that some people fail to understand with politics is you don't have to agree with somebody on 100% of their political standpoints or hundred percent with 100% of their policies to say that they've done something right. You don't have to always qualify that. But there are certain people who surround, you know, the fringes of, you know, the dissident right, who believe that unless you agree with somebody 100% of the time on 100% of their policies, that person can do no good for you. That's, that's very flawed. You know, sometimes somebody does something that you can say, well, that person is justified in doing that. But it doesn't mean you agree with every single thing you've ever, they've ever done. It doesn't mean that you'd be best friends with them. I'm not saying me and Vladimir Putin would be best friends. I'm not telling people to go and live in Russia. But what I am saying is, historically and morally basing what is happening now in a wider context, he is far more justified doing what he's doing than America has ever been for going to war. <laughs> you know, that's that's basically the truth. I don't think there's ever been a justified um, American involvement in, in, in a war, really. America have always forced their way into theatres of war without really ever being threatened. I mean, people could say um, Pearl Harbor is probably the exception to that, but that wasn't just a reason, you know, America didn't just use that as a reason to, you know, take on Japan. They used that as a reason to enter, you know, all theaters of war during the Second World War. You know, America always does that. And if you look at wars um, post-Second World War, so say Vietnam, um, any of these conflicts in the Middle East, America has have done all of these things on, on a much flimsier pretext than uh, what Putin has for invading the Ukraine. All right, let's play this next one here. If I can unmute that. Let's see. Anonymous sent $3. Mark Levin owns Blaze. I actually didn't know that at this point. Anonymous sent $3. Revolutionary War was justified. <sighs> Groomer Remover sent $3. Never forget that Naked Ape beat Destiny so badly at his own game that he rage quit the stream. He gets upset when he can't slither out of the corner you back him into. It's <laughs> good super chat. Alright, now let's see. But you know what? The thing with Destiny, which is really disappointing, is he's obviously a gamer. He's obviously somebody who's got a fan base. You know, I'm a gamer. He could have said to me, look, Mark, let's have a few games of uh, PUBG Mobile or Call of Duty or Command and & Conquer, and let's try and find some middle point. You know, I, I am somebody who's good at finding a middle ground with with somebody who's reasonable with me. I debated a Muslim um, a few weeks back. It was a big YouTube debate. You know, I think it was seen by about I think nearly a hundred thousand people have seen that now. And when I was doing that debate, I tried to, I, I stated, I don't want Muslims in the West. I said that, you know, Muslims should all go back to their ancestral homelands and the West isn't the place for Islam. But I was, do you want me to do that? No, go ahead, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, you know, I was very clear that I'm an ethno-nationalist and I'm not amenable to Islam. But then on the other hand, I said, we do have certain um, traditional values in common. You guys hate feminism. You guys hate uh, the LGBT agenda. You don't want your kids sat in front of iPads all day, uh, being fed moral garbage by Disney and YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. I said, and on some things we can agree. So let's see what points we agree on and let's see what points we disagree on. And if you go about it that way, you know you can have a good chat as well and certain sometimes debates can end up being just interesting conversations all right well yeah and i mean you know we've seen that on this show uh several times actually where it ends up and i'll play i'll play all these that didn't get uh voiced that are popping up without the the audio but uh yeah we've seen that on this show uh several times right where uh even some of the ones maybe sometimes you think are going to be heated uh end up not being heated but it just being a you know a good discussion right uh and you kind of went into the and it's fine for me either way like i like shit flinging too right and i feel i think the audience is kind of the same way too right so it could break into uh you know a thoughtful discussion or it could be a, a shit flinging contest right either one uh is good right <laughs> i don't know that's kind of how i've always looked at it, at least uh, all right, now let me uh, put this here. Uh, another two different. It could break either way, right? There's a fork in the road there, uh, and I've had some that I thought were going to be a little more staid, a little more laid back. That ended up being the opposite direction. All right, now let me. Okay, now let me. Okay. All right, now I missed a couple there. Thank you, Hyperconservative. Very kind. Rolling in. Thank you guys very, very much. Play this. First, this one. A whole Anderson sent $3 low impulse control wignats are going to get white Europeans genocided in a nuclear holocaust. I hope the spinny wheel was worth it, you dumb f. Alright. Hebrew GB sent $5, also he does meth. Alright. Now, uh, okay, we got those, I think. Let me look back over that page just to make sure. Sir Namalot sent $3. Sir Mark Collette, do you have any concerns as a white advocate that Putin is using Chechen Muslims and possibly Syrian fighters to fight on Ukrainian soil, which will allow them to make contact with white Ukrainian women and children? Well, that's very interesting because um, Ramzan Kadyrov, the uh, leader of the Chechen forces, the uh, ruler of Chechnya, he's actually somebody who, if you look into his background, one, he's actually white, which is interesting, they're actually white Muslims. And the second thing that's very interesting about him is he is credited with defeating and rooting out the ISIS-style militants, which were the problem in Chechnya. They were the ones in Chechnya who were bombing Russian schools, who murdered all those Russian school children. And he uh, rooted them out and defeated them. Now, obviously, I don't want to see Muslims deployed in white nations and used as tools of war against white people. But I do think it's very instructive that you have, um, you know, Syrians who were fighting ISIS coming to the Ukraine to fight against um, the Ukrainian forces fight alongside Russia. 
But equally, there have been reports of ISIS-style militants, um, Bosnian Muslims, the sort of Chechen rebels, the ones who were the extremist Muslims, the ISIS-style Muslims, going to the Ukraine to fight against the Russians. So it does seem interesting where the battle lines lie in this. And there are a lot of very interesting things happening there. As I said with Azov Battalion earlier, this isn't sort of a clear-cut and easily understandable conflict. And if you look at the way different Eastern European countries are looking at this and the way and who they are cheering on, that's interesting as well, because obviously you have the Polish who are completely against Russia and they have a, a long history of disliking Russians. Really, the people they disliked were the uh, Bolsheviks who led the Red Army that slaughtered um, you know, thousands and thousands of Poles. Then on the other hand, you have Serbs who are holding mass rallies in support of Russia because Russia um, rolled into Serbia and prevented NATO from completely flattening the place. This is very complex, and you've got lots of different groups who all have very interesting backgrounds and are supporting each other for a variety of reasons on both sides. So... There's so much to discuss here, but if you look into Ramzan Kadyrov and the Chechnyans who are now in charge of Chechnya, they are not the ISIS-style Muslims. In fact, they rooted them out. Chad is imploring me to change the screen uh, here. From yeah, the, I've had enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll change it back. Uh, all right, now let me play some more of these. Let me undo this so we can hear it. Oh, oh snap. Okay, hyperconservative, thank you again. Hyperconservative sent $20 the lead up to this debate, giving me Major Fury versus Wilder vibes. Ooh, what a classic. Oh, seven to you, Ralph. God, that, that fight was so good. Holy shit. Thank you, man. Look forward to seeing you guys. Cell sent $5 is Putin pro white. What do you say about that? Is Putin pro-white? That's very difficult to answer. Um, I wouldn't say he was pro-white, but I would say he isn't anti-white. And if you look at some of the statements the Putin establishment, the Putin government have made about things such as white privilege, about BLM, they seem to have made some overtures to white Americans saying, look, your government's not treating you that well, is it, guys? And that's quite interesting. Um, I think if you look at Putin's recent statements, Eric Stryker actually released one of these statements the other day, and I shared it on my Telegram. And I think, again, this is... I'm not saying this makes Putin the greatest man that's ever lived, but it is interesting, and it, it is quite instructive. Um, this is something that was... Um, in one of Putin's recent speeches, he said, I don't condemn at all those who have a villa in Miami or on the French Riviera who can't do without foie gras, oysters or so-called gender freedoms. But that is absolutely not the problem. And I repeat, the problem is that many of these people are essentially mentally there and not here with our people, not with Russia. And this, in their opinion, is a sign of belonging to the higher class, to caste, to the higher race. Such people would sell their mother just to be allowed to sit in the anteroom of this highest caste. And they want to be like them, imitating them in every way. Well, what's he doing there? He's calling out these Jewish oligarchs and he's saying that you're basically not Russians. You're not here with the Russian people. You're selling out your fellow Russians. In fact, you're not Russians. You know, you are traitors. And I don't think any Western leader would ever refer 
to Western oligarchs and billionaires like that. And when you hear the leader of a, you know, one of the world's superpowers talking like that, it is refreshing. It is refreshing because, you know, people like you and I may call out these super rich people like, I don't know, uh, what's his name? The guy who runs Facebook. We might call Mark him Zuckerberg. Be, sorry? Zuckerberg. Yeah, Zuckerberg, and say, you know, this guy's divorced from reality. He's not one of us. He's desperate to be away from the people. You know, he's not really acting in the interests of Americans. But you'd never hear an American politician talking about an American oligarch like that. So, as I said, I'm not saying he's the greatest thing ever, but it is refreshing. And if you also look at the informational booklets that the Russian troops have been given, they've been given these booklets that basically say, you're on a mission from God, you're you know, the last bastion of traditionalism and Christianity, and you are fighting against uh, basically a corrupt, degenerate, and satanic new world order that is trying to claim the whole of Eastern Europe for you know, NATO and global the forces of globalization. Well, again, I'm not sure whether Putin really thinks that. I don't know. I'm not in his head. I've never met him. I've never had contact with him, obviously. But, again, no Western force would be given a pamphlet and told that they were going to be fighting against the forces of degeneracy and evil. They'd be given a pamphlet saying, you are fighting on behalf of, you know, gay pride, feminism, women's rights, you know, the rights of kids to chop off their penises and transition. You know, that's what American troops are told they're fighting for. And, again... It's it's reasonably refreshing. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying I agree with him 110%. I'm not saying he's the best thing ever. I'm not saying he is, you know, your favorite pre-Second World War dictator um, all over again. Or, you know, <laughs> he's Alexander the Great mixed with Mussolini, mixed with uh, Napoleon and mixed with Julius Caesar. And he's going to take the best bits of all of them and lead us to a glorious new future. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying... But when I look at what he's saying, and when I look at Zelensky and what he's saying, I know which one I'm in agreement with. All right, now let me play this one. Oh, wait, we can't hear it. Uh, there we go. Night Driving Avenger sent $10, just found out my only friend at my gay wagey job died the other day. Oh, no. He was my age and vaxxed. Please don't take these vaccines. They are poison. The people making them and pushing them are evil and want us dead. What do you think about the vax and where it's going, COVID? Is that thing kind of dying out? It's dying out, but I've got to say this. Okay, there's things that I know and things that I don't know. And you know certain things and you can state them with certainty. And the other things you can only speculate on. So I'm not going to speculate and say that these jabs were designed to kill us. But I am going to say with absolute certainty, these jabs were rushed to market. They weren't properly tested. They didn't go through the same rigorous checks and uh, long, drawn-out procedures that most vaccinations do. I can say with absolute certainty they are not vaccinations. You know what, Ralph? Uh, sorry, Ethan. I always call you Ralph. That's really annoying. Sorry. You know what, Ethan? I did a video at one point explaining in great detail that these were not vaccinations. And then the FDA changed the definition of vaccinations. Now, I'm not saying they did that because of my video, but it's funny, isn't it, that people like me were saying these aren't vaccinations, and they said, oh, we're going to have to update the definition of vaccination. Because we were right. I can say with absolute certainty that the companies producing these are interested primarily, above all else, in profit. So when you have a company 
run by unscrupulous people, run by a certain tribe of people who want profit above all else and are being given the green light to release an untested, unverified product, which is not really a vaccination, but it's something that's absolutely experimental. It doesn't have to go through the usual 10-year testing period. Is that product, and I'm going to call it a product because that's what it is, going to be safe? The answer is... I can't say 100% no, but if I'm a betting man, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, my chips would be, you know, mainly on the no box. You know, that's the truth. <laughs> These things aren't safe. And the proof is in the pudding. The fact is, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, newspapers are saying, it's amazing. Watching TV gives you a heart attack. Footballers aren't having heart attacks because of the vax. They're having heart attacks because the whistle blown by the referee is shocking them. Isn't it strange ah! how now walking down the street gives you a heart attack? Isn't it strange that sleeping in your bed gives you a heart attack? Isn't it strange that eating mushy peas and chips kills you on the spot with a heart attack. But no one's saying, you know what? It's all these people who have been jabbed. I actually know somebody who died after taking the jab. I know how deadly these things are. Um, look at that Hayley Bieber. She is obviously a healthy, attractive young woman. Wow. Had a stroke. Strokes, heart attacks. It's happening to so many people. And more often than not, they are young and they are people who embrace this madness and are triple jabbed. The fact is, when it comes down to it, I cannot absolutely 100% say these things were designed to kill us, but they absolutely weren't designed to save our lives. They were designed to make profit and make lots of profit very quickly with very little oversight. And everything that is designed to make very quick profits um, and lots of those profits really, really quickly without any oversight usually does you some harm. So if you put all that together, you know, my yeah. advice is don't take the jab. Yeah, and that's uh, that's pretty much exactly what I've said. I mean, I don't know if it's malicious or what, but I know they rushed this thing to market uh, for money reasons and also political reasons. Uh, yeah. Just you know, just, oh, we defeated COVID here. Take this vaccine. We finally got it fixed. You know, uh, and I think that was a big part of it all the way around. And then people who had invested so much uh, political capital, then then you're loath to admit when things aren't right. You know what I mean? Because you've already put so much in one direction. So instead, let's silence our opponents. Let's spread more garbage. Let's put more, you know, bullshit onto people with rules, etc. Uh, rather than just admit when they're wrong. All right, let's see if this works. Oh wow, it almost worked. And then I drug them in, and it threw them out instead. What the fuck? Uh, oh wait, are you on air, sir? Can you hear me? I don't even know if they can hear me over here. I'm trying the uh, the gilded method. Um, let me see. Support. I would think it should be working. Like I see it. Um, let me look. Settings, sound effects, voice and video. Um, uh, yeah, see it. Uh, it looks like it's detecting it. I see it uh, bouncing up and down. So it should work. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll test it. Start talking if you get it, <laughs> if you get it working. All right, let me play these here. Oh wait, it kicked them out of the on air. Okay, let me try again. Let me try that again. Uh, oh wow, that almost worked. Wow. Okay, let's try again. See, it lets me pull them in, and then it just like 
Okay, can you hear me? Uh oh. Uh oh. Wow. I can hear that. See, that's not good. That's trying out. No! Pull him in and then it just. Yeah, I think it should work now. Can you hear me? Okay. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Get out. Okay, now... It's that wasn't very good, was it? No, it wasn't the best, but hold on. Okay, let's let's try it again. Um, okay, not green room. We'll try... I thought Kiosk Man was in there. Let's see. It shows him there. Let me try to reload it. No, I don't see him now. All right. Uh, let's try this guy. It's a little bit more delayed than Discord, so it doesn't... Okay, sir, can you hear me? Hello. Oh, my God. Uh, so the calls, we still have, it's a little bit lacking. Oh, okay. hello? Yeah, hello? Can, you, can you hear me? Yo, Ralph? Yeah, what's up, man? Yo, yo, I can, I can hear you. Great. Go ahead, then. Motherfucker. We heard you, damn it. Why did you stop? No. I thought we had a call. Oh, Go ahead. Yo, my bad, Ralph. I got nothing to say, man. I'm, I was jumping off, but yeah. No, you have nothing to say. All right. Well, at least we know that it works. Okay. All right. Hang yeah, on. What's all right. your point? Yeah, what's your point? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, what's your point? You don't come on a show to tell us you've got nothing to say. That's yeah. just going to frustrate the big man. Yeah, it does frustrate it, you, doesn't it? I it can does tell. I a can little bit. I can, I can see the simmering tension, especially after the problems. I was like, "Oh, good, two or three minute caller. That'll be great." Let's hear what he has to say, and then he's like, "I have nothing to say." Motherfuck! No! <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't even sure this fucking thing works. Then he gets on, <laughs> like, "Oh, good. He's got. Oh, he's got a story, or at least a question. Fuck, he's gonna set up Mark to say something. No, he's not." Uh, we love him anyway. I don't shoot me. He's a nice guy, I'm sure. Thank you for watching. <laughs> All right, now. <laughs> Can you hear me, caller? <laughs> you're this... a reasonable man, Ralph. No uh, one can say you're not. This caller's here, though. Come on, man. We heard you a minute ago. Hey, can you hear me, Ralph? Yes. Oh, hell yeah, man. I love your show. I've been uh, I've been watching. I've been a big fan since uh, what's that episode eighty three with uh, when the big man Nick Fuentes uh, spanked uh, spanked James also during the big Alaska intervention. That was uh, that was one hell of a night. Wow, I think that actually was Killstream number eighty three. Yeah, there, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't no, even man, know the number exactly. Like, really, congratulations tonight, man! You have like um, a Killstream level level lineup tonight with all the guests. Thank you. Now, I, I did want to say a couple of things here, and uh, it's a good thing actually that Mark is here because uh, he he was a witness to a recent, uh, relatively recent destiny incident. It is, um, I think Triskiot69 is going to spank him yet again. I have no doubt about that, but uh, it is pretty indicative how this guy uh, has to do performance enhancing drugs before he, uh, before he comes on, so he can, uh, so he can run his fucking mouth. Are you in favor of drug tests? Do you think we should have to have drug tests like USADA coming oversee these uh, blood sports or something? 
I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, is uh, taking meth like taking steroids, you know, in baseball? I don't know. That's what I'm, I'm asking what you think. I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm the host. Like, what do you think, though? I don't know, man. If you were to ask me, I would legalize steroids and everything except for, like, fighting sports. Fuck it. Meth's the stream. Now, uh, all right, what else you got? By the way, I'm glad the it seems like the uh, Gilded is working as far as callers go. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I hope, um, since I don't have a good setup tonight, I just hope, like, my uh, sound quality isn't too, isn't too terrible. Anyway, I wanted, to, I wanted to say one more thing here. Um, it's um, Isn't it a little bit funny, Ralph, how uh, all of your haters are, like, either homeless or jobless or gay or all of the three? It is uh, it is funny how those does seem to collide. Yeah, uh, I've noticed that. You know, Nick, Nick said it himself. If you don't like Ralph, you just don't get it. So, <laughs> anyway, man, thanks thanks for being a real you know loyal and uh, staying on cozy with us. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun on Cozy. And tonight, the main event, it's going to be the most fun, I think, that we've had yet on Cozy. Hell yeah, man. Hell Thank yeah. you, sir. I appreciate it, brother. Anyway, um, hey, before I, before I jump off, um, maybe... Maybe you could check, check your DMs on Twitter I sent you. Now, you don't have to comment on it. I don't think you should, but uh, I think you'll get a laugh um, if you see it. Okay, I will. Thank you so much. I appreciate you checking in. Hey, have a good night. Right, have you, a good night, man. You too, sir. You have a good night. Corporate grappler there. Grappler, actually. I'm used to the other one. Uh, all right. Hell yeah, man. Thank you, sir. All right, now I'm trying to figure out how to pull. I don't know how to pull people. Okay, that worked. Oh, well. Or he left, one or the other. Um, man, Bodo. It takes a second for him to pop in on here, which I kind of like, but kind of don't like because it doesn't really say when they're going to pop in. All right. Uh, somebody admonished me through another Super Chat to play the other Super Chats that I skipped, but I was never going, not going to play them. Uh, I just... Uh, I just was uh, trying to get a couple calls in. Excuse me. I, you know, God forbid I get these callers in here. Uh, here we go. Anonymous sent $3. He's white. Lol. Russia with him sent thousands to become ISIS. Russian propagandist. All right. Now, uh, what about this? Anonymous sent $3 incorrect. Eurasianism is anti-white. You quote Stryker? He has a direct line of payment from Dugan. All proven. Now, what do you think about Dugan? This guy's been going in on Dugan. He's been... Wait, I hear all these people calling everyone who says anything positive about Putin as a, as a Duganist. Oh, you're a Duganist. You're a Duganist shell. Oh, you know, you obviously support this Dugan fella. I actually have never read anything by this guy. I've heard that he's written a book called The Fourth Political Theory. Uh, I haven't read it myself. I've had no contact with this guy. I know some people on the alt-right have had contact with him. I know some people have emailed him. I know some people have interviewed him. I have not done this. I don't know him. I have never met him. I have no plans to meet him. If he rang me up tomorrow, 
I would be happy to interview him and have him on my show because I think it would make for an interesting show if he speaks um, good enough English to do something like a conversational show. You know, obviously, certain people can speak good enough English to do an interview where they're given questions in advance, etc. But speaking good enough English to do a conversational show is slightly different. I don't know whether he'd speak good enough English to do that. If he would, I would interview him. But I don't actually know enough about him to speak about him. Um, it's as simple as that. And if people might say, and people are saying, oh, I'm a Duganist or I'm a, you know, I'm some kind of, you know, shill for the Russian state or whatever they want to say, they can say that all they want. You know, it's, it's their right to say that if they, if they want to say that. You know, I'm not, um, you know, I can't stop them from saying that. But I think it's pretty clear what my opinion is on certain things you know, things, especially, you know, historically, um, I think I've nailed my colours to the mast pretty much, you know, in, to, to the point where I think it'd be very difficult for anyone to say they didn't know where I stood today. You know, to say that you don't know my political positions would be ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I've not been coy about anything. So... You know, if I was some kind of, you know, Duganist or I did support this guy, I wouldn't hide it. I'd say, yeah, I support this guy. I think he's great. I don't because I don't really know anything about him. And as I said earlier, I agree with what Putin's doing. I have um, sympathies with what Putin's doing. Does that mean I support Putin in every way and think he's the greatest human being that ever lived? No, of course it doesn't. You know, you can have nuanced takes things don't have to be you know an all or nothing because somebody does one thing that you dislike you don't have to hate everything they do and equally because somebody does one thing you like it doesn't mean you have to like everything they do i don't understand why we have this sort of absolutist uh, mentality here um you know within the dissident right it, it, it's a nonsense to have that sort of absolutist mentality I find, you know, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. As I say, the evidence that I pre presented tonight and the evidence I've presented in my videos, I think speaks volumes in terms of my position on Putin and my um, understanding of, of what's going on and the fact that I think it's reasonable. You know, Ramsey, Ramsey Paul said, yeah, he agrees with my takes, I agree with his takes on it. I don't think he's a Duganist. I think he's somebody who just has a similar opinion to me. And lots of people... Lots of people have that opinion. And also, I don't have any bad things to say about Eric Stryker. I think he's a really interesting guy. I love having him on my show. He's humorous. He really likes retro games. I think he's a top guy. I don't think he's some shill for Russia. I don't think he gets paid by Dugan. I think all that's a load of nonsense. All right. Now, well, okay. Now, let's see. All right. Now it shows kiosk, man. Let's try him this time. Um, did it? It won't let me so... He like disappears uh, for some reason. I see some of the others. Kiosk man doesn't show like he shows, but then it won't let me show. But then it won't let me. I don't know why. Let me try. Um, this guy, I think maybe it pulled in. Let's see. It's a little buggy. Maybe if I try it on the web version, maybe that'll work a little bit better. Let's see. Uh, okay. All right. 
Maybe. Do you know, I used to prefer this show when you used to ask me some other stuff as well that just wasn't all politics. I used to like it when you used to ask me about gaming, when we used to talk sometimes well, about the drama. I was waiting. And I used to get some really wild takes, but you never give me that chance anymore. <laughs> it's like all business now. It's all business. It's all, well, it's a serious place, man. I don't know. It's a lot of serious. fucked up shit going yeah, on. Right. <laughs> What do you mean? I brought Corinne. You want to call Corinne back up? Okay, I'll call no, Corinne. I don't. I don't know who she is. I, I said this. I don't want to be rude. She sounds a very interesting person, um, but I, I, you know, I, I don't really know who she is. But you know. All right, now, what, what do you think about Command and Conquer? I think you should sort your act out and you should get command and conquer remastered i have it yeah we're just gonna have to use that the other day you had some stupid way of doing it that wasn't no i had it because i wanted me angry i didn't i didn't articulate my anger but i was feeling slightly angry when you said no because i want to play red alert 2 oh Uh, i love red alert 2 how do you do red alert 2 then well that's what i'm saying it's too much though let's just play the one on steam because that's red alert 1 and it's remastered and it's great i played uh, it there's also there's there's two games there you get red alert and you also get um, the expansion command and conquer yeah the original yeah yeah yeah, you're right yeah let's just play the one on steam because it's easier I, i think um we could do the other but people would have to download or buy red alert 2 on their own um and it's an older game it's just uh, i've got it i've actually got it but i've got it on cd which is a pain in the ass because my new computer yeah. doesn't have a, a cd drive yeah it's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be too much man Bodo, can you hear me oh um, yeah what's up we kind of hear you oh uh, okay well uh well, we, is it hello? your failing here, Ethan, or is oh. it everyone that rings in got a potato connection? Uh, oh, it's, it's potato. Hello, what's up, potato? What's going on? Question for Mark about Beardson. Question for Mark about uh, Beardson. Are you just trying to start shit? If so, then I don't want. I don't want to start. Uh, shit. I'm gonna be not a troll. You sound like one though. Also, your mic not, sucks uh, anyway. What's wrong with your microphone? I don't know. It's a cheap voice phone. I'm poor. Yeah. Well, okay. All right, here. Hold on. Wally sent $3. Everyone needs to get on my nostalgic level with total annihilation. All right. I never played that, so I can't. I also think uh, Ethan should be forced at the point of a, a hearty slapping, if he doesn't, to download Fightcade so we can finally uh, play Super Nintendo that. Street Fighter. You have mentioned that for a while. All right, you're poor. many times. You bloody did it for Jim. Yeah. Where's Jim now? He's not, you know, Jim I doesn't didn't. come on anymore. But you that was, on, that was for Mortal Steam. Kombat I didn't. Yeah, well, I had Steam. What the fuck? Everybody's got Steam. <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, don't get me into that. I don't want to fucking talk about that shit. All right, go ahead, uh, caller. Whatever, uh, just ask what you want. Mark it. Hold on, never mind. This guy, this guy's not poor. He sends me money. Will Mark Collette be willing to debate a guy by the name of Big Papa Fascist? Bob Beardson that doesn't believe that Ninety-nine percent of. If so, when Mark? All right. What? Will you debate? Sorry, I couldn't hear any of that because there was Mister Terrible Mike talking over. Yeah, I just hung up on my own on-air call. Would you debate Big Papa Fascist on race? Is what they asked. Who's big? It's, 
next? Um, he's done he's done some debates on this show, and he's got his own show called The Crucible. Um, I don't know, debate guy. What's uh, his point on race then? If he's big popper fascist, he, that's kind of like race? a um, um, snarky name, I guess you could say. Um, he's considers himself right wing, but not. He's like not fascist. He's kind of, and um. He's anti-race realism, basically. I guess you'd say a race. Uh, oh, politics, how race tiresome. Politics. How tiresome. If, well, I mean, hey, that's what the Super Chat asks. I mean, I don't know. It's up to you. Uh, but that's, I guess they, I don't know if, if, they're, if they're a fan of his. But basically, or... he considers himself right wing, but he wants a rainbow multicultural nation. And uh, he doesn't believe that there are any difference between races, but he's right wing in inverted commas. Oh, my gosh. I mean, where would you even start with something like that? It just sounds he just sounds like a complete idiot. Well, I mean, it sounds like it'd be a good match from the more the more you talk about it. I mean, like uh but I don't know, we'll see. I'll I'll talk about it with you later. But we I'd didn't... say, you know, I would obviously I'd debate him, but I'd say something like Jared Taylor might be a better better one for that because that is Jared Taylor's wow. kind of you know what, um, man, I had a like hand away, you know, good debate. But I think he's really mad at me. To... I think he's Thanks mad at me. I'll tell you in a minute. $3, Ethan, can you interview one of my fave TikTok stars someday soon? At Amy Farts. She is hilarious. And I think the chat would enjoy this ethot hopefully as much as I do. Because farts are funny. Um, possibly, yeah. If she's funny on air, I have no, I have no qualms with having her on. But so, uh, I, yeah, you just made a major mistake there, Ethan. You said that a woman would be funny. <laughs> um, anyway, I was supposed to go pick Jared Taylor up, and I was on the way, but traffic was so bad in Orlando, and I had to take Beardson back, and I was shuttling people back and forth. I was doing a bunch of interviews, and he only had limited time. Honestly, even if I'd have picked him up, he would have still been late for what he was going to. Um, but. But anyway, I didn't make it to pick him up, and I've been trying to, you know, um, apologize and stuff. And I know they got the the messages and stuff, but I think they might actually. I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. I hope not. I hope that's not the case. I hope they're not mad at me because uh, it wasn't really my fault completely. Uh, it's just terrible traffic down there in Orlando, and there's only a certain amount of time, uh, and so. I wasn't able – he was originally going to be part of my AFPAC interview series. I interviewed Peter Brimlow uh, and a bunch of other people, and I was going to have Jared Taylor too, and it just uh, didn't work out. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say you versus him in a, in a debate would be a good reason uh, for him maybe to, to come on there. So, um, yeah, I'll pitch that. Why not? Um, uh, by the way, I've just looked at this woman who calls herself Amy Farts. Um, she needs to be uh, sent to Chechnya. Now, I'll wait. <sighs> also, let me write that down. Um, Send Amy Farts to Chechnya to learn some manners. By the way, this was like an hour and a half window I had to do this, and it just like fell through. I was so mad. I keep talking about it because it makes me angry because I was so close to just having it. And it was an unexpected interview, too, uh, and it just fell through as quickly as it had materialized. All right, now let me uh, replay this right here. <laughs> Don't say that. Pokey Cell sent $3. Ethan Ralph is truly the Ralph Amali. I will Ralph kill Amali. anyone who disagrees. I am the Ralph, Ralph Amali. All right, let's see. Uh, oh, there was one on Entropy as well. Bill Biz says, excellent. Appreciate Mark's perspective. 
Appreciate you as well. Added that to the tally. Let's see. We could try to take a call. Did that guy hang up? Probably. Yeah. Right. If you're going to call in, there has to be some rules. Firstly, firstly, have an internet connection that works. Secondly, have a microphone that costs more than 99 cents. <laughs> you know, there has to be some basic well, plus he ground called in, He called in to start shit in the first place, and it's like, okay, you can't even have a mic that works. You came into Rabble Rouse, and you can't even... Which, you know, whatever. But, okay. Now, let's see that one here. Let me replay that. No, I was taking beer to back. sent $3. Oh. Wait a minute. Ethan, you actually blew off Jared Taylor to pick oh. up Beardson. No, I had Beardson at the house. I was on the way to pick up Jared Taylor, and I was taking Beardson back. Uh, even if I would have picked up, like I said, even if I would have went there first, he still would have been late because he only had a certain amount of time, Jared Taylor, before another engagement that he had. And honestly, he would have still been late as bad as that traffic was. Uh, but after I took Beardson back, there was like only a certain amount of time to get back there. And I called him and ended up not being able to get there in time before they had to go to the to the next thing. So, so now Beardson was already with me. I was dropping him off. Traffic in Orlando is terrible. Like I don't know how to... It's like on par with Los Angeles and some of these bigger cities. It's like it's really bad. Um, all right, now let's see if we can if this will work this time. You heard Mark's rules, so I hope I hope it pretty. Yeah, reasonable rules. I think so. I think so. All right, let's try see if Kaz is that going to work. I don't think it seems like the 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 web app works better for some reason. Okay, let me try to. Join this myself. I don't know why. All right, let me. Man, it is a little. Uh, it's a little buggy. Let's try this guy. Damn you, Gilded! What the fuck? Okay. Oh wait, we can try Discord too. Let's try this. Uh. Oh shit! I don't have permission to speak in that channel, huh? Okay, we got banned from Discord yesterday. Not the Discord itself, but just most people's, well, a lot of people's individual accounts. Uh, that's gay as fuck. I'm going to have to have... You know what's gay, Ralph? Yeah. Using Discord in 2022. Well, anything, I... anything other than just voice chatting. Well, that's what friends. I'm using it for. Um, Gilded, by the way, can you hear me over here on Gilded? Hello, hello, hello. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, now, you mentioned drama. What do you think about Kim uh, Kardashian and Kanye West? Oh, look. Right. I'm no big fan of Kanye West. I think he's obviously a little bit insane. But if if your ex wanted to go out with a complete freak, and that, what whatever his name is, is it Pete Davidson or? Yeah. Yeah, he's a complete freak. He should be nowhere near kids. Now, if your ex ended up with him after you, you'd be laughing because he's obviously a freak who will be no good for anyone. I mean, literally the best thing he could do is, you know, jump off a very tall building. He's a disaster. And on that side, you'd think Kanye would be laughing, thinking, yeah, you know, I've done good here. You know, if that's what she's ended up with after me, ha, that's a win for me. But... Kanye's got kids with that woman. Yeah. 
and your kids are going to be around that creature, you'd be absolutely fuming. You wouldn't want your children anywhere near him. So on that on that um, point, you've got to say, this is a big L for Kanye, and he's going mad about it, and rightfully so. You know, you do not want your child near a freak like that. Now, what do you think how they're trying to portray Kanye is, like, crazy? and? No, he's not crazy. He's... Look, if you, you know, split up with someone and they end up going out with someone else and you've got kids, you are going to be very, very, um, you're going to want to scrutinize who your uh, ex-partner's new partner is. You're going to want to scrutinize that. You're going to want to know who they are and whether they're going to be good to your children. Now, obviously, you sometimes get um, situations where, unfortunately two people fall out of love they've got children and then other people um, come into their lives and sometimes you get a situation where that other person is a good person and you trust them with your kids and you think you know he's, he's a good guy he's got kids to another woman it's all unfortunate but these things happen but that um pete davidson's an absolute freak you wouldn't want him anywhere near any child he looks like the kind of person that you know you would want to be, you know, you know, have some sort of like a hundred meter exclusion zone around every park <laughs> in the neighborhood, so he couldn't go near kids. <laughs> yeah, uh, hard to disagree with that. Uh, by the way, uh, thank you, Pogasol. I'll play that in one second. That means we are forty percent of the way there on the extravaganza fund. Much appreciated. Uh, we're gonna have shows this weekend too, so the content never stops. The king of all content, right here. You're looking at him this weekend, tomorrow night. We're gonna have a Scott Hall watch party. Rest in peace to Razor Ramon, uh, who passed away this week. We're gonna do that tomorrow. Just kind of a fun, laid back watch party. Yeah, he was the uh, he was he was a good entertainer. Was Razor? He Ramon. was. He was what he, you know, and I talked about this, and I, I feel like he was on the level in terms of breaking through to the mainstream consciousness. He was kind of on a level of like a, almost or just right below a Hogan or a Stone Cold. No, you know? Yeah, no, he was. No, he was. Don't Everybody knows Rose, Razor Ramon, dude. Like, no. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 you're wrong. You're, you're, no, no, you're wrong. Look, the fact is you can't compare people like The Rock, Cena, and Hogan I said below. Hollywood careers. No, 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 like not Ramon. as a Hollywood star. I just mean like as a known guy, right? Like everybody I, knows. I think, look, and the other thing is <laughs> – Sadly, and I'm not besmirching the guy. He was very entertaining. He had a great gimmick. He played it really well. He was one of those guys when he was at the peak of his career. He wasn't one of those wrestlers that looked a little bit chubby. He looked in great shape. He had a great attitude. He did everything right. But sadly, his um, his addiction problems stopped him ever really achieving the singles run that he should have achieved. And that's something that's really sad because you see some guys have these big singles runs and they're probably not as good a wrestler as somebody, you know, like Scott Hall was, you know, Scott Hall was say a better wrestler than, um, I forgot his damn name now, but he had the strap in um, WWE for quite a while he played the sort of Dallas rich cowboy. Um, JBL. Who? JBL, John Bradshaw. Yeah, look, JBL was a decent wrestler. He had a good gimmick, but I wouldn't say he was as good a wrestler or had as good a gimmick as Razor Ramon. But Razor no. Ramon never had that big singles run, and it's very sad because of his addiction issues. Um, obviously, he was hugely, hugely influential, but... 
you know, his demons prevented him from reaching uh, the heights that he could have done. And I also think he was a, sort of a bit of a victim of the exploitative nature of the wrestling industry because one of the storylines that he had to play out was a storyline about addiction. Yeah. And I think that's a bit unfair act, asking a guy to, you know, take part in that when sadly they've lived it themselves. It, it's not just a, a role to them. That must be very hard. And I think it's really unfortunate. He was great. I, I'm just saying he wasn't, you know, a Hogan, but he was a great wrestler and he was also a great entertainer. And I think he'll be sadly missed. All right. Now let me also you oh. got to say that wrestling will never, ever be bigger than it was when WCW versus NWO was the big thing. That was the biggest wrestling ever was at that point with the Monday night wars and, you know, WCW versus NWO, you had, the likes of uh, Sting versus Hogan, you had Goldberg, you had um, the Outsiders. All of that was when, you know, wrestling was never bigger and also never edgier, never fresher, never more exciting. And one thing you'll never be able to take away from Scott Hall or Razor Ramon is the fact that he was in that at the very beginning. He was one of the guys that well, he was the began. catalyst for that, basically. Yeah, I mean, he was one he... of the two catalysts for that. Yeah, you know, yeah, for the whole era, Kevin but not Nash just for Scott Hall. Well, yeah. not just for what happened in WCW, but uh, the Attitude Era was a direct reaction to that. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like that all happened uh, as a domino effect, right? Like that's what that kind of changed the whole business. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I mean, you're preaching the choir here. That was my life when I was a kid. Of that, yeah. As a result of that, wrestling then declined because it went so far and you could never go back to that kind of 80s family friendly wrestling without a lot of the people leaving. And unfortunately, WWE has tried to go back to a more family friendly product, which has caused it to hemorrhage um, a lot of its viewers. And what's come about as a replacement, that AEW, which is just complete and it's a crap. It's just awful. Yeah, I again, I I don't know. Uh, you know, wrestling was big in the in the early era era of television as well. Uh, like really, really big. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. And it was because it was cheap to produce, right? Uh, and but some of these matches, I mean, millions and millions of people watch this shit live. Uh, and so then era, you know, wrestling went in an era of decline. I guess you'd say the that was the fifties, mid fifties. Um, kind of went down a little bit. Then in the seventies and the eighties, started to go back up. So more uh and then of course the 90s uh the late 90s well i guess what 96 through 2001 uh the huge wrestling boom i would say probably unlikely to see that again but you know you never know if something gets hot it, it something has to cross over to the mainstream basically um for it to break through but i just think it's going to be hard to to break that again because most the audiences are kind of so fragmented now, right? Like people know what they like, uh, and they don't have to watch anything they don't want. You know what I mean? Like in, in terms of getting people exposed to the product, um, I don't know. The overall wrestling piece of the pie is kind of segmented now, and it's like it's this segment. It's always going to be this segment, um, and it's like that for a lot of entertainment. I, I don't know. I just I just ha have a hard time. Like when I was a kid, WCW, WWF, Attitude Era, uh, Attitude Era, a little bit later on. Um, was like 
all anybody was talking about. Like that was just the next day after after Nitro after Raw. Like that was literally everything. And grown people were talking about it too. Like it was that it was that big of a deal. Like it was it was everywhere. Uh, and yeah, it hasn't been like that for a while. And it was cool too. Um, that's a that's that was one of the uh, rare. I guess usually you know the other parts of, of my life, wrestling scene is uncool. Usually, I'd say probably the scene's uncool a little bit now. Uh, but when I was a kid, Attitude Era, it was just like oh, this is like the coolest shit going on. Stone Cold, he's like kicking Stone Cold or sticking kicking Vince McMahon in the face. You know, pouring beer on him. You know, like just doing all kinds of wild shit. Yeah, it was good. It was entertainment. Yeah, you look at AEW now. It just looks, it just looks like what it is. A corporate entity has tried to set up uh, its own WWE competitor, and it looks soulless. There doesn't seem to be real grudges, decent storylines. It's terrible. And I think one of the most bizarre things is the Kenny Omega situation, because Kenny Omega is genuinely one of the most talented wrestlers out there. Are you telling me that Kenny Omega is going to be happy completing his career at AEW and never walking out and main eventing a WrestleMania. If you never main event a WrestleMania when you're at the top of your game, it's kind of like being one of those footballers that never, ever lifts a track. It's like being, you know, a Wayne Rooney but or a Cristiano Ronaldo or somebody of that caliber, but never, ever lifting a trophy or never playing in a cup final. I don't know. I just think that that's the maddest thing ever. If I was Kenny Omega, I would want to main event a WrestleMania. I remember Sting saying that. Sting said he never wanted to wrestle for Vince McMahon. And one day somebody asked him, do you really want to go down as the guy that never main evented a WrestleMania, even though at one point you were the biggest wrestler on the planet? And he said no, and he got on the phone to Vince McMahon, and he main evented a. I think he he, he did two WrestleManias, and you know he came out to a massive, massive. Um, By the way, reception. he should have beat Triple H. That was still yeah, like the, that was still the worst booking I think I've ever seen. I don't know one of them at least. Yeah, the problem is with Triple H. I really love Triple H. I think he's he was always in great shape. He was always somebody who was a good worker. He was a good technical wrestler. He would always take bumps really well. And on top of that, he looked impressive. He looked dominating. He looked like somebody that could hurt you and would inspire fear in you. He had all the right things, but unfortunately... He didn't know when to take an L, and Sting should have taken that win. He should have won a fight at WrestleMania. That should have been a given, and for Trip, Triple H didn't need that win. He didn't. That's need what I'm that saying. Win. He didn't need it. Plus, it was just right. The NWO reunited to help Sting, which was like another a nice little wrinkle there, because that of course they always hated each other uh, in WCW. But it was like okay, we're gonna unite to defeat DX, you know what I mean? And the and the WWF quote unquote WWE, uh, and then they had Triple H go over at the end. I was like, okay, yeah, that's great, great booking there, Vince. Appreciate it. Yeah, we know WWE is the greatest. We know. You know what? Yeah, and that's the other thing. Vince also, Vince also doesn't know really how to book anymore. He's, well, he owns um, it all, Mark. It's it's not a contest anymore. You know what I mean? 
right? Like, like he already owns WCW. There's no more contests. You can just book it how you want now, right? Like, you know what I mean? Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's what I mean. It's it's no good. And I think most people, you know, he's making so much money from the WWE network. But most people I know who've got a subscription to the WWE Network don't have it for really the modern stuff, except for the big showpiece events. They have it for the old stuff. They use it to, you know, watch all the old Raws and, you know, go back and watch WCW's back catalogue and go back and watch, you know, old Halloween Havocs or Starcades and relive their youth. They're not watching it for the modern stuff. And I also think that... Um, I, I do think WWE needs competition, but AEW just isn't it. And what's more, I also hate women's wrestling. That is so awful. It's just I'm like, torn on that. I don't know. I you know it's just crap. You don't like women's wrestling? I don't know. I can I can like it. Um, you know, the WrestleMania I went to was main evented by a women's match actually. Uh, oh, I don't need that. Look, they don't present a threat. When you go to watch wrestling, you want to watch two big guys tearing it up in the ring and pulling off stunts that guys that size shouldn't be able to pull off. That's what you. That's what you're gonna see. And when you, you know, I remember as a kid watching that uh, WrestleMania where Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior fought, and Ultimate Warrior pinned Hogan, Hogan pinned Warrior, neither of them counted. Then finally, Warrior pinned Hogan and won the belt off him because Hogan was going to go and work at uh, work in Hollywood. He was going to do movies, TV shows. He wanted to get away from wrestling. And I remember watching that. And as a kid, that had me on the edge of my seat till the very end. And I remember all the kids arguing in the playground about whether it was the right call, whether the right one won. It was just magical. And that kind of stuff for me is wrestling. Watching two bimbos, you know, play fight. <laughs> yeah, it's crap. Watching two bimbos have a little fake cat fight. Yeah, uh, you know what? Crap. I like the I like the uh, TNA uh, method from the old Attitude Era when they would like zoom in on the you know just like go pure, pure you know full purient just they get in the ring and it's got the camera like going around here you know what I, you know what I'm talking when they when they step into the ropes the camera's like way over through here. Wally sent three dollars. I hate the dishonesty where tickets have been sold for months. Then they give the women the main event at the very last minute and pretend that match drew the crowd. Yeah, well, many such cases. Pokecell, thank you. Pokecell sent $10. Nibbers be crazy. They'd be crazy. Uh, okay, now let's see. I think maybe. Is this going to work? Hold on, let's see. Uh, voice lobby. Dude, I have no idea. Uh, okay. How do I join this? Dude, I... <laughs> okay. I guess I'm in a lobby, maybe. Oh, man. Uh, We might try Telegram calls because this is driving me crazy. Um, So what time is this debate? How many hours till the debate? uh, It's at 8, so two hours. Oh, wait, uh, three hours and 20 minutes, actually. So it's not too far away. Um, I don't know why. I don't guess they can hear me. Um, Okay. Damn you. Damn you. We did get a couple callers in earlier though. So, it's not it wasn't a complete uh, complete lost effort. I really hate 
Uh, I hate apps that like make noises at me when I didn't ask it to make a noise. Uh, that really does piss me off. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, let's see uh, what I have here on my pad here. Yeah, we talked about Kanye. Uh, so when you're doing this Command and Conquer, and what are, who's playing? That's what I want to know. I've been itching for this. Well, I don't know. So I'm playing, obviously. Uh, the twenty. Oh, yeah. good. That's good to know. The twenty sixth is the day I, I think we had planned, right? For this that Saturday. Um, we can do it that Sunday too. But uh, I was thinking the twenty sixth. The Saturday's good with me, mate. The Saturday's good with me. Yeah, I was thinking Saturday the twenty sixth, and we could do it um, at like three p.m. Eastern. Um, I think that that would be. I think that that would be uh, optimum. Uh, optimum time there. Uh, and I saw some people pretty receptive to wanting to play, so I don't know how many uh, will or won't play, but I'm pretty sure we'll have a pretty good uh, crowd there. Now, uh, we'll have to go through maybe uh, this weekend I'll look through and see just how the multiplayer works on there and how we would set that up. Um, but I'm in, you're in. I'll see who else I can get in. So Command & Conquer, you can play up to like eight people at the same time, right? Um, yeah, on the biggest maps, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's eight. Uh, oh, Epstein says they're testing something out. Oh, they're testing the, the gilded out. Okay, well, uh, I don't know. Keep testing that. Man, I wish I could take calls on the Discord, but there's only two fucking call rooms. And this one over here, I can't unmute myself, which is ridiculous. I don't know why. I don't know why. I see a couple of people in the call room too, but I can't take them. You know what? I'll turn on the Telegram too. Let's see. Adam Green's going to be here at five thirty as well, about forty-five minutes. Uh, let's see. Live stream as yes. Okay, you can call in on Telegram, uh, and it should be live right now, actually. All in live now. Now, what's going on with uh, Patriotic Alternative? I actually saw you mentioned in a Vice video yesterday where they accused you guys of being like eco-terrorists or something. I don't know if you saw that. Eco-terrorists? Well, no, they no. said they tried to rap. I swear, I'm not making this up. They tried to rap uh, right-wing activist groups back in and say they have common cause with, with eco-terrorists or something. I I don't know. I have to pull the video back up. It was kind well, of I, 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 fairly I convoluted. I clue about that. So, yeah. I, you know. Yeah, it was, it was fairly convoluted, uh, I would have to say. All right, now, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw it. It was Vice, by the way. Uh, and it wasn't like a full thing. They just mentioned you guys uh, in the in the overall hit piece they were doing. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jay over on Cash App says, "How can I call in? I got something big for you." Oh. Gordzilla thirty seven sent ten dollars to get you in the mood for the twenty sixth. Oh shit, dude! I've heard this a bazillion times. I'm ready. Twenty sixth. Of course, we'll talk. I've talked about it some already. Uh, and a lot of people are ready. Let's just use the Steam version. It's only $7 if you don't have it now. The remastered, you can get it for 7 Yeah, if you, can't, if you can't afford $7. Yeah, yeah, it's like, come on. You don't have to pay 60 to play or whatever. It's 7 bucks. It's a classic game. If you're like me, uh, if you're of a certain age, you probably played it a lot anyway. Like, this is... I love... I think Command & Conquer is one of the best games ever made, actually. 
I think it's got a strong case uh, for one of, the, especially one of the most influential. Yeah. What do you say? I, about? I can't wait to play. I hope we do. I hope we do a one map on the original CNC and one on at least one on both games as well. You want to? I can't wait. Okay, we can do one on each. I'm down for that. Yeah, yeah, look, you've got to have... What do you mean we can? What do you mean we can? Of course we're going to. How can you have a classic Command & Conquer night without having the chance to play as Nod and basically hail Kane? I have to play as Nod. You're right. Uh... You've got to play as Nod. If you're, not, if you're not with Kane, if you're not with the Brotherhood, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are you doing? You're playing with the Globo Homo the globalist oh, Israeli shills. No, thank you. <laughs> GDI. I think, isn't that what it was? GDI? Okay. Yeah. That's a... Sent $3, Ralph. You got to try what I said about using a free oh. StreamYard account. IT works perfect for Callens and being free don't matter S because you're not going live. Worked perfectly for me. Send me that on disc, I mean on Slack again. Anonymous sent $10. Thanks, Mark. Rubles are tough right now. See me in September. Rubles are tough. Right? <laughs> I know this one. All right, now. What was I going to pull up? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, we're on Telegram. So somebody call in on Telegram. What the fuck? Oh, we got somebody. Okay, this guy's got an OJ profile. He must be cool. All right, let's see. What's up, JP? Oh, my God. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, what's up? Telegram, gang, gang, go. Hey, brother. I'm the one, that, I'm the one who sent that cash app. I'm trying to figure out how to call in. Hey, I got a couple things for you, actually. Okay, go ahead, then. Okay, so first of all, on Telegram, you can't hear your guests, so I can just hear you in the background. I think, I'm assuming you're calling on the phone. Or no, whatever. you can't hear the uh, guests. Wait, wait, wait. Say something, Mark. Hello. See, you can hear that. I, I can't hear it. It's Fuck. Why can't you hear that? I don't know. Don't worry about it. I've got the YouTube playing in the background, so it's kind of a delay. It's like I'm watching a... a okay, Japanese. I'll fix that somehow, but anyway, go ahead. All right, listen, a couple things. First of all, if you want to play Command & Conquer for free and you don't want to download it and you want to play multiplayer, just do a Google search for Chrono Divide. There's a group of people who did an open-source version. You can go on there right now and play multiplayer, all the maps, all the weapons, everything. It's fucking awesome. Um, I, uh, I play it at work. <laughs> oh, you can just um, pull it up on your browser. Yeah, it's Chrono Divide. You don't have to download anything. You can play it on Mac or PC. It doesn't matter. Oh fuck! I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's a. It was fan made. It's completely redone. It's amazing, and I, I'm just like you, man. We're about the same age. Every day after school, I'd go home. Yeah. I would hook the landline up. We would play each other, and just to be able to go on there and play for free, and it saves your um, games so you can download all that other stuff to see the replays and whatnot. Um, hey, listen, dude. A couple things. Number one is, is I know how big of a wrestling fan you are. Um, I'm actually, well, semi-retired. I, I used to promote wrestling shows for, for a living. Like, it was what I did for, wow, know, 10 years. That's awesome. Um, and I know you're a huge wrestling fan, and I, I've always wondered, why not do, like, a kill stream, uh, an event? Huh. Why not do a big-ass wrestling event? Uh, well, I've never promoted a wrestling event. Uh, I mean, that's obviously... Any uh, long-time wrestling fans probably thought of something like that. I can't that. hear you. Oh, can you I'm not sure. hear me? Oh, well. 
Now I can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. I was about to say, yeah, I mean, I've thought about that. I mean, any fan would have probably thought about something like that, but, I mean, I have no experience in promoting wrestling a, a wrestling event. You have to have a ring and a venue, and you might have to have a what approval. If I, what if, well, let me ask you a question. What if you and I can talk offline, and I can set something up for you to where you could have an event? And I guarantee you that shit would sell out, and I can get you pretty decent names. Like, if, if you want guys, I can get you guys. And I'm not talking about curtain jerkers. I'm talking, like, former guys, whatever. We could have an actually fun event where people could come I mean, I think you already know who you're talking to and that I would definitely be down for something like that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, the answer is yes, I would be down for something like that. All right, cool. Check your DMs. I DM'd you on Twitter. We're, we're following each other on VetFlagMaker. You'll be able to find me pretty quick. Um, and then here's the next thing I wanted to ask you. Um, you, I know that – first of all, I love your show, man. I called him before, had a really good debate about the whole um, – Thing with uh, the uh, verdict for um, Kyle Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. I think one of the biggest things that I take from your show is is that you're just completely unavoidable, which is something that <laughs> that I love. I, here's my question: Is how do you propose, or how would somebody not get into what you're doing? But like, I've always wanted to debate some of your guests. I've always wanted to come on and like just slay somebody like Destiny. Um, what are some things that I can do to kind of build up my rep and build up my name to kind of come on and, and show that I'm not just some mark that I can come on and actually, um, I would say that, um, of course, you know, if you have a name already, it's easier to sell, not just to the audience, but just to the other debate participant. Right. Cause they'll say if they yeah, have a certain, if they have a certain stature, they'll say, well, I don't know who this bum is or, or whatever, which is natural. Right. Um, but I, I would say that, um, if you have a, a, a niche, uh, it would be important if you don't have a name, right? Uh, is to is to have a have a topic or a field where you're just an, a killer in that. You know, you specialize in that. That's really how you get an audience online, anyway. Uh, is to specialize sure. in something first and then branch out uh, from there. That would be my advice. Short advice. Well, I, mean, I appreciate. More, yeah, that's more, but yeah. No, I mean I appreciate it. I I know that you're busy and you're taking the time. This is kind of maybe this is the, the best thing no, to do it, but I figured I'd throw the line out there and say I'm throwing down the gauntlet. I'll debate anyone anytime, anywhere. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. I was gonna say, that. message me, uh, send me some stuff on Twitter. I'll get back to you after the show tonight uh, on some of that other stuff, yeah. and we can talk about any of this too. So, uh, but yeah, man, I appreciate you sounds calling good. in. That sounds like an intriguing idea, one that I would definitely, obviously, fucking love to do. So, yeah. Be like Ethan Ralph presents beers, babes, and body slams. Oh, I, dude, I you can't even it. like. I can just. I'm. I'm smiling just thinking about it. Uh, I would just absolutely, you know, uh, uh, mark out for something like that. <laughs> I guess you could say, yeah. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, so yeah, if I'll, it's, it's in any way feasible, then I would do it. Yeah. It's a hundred. Well, it's a hundred percent feasible. And when you and I can kind of go over the numbers of what you can actually pull from doing something like this, you're going to shit your pants. So I, I'm I'm really excited to potentially be working with people. I'd be more excited to just crush the hopes of some little lefty loser. So uh, if there's you know anything you need from me, let me know. But I'll definitely keep in contact with you and I'll send you. And by the way, I want I also wanted to say congratulations on the birth of your child, man. That's awesome. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you on all counts, and you have a good one. Hey, you too. Good luck to you on your wedding day. Appreciate you, brother.
right, now let's see here. Uh, Kiosk man, what's up? And I'll play these super chats in just one second. I promise I'm not skipping any. Kiosk man, what's up? Uh oh. I don't know if you can hear me. We can hear these super chats though. Let me unmute because I think a couple of them are for you, Mark. Uh, I was just looking at that um, red alert thing you were talking about. That was a cool site. Did you see that, by the way? Yeah, yeah. I think we might just use that. I wasn't. Nah, he was studying. I was actually reading through that tab to set it up because I love red alerts. I know, dude. Like, yes, no, no, you're coming through. You're coming through, Claire. We can just, uh, we're just looking at the red alert site. We might just use that. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Man, that's going to be more difficult. You need is to it? use All right, let's just use one You're that right. people can set up. Pokecell, I mean, thank if you. If you and I wanted to do a one-on-one on Red Alert 2, I'd do that. But if we do hey, eight, two like, questions yeah, and then sunset me. Right. Ralph, what, the first one for you. Um, do you think your interest in politics and wrestling has to do with the fact that they're both stage-managed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I do have a. I do like studying stagecraft. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. What's the other and one? The second question. Second question is for Mark. Yeah. Um, he wanted to talk about less serious things. What did he? What does he think about the uh, controversy around Elden Ring? All right. What controversy? What is the controversy? Yeah. Uh, a lot of bitch-ass game reviewers saying it's too hard and it doesn't hold your hand and the UI isn't holding your hand the whole way through. It's a Souls-like game, so if you played one of those, you know how it's like. You see, I, I've probably got an unpopular take on this, to be honest. I think games are there to be enjoyed, and from my perspective, I like differing difficulties in games, you know, and... I sometimes, I'm one sort of game I'm not very good at is uh, shoot 'em ups. I'm not very good at games like R Type or uh, Gradius. And I do play them on lower difficulties because I actually find them really difficult. They just don't sort of mesh well with me. But then other games, sort of games like Command and Conquer, I always used to play them on the very highest difficulty. I couldn't stand playing them on easy difficulties because. I was pretty good at those. And I think there should be options there, really. I don't see the problem with that. If, if somebody wants to play the Elden Ring on baby difficulty, well, let them get on with it. If that's what they want to do and that's how they're enjoying the, the game they play, paid $60 for, you know, and if people want to play it on the, the more difficult difficulty let them get on with it you know and offer sort of incentives or rewards for people who complete it in the way the developers think it should be completed for example i like watching those dark souls runs where people do it all without armor and using like a stick or a really basic weapon and i find it incredible that people have got that level of skill and can get through an entire dark souls game without taking a hit and never even picking up a piece of armor but does that mean everyone should play it that way? Probably not. So I, I do have some some sympathy with people who just want to kick back and relax and play a game without it stressing them out. But at the same time, you know, probably most game reviewers are complete dicks who can't actually play games. So, you know, there's probably a bit of truth there. <laughs> One more question, Mark. Tiberian Sun, yay or nay? Oh, this Tiberian is probably going to be unpopular, but... Nay. Nay, I yes! When it came out. Me too, and I hated it! Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it, no! It no, hell no! 
right, go ahead. But unfortunately, it was very unbalanced. And I remember playing it at first with Nod oh, before strange. it was patched with the um, the expansion pack. So I bought the expansion pack, which was your patch back in the day. If you didn't buy the expansion pack, it would never be patched. And the original Tiberian Sun, before it was patched, the Nod underground units and the Nod artillery basically broke the game. The game was pretty much ruined. Once you'd got five Nod artilleries up, in the pre-patched game you were pretty much unstoppable and i just found it to be very unbalanced compared to red alert and the original command and conquer and then when red alert 2 came out that was really good and that was well balanced and command and conquer 3 um was really really good that was the one with the screen as a third faction so i kind of see tiberium so not as a terrible game but as a a very unbalanced game and not as good as the others. I played the patch versions and the uh, sequel, so I feel a different way about it. But I'll uh, let you go, well, Ralph. Have home. a great you time a at your uh, party, buddy. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your Thank support. You. I'm glad uh, Telegram is working for calls. Uh, all right, you have a good one. I'll try to sunset you. Let's see if I can do that. Um, I can just mute you. Yeah, okay. That sends you back. Okay, mute hangs up basically uh okay cool uh now there was some stuff that came out i don't want to miss those people th start getting mad at me uh pokacell first off uh appreciate that brother big support from you today it was good hanging out in orlando god that was really fun Apac four is what i can't wait for Woo! all right now we play the anthem oh i did not see that boom hour Deshaun Watson to Cleveland. Boomhauer sent $3. Ralph, did you oh. see Deshaun Watson to Cleveland? I did not, Boomhauer. Boomhauer sent $3. Mark, what do you think of Command and Conquer Generals? I think it's oh. my all-time favorite. What do you think? You know what? You're going to hate me for this, but that's the one Command and Conquer game I didn't play. And I didn't play it because it seemed to be in a more real-world setting. And I was really taken with both the original Command and Conquer Tiberium setting and the Red Alert setting. Really, really loved them. And when I saw Generals, it just left me a bit cold. Now, a lot of people have said the gameplay was fantastic, but it just didn't really appeal to me. I wasn't really drawn in. Um, maybe I should Maybe I should give it a blast. Yeah, maybe you should. You know, um, I didn't get to play General so way later because my PC at the time wouldn't play it or whatever. Um, and so I did play it later and enjoyed it, but it didn't play it that much. Uh, and I think for many of the same reasons. I kind of like Command & Conquer. It had realism, but it was also like, it was like if things had branched off into some weird shit. You know what I mean? Like, uh, right? Like, okay, history went off into some weird shit. Like, it's kind of got some realism, but it's also a little kooky, a little a little out there, too, you know? Uh, I, I don't know. I just kind of like the alternate history uh, aspect of it, kind of. Um, and then Command & Conquer, I mean, just the gameplay, too. Uh, all right, now let's see. And it still holds up to this day. The remaster they did is great. Like, it's worth $7. It's worth the 20 that I paid for it. Um, it's actually really good. Uh, they didn't do, they didn't fuck anything up, but they really did improve the looks of it all the way around. Uh, and they made a couple little intuitive um, changes with controls, too, that work out well. And unit building cues. Yeah. You can queue your units. You don't have to, you know, up to like 100 units and all things like that. It's far more. It's just little tweaks that as a kid, you'd have thought, that's 
great. It really improves it, but without wrecking it, it, it is really good. It, I bought it for myself and my friend, the Patriot, who does um, nationalist artwork. And, you know, me and him played it live on stream and I gave him a right whooping. But it was... Uh, You're about to get a right fun. whooping from me when we play it. That's no, I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> You're about I'll to tell you what, right. mate. There's more chance of you beating me in a long distance run than there is of you beating me at Command and Conquer. Well, you know what? I'm slipping <laughs> down. I'm getting ready for that one, too. All right, now, let me... <laughs> <laughs> Let me play this one. <laughs> All right. You talking a lot of shit. You know what? I'm probably going to get stomped. I, I used to be really, really good when I was a kid, uh, but uh, I'm not quite as good now. I guess uh, I never was good at bowling, though. So the bowling event on April 2nd, I always I sucked at bowling. terrible at bowling. Yeah, as I say, I I've always sucked at bowling. blow up things down the sides. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. yeah the, <laughs> the borders or the bumpers, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. That's what I really need. Dude, it's going to be bad. It's going to be on fucking camera too so everybody will get to laugh at my ineptitude i have a feeling there's going to be a lot of bad bowlers there though so uh hopefully it won't be too bad all right let me pull this up play this please there we go christian nationalist sent five dollars mark have you accepted jesus christ as your lord and savior have i accepted jesus christ as my lord and savior i'm a christian um but i think uh I think our salvation, I think if you read the Bible, our salvation comes from within us. Uh, we have the choice as sentient human beings to make good decisions and to do the right thing. I think the correct understanding of the Bible is that Jesus and God are pretty much hands off. They let you get on with things. They make you make decisions. They don't guide you. They don't tell you what to do. They, in fact, put you here as almost a test to see if you can, by your own hand, do the right thing. You're tempted on a daily basis. You're pushed often to breaking point, you know, multiple times throughout your life. And it's within you that you find the strength to do the correct thing. And I think if you read the Bible and you understand what it's saying is that God doesn't intervene. And I always find it really, really interesting um, when Christians say things like, this is all part of God's plan or, you know, uh, God speaks to me, he acts through me. That's not what the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says quite the opposite. The Bible says, you know, God isn't going to intervene. The Bible says Jesus isn't going to do it for you, that you have to do it yourself and you have to make the right decisions. And those decisions are a test. Now, of course, you can gain strength through your faith. You can gain strength through scripture, through um, prayer, but there isn't an all-powerful force directing you and wiping your bottom and making you do the right thing. That comes from your own hard work. All right. Now, let me play these. By the way, I'm about to, I think I'm, I was going to save this, but I think today is a good day. This is the uh, Padron. I've gotten into cigars recently, Mark. Do you like cigars? Um, I, Only if it's something like a wedding or a big celebration. I don't do anything like that. Padron. I've had one of these in Tampa, actually. 
I mean, what do you do? Do you take it all the way down? Do you take it into your lungs, or you just no, 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 no? You don't do that. Yeah, that that's not good. That would be bad. <laughs> That'd be it's very bad. It's just for show. No, yeah, you just kind of puff on it. You know all those the... super chats you're giving him? He's probably blown about three hundred dollars on no, that one cigar. No, no, it was. It, that is like a twenty dollars cigar though, but uh, not three hundred. All right, now let me uh, let me play these. So a couple came in. Uh, why wow, is this not working? Okay, there we go. Anonymous sent $3 become a dad and have children caller. There we go. That's AF Ohio brother. Patriot sent $10. I was a diehard Browns oh, fan shit. my whole life. Stopped okay. Watching after Which the one did BLM I just crack, turn down? Then started watching again when the Browns okay. drafted Baker. Mark, can you still hear me? Game again. I can hear they you. Baker over. Oh, wait. The super chats about some guy. Why can't I, I hear you? Hold on. Uh... Now all of a sudden I can't fucking hear. Okay, let me try to turn that off. That's weird. I don't think that's ever happened. Okay. Hold on. Alright, it still shows me. Uh okay, say something again. Can you hear well, me, Mark? I can hear you. Okay. Uh, oh, I see what happened there. It was the little green button here that was pushed. I was like, what the fuck? It, like, mutes everything. Okay. All right. I was about to just be at the end of my rope there. I was like, oh, God, please don't let this be an unfixable issue. All right. Um, let's see. Cat Hugger, go ahead. You wanted to call in on the other option. Hello, hello, hello. Sir. <laughs> to unmute myself good evening Ethan good evening Mark good evening hello very well. hello <laughs> nice to be with you I uh, just wanted to call in to say I can't wait to see destiny getting smashed tonight I want to congratulate you on your baby thank you and uh, if you want to beat Mark in the video game you just need to walk past the first boss in Hammer Defender <laughs> <laughs> thank you very kindly for calling in i'm glad you made it too they were trying to call in on gilded and it was being a little buggy so uh, i appreciate that and i hope you uh stay for the rest of the debate and uh, thank you very much for calling in definitely thank you all right thank you too all right now what do you say to that mark i say she is a very lovely lady. Uh, I didn't complete the whole of High Map Defender. It wasn't the first boss that I got stuck on. I think it was the I think it was the second one where you have to drop the beer bottles and I just couldn't seem to do it. And then somebody I think I think it was actually Cat Hugger who messaged me saying, You're doing it all wrong, Mark, and then I did it and I felt like a bit of a fool. But it's a very good game, it's free, it's worth it. Support the developers. Very good. All right now, let's see. Chat. I see a couple comments. I just said, I was getting through. I'm used to them all being mailed to, and I just said, and then she came on with this uh, uh, intriguing accent, I'll say, to be respectful to the caller, intriguing. Uh, She's German. Yeah, oh, yeah, I knew that. (laughs) No, somebody in the chat said she was French. No, no. Oh, did they say that? No, no, it was German. Yeah, yeah, I could tell that right off. Uh, a hot. I mean, look, an accent on a female like that is hot. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Uh, now, 
I mean, let's just be real. Mate, you're, you're two kids by two different women. At this point, you just no need way. to calm down. You need to calm down, big boy. Now, wait a minute, sir. All right, now, let me play this. The Ralph is seed don't miss, I'll tell you that. Anyway. No one is mad at you, Ralph. You are the best in the biz. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, we're over halfway there on the extravaganza fund now, so thank you guys for that as well. Anonymous, go ahead. Anonymous sent $3 agree with that mark. Help those that help themselves. Help those that help themselves. May I, do you know what? Do you know what? What? I've got to say that's one of the most thoughtful and genuine super chats, and I'll tell you why. Because... What a lot of people don't see, a lot of people see me doing this. They see me doing streams. They see me sort of having a bit of a laugh and a joke, being cheeky or addressing political points. But one thing people don't see is I spend a huge amount of time mentoring people. I help people with their CVs. I give people advice on how to behave in interviews. I help people with their um, physical and mental health. I do lots of things behind the scenes. And some days I can spend literally hours on the phone to people who are depressed, who have, um, you know, some of them have got suicidal tendencies. Some of them have got addiction problems. And I do my best to help everyone who reaches out to me. Um, Everyone's got my email. It's mark at the fall of westernman.com. People can contact me whenever they need me. Um, I give people my phone number. I'm quite open with that. So everyone can just obtain my number and give me a call if they're low or they need, you know, a friend or somebody to speak to. I'm, it's something I pride myself on that I go out of my way to help people. But this guy's right. One of the fate, fatal flaws with a lot of people today who want help is they don't actually want to help themselves. They want somebody to come and rescue them and do it all for them. And one thing that I've learned the hard way in helping a lot of young people is you really are best reserving your help and your energy for somebody who's putting in some effort. You know, somebody who actually is going to put in a little bit of legwork themselves. It's like uh, helping a wounded soldier who's down on the battlefield. If that guy puts in a little bit of effort, you know, and, uh, you know, uses his one working leg to help that little bit when you're carrying him away or he's got his arm over your shoulder, it makes it so much easier. But if somebody's a dead weight and he's refusing to do anything to help themselves or help you as you're trying to help them, it makes your life so difficult. And it's so sad today to see so many young people who rather than wanting to put that little bit of effort in and, you know, assist in their own sort of salvation, they basically want you to do it all for them. And that that's not where help comes from. And that's what I was really talking about with the Christianity thing. If you want to help yourself, help doesn't come through prayer. It doesn't come through meditation. It doesn't come through um, faith alone. It comes from getting off your backside and making the right decisions, doing the difficult thing and helping yourself. Yeah, well, and sometimes uh, some people you bend down to help out, they're pulling you under a little bit too. Like it's there has to be a little bit of they're reaching too rather than pulling you <laughs> with them, right? It's like, uh, okay, they're reaching to get a lift, not to fucking pull your ass down back where they are. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of truth to what you said there. Uh, now let's see. Uh, I think I'm caught up on those. I think we have some more callers here, too, though. Adam Green, pretty soon. I'm going to have to text him. Uh, let's see. Uh-oh. BC, go ahead. Are you here? BC what? Oh, my goodness. Cigar is so good, Mark. God, please enjoy that. 
I'm pleased that you sent. I'm pleased with all those hundreds of dollars of super chats that you begged for because you're living in hardship went on the fattest cigar I've ever made. Well done, Ralph. Well done. It's doing good, man. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, you know, I want to see this totalizer of cash reach the top so that Ralph, after the show, can clear his throat of that tasty cigar smoke with a glass right. of champagne. That's what the guy needs. He's, he's down and out. Come on. Help a man. Help a man. I think you're right, man. I, see, I sent some... Um... Some saltiness in your voice there. I mean, no, maybe you should, maybe you should you know get what? maybe you should get on the cigar and champagne diet. I don't know. You'd be a little happier. You maybe. know what? If there's one thing, if there's one thing that I'm, um, if the well, if the, there's one thing I never begrudge a friend, and that's some good times. <laughs> if you're having a good life, my friend, and you're enjoying it, and people are happy to pay you to do it. You knock yourself out. People saying in the chat, caviar too. No, I've enjoyed a fine glass of champagne. I've enjoyed a fine. Uh, yeah, why not caviar? Well. Caviar is vile. It is. You know, I've never actually had caviar. Disgusting. It's disgusting. It is. Is it that bad? I've never had it. It's honestly, foul. Yeah. It, it like pops on your tongue. It takes like tastes like rotten fish. I had some uh, at a party once, and it was disgusting. Disgusting. In the red corner. Somebody in chat made me laugh. They said, cut the salt from your diet, Mark. $3, fuck is yeah. what, they, what they said. All right. Now, let me let me play this. Hold on. I'll just replay this because I it got started in the middle. All right. Uh, okay. God, this has been so fun. We, we haven't even got to the fucking main event yet, and we still have other guests to call in, too. Like, this is amazing. Thank you, by the way, for, for spending your afternoon here with Well, your early evening. Uh, here we go, Nate Smokes, go ahead. N8 Smokes sent $3. Ralph is a legend. No one can abort the retort. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Do you know what is funny, though? Do you know what is funny? i got to say this. Right. I do like poking fun at Ethan, and I do um, I do like having a bit of a laugh uh, and being a bit cheeky on this show, because I do class him as a friend. We do talk offline. I like him a lot. So I have got to the point where I can sort of mock him a little bit, and he knows it's just sort of friendly mocking. But one thing I do really enjoy is there's all these people who hate Ethan, and they're literally, you know, living on their parents' sofas or living in their <laughs> parents' basement. They're all on some sort of assistance government welfare check, and they're sat here now crying because he's enjoying that cigar. That one cigar probably costs more <laughs> than they will spend on food in the next month, and he's just he's just loving life. And these haters, they're sat at home grizzling, tearing themselves up there's probably several dozen people hate watching this now are, on yeah. some kind of government assistance check <laughs> watching you puff that cigar and you know what that does make me feel a little warmer in my stomach that fills me with a little bit of happiness <laughs> i think you know i think usually i would say somebody of your good <laughs> lifestyle, probably have sort of reduced life expectancy. But I think you're going to live to about 110 just off the fumes of hatred that others feed you. You know, their hatred grows the Ralph. The Ralph's power levels grow every day as you feed off the, the hate and malice that these people sure. give you as they hate watch. Spite is the, is the best... 
uh, longevity booster that exists. I can just tell you that. And, you know, I was was telling, I'm not kidding. I was telling Pantsu the other day, I was like, I've lost 15 pounds in the last two or three weeks. I was telling her, I got to get healthy. I got to lose weight. I got to live longer to piss these people off. If I die too soon, they're going to get away with it. I have to live longer. All right, go ahead, caller. Can you hear me? Just before the caller comes in, I've got to say this. Oh, wait. Yeah, fuck you, caller. Be quiet. Yeah, be quiet. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. You're sat there in the jacuzzi with your sort of size 10 hard-bodied girlfriend, champagne in one hand, cigar in the other, and there's some guy in his in his parents' basement convincing himself that Ralph is totally done and it's the end of remember the Remember when they said that? <laughs> They've said it many times. I remember. It's Nick... over for you, Ralph. It's over. <laughs> no, they, they legit thought it was over. They thought it was over. February 1st, February 2nd, they were out there saying it was over. They're like, oh, I got in a fight with Jim and it's over now and nobody's going to watch him anymore. And blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Uh, and maybe it would be over if all these other motherfuckers didn't suck so bad. Let's be real. Uh, and, like, I mean, let's, let's just be honest. Nobody else is doing what I'm doing. Nobody else is setting up these shows. Nobody else is booking booking mega events like this like i don't know what to say like uh people care about being entertained at the end of the day uh, and that's pretty much all they care about uh so i figured that out a long time ago uh now caller and i'll play these super chats here in just a minute uh go ahead caller ethan ralph what's going on oh, nothing much just doing my thing i'm in my element you absolutely are, and you're absolutely right about that. The, the reason why you're not going to die ever is because you're, you are like an entertainer. People like to be like, oh, I don't like Ralph because I don't like his politics or he has bad guests on or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. You're an entertainer. So as long as you keep filling that need, the, the Ralph resort's not going anywhere. So you're absolutely right about that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you saying that. Now, what did you call in to say in the first place? Yeah, for Mark. Um, uh, for Mark, yes. Uh, have you noticed in the, in the right in England, uh, there's this weird phenomena in the dissident right over here, particularly by Richard Spencer types, but there's another one, Greg Johnson. I don't know if you know him from countercurrents. He's the same way. Greg Johnson. They're dissident, right? Yeah. They're, uh, they're dissident, right? And they're, you know, pro white, pro whatever, blah, blah, blah. But they're taking the Ukraine side and they're taking the NATO side. Now, I, I, I get, like, even later tonight, there's going to be that debate, Nick and Destiny. I get why Destiny is pro the NATO side. I get why all the liberals are. I get why neocons are. But, like, have you noticed in the dissident right in England or anyone else this phenomenon of, like, being red-pilled on race and everything and being pro-white but still taking the Ukraine side? I think there are some people who are genuinely taking it, and that's because they have a genuinely different take. I mean, if you have a look at what the Golden One said, his takes were pretty good. I think on the topic of Richard Spencer, Richard Spencer is now the political equivalent of a a turd-hurling, tantruming child that simply exists to say the opposite of what anyone who is watching him actually thinks just to get a reaction. So at one time, he was some privileged trust fund child who obviously joined the dissident right to annoy all the other privileged trust fund children that he grew up around. But when they were no longer listening and he could no longer wind them up in any way, he now 
is a contrarian within the right and says the opposite of what the last few people actually listening to him think. And he does this just to annoy people. So he's obviously taken the Ukraine side, just like he took the vax, just like he supports the European Union over Brexit. All it is, is basically one long cry for attention from him. And he will say whatever he needs to say at any given time to get most people listening and to throw the biggest sort of a most childish tantrum like when he supported joe biden supported joe biden because he wanted to annoy people you know just like before when he supported trump he was trying to annoy somebody else it's tiresome it's just disingenuous did you say turd hurler yeah 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 he's like a turd hurling (laughs) child like he's he's a sort of richard spencer is the political equivalent of a child hurling poop at a wall he's just doing it to annoy people with Spencer, too, like, I, I think that it might even be a bit more nefarious than that because, like, I, I agree with your take that he, just in general, he's a contrarian. And I totally agree with that because even on the dissident right, he takes, if he's talking to someone on the right, he'll take the liberal position. But with Spencer recently, you know, you know the whole, the classic narrative of, like, a guy in a dissident movement gets into trouble with the law, the feds nail, like, nail him, they're going to say, you're going to go to jail or have to pay millions of dollars. And then they say, but we'll help you out if you do X, Y, and Z for us. I mean, Spencer got loaded, got nailed on the Charlottesville stuff. Millions of dollars he's, he's, he's responsible for, I think. But he's free to go. And now he's completely taken the pro-regime takes. I mean, it just, it just seems too much like the, the classic narrative of the, of the turncoat. The guy who had, was the leader of a dissident movement and is now turned in order to try and get those people to be pro-regime again. I mean, with him, I don't know what Greg Johnson's deal is. He just seems like a homosexual. But with Spencer, it seems to be more nefarious. What do you think? Look, I don't know. I I don't think Richard's uh, motivations are nefarious. I just think he's a child who wants attention. He's somebody who, for whatever reason, when he was a trust fund kid, people didn't listen to him enough. So he had to say something that annoyed the people around him. So the something he said was um, pro-white overtures. When all of the people that were being offended by that stopped listening, he started saying things to the last few people who were listening, which were people on the dissident right, which annoyed them. So, you know, people on the dissident right were rightfully um, very, you know, what can I say? Uh, They were very wary of the COVID narrative. They were very wary of the jab. So what did Spencer go and do? He went and got jabbed. He put a mask on. He wore a big sticker saying, I'm proud to be jabbed. You know, and he was just doing it to be a contrarian. He supported Biden when um, Biden ran against Trump because he wanted to be a contrarian. He did that cringeworthy interview with that um, vice journalist who looks like she's got some kind of degenerative disorder. Oh, oh that was so embarrassing. That was so embarrassing yeah, for him. Yeah, he was basically crawling about, um, burning, yeah. pulling faces and begging for her sympathy. You know, what? what is all of this about? I don't know. I think it's just a cry for attention. I think everything he does is to annoy the audience that is currently listening to him. It's as simple as that. But Mark, Mark, fundamentally, you don't understand that fundamentally we are all Spenglerian white people. I hate the way he talks. He talks like such a I, 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 We should have known back in 2016. Sure. 
I don't know how, why it took so long for us to figure it out. Anyway, Ralph, you can sunset me. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you calling in. Telegram is working pretty well, actually, uh, for calls. It's working good. For calls. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Uh, all right, thank you, man. Yep. All right, now let's see. Uh, thank you, guys. Mega support today. Very kind of you. 54% of the way there. <laughs> I see some of these. Uh, okay, I think I played these. I'm trying to make sure not to miss any. Uh, I don't want to do that. Uh, here we go. In the red corner, from parts unknown, merciful Max, the Roman rock sent three Would you really? Yes. I would be happy to participate in a wrestling event in full legionary. Dude, civilia. it would be based. That caller. We has have a sick to. Idea. If he's got, if he's in any way serious, and like you know, I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna put up a huge ca- you know, amount of capital or whatever. But if he can, like, if we can do it and like kind of promote it in in a way that makes sense, I would be absolutely all in on doing a wrestling event. Like that would be one of my dream things to do, actually. <laughs> So I think uh, that's what I was telling him. I was like, you're asking me questions that I think you already know the answer to, right? Would you be willing to do a wrestling event? Uh, yes, uh, 100%. Now, I'm not going to do you know, crazy shit that adds more to my debt and shit like that. But Isis and sent $20 by some cigars on me, big guy. Thank you, Isis. Appreciate that, brother. That just paid for this Padron right here. 1926 series, by the way. Anonymous sent $10. Is this when he drinks the Lipton? I remember this ad. I remember this ad. I've watched this ad a hundred times. I remember when it used to come on when I was a kid. I was such a huge Rocky fan, too. <laughs> I've heard that so many times. Holy shit. Thank you. Go ahead, Anonymous. Anonymous sent $3 when his Russian Dugin translating wife left. He opposed her. He said as much. She brainwashed him. Uh, well, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Look. Oh, my God. Somebody's put the face of that creature in the chat. You need to you need to get that face out of the Odyssey chat and put it on the screen so everyone can see what a weird thing that is. It looks like it looks like one of those uh, oh, creatures god, from the dude, hills have eyes. Fucked up. Oh my god. I'll see if I can pull it up here. She is a weird looking bitch. I just there's no look at that. Should we play the interview? Do you want me to pull it up because it is that crazy? No, I think I need to do it. I think I need to do like a two-hour breakdown yeah. on that interview where we stop it every few seconds so I can point out exactly how uh, weak. He By the way, being. I like look. I like Richards has been a long-term guest. I'm not. I'm not Curtis. I don't want to make it that. But uh, yeah, she's a, she's a weird. She's a weird creature. Any um, man that submits to that creature has got problems. Oh, big problems. All right, now let's see here. Uh, do we have callers? Also, another thing about Spencer, callers, let's go. Even worse is every every week he's become one of those sort of cause of the week liberals who are so tiresome. You know the ones that change their profile picture to have them in a mask or them with a Ukraine flag in the background. Yeah. He's doing that now, and he's only doing it because he knows it riles people in the dissident right because. He just wants people to notice him. He's an attention-seeking child. That's what he is. 
There we go. What's her name? L something. I can't remember. Uh, she's a weirdo. She finally got a CNN job, though. So, I mean, I got to give her credit. Uh, she did finally, finally get up there. Uh, by the way, we got the Telegram out there. It's live now. You can join the Telegram. You can do calls. Let's see here. Let me see if I can uh, I see others listening. Let me see. Oh, uh, actually, I need to text Adam Green. What do you think? I guess you're here. Did we talk about I think we talked about this with you last time, though, the, the Burke News stuff and all that. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah, that I think we, are, we already idiot. covered that, really. So um, let me see. Uh, what about Boris Johnson and what's going on? You know, there was a lot of movement that he might be run out of office, basically. But no, no communist, he wrote it out. In the Ukraine, that's buried all that. That's right. You know? That's right. He leaned into it, though. Honestly, Boris Johnson, uh, love him or hate him, and I don't. I think you mostly hate him. Um, man, he wrote that shit out. I think he's going to be prime minister all throughout his term now. I don't think. I don't think there's going to be enough to to take him out. No, no. Look, all that everyone cares about now, uh, who's sort of anything to do with the establishment, is putting up a little Ukrainian flag and virtue signaling for that. You know, when it comes down to it, that's how this all works. It, it's cause of the week, and these liberals throw themselves in to the cause of the week as, you know, aggressively as they possibly can. And that is... Um, what he he's done that and it, it's to his benefit everyone's forgotten about party gate everyone's forgotten that he broke some rules everyone's forgotten that you know him and his friends were all enjoying the good life drinking champagne and eating canapes when uh, the rest of us were trapped in our houses worried that we were going to get arrested if we did two pieces of exercise in one day you know because everyone's got a short memory all right now let's see we may or may not get a crossover guest. We'll see here. Let's see. Or 5.30 Eastern. Yeah, I thought 5.30. But uh, we shall see here. We're getting close. We're, we're coming around close to 6 p.m. 8 p.m. is the debate time. Now, for those who join, joined us late, Mark, uh, you debated Destiny recently. Um, just, you know, you kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, your thoughts. But uh, how do you see this going? Just uh, Well, I think, as I said... I said this earlier, I think Nick has, well, Nick's debating this from the easier side. The easier point of view, the historical um, perspective goes to Nick's side. If Nick fights this from the point of view that this is the reverse of the Cuban Missile Crisis, that um, NATO have repeatedly broken the agreement they had with Russia not to reduce the buffer zone between the NATO bloc and the Russian Federation. If um, Nick approaches this from the point of view that the 2014 uh, maiden revolution was a CIA-backed Western coup, which is um, something that was backed up quite comprehensively with a film that Roger Stone made about this. Uh, if he comes at it from that point of view, it's very difficult to actually argue against it. And it's also very difficult from the point of view of anyone who is looking at any Western conflict that's taken place over the last 30 years to argue that Putin is in any way unjustified for doing what he's doing, set to the backdrop of America and the UK completely ravaging the Middle East 
when the Middle East posed exactly zero threat to either America or the UK. So I don't really understand where Destiny can come at this from. I think Destiny's an interesting guy in the fact that he claims to sort of court that kind of left-wing revolutionary crowd through Twitch and YouTube. Um, but really, he is just a, an establishment mouthpiece. Anything the, the establishment backs, he backs, but sort of on steroids, for want of a better term. So, you know, if the establishment back, you know, kids being taught to uh, transition into another gender at eight years old, he'd say, no, no, it needs to be six. You know, if, um, you know, if the establishment is backing uh, gay marriage, he's backing gay marriage and gay adoption. You know, he's just the system, but one step ahead. He's not really a revolutionary. So it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that on this particular issue, he has taken the establishment side, but the establishment side is particularly shaky on this and doesn't really make any sense when held up to any form of scrutiny. So I think Nick has got this one in the bag when it comes to arguing um, in good faith, but the problem is Destiny rarely ever argues in good faith. So as I said earlier, Nick has to absolutely avoid those typical destiny traps he will speak very loudly he will speak in his squeaky voice he will speak very quickly without saying anything of substance he will tie you up um, with definitions he will um, head into the weeds and start discussing other things so you know if you say well this is kind of the opposite of the cuban missile crisis isn't this is a this is you know, nuclear ballistic missiles on uh, Putin's border. Surely, what would Americans do if they were placed on our border? Well, there's historical context that tells you the answer to that. He will then go into, you know, the politics of Cuba uh, in the 1960s or something and take it well off track. And, you know, all that Nick has to do is basically say, let's not take this on track, stay on target answer the question no you don't need a definition of a word that we all know the meaning of and as long as he stays on target i predict a pretty easy win for nick all right now let's hit these right here uh, and mark just debated destiny recently so it's good to get his take uh let's see here uh, okay oh wait we played that one. we played that one. we played that one. uh we should have started here here instead and everyone follow my odyssey if you haven't got my odyssey if you're not following my odyssey make sure you get it followed and please that would be of a major help i've got a new video out today give it a like drop a like on it some people are asking about my the odyssey world's gone mad Sam. oh sorry go ahead keep talking about your odyssey tell them where to find it well just uh, search mark call it on odyssey please sub me it, it'd mean a lot all right now let me hit these we'll hear the ching one more time i don't mind Giga Ninja sent $3. I've never wrestled before, but I challenge Max to a match. Oh, shit. You're getting hurt. Paul Miller sent $3. Anyone know whatever happened to TJ Cod Comedy after he got in all his trouble? I don't actually. TJ Cod Comedy. Giga Do you Ninja know that person? Giga Ninja sent $3. I've never wrestled before, but I challenge Max to a match. Do you Max know TJ Cod? I don't think so. I don't know that person. Anonymous sent $3. Mark. You are aware that America convinced Ukraine to disarm with the understanding we would protect them. What do you think about that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. All right, now let's see. Um, okay, I think I'm almost caught up. 
Oh shit, that one didn't play. Go ahead. The world's gone mad sent $3 mark. I suggested Ralph interview Jason at No White Guilt. I think this crowd would enjoy it. What do you think? Sorry, what was that again? He said he suggested I interview No White Guilt. Yeah, do it. He said, Jason's a really good lad. Do it. Yeah, he's actually never been on the show, but uh, I talked to him a little bit when I was on your show a couple times. Why haven't you interviewed him? Well, I he mean, deserves an interview. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, it wasn't uh, nothing personal, but uh, just didn't. Just didn't happen. I talked to him on your show. He seemed like a nice guy. Um, I know Dingo thinks he's nefarious for some reason. I don't know why. I like Dingo a lot. I like Dingo a lot, but I like Jason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of. I was gonna say I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to start any shit, but I do remember him saying. I'm that. sure you are. You, well, you a little bit. Off starting a little door, bit. You? That is your that is your I number mean, one route to I mean, even little... more cigars. <laughs> You know, if you he said these things. Oh, okay. This drama. Eventually, you'll be like living in a penthouse somewhere <laughs> with three of these women, seventeen children, lots of cigars, and a whole jacuzzi filled with champagne. That is your major. That is your life plan. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I mean, I, I'm that's... not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just laying it out <laughs> That sounded like a splendid, splendid <laughs> arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here goes another caller. Uh, I know this person, actually. Pogacel, what's up, man? Can you hear me? Please say yes. Please speak and say yes, I can hear you, Ralph, and I'm so ready to talk. And here goes my question. But I appreciate the support tonight, even if that doesn't happen. But... Ralph, can you hear me? Yes, what's up? Yes, what's up, Ralph? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How you doing? Oh, wait, they said the audio is roboting. Okay, I'll fix that. I fixed that. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, no, I fixed that. it's all that. good. You know, I'm doing okay. I'm glad that you and uh, Pantsu got to move into your lovely chateau in Orlando together. Right. That was very, very nice helping getting you two to move in. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah helping us carry our shit up there when we were staying there at IFAC. Yeah, I appreciate that. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm super stoked for this interview tonight because I feel like I'm sort of almost on the fence with a lot of this stuff because it's kind of hard to figure out what kind of information you're getting from Ukraine, whether it's, uh, you know, United States State Department propaganda or Russian State Department propaganda, sort of the attitude I've taken with it is that there are no good guys in this confrontation and um i'm you know i'm excited to hear nick's point of view on this i think that nick has a very sober and even keeled uh understanding of just about any uh situation he's involved in so i'm very stoked to see uh you know destiny versus nick tonight and that's all i kind of wanted to say well thank you sir i appreciate you calling in i appreciate the support and i'm stoked to see it myself and i'll be hosting it here pretty soon so thank you man for show, sure. yeah ralph yeah i want to come to dallas are there still tickets open for that there are still tickets killstream.live slash bowl there are still tickets yeah 100 percent. and dude dallas That's is gonna be a dallas. banger dude yeah come to dallas if you can yeah for sure uh dude i want to i'm uh i'm gonna keep tuned in to the show and i'll let you know uh when my schedule rearranges and i'll uh, let you know when i'm coming sure thank you brother you have a good one man all right, man. Take it easy. All right, you too.
Uh, yeah, we have the compound, the Killstream compound in Dallas. We're having a live event. I think Ryan Long's most likely. Well, I would say most likely, but pro- probable. I'll put uh, to be there. He said yesterday. Can't guarantee just yet, but um, the group of people already who's going to be there. It's going to be fucking lit. Dallas, April second, the Killstream Kingpin Invitational. We have the whole bowling alley. It's not just a piece of the bowling alley. It's the whole bowling alley, Mark. The whole shebang. We have it all. It's ours. Private Dude. private bowling. <laughs> I can tell you're psyched. Okay. Now, I hate bowling. I hate bowling. I, I hate bowling. I hate bowling. I like I, I actually really love bowling alleys, but I hate bowling, bowling because I suck at bowling and that's why I bowl. You know what? What? The only good thing about bowling alleys are the arcades in the bowling alleys. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I have to double check. I know. I know. I think he has an arc. I don't know. I. I don't want to say just yet. This guy said the audio's messed up, and it was, but it's fixed now. Thank you. Boom. Black Phillip sent three dollars. Mark spilled the beans on the Rothschilds and how they can benefit from this war. The UK is the OG Zog since eighteen fourteen because of them. Also, what are your thoughts on Freemasonry? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What, what are are they the OG Zog? Yeah, most likely. I mean, the British Empire was not an empire that benefited, you know, your average British person. The British Empire was an empire of multiculturalism, which, uh, when in finally imploded, <laughs> sucked in, you know, millions of uh, non-white migrants from all over the world, which further wrecked the lives of the average British person. I, you know, largely agree with what he said, but. You know, I'm probably going to be around here for another 18 minutes because I want to get a bed soon. Sure. So I'm, not, I'm not going to explain the entire history of the British Empire, but I'm not a massive fan of the British Empire. The British Empire was not a racialist endeavor. It was a multicultural endeavor based on profit for an already wealthy ruling class of uh, proto-oligarchs, which were tied to, you know, wealthy landowners, uh, gentry, and you know, royal family. I'm not a fan at all of the of the British Empire. All right, now let's do this. Uh, I have to refresh. Okay, uh, the audio's messed up. We got that one. The Rothschilds. Uh, okay, I'm I think he asked what I think of Freemasonry. Oh yeah, he did ask that too. Yeah, you're right. Well, I don't like. Um, societies in societies i don't like secret societies operating within the wider society i think once you have that you always have that idea that somebody's going to take you over there's going to be a small group of people who you know organize against the rights and interests of everyone else and use their power to leverage themselves even better position within society at or to the detriment of you know the wider society now i'm not sure how much power freemasons have i think people pretty much understand my view on who i think are running things who have a a disproportionate amount of power in the west freemasonry isn't something that i've done huge deep dives into so uh, Unfortunately, I can't give a massively comprehensive answer. People say, oh, why haven't you looked into Freemasonry, et cetera, et cetera. You know, not everyone can be an expert on every single thing. That's true. Uh, 100%. And uh, actually, I respect people more who are just like, yeah, you know what? Not necessarily an expert <laughs> in that category. I try to do that too. Um, all right, now, 
Let me uh, play this. I'll take this as an extreme, an extreme compliment. Anonymous sent $3. Ralph, you may be an absolute disaster, but you have the best shows on the internet. Hands down. <laughs> thank you, sir. Oh, wait, I played it twice. Okay, I don't need to hear it twice, but thank you for that. Uh, okay, now... George Floyd. George Floyd sent $3 Ooga Booga. Dis be Big Floyd the Landlord. What's dis here British Cracker's opinion on fentanyl and banana and mayo sandwiches? Also, no is he a fan of breathing? I, I think he's a fan uh, of breathing, but... I do, I do like breathing more than I like that type of sandwich. I'll give you that. <laughs> That's not the menu. I know they have, uh, what is it, uh, Cress? What a, Cress? What, is they, what do they call it? Uh, yeah, yeah cress sandwich, cress little cress sandwich. Cress is, it, 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 cress is almost like eating grass in a sandwich. <laughs> it kind of is. Probably, yeah, it's probably not the top of Ralph's uh, sandwich no. wish list. I can no, tell you no. that. Where is the you salami? Know, like the man who eats a lot of grass. <laughs> yeah. I smoke a lot of grass though, just not eating. Do you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that'll kill, that'll kill the last few brain cells. <laughs> it didn't kill the sperm count though. I'll tell you that. All right, now. No, uh, for, for for such a portly gentlemen yeah you, you are extremely virile that's true yeah i know i don't miss all right let's go kioskman sent three dollars any chance to get the guy that hosts renaissance horizon youtube channel on the show i think he would make a good guest also <laughs> when is the captain coming back on the show i'm trying to set up some stuff for the captain it hasn't happened yet who's the captain captain tazariak uh our black israelite uh, oh God, I'd, lo I'd love to come on and do a show with one of them. Oh, really? Okay, you know what? I'll, I'll pitch that to him. We had a debate set up in January. My own travails in the early part of the year caused that to be scrapped. And then I've tried to set up a couple other things, and he, it just, um, I don't know, it's, it's just falling through. So, yeah, I mean, 100%. I would love that. Um, all right, now let's see. I think... We hit them on now. Adam Green's supposed to be calling in momentarily. I know we got a few more minutes uh, with Mark Collett, so I was hoping for some crossover there, perhaps here at the end. I bet you were. Yeah, a little crossover action. Why not? Uh, now, I'm looking at my topics here. Uh, I think we hit most of these topics, though, with you. We even hit Kanye. Wow. We, really... we did. We did. And quite interestingly, one thing I do like about this show is you always hit topics that I actually do know something about yeah. and want to talk about. That That's really interesting. I don't know whether you do that on purpose or whether we just have quite a lot in common. I think uh, a mix of both. Uh, but, I mean, uh, mostly just we have, like, I'm following the same stories. Like, I don't know. Uh, now, you meant, let's see, we mentioned Kanye. I'm trying to think. There was something else that I definitely did want to mention with you, but I can't think. What do you think about this? Now, this isn't something that I plan to mention, but uh, just something that I thought of. What do you think? Oh, boy. As soon as I said that, we get the ding-dong uh, here at the door. You know what? And I actually need to step away, but before that, I'll ask you the question. And Adam Green's here. Can you hear me? Hello, Adam. Mr. Green. Welcome to the kill stream. Welcome to the kill stream. We hope we can hear you, sir. What's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yes. I can hear you. We can hear you. What's up? Not much. Just uh, I was been trying to tune in a little bit the last... Uh, the last few hours, but uh, just got in. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Well, thank you. It's good to have you here. 
Uh, and Mark, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna finish asking you this question. Then I'm gonna step away real quick, and then I'll come back uh, in like three minutes, uh, and we'll finish up your segment. But I was gonna ask you, what did you think about uh, the UK confiscating property uh, from people like Roman Abramovich, who owns the Chelsea football team? Well, he used to, until they just took it away from him. I think um, it's really scandalous. And I think. Yeah, and I'll be the right back. Is, right. Go ahead. What What you've actually got here is this mad sort of russophobia people sort of really really hating not just on the russian state of vladimir putin but on every single russian and the government have used this sentiment to basically justify grabbing people's property and that's a really dangerous precedent to actually set you know really dangerous and i think the interesting thing about this is, again, the people are cheering something on here that could well be used against them. So very short-sighted from, from the British public. And we've seen this before. You know, this is how they bring in this surveillance legislation. They'll say, oh, oh, you know, we're doing it to target whoever you don't like at the current time, which, you know, through the, um, you know, early to mid-2000s was terrorists. We need to bring in all this surveillance to stop the terrorists. Well, the surveillance isn't being used to stop the terrorists. It's being used to take away your rights. And if you let this uh, anti-Russian sentiment go unchallenged, which is being used to take away their property, eventually those laws will be used to take away your property when you say something that the state doesn't agree with. And I... uh, I think the British public are constantly on this, uh, you know, never-ending ride of being manipulated, you know, into accepting policies or cheering on policies, which eventually come back to bite them. It, it's not a good thing. So how are you doing, Adam? I'm doing pretty good. Looking good forward to, to this debate tonight. Who do you think is going to win? You know, I... I'm not aware of Destiny's knowledge around the situation, so I have no idea the arguments that he might be making. But uh, I I don't like, although I think he's doing it just to get a ruse out of people. You know, just like how you were saying, Spencer is trying to to uh, you know kind of troll and create uh, a buzz. I think Fuentes is doing the same thing with his kind of over the top praise of Putin. So you don't think you don't think Fuentes is being um, completely truthful? I think he's exaggerating because it gets a reaction out of people. Yeah. You think this is kind of like a media tactic? Yep. Ah, because I know that you're not a big fan of Putin. I think I think he may may believe some of the arguments that he makes, but I think he's playing into it much more because it'll create a buzz. Well, he is a smooth operator. He's a very, um, you know, he's very good at getting his name out there. That's a hundred percent for sure. Um, I think in this case, though, I, I'd be actually interested to hear your take on this because you're somebody I respect greatly, and we differ on certain things, but we agree on, you know, probably the vast majority of things. But uh, yeah, what do you think? Do you think um, the invasion of the Ukraine was justified in any way? No, I don't. And, you know, I, I saw uh, much of your interview you did with Stryker, which was the pro-Russia side, and then yeah. you had on Golden uh, Golden One. I watched that one also, and much more balanced, not pro-Putin side. And, you know, I got to disagree with you. I think 
although there may be some truth about Spencer trying to do the same thing, kind of get a reaction out of people. Um, I, I like his anti Putin turn that he's done. And I've been, I've been watching it. He's, he's, uh, he's, um, saying criticizing the Dugan elements, calling that out the chaos magic and the, in the division that he wanted. He's, he's, uh, calling out the pro Putin people. He's even saying like, you know, he's, he's admitting that his wife influenced his, his beliefs at the time and that he now oh, that's he's wrong. Weak. That's weak. Well, that it may be weak, weak, but it's just in, inevitable that if you're married to a uh, hardcore Russian nationalist, that there's going to be some influence on you. And, and I give him credit for actually, you know, admitting that. And, you but know, you think it's, it's true. a big man to admit they were wrong. I think he's just a contrary, and I think that's all he is now. Uh, I don't believe that anything he says, um, you know, this support for NATO, you and I both know that, you know, he's now got, I believe on his Twitter, he's now got, you know, his cover picture is, um, you know, is the NATO symbol. You and I well, That's know to NATO. be shocking. That's, that's, that's to be shocking for sure. Just like yeah. he's, you know, talking about how he's pro Biden, but the way I see it is he's not shilling for Putin and Trump anymore, or or China. So I see that as a, as a, a good thing. But uh, who is really shilling for Putin? I mean, people can say that Putin has Fuentes. certain so who. Fuentes, Alex Jones, all the QAnon people, many Christian oh, Zionists, Putin's. Putin's- Chris, Christian Zionists aren't shilling for Putin. They're shilling for the Ukraine. Well, well let, me, let me rephrase that. Uh, well, there's people I don't like on both sides of the situation. In fact, I did a video, several videos about this and was attacked for my coverage by the ADL and uh, in the recent write-up that they did for my saying that I think both sides are controlled to a degree. And I mean, it's two Christian countries killing each other for for what because they have to take over because once they take over ukraine they're going to be right on the door of nato as it is an angry nato and i just find it all too convenient that there's all these prophecies christian zionists for 20 years in documentaries much longer but documentaries with netanyahu saying russia is gog and magog that you know these guys are obsessed with end times wars i got rabbis saying that Putin is Gog and Magog. There's an ancient rabbi, a Kabbalah rabbi, that said that the Armageddon wars would be triggered when they take uh, Ukraine and, and Crimea. And I see two Christian countries killing each other. And who goes in to mediate but the prime minister of Israel? It's a little, it's a little bizarre, right? Oh, look. I don't want to see, I said this at the beginning, I don't want to see any of these brothers' wars. I don't want to see Christian countries, you know, Christians slaughtering Christians. But equally, I do believe that in this case, uh, Putin has, you know, a greater justification than, and this is what I started the show with, greater justification for his invasion of the Ukraine than America or Britain have had for any of their interventions in the Middle East. And... What you're seeing here from Western governments is this massive hypocrisy where they are saying, you know, Putin's absolutely got no right to do this. This is against all kind of, you know, all sorts of um, international agreements. It's against all kind of morality. Yet you look at what NATO did in Serbia. You look at what, um, you know, America and Britain did in Iraq, Syria, Libya, Afghanistan, 
and you start to see this just absolutely incredible hypocrisy and and that's really what i'm pointing out there uh, you know it's not a war that i want to see but i think putin has been pushed and pushed into this position by um you know aggressive nato expansionism which i think has been designed to bring this about but i don't think it's been designed to bring this about for any other reason that than that NATO wishes for regime change in Russia. I think this is about pushing regime change in Russia more than anything. Well, that's possible, and I am open to the idea that NATO is intentionally provoking them to ignite, uh, you know, major wars. You know, I'm, I'm under the impression that all wars are banker wars, and I see yeah, I agree with that. people on both sides, and I, and I wouldn't doubt that they would poke the, be- the bear and provoke him to be this villain. Like, they're basically branding him as as Hitler and that he's doing a new Holocaust, you know, and, and then Zelensky is calling him... Uh, Talking to Yad Vashem. Meanwhile, Putin, you want to talk about hypocritical? Putin says he's denazifying Ukraine yeah. with their with their Jewish presidents, and uh, and it's like almost the people that you would think that wouldn't like that just go, oh, that's just you know nuance or three D chess or something. But no, it's not. Lot, it's it, not. He's not. Putin's as I said. Putin isn't some great warrior for white well being. You know, the one thing I, I like about talking about you, Adam, with you is it's always a good discussion. And we can discuss things without it getting girly or silly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I know. Every time we do do a show, we always end up having a, okay. a good conversation. The last show you did with me, that was so good. I think, I, to be honest, that was one of the most watched and talked about PWRs. In fact, I'll have to get you back on soon because it was just so damn good. It just... Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. It was brilliant viewing figures. So yeah. Also, another thing I think is hypocritical is you know Putin will arrest dissidents and shut down media and even shut down uh, and arrest nationalists over there, and uh, but then complain when we do it to them. Uh, and also the idea that the head of the KGB would be like a real Christian. You know, a real Christian doesn't get elevated to head the KGB. I think all of that, you know, my, my take is Christianity is inherently like theological controlled opposition. And when Putin is allowing Chabad Lubavitch to basically dominate Jewry in his country, I would not say that that's like a, you know, a Christian nationalist country that we should be ha- putting our faith in by any means. No, no. I, I, I'm not say, saying you say that, but that's just some of the narrative we're hearing, you know. No, one thing I'll say about what you said is, you know, there is, you are somebody who always researches things absolutely thoroughly. You're not somebody who takes this lightly. And that's always something that's very reassuring. And I know that you don't do things to be a contrarian. I will say, though, I do believe that it's very, very interesting that when people say, oh, well, uh, Putin does these, you know, arresting political dissidents, doing all of that stuff. Well, yeah, he does. But in that sense, is he any worse than Western leaders who, for the last, I don't know how long, have been, um, you know, locking people in their homes from this COVID scam? You know, when it comes down to it, and I'm not saying, as I said, that Putin is this great good guy or hero for our people, but ultimately... I do find there's this irony. You've got these liberals now saying, oh, my gosh, isn't it terrible? Putin's arrested somebody who said this. And these same people were calling for their neighbors, friends and relatives to be arrested for having Christmas dinner together. 
you know, and that was just about six months ago. It's mad. You know what what uh, disturbs me is that I know that there's so many religious end times like psychopaths out there who believe that they need to hasten a nuclear apocalypse in order for Jesus to return. And, and the prophecies very clearly from the rabbinical perspective is that America in the West is Edom, and that's who will be destroyed in this major war against Ishmael, the Arabs, and uh, turning against Israel and and I see Russia and China and Iran and Israel's kind of playing both sides with the West, with NATO, which is also controlled and, and Zog West as well. So it's almost just like a false dichotomy. But I live in America. I'm America. I'm for the West over the communist Zionist. And um, and if the nukes start flying, which these people, these psychopaths, you know, got their fingers on the trigger, many of them. I, I want to be on the side that isn't obliterated and the empire that is destroyed that, you know, in hundreds of years in the future, as the rabbis go, oh, the anti-Semitic white supremacist America that was destroyed. And, you know, while they're in Israel with China and Russia and the, the new Zionist New World Order, I just I see that as uh, as the Zionist end times agenda in a way. No, well, as I say, I always, I'm always interested with your takes, although I do believe, you know, I know that you're an American. I don't hate white Americans. I've got nothing against uh, America as a nation. But at the moment, America is basically the, um, you know, the equivalent of master from Master Blaster from uh, Mad Max 3. And uh, Master, little creature sat on his back directing him, is Israel. <laughs> you know, that is, the, that is unfortunately the situation we're in. We're in a situation where America is Israel's golem that goes around doing its dirty work. And people mm -hmm. have to accept that. And I think there is a lot of hate towards America, but it's not hate towards general white Americans. It's the entire American establishment, which is, you know, we're talking here about Putin being evil, should he have invaded the Ukraine? I mean, just look at the number of countries that the American and British establishments have destabilized, invaded, or flattened since look World what War the Soviet II. Union did. It's, well, it's the Soviet the same Union. Thing. I think the Soviet Union, um, I think. To be fair to Russia and the Soviet Union, their their list of you know countries flattened isn't as, isn't as big as America's, and I think we also know that the Soviet Thank Union, God. yeah, no, but the Soviet Union was completely controlled again by you know the you know who's, and I think what we're Bolshevik doing, bankers and their agents, yeah, revolutionary yeah. agents, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you on that. I think the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the point is, and I always say this, you have a very small number of people who wield, who all come from the same ethnic group that wield vastly disproportionate power in any country where they look like the indigenous people or can pass themselves off as the indigenous people. And unfortunately, they use that vast amount of power not for the betterment of the indigenous people or the people who built that nation or the majority in that nation, but they use that power to the detriment of the indigenous people or the majority and it's it's a terrible thing and whether mm. they're doing that in russia america or the uk all places where they're doing it and many yeah. other places where they also do it, it it's a bad thing and both you and i stand against that so well, that's why i don't like any of the rhetoric that's like rooting against the for the demise of the west because the, the West has been uh, hijacked and and we're being targeted and subverted. So, 
you know, you don't just wipe out the whole thing. I, I want the people of Russia and the West to both be liberated from, you know, Putin's but don't you think been... there needs to be some kind? Look, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I know you don't like to hear this, but don't you think America needs to fall? Don't you think the UK needs to fall? Don't you think that when that mm -hmm. crumbles and when when that crumbles, people like Boris Johnson, people like Biden, they'll be they'll basically be washed away once that establishment's gone. People like myself and you, or decent-minded, normal people, might then have a chance to rebuild something better. Instead of seeing the West collapse and fall and millions starving and millions more homeless and crime going up and, and all hell breaking loose, I'd rather see both America, the West, and Russia both be liberated from the Zionist, communist uh, paradigm that we're all under. I mean, but we're talking there, like literally, you know, 99% plus of people in Congress, people in the Senate, people in Parliament are on board with this anti-white, pro-Zionist um, new world order. And I, I, sometimes I wonder how all of that could be replaced. Well, it's going to be all the white people of, of America that are going to suffer in the wet in Europe that are going to suffer. And, and the people that were behind everything are going to flee to Israel. Like they're fleeing from Russia and Ukraine. How would, right you, now. How would you see that replacement take place then without there being some big collapse or without there being some calamitous event that is a great equalizer? How would you ever see the British and American people break free from the brainwashing in such mass number to remove the head of the snake? So Parliament, Senate, Congress. I think the first thing it, with baby steps, incremental steps in the right direction. Number one, we have to have freedom of the Internet where we can actually get the word out and, and have it be a level, level playing field and not rigged against us. And then we'll be able to compete. We'll be able to raise money. And if it's a fair fight, our ideas will win out. The, the best ideas should win out if it's a fair fight. So I think just little steps instead of wishing for, you know, what could lead towards World War Three. Uh, like Putin, China, like they got lots of nukes and they're all pointed towards towards the West and me and my family is the way I see it. So I don't want, and if you want to see what the buildup to World War Three looks like, I mean, it seems to me like we're all looking at it. All well, right. I'm not sure there's going to be a nuclear war. I don't think there is. And if there is, then everything's gone, isn't it? If, the, if there's nuclear war, everything's gone. Um, and to be fair, if that happens, well, it's not going to be a, a sort of a great leveler in the sense that we're all on a level playing field. It'll just be a great end. But I don't think it's going to come to that. I, I honestly can't see this escalating into World War Three simply because mutually assured destruction has been that stop piece on the chessboard that has prevented there ever being, being you know, a position. You know, it prevents there ever being a checkmate in any position because any checkmate is a mutual checkmate that destroys everything. And that you know, you can't you can't bring about checkmate while also exposing yourself to checkmates as simple as that that that's how um chess works uh, uh, an egomaniac dick communist dictator that wouldn't want to be humiliated on the world stage you know somebody like that i wouldn't you know i i, it, I worry about it they've got advanced supersonic missiles you know all hell could break loose and 
you know, I'm not saying it's gonna, but, and I hope it doesn't obviously, but again, with all the religious people out there that want something like this to happen at the end of times in order for Jesus to float down from the clouds and save the day, it's just, they've been able to kind of manufacture and engineer so much that they, it was two world wars in order to get Israel and quote, fulfill prophecy. I wouldn't write it off that they wouldn't continue to quote, fulfill prophecy. And I see what the prophecies say. Well, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure it's going to work out like that. One thing I do think is very interesting is there is a shift in the global power balance and that shift in the global power balance is now away from America towards this new uh, alliance between China and Russia. And the alliance between China and Russia is an interesting alliance for numerous reasons. And one of those reasons is that alliance doesn't wholeheartedly, in some ways it, it actually is completely opposed to many of the degenerate um, anti-morality stances held in the West that have been seeded by Hollywood. And I find that quite interesting because in China, you have an emerging sort of racialist, traditionalist state, which obviously is not great for white people because it, uh, it, it absolutely puts Han Chinese at the top of the pecking order. But if you have a world where an emerging superpower is a racialist, traditionalist state, that may well reorientate the thinking of many people in the West and offer an important counterbalance to Globo Homo. Go ahead, Adam. Did you want to respond to that? Let's see. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, I just, I don't find the China model appealing by any means. And I just see, you know, who helped build up China and, and brought investments and, and you know, outsourced oh, look, all of uh, yeah. production from America over there. And who, who is, is, who are the Bolsheviks that have been allied from, with Russia and China for, you know, since communism supposedly fell? Look, Israel, I'm, Israel I'm is allied, closely allied with both. I'm not saying it's a perfect situation, but mm -hmm. I do believe that it is in our interest to have some kind of counterbalance to the, um, you know, globalized, homogenized uh, system laid out by the West. And we can, look at, the, uh, we can look at at China without, you know, them surpassing the American empire and having this uh, multipolar world order. Like this is the world economic forum agenda where they say America won't be the superpower uh, anymore. Other countries will, will rise up. This is about the, the planned demolition of America. And sorry to interrupt you, Mark. I'm not going to do that again. No, no, no. I, I want you to interrupt me. I'm enjoying this conversation. To be honest, I've got to get off soon because I've got to go to bed and I don't want to eat up your segment on the show either because that'd be very disrespectful. Yeah, what's up? What's up, Ralph? No, go ahead. Finish your Sorry, finish we, your we always get into it. No, it's fine. That's, that's, that's perfectly we're, fine. Ralph is just sitting back hoping this is going to generate more cigar super chats. It doesn't matter to him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw on Cozy they said uh, that I'm a good hate watch, they said. <laughs> Ralph knows how to bring me on for some hate watching. <laughs> I know no what I'm doing a little bit. I would, you know what I'd be interested in, Adam? I would be interested in seeing you debate Nick Fuentes on the issue of Christianity. 
Yeah, I debated on Killstream last with uh, hit the kind of de facto priest theological expert of the Groypers, um, classical theist. That was a couple months ago. And I'm on Ooh, now to, to uh, promote. I'm going to have a debate with E. Michael Jones next week on Thursday here oh, on I the am unaboardable so Where's that? Killstream. Where's that? Is that Thursday. here? It's right Is that here on the kill stream, on the kill stream next Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. You've Where got, else? Yeah. You've got to. I'm looking forward to that. You, what do you? What's the topic? Uh, basically, if Christianity is the answer to what he sees as the problems in the world. Brilliant. Well, look, I'm gonna on that bombshell. I'm gonna let you guys get off because I do need to get to bed. I'm. I, I've got to take my daughter to gymnastics in the morning, so I've got a busy day tomorrow. It has been wonderful seeing you again, Adam. It's been wonderful as ever working with you, uh, Ethan. Thank you. I hope bro. you have a brilliant rest of your show. I hope that the debate goes well, and I'm sure Adam will be uh, superb entertainment and education for the audience for the next couple of hours. So thank you so much, and Adam, I'll drop you a message on Skype. Let's work together again soon, my friend. Okay, talk to you. Thank you and good night, guys. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Also, I appreciate Mark here. Stay with us. It looks like... uh, (laughs) It looks like... um, It looks like Pansu may actually be in the early stages of labor uh, in Rochester, New York right now. Um, So I was also following along with that at the same time. Congrats. Uh, well, um, it, it looks like, uh, according if this is uh, correct, it's still going to be 24 hours or so before the baby's there. It's about... My wife was in labor for three days. Yeah, exactly. They're saying this is apparently the beginning of labor. Um, so that would be probably tomorrow. So... Um, more likely than not, after this show, I'm going to be driving up to to Rochester, New York, um, which I've done uh, several times already. So um, I do have a little experience there. Bad timing, yeah, I know. I should have I should have made her stay here this weekend, but her family wanted her to come up. She's doing some little baby shower stuff and all that, and of course I, you know, had big work to do, and so I was like, all right, well, I'll stay here. I was probably or at least considering driving up this weekend anyway. She was coming back Sunday. Anyway, either way, um, but uh, looks like looks like she is in the early stages of labor in Rochester, New York, uh, at this moment. So uh, I was getting some updates on that while you guys were talking. So of course I didn't begrudge you talking whatsoever. I wouldn't begrudge it anyway. You know how I do. I get out of the way uh, if there's a good conversation going on. There's no reason for me to. Uh, to fuck with that, really. Um, but, yeah, it looks like that's what's going on, so I may be going to Rochester. Uh, B for baby uh, in the chat. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, B for baby, that's right. Uh, I actually didn't think this would be happening this weekend, but um, that's how it goes. Now, she would be a little early, um, so I don't know. Um, they'll probably keep her in Rochester for a minute. Um, I don't know exactly uh, how that'll work, but um, that's going on simultaneously with all this. Speaking of all this, I won't let it derail uh, the entire program. Uh, let's see here. Ralph Ralph historically got the news while I was on the kill stream. Remember it. That's correct. Richard Spencer's career. His whole thing used to be going against conservatives and the mainstream right. Now his whole thing seems to be becoming going against the dissident right. It's just his personality and evolution. 
Ethan Ralph Respector, go ahead. Ethan Ralph Respector sent $3. Hey Adam, how is Gog and Magog an argument? Come on. They said the same thing about the Bushes, Senior and Junior. What do you say about that? No, it's their nicknames at Skull and Bones was Gog and Magog. But actually, it was reported that Bush was speaking to some world leader about trying to get their support for the war on terror. And he said that this was the uh, this is was the Gog and Magog biblical war that they were engaging in. That's what was reported. And when you got guys like Pence, Pompeo, uh, you know, uh, rabbis in Putin's ear, the Russian Orthodox Church involvement as well. I mean, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. And, and when you get my point, like, it wasn't biblical prophecy fulfilled when Israel was created. They worked their asses off to achieve that. And, the, and they wouldn't have been capable to do it without the belief of the Christian world thinking that that's fulfillment of prophecy. Willing it into existence, yeah. Let's see here. Finish your show and debate, then drive down there. Up there, actually. You should be here in time. <laughs> this is going to be fun. All right. <laughs> All right, let me... Uh... <laughs> I did not expect... You know what? It's only appropriate uh, that it takes place like this, I guess. Okay, now... <laughs> let me uh, play this one. Fisherman said $10, excellent content as always. Ralph. I used to say that Chabad was sending out more shluchim than McDonald's was opening the new Lieberman, hamburger yeah. places. He's way beyond that now. Uh, I also, and, and here I have to be careful what I say, I once said that it seemed to me, uh, as somebody involved in national security matters, that Chabad actually was developing a larger worldwide organization than the CIA. Tonight, we're honored to have with us the former director of the CIA, a dear friend of mine, Jim Wolsey. Head of the CIA, speaking at Habar. I hate Wolsey, by the way. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. And the vice president, Joe Lieberman. They're everywhere. Candidate. You can try well, to vice president's nominated. Yeah. Uh, are you playing all of this? It plays 80 seconds worth of the media submission. Yeah. Okay, we can't understand that one, but go he ahead. Says, Shimon Perez, player we're buying up Moscow and other countries or other cities. New York. Thank you, Player One. Appreciate you. Dylan sent $3 more. Oh, I'm sorry. Speaking of highly rated and talked about episodes of Power. The last time you had Richard on it was awesome. I know you feel like you don't want to have him back cause you disagree on so much now, but that seems like more of a reason to have him on. Well, I like bringing disagreeable people on. Debate. Yeah. Um, and thank you, Player One. I appreciate that. Literally, as soon as I get done tonight, I'm going to be getting my truck and driving up to Rochester, New York. Thank God for that truck. It's going to be a nice ride. Uh, not nice in gas mileage, although it gets a little bit better, better mileage uh, than advertised. So it's not it's not quite as bad as they say. But um, oh, here goes one right here. Not Chosen sent $5. Can you ask Adam if he would have a discussion with Reuven Matveyev on Jewish, Christian religion? He is the creator of Jews for Hitler, and I would love to see them discuss. What do you think about that? 
Uh, I'm not familiar with that. I, the The title of the video rings a bell, but I, I'd have to look more into it. Ju- what is Jews for? I, I haven't. I, I'm not familiar with that either. Um, but is, it, uh, is that like rabbis for Hitler, I, or I, he's like a Jewish Nazi? I'm not sure. I mean, Hitler's dead, so I, I don't know. If right. I, if, <laughs> allegedly, I don't know. Maybe he's still out there. Uh, Prince, definitely Prince, <laughs> Ralph. <laughs> we played a little Prince earlier, actually, when we opened the show. Uh, here we go. How about this one? This is a friendly one. Dick's gonna be on here soon. Oh, I need to. I need to message him. Send him the link too. We don't have too far till we get to the debate. Anonymous sent five dollars. Adam is based. Adam, I love Adam. He's is base. Uh, I know people like uh, yelling at him too, but that's based as well. All right, here we go. Not chosen sent five dollars. Can you ask Adam if he would have a discussion with Reuven Matveyev on Jewish? Oh, we did ask religion? that. Oh no, wait, that went through. That went through. That went through. He said, "I mean, I think he was open to it at least." Um. Okay. Thank you, player one. Oh. Wally, I didn't. That one didn't play. Let's see. Wally sent three dollars. Hold. When are women ever ready early? Yeah. Well, this is that one exception. Uh, what about this one? Oh, better than late. Okay, I'll reread that one. But Chatheus sent three dollars. Green needs to debate Jay Dyer. He would get raped. Ralph, get it done. Well, I've tried to get Never that heard done. of that one before, Ralph. <laughs> Try to get that one done. Uh, by the way, speaking of Jay Dyer, I'm supposed to be interviewing him on the way to Dallas on April 2nd. So um, an IRL interview. So we'll see uh, if that gets accomplished. Giga Ninja says, Adam, have you ever watched an episode of Five-ish? No. I I'm not sure what that is. I haven't either. Is that something I should know? Let me see. Who's in that anyway? Blackish. I know blackish. Fiveish. Let's see. It's not easy being fiveish. Uh what is this, dude? Hold on. Let me first off, let me switch panels here so we can put some stuff on the main screen as well. Alright, here we go. We'll switch back over. Boy, we're getting so close to the debate. Oh boy. Oh boy. How do you think the debate's gonna go, by the way? I can't Dude, weigh in. I I'm the moderator. Could find somebody else than Destiny for all these debates. It's it's tedious for me to listen to Destiny, even if he makes a good point. You know, it's just like it's it's crazy that he's like you know one of the only people that's willing uh, to step up and and take these debates from you know people that share his views. By the way, we are 62 percent of the way there on the Extravaganza Fund. I guess that also has become. <laughs> The Rochester Baby Trip Fund as well, because mm-hmm. I'm going up there right after the stream. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, I see somebody on Odyssey chimed in. Oh, a couple people, actually. Let's fucking go. Appreciate you. also see Kanye Weiss with the uh, 600 spot. He technically uh, had the 600 there. Uh, and I see Epstein Ditton says, from Jay Walsh, you need to get Pansy to Virginia. Imagine your child being born in the North. Well, uh, I'm not going to have to imagine it. It looks like, <laughs> Yank. yeah, it looks like I'm not going to have to imagine that actually. Um, uh, but you know, of course now it looks like it's in, in the process of happening. So, um, 
they don't, if the baby really slides out that fast, that's a that's a yeah. Blessing. There's really no. I don't think there's any mm -hmm. backtracking on this at this point. Um, but thank you for that 10 spot. I'll add that to the tally total there. Uh, the Forgotten American says, I think Nick should stay on for an additional six or seven minutes in order to stick around and royally spank Adam on Christianity and foreign policy. That's what he said. Um, Who would spank me? I missed it. Uh, uh, Nick is what he said. Uh, oh. oh, yeah. He asked if I would debate Nick. Yeah, for sure I would. I'll debate him on, on several things. Alt Media says, cool it with anti-Semitic remarks, hell, Russia. Um, you know, in fact, Ralph, somebody told me today, I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's true, but apparently Nick called me a, quote, gay retard recently, which I find very com funny coming from an incel altar boy guy that believes in Jewish prophecy and Jewish magic. Well, you know, of course, you know me. I'd love to host it. Um, I, I don't. Uh, I don't think there would be any shortage of topics, uh, really, from that. But I know you're going to be here next Thursday, coming up to debate E. Michael Jones here on the Killstream premiere matchup. One of the reasons I brought you on here tonight. What do you think yes. about that coming up here? You're the best, Ralph. You know, unabortable through all the the haters and any adversity, and just pumping through. You know, not giving up. It's awesome, and I'm so excited to do it. Looking forward to it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, it's been, I mean, I will say, I'm trying to think of the last time E. Michael Jones was on. I know he debated that guy from St. Louis. I want to say, I think it was summer of 21. I think it's been about a year and a half since he was on. Uh, he debated sticks on porn. I remember that. That's right. He did that, too. And yeah. you know what? That's scheduled for the 24th. Uh, and now that you're reminding me, I need to, um, I mean, it's set in the calendar and everything, but I'm going to go ahead and send him a reminder just in case my old hosting, uh, antenna is going up again, just in case I know he's ready, but, uh, I, just... I hope he watches my videos because every other debate I've done, they don't actually put in the work to like figure out like the, the reason that I'm saying these things. So I'd like to hear any objections. He's at, like, if he were to watch my videos and come with like some specific objections or point out where I'm wrong or something like I would, I'd love to do that instead of just have to like, you know, teach him, uh, you, you know, have him hear everything for the first time on the night. By the way, um, it said eight, right? I think I said it at 8 PM Eastern or was it eight? Right. It's at eight, right? I think. Yeah. He's, he's got an early bedtime. Okay. Well, no, I, <laughs> All right, let's see if we have any callers here. Do we have any callers? Let's have a look, see. Uh, and also, uh, Martinez perspective versus Ryan Dawson on April 14th. Uh, what? That's going to be a banger. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's happening on April 15th. That's... <sighs> That's going to be hot. That's going to be good. Dude, I've been, you know, Dawson, a uh, friend of mine, I consider him a friend too. And we met up in D.C. recently. Uh, and, of course, even though I, you know, Martinez, no offense to him, I don't consider him a friend because we haven't talked that much. Uh, but I'll still call it down the middle. I'm not going to show any favoritism. Uh, but I, the only reason I bring it up is because he's mentioned for a while, hey, I'd like to get involved in a, in a debate on the kill stream and da 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 and uh, I think this is probably going to be a fiery one. We never had Martinez on. I know a lot of people have been lobbying for him to come on the show for a long time. So 
That'll probably be a better debate than tonight, honestly, because uh, Dawson's uh, gone mask off, really pro Putin, and Martinez has always been about criticizing the pro Putin people. Now, what about so. you and Dawson? Because I've had mm-hmm. some people try to get me to set that up, quite frankly. Yeah, our main disagreement would probably be the the Putin situation or him knowing everything he knows about Trump, but yet still kind of supporting him. So that would, that would be about it. But I've known him for a long time. And even though we disagree, you know, it's, we could, uh, we could discuss it. Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. Um, okay. Now let's see. I see, uh, some more came in here, uh, over on power chat and I'll message, uh, Mr. Masterson here in a moment too. Oh, check this out. Giga Ninja says, for the baby and parents. Thank you, brother. DD12 sent $50 for the baby and parents. Much appreciated. Player one sent $10. Adam, you are a hell of a sleuth, I have to admit. I hope you find faith in Jesus Christ. Praying for dude. All right. Now, also, Teth says you have to choose to believe. Adam is choosing not to believe and therefore is blind to the truth of Jesus, or excuse me, of Christ to see. You I disagree. First believe. Well, I figured you probably would. Go ahead. You can respond. Yeah, I don't I must have a have... choice. I don't have a choice to believe or not believe. Said... I just, I either believe it or I don't. I really, I don't really choose. Like I could choose to, to believe and lie to myself and lie to everybody else and enchant Christ is king with all the groipers and and not get alienated from all these uh Christian people uh in alt media but uh you know I chose a different path all right now let's see here giga I'll pull that well, up I didn't choose <laughs> Dizzy sent ten dollars ah shit just in time for the shizzle to sizzle hot nibbas hell yeah thanks for the shirts bro received in the UK much love oh cool Oh, it's just one of those days. It's just one of those days where you don't want to wake up. Everything is, everybody sucks. You don't really know why, but you want to justify. And someone's head off, no human contact. And if you interact, your life is on contract. Your best bet is to stay away, motherfucker. It's just one of those days. Talking that shit. The way Fred Durst looks now is <laughs> It's scary, honestly, yeah. It's a little scary how he looks. Go ahead. I'll turn down a little bit and he'll still play. Fred Durst, you saw him recently? He's got the blonde hair or whatever. <laughs> the way he's dressing and the goatee he's got, it just it looks it looks so crazy. It's fucking wild, dude. Uh anyway, shout out to Fred Durst. Shout out to the super chat here. Seventy-two percent of the way there. Insane clown posse. Seventy-two <laughs> percent of the way there on the extravaganza fund all day long. Well, since noon at least we've been going here, six plus hours on the Killstream Extravaganza Edition. Destiny versus Nick Fuentes coming up, eight p.m. Eastern. Ted, thank you. That came through, and I read it. Uh, I'll be heading to Rochester right after festivities here tonight a little unplanned a little unplanned trip it's called we do a little unplanned driving but that's okay giga ninja i'll pull that up brother let me play this oh shit wasn't it playing okay anonymous sent 15 dollars. maybe this debate with emj will convert adam to catholicism good he would be a great addition to the faith 
You too, Ralph. Jew magic isn't real, Adam. Jewish spirits are though. Well, you know, you know, uh, my fiance's Catholic. I went to Catholic school for from kindergarten through sixth grade. I've said this on the show several times. I've probably been to more masses than many Catholics, actually. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll be making that decision soon about my daughter and all that. But what is this, by the way? Uh, is this what you sent, Giga Ninja? Hold on. What is this? Is this that? Uh, oh, this is that. Sh I think this is that uh, show you wanted me to watch, right? Is this the one? Oh no! Hold on. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Oh, cool. Come to the world of five. Say hello, meet everyone. Come and learn with five. Join us! So much fun. Come to the world of five. There's plenty of room for everyone. Come on in! Come and learn with what the fuck just happened? Five issue boss. What the fuck? Let me message Dick, by the way. What the fuck? Is it all this? This is a banger. A little five spot. I got five on it. What the fuck no. is this? <laughs> Hello there. I'm so glad you could join me here today. Because today is Mommy Shagavaltiga Day. What? Do you know why? Oh, that's right. Because today is Friday. Friday. It is that means only one day left into the most gishmakadick day of the week. You all know what I'm talking about. It's that wonderful day we look forward to all week long. That's right. It's Shabbos. Shabbos Kodesh. Counting down the days of the week in anticipation of Shabbos shows how Shabbos is the most important day of the week. It also fulfills the mitzvah of Zohar Es Yom HaShabbos Likad Show. And I'm especially excited today since today's the day my good friends are coming to visit. Hey, that might just be them right now. Come, let's go see. The Shabbos Joys are here. Anticipation! <laughs> so excited. 
excited. This is going to be so much fun. It's going to be ridiculous. Oh, it's going to be great. Well, hello, my good friends. I was just right, talking Dick has about a link. you, and here you are. This deserves a group high five-ish. High five-ish? High five-ish? Somebody I said, what the fuck am I watching? Dude, I don't fucking know. That, that's fuck actually me in the costume. This is my uh, YouTube channel. <laughs> it's tall as you. Yeah, it's tall, motherfucker. Telling my friends yeah. out there that there, there are only hours left until the most holy and haliga day of the week. Shabbos? Yes, Viggy. And I have a very special surprise guest coming this Shabbos Quaidish. What? Nobody knows who... I can guess it's the famously retired Chazin, Shragen Favel Hachizer. Nope, uh, not Shraga Favel. You think what? I would have the Chazin as my guest? Of course not. Too much schlepping and uh, traveling for him when he was a boy. Then maybe he can sign. He would have come and missed him at the end time. What in the fuck? Is this like a pro-Jewish thing? It is. It has to be. It's for. It's on it's YouTube for. Dark. It's on YouTube for kids, dude. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> he was very good. Now, <laughs> no good. Could it be Dr. Alan Greenberg, PhD? <laughs> oh, oh no, young one. His wife Debbie would never Adam be Greenberg? a menopausal. <laughs> <laughs> <He's laughs> Hold on, did he say that? It was Alan, I think. It was very good now. No. Could it be Dr. Alan Greenberg, PhD? Oh, oh no, young one. His That's wife, so Debbie, would never be amenable to leaving their comfortable and tastefully appointed home and synagogue for the weekend. No, no, I think they're going to stay in the Hamptons. This shit is crazy. Don't tell me. It's the traveling lit books. <laughs> it's like the Jewish knock Barney knockoff. They make dollar bill, you know. Yes, but, but wait, their Barney, their Barney is a giant five dollar bill. On yeah, yeah, dinosaurs. Not no, we want some shekels for our uh, mascot <laughs> this time. So who's coming then? Who could the Shabbos guest be? I'm afraid you'll all just have to wait and see. Anyway, we don't have time for guessing games right now. We no have time, so no much to prepare. I hardly know where to start. Speaking of which, I'd better get back to my challenge. That special Shabbos food that stays warm and tasty from before Shabbos starts right through the night. We can help you, Five-ish. Sure we can, right, everyone? We of course. sure can. Five-ish is that. Thank you, everyone. Now, let's see. Here we have all the standard chillant ingredients. Meat, barley, paprika, black pepper, red pepper, chili pepper. powder, hot sauce, halibut. Is this a little racist? Peas, plutonium yeah, sauce, Chernobyl potatoes, and, of course, beans. Sounds a bit spicy, Five-ish. Are you sure those are the standard chillin' ingredients? Yeah, Five-ish, come on, dude. What are you trying to do here? Of course, Donnie. What makes a Five-ish chillin' more than a standard is actually my super special secret ingredient. Vladoshka Spice! Uh-oh. It's just about time to add that. Meanwhile, there are so many other things we need to do in order to prepare for Shabbos Koidish. Like what? Like the Shalmi Kegel, the Kishkin, the Opshik, and the Galen, and the overnight potato, the Kegel, and the Pichel. All right, we got to switch out. Hold on. What? 
Boom, 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 boom. That's my phone. Pansy staying in contact with me as well. Anderson Paladin says, great stream and God bless Adam Green versus EMJ hype. He's super hyped for that, and so am I. Uh, but we also have this, a little TTS action. Thank you on Entropy. Here we go. Anonymous sent $3. Adam, what is your goal? You had many fans when you exposed Jewish evil, but now you have turned many of your former supporters against you with your Christianity as a Jewish conspiracy claims. Even if right, you alienate so many allies against Jews. What do you say, Adam? Even even if I'm right, he doesn't want me to say what's what's true. And I, I don't think the idea that anti-Semitic, the vast majority of Christians are philo-Semitic and worship them, think they're God's chosen people, follow the Jewish Messiah. They think that they're cursed if they curse them, blessed if they bless them. They go bow down to their wall. They think they're God's chosen people. The the remnant of kind of the, the older Christianity that's still anti-Semitic, they, they think that Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, from the Jewish Torah is going to float down from the clouds and save them from the demonic synagogue of Satan Jews. That's their, that's their mindset. And you're never going to be able to defeat Judaism with Christianity. Cause it's just mirroring all the insanity back at them where we lose our moral high ground, turn them into the victim. And, and to think that the only way to, to kind of battle Judaism, which is just Zionism really is to worship the God of the Jews and to follow the Jewish Messiah is just preposterous. All right. Now there was another one. I, I think Ralph might've stepped away. Okay. No, no, I'm I here to take, take the mic. No, I'm here. I just uh, had that. Yeah. Uh, I was answering a text here. Everything's going fine, by the way. Uh, no need to worry. Uh, but uh, like I said, I will be headed to Rochester uh, right after this show today. Uh, so thank you, guys. Uh, and again, the, the weekend schedule, which we were going to have a show on Saturday night and Sunday night, but I don't know now. We'll Disney see. sent $3 in the beninging. Ina, Ina the in the beninging. All right. Somebody said, wasted my $3. He didn't answer what his goal was. What's your goal then? My goal is to liberate people from the lies of the Torah and, and Jewish prophecies aren't real. The God of Israel isn't real. It's all mythology meant to enslave the Gentile world by getting them to worship the God of the Jews, which was part of their prophecy all along to theologically uh, conquer the world according to the prophecies. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see, five to ten minutes. Can I say something about sure. the video we just watched? It, it's so funny that they literally have their mascot as money when, like, we hear all the time about Jews and money being a trope, and, and it, they're really playing into that stereotype. And it's hilarious because the uh, the top rabbi, the Rebbe Schneerson of Chabad Lubavitch, the top Jewish organization in the world, basically, he... Uh, the one that's the CIA, as big as the CIA, and that's the former VP candidate with Gore Lieberman there saying that. And that's all they're working with the, the Mossad all throughout Russia. They have been since the Bolsheviks were in charge. 
Anonymous. Go. He has the three dollars. Oh, rab- well, go Why ahead. are you an intellectually wait, wait. being so rhetorically lazy? Hold on, go ahead. Finish your thought, and then I'll play that. Again. The the top Rebbe hands out dollars to everybody, and there's on Hanukkah the parents give the children uh, gold wrapped chocolate coins. Oh sure. It, it's funny. I went to the um, Ryan Long and his comedy partner uh, Danny. Uh, Ryan Long it, will. Uh, maybe be in Dallas. So I'll just put that out there now. Oh, awesome. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, he had a funny joke about uh, as a kid, his parents giving him coins and thinking like, this is uh, really playing it. You know, this, what are the anti-Semites going to think of this or something, something hilarious. I'm totally butchering it, but just, just hilarious. This, uh, I wonder if they even knew that, like how this looks from the outside perspective or if they're completely unaware and out of touch. All right, let me play this 73% of the way there. Anonymous sent $3. Adam, what is your goal? Oh, wait, I played that one. You Hold have- on. Wait, I played that one. I thought there was another one that I missed. Yeah, okay, there was the one that I missed. Uh, actually, there's a couple. Two that I missed. Dizzy sent $3 in the beginning. Ina, Ina the in the beginning. Beginning, I think. Thank you very kindly, Dizzy. Anonymous sent $3. Adam, why are you an intellectually being so rhetorically lazy and using religious language like blessing or God? Words have meaning. What do you say? I think, you know, I grew up in a religious culture like you. I grew up going to church three times a week, if not more, for the first uh, 16 years of my life, every summer I'd go to go away to church camp and stuff. So, I mean, it, you don't have to believe in, in Yahweh, the God of Israel to say like, thank God, or that's a blessing. It's an expression. It's a figure of speech. All right. Now I'm trying to put out the caller link. I'm broadcasting live on telegram. Not too many watching, but uh, what it's good for is taking callers. Uh, and so I'm going to put out that link here again. Uh, if people want to call in through it, that would be great. That would be absolutely fantastic. Now, uh, what have you been working on lately? Well, I've been having uh, big guests. I had uh Israeli on two weeks ago, a uh, secular Israeli, and then I had um, Dr. Michael Brown, who is like the world's most prominent Messianic Jew. I had him on the other day. And then, you know, preparing for... Uh, the E. Michael Jones debate on Thursday. And um, I've been doing the news shows covering the, you know, the latest uh, in Ukraine and, you know, whatever else piques my interest in the news. All right, let's see here. You have plans to repost the debate tonight. Going to miss, got invited to an NBA game. Yes. Yes, it will be posted somehow. Yes. Actually, Odyssey and Cozy will be the best places to see that. It may be up on, on YouTube, the restream. I don't know if Kaz will keep it up or not. Um, that's not really my decision. I mean, if I told him to take it down, he would. But um, depending on what he thinks might uh, get him in trouble uh, with YouTube, maybe or maybe not. But it, w- it will 100% be up on – I'll put it this way. The reason it might not be up on Odyssey till I get to Rochester is because – after you get past like five hours, Odyssey doesn't save your replay. So I'll have to download the YouTube replay and actually re-upload it to Odyssey. Uh, now, ordinarily, that wouldn't be that long of a wait. Uh, but I'm actually trying to get up there to see the birth of my daughter. So um, 
I'm just going to be going <laughs> right after the show. Um, and so that's it, it, it won't be ready right after uh, on Odyssey, most likely. Uh, it will be up on Cozy, and it'll still be up on all the platforms when I'm able to make that happen, I guess is what we could say. I, I think most people would understand uh, that I have a family engagement uh, here, but uh, I, I will try my quickest and best to get it up on Odyssey as fast as we can. Oh, and by the way, a couple came in while I was uh, talking there. Okay, here we go. Let me unmute. Hold on. Dizzy sent $10. Nope. I meant in the beninging. In SEC 1, verse 1. In the beninging. In the... In the beninging. In the beninging. Yeah. In the... In, what? In... Uh, in the listen properly 75% of the way there by the way yeah in 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 the beginning in who the is this in, 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 i don't even know in the be, in, in the beginning it's hard is that a black pill sent through I say the joke. when you go through sure to be a catholic they tell you the news of the Bible became Christians and that God's chosen people were the Christians, not the Jews. That's why Catholicism is the answer. Not believing in the Protestant Reformation. What do you say there? So the answer to to resisting the Zog agenda is to say we're chosen now. You got the old covenant, but we got the new covenant and we're God's chosen special people. You think that's the way by mirroring and adding on and validating their nonsense that they were ever once chosen? It's ridiculous. You're not special chosen, boys. And it's like, it seems to me cucky because it's like you want to be a Jew. Like, look Congrats. at what the Old Testament Ethan says about Gentiles and about just, uh, how the chosen ones are above them and stuff. That's the God you want to worship. And the whole rejection of God, number one, didn't happen. Rejection of Jesus. It's all part of the script to trick you into following their controlled opposition leader. By the way, that was uh, from um, killstream.live slash tip, which still works just fine. <laughs> Congrats, Ethan and Ponsu. A couple of bucks for diapers. Thank you very kindly. Uh, and I will add that to the tally. Uh, and honestly, I, I've i never set a goal this high ever in my life. Uh, and I almost didn't. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Of course, we're not there just yet. Uh, but I appreciate you guys so much for... Uh, Helping me fill it out and um, actually filling it out. Um, I, I would I would say it's a it's a give and take. Hopefully you've enjoyed uh, the show uh, over the course of the day. Uh, let's see here uh, if that came in before. Let's see forty nine. Oh wow, actually a few. How, how many watching on YouTube? There's thirteen hundred. So we have. Odyssey. We have uh, almost 300, 296. 1,600 people live. 1,600 people live getting ready for that main event in just about an hour from now, a little bit over. Destiny versus Nick Fuentes 
I'm ready. I hope everybody else is. Uh, we're going to see how that's going to go. And then after, I think Nick's probably going to do his own show. Um, but uh, it's it's been a great ride here all day long on Cozy.tv slash Ethan Ralph, Odyssey.com slash at the Ralph Retort, the Restream Gang Gang over on Chillstream More, TTS, PowerChat.live slash the Ralph Retort, Killstream.live slash tip, regular super chats, Killstream.live slash entropy, also over on Odyssey. What about, oh, wait, hold on. I was about to go into five-ish, but uh, I think uh, some more shit came in here. Hold on one sec. Hold on. They want to ask you some questions, and I have nothing wrong, excuse me, against that. Uh, Okay. The the cozy chat is hilarious. I literally love the Groypers over there. They are such Cozy's lit, man. I'm just going to say, dude, you already know. Cozy's lit, dude. Cozy's lit, and, of course, I mean... Uh, they're, they're a little critical, but like it's it's just hey, fiery. You know what I mean? The efficiency of the smear campaign sent three dollars. These men are counted as pagans, Aristotle, Socrates, Seneca, Aurelius, Plato. All of these great people are smears with the same brush as fat goth chicks, pagan, <laughs> who benefited from this campaign. Jugeo Christianity. Now you can weigh in on that. Mm-hmm. I, I'll just say, Cozy's just lit. There's just a lot of interaction over there. It's it, it's becoming a real hub. Uh, I was thinking last night. It's kind of like the NWO. Like there's just there's just so many great streamers here and good content. And so yeah, I'm really enjoying it here. It's just so kosher though. You gotta you gotta worship the God of Israel if you want to be on Cozy. That's not. I don't think that that's the case. But um, um, oh. now, what do you think you would be? Have you applied to join Cozy or? Uh, I, I didn't know there was an application. No, I think there is an application plus, because plus Odyssey's Odyssey's where it's at. Well, I love Odyssey too, of course, and I haven't uh, renounced uh, any of that. I like. I think the um, the three pronged approach has been serving us well, and also I you know um, could have went exclusive to Odyssey, but I just think it's better. I, I like the three prong uh, as far as the kill stream goes. I think the three prong attack, uh, is working really well right now. Uh, and some people, you know, even getting rid of the YouTube. I mean, if it was my personal opinion, it would be kill the YouTube restream because it's like, okay, if you can't get on cozy or, or Odyssey at this point, like really you should, but that's just my personal bias. Cause I hate, youtube right like there's some people who can only watch on that there's some people who can you know what i mean like at work youtube's not banned or so-and-so is or it it doesn't work right so um again my personal preference would be cozy or odyssey 100 percent um but uh that's the reason we keep the the restream going so crunchy grievance not to mention the matches herring with the extra oily onions Wow, Fiveish, that sounds like quite a menu. Well, they don't call me Fiveish for nothing. Fiveish, you motherfucker. It takes time and planning to prepare for Shabbos properly. After all, we know that it is a mitzvah to spend time By the way, each day. What is Sha- what? Are, what are they talking about? Do you know? Yeah, I wanted to comment on this. So, so Friday night there is the last day before Shabbos, where they're not allowed to work or do anything, and they have to have a Gentile goyim slave do their light switches and cook their meals or, or you know, everything like that. Any manual labor, and this represents they believe that creation was six days. On the seventh day, God rested. So there's six thousand years in creation, and that on the seven thousand year is the millennium. 
uh, the seventh millennium, it's the messianic age. So we're actually a 200 and I believe 220 years away from the end of the 6,000 years. And they, since they're not allowed to do anything on Saturday, they have to, uh, Friday night, they're very busy trying to get everything prepared for the day off. And this, this symbolizes at the end of times where we're at right now, they have to work really hard to kind of hasten and prepare for the messianic age and fulfill their prophecies. All right, now I'll go ahead and play these. Uh, now, hold on a sec. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Let me play them in order. Uh, let's go back here. Thank you guys so much for the support. Covey Killa sent $3. I worked at a hotel when the Jews came and we taped the electronic. No, board. we didn't do that. I don't know anything about that. Okay. Kavi Kayla sent $3. I sent something in Ralph. What the fuck? Play my question to Adam. We was pagans. Actually, okay, I'm going to play it. Like, what the fuck? Why would I not play it? Like, <laughs> I can't handle it, Ralph. Don't do it no, to me. Well, no, it gets, it gets to be it's like five, ten minutes. Like, why would I skip that? Like, uh, I, you know what I mean? They're, they're arguing with you back and forth. Why would I stop that? Right? Like, uh of course, you know, I consider you a friend, but I've never protected you on this show. I don't think that that's, there's a reasonable, um, accusation of that exactly. But okay. Um, yeah. let me make sure that we get them all. Okay. Let's see here. Thank you guys. This is a good problem to have. I have to say, uh, making sure you get all these super chats in. Oh, okay. Let me, I uh, thought that one was going to play. Anonymous sent three Oh, wait, no, we played that one. Hold on, wait, 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 we played that one. Hold on, hold on. Uh, no, this one was the one I wanted to play. Spear sent $5. Adam, it is possible that some Jews believed in Jesus at the time without it being a Jewish conspiracy. Yes, I think that initially the Christian movement did... Uh, it started with all all of Jews, according to the to the myths as well. But it definitely started with Jews, and then they targeted Paul and the the first Gospels targeted the Gentiles. It was go out and teach to the nations, and this is to fulfill the prophecy all of all along. And it fulfilled the the, the rabbis say this Maimonides Christianity replaced the pagan world's religions and and brought them closer to being kosher and Judaized, believing in the God of Israel, believing in the Torah as the Word of God. I mean, it's really quite obvious when you look at it and you're not stuck in the uh, the programming. All right. Now, I think this is the one that he wanted me to play. Wait, hold on. There we go. Kavi Kayla sent $3. What? Up, Rabbi Green. I think you're great. Are you an atheist? Sabbath shallow minds. We was pagans. All right. There we go. We was pagans. What do you say? No, I'm an agnostic anti-theist, so I don't like when people claim that they can speak for God and tell you what God wants and what God says and who he chooses and who he gives land to and stuff like that. Uh, I, I say agnostic because I don't know, you know, there's who knows what could be out there with the, the whole universe and, and or multiverses and stuff like that. So I don't rule it out, but 
I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, when the Andrew Meyer debate, which was on your show, yes. it's funny. He pressed me on this. He's like, you're an atheist. And I said, no, I'm, I'm agnostic, but you know, I don't believe in the, the God of the Bible or, or Zeus or Odin or any of these other things. And then he's like, well, what kind, if you're agnostic, what kind of God would you believe in? And I said more of like a deist God, like, you know, one that doesn't, uh, you know, fulfill prophecies and, 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 uh, mess with people's lives and stuff like that. So no, I'm not, I'm not an atheist. I'm not preaching atheism, but I will refute bad arguments to prove God that Christians or Jews or, or, uh, Muslims or anybody makes. All right. Now let me do the next one. Great super chatter sent $3. <laughs> what you just said about destiny is kind of the exact opposite of Richard Spencer. Even if he's making a bad points, it's still awesome to listen to his voice just because listening to him talk is like going to a concert. Don't you guys agree? Um, I will say that, uh, and of course, um, we have people watching this and people that I like that probably don't like Richard. Um, but I will say this, that Richard always brings the people. Um, and um, every, uh, every, literally every show I've ever done with him has had a good audience. Um, and a lot of those might be hate watchers, uh, no doubt. But um, people follow what the guy says and... Um, he fills the airwaves. Um, so that's pretty much my only <laughs> criteria, right? Uh, people follow what he says. He fills the airwaves. He gets a lot of reaction. And so I get along with him, right? Like, I, I don't know. And he's always been respectful to me. And so I have no reason to, to have an issue with him. But you can weigh in on that if you'd like, Adam. Well, uh, he he agrees with my summary of Christianity that it is to our detriment and it's not the answer and and i'm happy to see well you sound like you're a little bit more on board with him lately i mean honestly from what you said earlier i wasn't thinking that until what until you said that but well, you know, I saw the show where he was just on uh, Killstream recently. Yeah. And the, the title was Calling Out the Putin Shills. So, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people I know have been critical for him and his past uh, pro-Putin, you know, pro-Trump stance even. And I think it's it's a, a positive step that he's, you know, not playing into that uh, Putin and Trump are this are the white saviors type of narrative because I think it's preposterous. Oh, I have myself muted. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, played that one. Play this one. And I love, I love the cozy chat saying that we're both F-words or we're both gay when hey? uh, you guys follow a, a virgin incel. And, they didn't uh, say that about me. I don't believe Spencer that. Spencer and I both have children. Oh, well, I'm, just, I'm just saying they said about they you and Spencer. how stupid okay. they sound when they do this shit. Okay. They were talking about you guys. I was going to say, they weren't saying that about me. But... You Again, know. and uh, you know, and I understand, of course, the cozy chat is based, uh, and they're funny as fuck. Um, but I, I will say, um, of course, you know, I think most of them get it. Uh, on the kill stream, we bring a lot of different voices on, um, and we wouldn't want just one sector represented, or it wouldn't be the kill stream, right? Like, you, you know what I mean? Uh, I th- you do, and I think they do as well, right? We want. Um, different uh as much as we can get right like i mean there's some restrictions there's some people who won't come on there's some folks who you know my favorite kill streams are when you have guests on that i don't like actually right well exactly 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, uh, especially guests that you don't like um, who can hold their own. Um, and again, I, you know, uh, people can make their own judgments, but um, that's definitely not something that I shy away from because um, if I did, it wouldn't be the kill stream, right? Um, and that doesn't mean everybody's going to come on because they're not. Um, they just won't. Um, but I, I like I like the vibe that we have. Uh, I really do. Okay, now let's see. Play the clip. Just play this clip on screen is what he says. Okay, Dizzy. I don't know what this clip is. Genesis one, verse one. In the beginning, in the in the beginning, in the beginning. Worst game reading the Bible. Lackpilled sent three dollars. Yes, Catholics are the chosen people, and we will ram the sword of Christ through the. Single now wait a minute! No! That, that's a losing strategy that that kind of uh, sentiment plays into the hands of the no, Jews who love I to play up the anti-Semitism role. I didn't hear what he said. I didn't hear what he mm -hmm. said. All right. In the, I disavow. In, in, uh, Completely in, disavow, by the way. In the, in I disavow. I can, I can pronounce that. Disavow. Uh, Anonymous sent $10 big ups to Adam for keeping it real. <laughs> Boy, we got a big main event tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And my daughter's on the way, too. Can you fucking believe it? I'm honestly just, like, in a whirlwind right now. What? No! I don't want to dance to that. Get out of here! In the beginning, yeah. In 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 the beginning, in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. in, Holy shit! In, 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 in the beginning. Marnique sent three dollars. Killstream loves diversity. <laughs> we love it. We can't get enough. One of those Anthony based white white Christians, right there. My dude. 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 I'm about to my dude. Brother, right. brother in Christ there. <laughs> Washed in the blood. No, no. This is one. This is one. In the beginning. In the, he's going to laugh at in the, but he's be saying that. In the beginning. Yeah. He will laugh. He will, he will be sitting on his daddy's couch just absolutely dying in laughter. In the... In... Uh, in the in, in the come on, sir. It's close. Come on. Yeah. In 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 the beginning. In the start. Start of it. Start right. Just change the word. In the beginning. Yeah, beginning. Close enough. In the be in in the beginning. Genesis one, verse one. Yeah. Beginning. Yeah. In the. I can't believe this is real, but it is. The beginning. Did he do it for two minutes? It, no, he really he does, yes. Two minutes, 20 seconds. Yeah. In the. In, in, yeah, we got it. In the. Oh, boy. In, we got it. We got it. Go ahead. Rabbi Adam Shabbos Goy bashing Christians for his Jewish overlord sent now, wait a minute. massive beard to cover up weak physiognomy. Check. <laughs> Check. Talks like Richard. 
Check. You loser wish you could grow a beard like me. All right. Now, Weak physiognomy. We will have, you know uh, I'm six, four, six foot four, 240 <laughs> pounds of solid muscle, right? I'll pound right. your little pipsqueak head in. <laughs> All right, now. Talking about. Let's sorry. see. No, it's fine. Talk your shit. Got out of control. No, no problem with that. All right, now let's see. Trying to make sure. Uh, okay, I th- don't think this one went through. By the way, we are 83% of the way there on the extravaganza fund, which will also help me pay gas to go see my newly born daughter. What? Oh, Uh, I should have made Pansy stay home this weekend, but I did not do that because she was going up there to have a baby shower and da-da-da-da-da. That's okay. I'm very excited to see my daughter, though. Uh, I'm not excited to drive a name. That. Have you announced a name yet? Um, I do have a name, but um, I should double check with Pansy before I say it um, okay. out loud. That that would be only appropriate. Yeah, we had we've had a name for this whole time. Um, I mean, not a spoiler alert necessarily. To I mean, it's not my mother's name is going to be involved too. But um, before I say any name, I should double check. Or I should just. Um, but I mean, you you guys will see her. I just um, the, I'm trying to think about how to discuss this without getting in, you know have some other issues going on, um, and so I'm trying to think about how to say this. Uh, basically, um, I'm not sure if we'll if we'll put the name out there or not. I really like to because I really love the name that we have for her. Um, but um, I don't know if that's the best call of action or not. I mean, probably it'll be found out anyway. I don't know. It's something that I've thought about. Let's just put it that way, uh, putting her name out there. Um, but it, it, it is a great name, and I love it. So, Latkild sent $3, yes. Catholics are the chosen people, and we will ram the sword of Christ. Okay, we heard it. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Wait, we heard that. Uh, and okay. So you're just like the rabbis, the, the same, the same absurdity that you're chosen and you're special. DD 12. Um, whoa. DD 12 sent $50. Dude, we're getting so fucking close to hitting the goal. Oh, Ralph sent $3, a bit of a spoiler, but we name her in the beninging. beninging. <laughs> Let's finish that. In the beninging, yeah. In 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 the beninging, in the beninging, in 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 the be in in the Go ahead. Flow grown grow I percent five dollars oh seven. The name of the Lord shall be exalted among the heathen. Keep your rifle by your side. Oh seven. Keep your rifle by your side. I don't think that was part of it, but that'll work too. Chaos Acolyte sent $3. I like how confident that African was right in the middle of his stuttering. He's like, yeah, I got it this time. And the African <laughs> like, listen properly, though our ears are the problem. Love that clip. In SEC 1, verse 1, in the Beninging, in the Beninging, in the Beninging, in the Beninging. He's got this, dude. He's got this. Yeah. In the, in, uh, in the listen properly in, in <laughs> the beninging yeah in in, no, I got in this. the beninging in the beninging in, in, <laughs> in, 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 in the beninging 
Think about how we don't even know when it was written or who wrote that too. Thank you, DD12. I'll give you a full salute, brother. You've been, man, you, great. Give him an applause on his own. Great supporter this entire week. Holy shit. And forever, honestly. Uh, This is a guy, you know, you long-term supporters, I just want to give you a thanks right now uh, because a lot of people have tried to cancel me. Uh, A lot of people try to cancel this show. uh, And the reason it hasn't been able to happen is people like you are people like you. Uh, And also people like Adam, to be quite honest, and people like uh, the folks who've already been on this show today and who are still to come. Um, And so I don't want to get too, you know, mushy mouth or whatever, like sentimental. Uh, But it definitely means a lot because it could have went the other way. Uh, It definitely, it 100% could have went the other way. So thank you guys. Ralph sent $10 okay. Seriously. Last clip to play. Foot Jacob Zuma. Oh, Zuma. Dude, is this... Can I play this? Hold we on. We announced that... No, hold on. Wait. I just want to play this on on the actual screen. If I can. By the way, I hope... Uh, if not, I'll replay it on yours. Uh, but again, yeah, thank you to you and everybody else. I mean, honestly, uh, obviously everybody fucking has seen the crazy shit that has went on um, and a lot of the bullshit that's been lobbed my way so I won't go in, go into all of it uh, definitely not trying to involve anybody else uh, at all um, but um, I think the kill stream itself uh, is sort of an institution uh, and I think um, I, I think if that fell of course I'm biased of course <laughs> but I think if that fell that would be a bad thing uh, for all of this, uh, and I think um, I think you guys have rewarded me um, quite handsomely uh, for for keeping this up and keeping this hub going and keeping these debates going. Uh, and so I, again, uh, I could not thank you people enough for that. So, not to get too serious, not to get too uh, too uh, emotional, but yeah, it means a lot to me. We announced that our membership figures stood at 769,810. What? I honestly, I won't one day I'll write the whole story of that, but, um, and I love Odyssey too. Like it's not a personal thing, but, um, I, you know, again, I had the opportunity to, to go exclusive to one platform. I don't think that that's, that's right. Especially, um, you know, and I've talked about this Fuentes standing beside me, the cozy audience, um, kind of surging into our show. Uh, it, w- it would be retarded from that standpoint, but also just from a loyalty standpoint, it would be retarded. So, 9,820. <clears throat> <laughs> Despite all of Ralph's attempts, the kill stream continues. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of uh, true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> members down from 110. 100.2 million in 2012. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Now we have some more here. Oh, Dick, I hope Dick crosses over. Um, well, maybe. I hope uh, Dick Masterson comes on the show at the same time as you. Maybe that's not the right. 
<laughs> Phraseology there. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Killstream loves diversity. I'm trying to go back through. Sometimes they'll skip them out of order, so I'm trying to make sure we get them all. We're very close uh, to hitting the goal before the debate even starts. Uh, so thank you guys so much for that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, okay, I did that one. Thank you, DD12, again. Looking through. Oh. Going Nicomod sent $50. Yes! We love you, Ralph. Yes, let's go. Thank you, sir. We are so close. Oh, my God. Anonymous sent $10. Adam, why do you hide your DNA test results? Adam, I don't know anything about that, but we'll ask him a sec. Father Liam sent $20. The Judeo-Christian's cope is getting more and more pathetic. Team hmm. Omelek for life. Do you know what that means, Adam? Yeah, Amalek is the biblical arch enemy of the Israelites. No, no, no. Oh, DNA test. Yeah, I've shown my DNA, DNA test. That's not what it times. means. It means we hit the goal. Oh. <laughs> we hit the goal. The extravaganza goal. We hit it. Triple, quadruple cheers. All right. Happy the trolls can uh, troll me about being secretly uh Jewish Mossad agent, so Ralph can make money. That's that's that's, that's exactly <laughs> right. Exactly, that's how life should work. All right, now, yep. um, let's see. I'm trying to. I want to also get all these in too. Uh, let's see, Jacob Zoom. But, but yeah, Ralph, that is a lie. I've showed him multiple Team times. Hundred percent European mutt. Mostly English. Green is a, is a very common English surname. Also Nordic, Celtic, German. So just. I mean, the cope with the Christians that because I don't worship the God of Israel and believe in the, the Hebrew Bible and follow the Jewish Messiah, that I must be a Jew. I mean, it's quite frankly just awfully pathetic. All right, now let's see here. I want to make sure we hit them all. And they mentioned, okay, so I want to get them all in here. Uh, let's see. Uh, wow, okay. Thank you guys so much. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to keep up, but they're literally coming in so fast that it's hard to, so... Uh, I really appreciate that. Holy shit. Thank you, guys. I, I, by the way, the main event's still coming here in about 45 minutes. Holy shit. Wow. It's really coming fast. I'm about to have to step away for a sec uh, before we get started. Okay, now let's see. Judeo-Christians Judeo cope. I think we answered that one. Let's see. Send $3. <laughs> I want to also get all these in here. Let's see. All right. Wally sent $3 certainly couldn't be a forum full of uh, scum just waiting to find out her name for harassment purposes. Well, that's something I consider, uh, honestly, mm -hmm. because, um, you know, I've joked about this on Twitter, and I saw my enemies try to use it against me that my kids are famous before they're even born, um, which is a joke, but it's also true. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't think... Famous is the word, but infamous is the word, uh, and that's the word I've been com comfortable with. Um, and it's 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 uh, it's old hat for me, right? Uh, and so I just um, uh, expect that, and just consider that the normal standard operating procedure. But uh, well, you know, I'll talk with Pansy before we before we put the name out and all that. Now there will be pictures for sure. I mean, I ain't gonna. I want to do that, so there's no doubt, but I'm not going to put the name out there without talking to her. I do love the name a lot. 
Uh, and so that's why I want to, but also I want to be smart about it and also, um, consultative about it. It's not just my kid, right? Um, but thank you for that so much. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Boom. Potsticker sent $10. Congratulations on the baby. I know what new fatherhood is like. I just found eight newborn baby chicks out in the wow. coop just now. God bless. Wow, God bless. And that's pretty cool that you found those. All right, now let's see. And thank you, Potsticker. Good to see you, brother. Oh, shit. It just crashed when I tried to play that. All right, let's try again. Go ahead. Oh, why is that not playing? No. Imagining Nicker Mode says, We love you, Ralph. Ralph with a 50 spot. Which is annoying that it won't play. Let's try that again. Holy fuck. There it goes. I was hoping that didn't In break. Going Nicomod sent $50. We love you, Ralph. Thank you, brother. Uh, and again, why would I leave Cozy? That would be retarded. Um, I feel like we got a, a, a lot of energy there. A lot of energy on Odyssey, too, to be honest. But... Oh, we already played Anonymous that sent $10. All right, we played that one. He said he didn't hide it. All right. Now, uh, oh, player one, dude. Thank you so much, man. I just now saw this. <laughs> player one sent $100. I can see the future. I see you moderating the Nick Fuentes <laughs> presidential debate in 20 years. <laughs> That's funny. I'll take it 100%. Uh, all right, pot sticker, we got that one. Uh, let's see. I think we got it. Let's try it again. Let's see. Send three dollars. I want to also get all these in here. Let's see. All right. Now there was another one that said they think they. Okay. Pot sticker sent three dollars. Congratulations on the baby. I know what new fatherhood is like. I just found eight newborn baby chicks out in the coop just now. All right. We got. God bless. Oh man! Fucking Chrome crash. I remember sent ten dollars. I remember when. I remember when, when I. All right, hold on. Google Chrome, you motherfucker. We announced that our membership figures stood at that sucks. Seven hundred and sixty-nine, eight hundred and seven hundred. properly. Seven hundred and sixty-nine. All right, we should be back. Eight hundred and twenty. Well, and seven. I'll be right back, Ralph. That's cool. That's cool. Go ahead. From one hundred and one hundred point two million in twenty twelve. All right. Thank you so much for that, by the way. Uh, and everyone else is that Mr. Masterson? We'll see. Shit just crashed. Ugh. So annoying. Avon, go. Avon Chartsdale sent $10. Your Ralph good bless my Congrats to you and May. Thank you, brother. I'll message you after. At Gay Pangolin on Twitter sent $20. Congrats to Mr. and Mrs. Ralph on the incoming birth of your baby girl. Thank you. Congrats to another epic kill stream slash kill stream worldwide baby. Let's fucking go. Thank you. I'm much appreciated. Here we go. I remember sent $10, damn it. 
<laughs> Dick, you're here. What's up? Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> now, you were here, actually, I believe, for the last. Adam Green's here, too, by the way. He'll be back in a minute, but. Uh, you, up? Oh, he'll be back in a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he'll be back in a minute. Now, you were here for the, uh, I believe it was the last Destiny versus Nick Fuentes uh, collision. Uh, wh- what did you think about that one? Is that when we radicalized Destiny by turning him into a boogaloo boy? That's right. We all, wa- we all wore the boogaloo <laughs> uniform. That is correct. <laughs> that was- that was great. Uh, what are they debating this time? Ukraine? Uh, yeah, the Ukraine-Russia war, yeah. Oh, man. Is uh, is Destiny pro? Uh, well, wait, Des- Destiny's wife is uh, Ukraine, isn't she? Oh, so I didn't know that. Be... Or oh. Swedish or something? Same yeah, thing, right? close enough. Yeah, yeah. Some kind of European. Of course he's going to be pro-Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is pro-Ukraine. I, I, I didn't. I guess his. Yeah, his wife is. She's Swedish though. She's not Ukrainian. Close enough, I guess. Close enough. Uh, is she part of NATO? It's NATO ease or not? <laughs> I thought last time Destiny did a pretty good job of not calling Nick Fuentes a Nazi every in every response. Um, that was nice of him. That was nice of him. Now, okay, I'll let this. I'll let this play. And you know what? I saw that YouTube video come up, and it didn't play for me for some reason. Let me see if it goes and plays here. Sonny D. Oh, he said he found Adam's docs. Oh, boy. Oh, no. This. Oh, Adam's the one with the, um, the, that Christianity is a Jewish host, right? Yeah, that's the same. This is him right here. That's me. What's up? <laughs> I love you. Adam, you're like one of my favorite guys on here. You're, uh, oh, you're I'm hilarious. so honored to hear that. Yeah, keep doing what Quite you're doing. Quite the endorsement. <laughs> What's going on? What, what, What's so, up? We should talk more then. Yeah, That's a cute kid. Is it okay that you have your kid on the show with me? Yeah, I'm after trying to my show cute position? Yeah, you know, actually, Pantsu went, went into... Um, well, possibly went into labor up there in uh, Rochester, so I'm going to be driving up there after the show Whoa. tonight. Oh, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> early. Yeah, she went up there for a uh, baby shower type action, uh, and it looks like she's going to have the baby in Rochester, actually. Oh, so. wow. Yeah, so I'm driving up It's there. real. Yeah. How do you real. feel about that? Uh, well, uh, I, I'm excited about it and happy about it, but also a little nervous. And then, I mean, I have to drive up there right after the show. I guess I didn't really plan on that. Uh, but, this is the uh, first thing you're doing for your kid, right? Yeah. By the way, she's yeah. in the chat. She's in the chat right now. She says, yeah, I'm in the hospital right now. Oh, my God. There wow. she is in the chat with the cozy cat as well. Uh, so what a warrior, by the way. Uh, and I can't wait to see her soon. Um, I should have made her stay home. I'm mad at myself. I'm very, very, very mad at myself because she had like, um, a couple of these symptoms and then they went away and it was like, okay, no big deal. I'm not gonna stop you from going. Your mom wants you to come up there and everything else. And so then of course, She's actually having the baby up there now. So, I don't know. It's my fault, but also it's just the shit that happens, right? Whatever. Don't uh, you have, like, a like a, a doctor that they kind of go with and expect yes, to have Yes, you do. Like, yes, you do. <laughs> okay. So, fuck that, right? Yes, you do, Dick. Yes. 
could be worse. She could be having the kid in Portugal. Oh, God. You know what? You fucking trolled everybody. First off, a lot of people who, who like me even are like, Dick, Dick faked that on you just to fuck you over. <laughs> like, he's such an asshole. He was posting about it. I was like, dude, do you guys not get anything whatsoever? Like, I don't know. Anyway. Oh, God. It's been... Uh... The hardest part of this fake out that I'm doing of faking my broken foot is uh, is watching L.A. open up and like everyone's going nuts and I just am sitting at home still. It's oh, like, you guys gotta be fucking Do you think Dick me. cares that much about anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> that he would fake all this? Like that doesn't even make sense. Uh, but you know what? I give I give props to your deadpan ability through Twitter uh, that uh, that I saw some people just absolutely buying that hook line and sinker school uh which is fine uh <laughs> that's not the craziest thing they bought about they'll me believe, they'll believe anything <laughs> like they really will believe anything you say it's so fucking weird to have access to these people it's uh, it's uh starling now by the way what's playing here what, what is this man they're sending songs Woo! what are we on right now not enough. Never mind. I don't do drugs. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> do you know this song? Yeah, it's from the wedding singer, isn't it? Oh, motorboat and son of a bitch. Alright, let's see. I hope you fucking show. <laughs> Ralph, I would never fake my. I, I said this at the live show. I put you in my presentation that uh, you getting beat up was the worst thing that happened to me because I could have gone down as the 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 biggest gun guard in history, <laughs> fighting off your attackers. Oh, <laughs> uh, but you know, I wanted to come. I wanted to come to your show so bad, and I I didn't because one, I didn't want to be a distraction. Honestly, if I would showed up, I would have been like a major distraction from everything going on. Uh, so I was like, okay. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna think about it. Um, obviously, I love you. I love. I love road rage and all that. Uh, and I was at the one in Tampa, but I was like, eh, if I show up, plus I got a few things going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, no. But yeah, I did see some people uh, say, "Oh my God, Dick trashed him." Oh my God, me and you have been through uh, just everything imaginable. If they thought that that would um, drive a wedge, I, I think that they have another thing coming. <laughs> <laughs> some of these, some like I saw somebody post uh, that Nick Fuentes trashed you, and he said like, "Oh, he's kind of a scumbag, but he's really hilarious." I'm like, "That's a compliment where I'm from." Like, That's everything I want to hear. What are you talking about? Yeah, I was gonna say, what the fuck. Uh, and then somebody earlier, Super Chat, was like, you're kind of a disaster, but your show is unmissable. I was like, well, fuck. That's all I want to yeah, fucking hear in life. Like, what the fuck? <clears throat> all right. Now, we have a few Super Chats. We're coming up on the uh, the bewitching hour here, actually. Very close. Very, very close. Uh, let's see. Anonymous. Wally. Oh, boy. I see some Super Chats here. I want to make sure I don't miss any. Uh, now, by the way, while you're here, why don't you plug your shit? Oh, yeah, uh, dick.show. I get the biggest problem now, too, patreon.com slash biggest problem. Um, that's doing very well. Vito gets in a lot of fights online, so uh, that's been powering the show. I'm going to do that later today. All right, now let's see here. We'll turn that back on. Thank you, guys. What that. are the predictions for this debate? Well, that, why don't you predict? I can't make a prediction. 
Oh, yeah. So give one. Adam, are you alive? I'm alive. Yeah, sorry. I've I've got no idea. I've I don't follow Destiny, so I have no idea what he's going to say or what arguments going to make. So I really have have no clue how it's going to go. By the way, I just hope it's entertaining. He has the cutest baby of all time. Uh, I will say that right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, really uh, but go ahead. What do you think, Dick? I think uh, Destiny will uh, uh, give a, a minute of silence for every trans soldier. That has been mowed down in the Ukraine oh, fuck. Uh, to start his argument. I hope at least like when Trump did the standing ovation, the longest ever standing ovation at his State of the Union address. I think Destiny will pull one of those. I hope so. I'd like to honor Ukraine here on the show. He's going right. to be Destiny's going to be suiting up and he's going to end the debate by going to the front line <laughs> of Ukraine with the Reddit Redditor brigade. You know, Destiny's going to be with us uh, on April 2nd. <laughs> Killstream.live slash bowl. <sighs> They're in Dallas. What are you thinking about that? What, what's your bowling game looking wait. like? What's your bowling game looking like? Uh, my bowl is uh, trying not to break my hand. That's my, that's my bowling. Uh, don't take a wrong damage. step. You're going to break your fucking foot again. Dude, I don't know if it'll be good by then. Like, I, it's still broken. <laughs> Dude, I was about um, to say, don't. Yeah, we might have to have <laughs> like a designated bowler for you. <laughs> I'm gonna get one of those wheelchairs that you just roll it down the ramp. No, have you ever seen the? No, have you ever seen the one that's like a giant like? <laughs> it's it it looks like this. I'm trying to show it where it goes down like this. It's like a slide, and you just put your bowling ball up at the top of it, and you just yeah. push it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might have to get one of those. I'm gonna, my girlfriend's gonna bowl, and I'm gonna take the better <laughs> of her two scores. All right, let's see here. I know I've missed Man, I hope I didn't miss any. I'm trying to look through. I'm trying. Yeah, if there's any more for me, let's get them in because I got to get going. All right, good good deal. Um, let's... I'm, on, I'm on baby watching uh, duty. No, no problem, sir. I completely understand. Well, I will soon. All right, go ahead. At Gay Pangolin on Twitter sent $20. Congrats to Mr. and Mrs. Ralph on the incoming birth of your baby girl. Congrats to another epic kill stream slash kill stream worldwide, baby. Let's fucking go. Oh, oh. Let's fucking go. Oh, oh. And this one said it was a, a docs of you. I think they're just fucking with you. Yeah, it was this. We showed that. Okay. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Anonymous says, drive safe, big guy. Congratulations. Thanks for all the content. Is that going to play? Nope, it won't. But uh, thank you for that. Uh, let's see. Oh, this one didn't play. Let me see if I have any more for you specifically. Wally sent $3. At least you understand the root of your problems was letting her out of the house to begin with. Never let your bitch out of the house. <laughs> Duty sent $3. Fuck off, Mr. Daddy Duty. No, don't say that. Thank you, Adam Green. I appreciate you joining me, sir. Go take care Thank of Thank you so much. Good Next week, Thursday, the 24th, with E. Michael Jones debating Christianity. That's correct. Is it the answer or is it... The problem is coming up real, real soon. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you joining me. Thank you. Take care. See you, Dick. See you, buddy. All right, you take care. I have to run downstairs at some point, but we'll see if that actually takes place. Um, Man, I can't believe it's happening. It's really happening. Does it feel different? What, about the baby? Um, Yeah, the baby being born. Yeah, yeah, it feels a little different. Um, Yeah. I have to say, and of course, um, different from the other. Um, <laughs> I won't go into that. Uh, each one's deep. different. I hear. Yeah, each one's different. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't tempt me. Okay. Uh, thank you. 
That's a long drive. Oh, boy. It was a long, long drive, I got to tell you. It's still going. Anyway, go ahead. Anonymous sent $10. Ralph, God bless you. Ponsu and the baby. Thank you. Dick, I read your book, Men Are Better Than Women in Middle School. Nearly caused a riot in class. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck those bitches. Fuck hoes. Literally. Go ahead. They gotta know. The boys gotta know that there's something on the other side for them. (laughs) Oh, what is this? The little wedding singer tribute? Why not? By the way, this is completely in Russian, the next super chat. I've gotten several of those this week, actually. Can we get somebody to call in so I can go take a piss before the debate? Is that uh, unheard of? Oh, I, do I don't know how Destiny's going to justify like all the evil shit that NATO has done and that Ukraine has done. I'm, I'm interested in that. If he's on, if he's team, or if he's uh, Ukraine Slava, whatever the fuck their hashtag is. Team Ukraine, yeah, I think. I think yeah. <laughs> I assume Nick, well, Nick always, I mean, I'm not saying like, just whatever Nick says, I always agree with. So I assume he's like, no, I don't want to be in, I don't want us putting nuclear warheads in Ukraine. I don't like the military-industrial complex. I don't like the American hegemony. Uh, I'm I'm against them. Plus, Putin is all uh, super Christian, isn't he? Like he's legit he's trying to set up a Christian caliphate in Russia. Yeah, he's Christian as fuck. Yeah. All right, now why did Telegram shut down? I don't even understand. Oh, it's not. Oh, it is starting. Okay, no, it's still on. I guess it just restarted. Why the fuck did that even happen? Okay, anyway, go ahead. Long ones, long and skinny, thick and fat. What? We all need a dick. No. Ralph, you fucking forgot one of mine for green. Some of us work shitty jobs to pay the gun. Well, I'm sorry. I, that was not the my point intention. The point $3. I want Destiny to explain why he is gay. Kavi Kila sent $3. How do I coin? I can never get in Discord. I don't know. Penis, penis, and ten dollars. Read. <laughs> I read it. Thank you. Uh, do you think? Can, can we get a caller in that can at least interact with Dick for a second while I go downstairs? Uh, yeah, well, you go downstairs. Yeah, what the fuck? Where are they at? Okay, let's see. Get in the Telegram. What the fuck? I only have limited time now. Is it all you have now? Yeah, it's Telegram. Well, maybe I could read. I could read uh, Bono's poem while you're gone. You know what? Read Bono's poem. Actually, let me let me find it. You read Bono's poem. It's all you right now. I'm stepping away. Go ahead. Pelosi, Bono's poem. Sounds like an explosive shit that's happening (laughs) right now. I got this message from Bono. This is the poem that ended the war. Um, still, tr- Oh, yeah. Ireland's sorrow and pain is now the Ukraine. And St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky? Does it, it doesn't rhyme. That's my problem with Bono's St. Patrick's Day poem. Um... It doesn't rhyme, and she wasn't doing it in fatigues or doing a river dance at the same time. 
I don't know. Would have been a lot more impactful then. It would have been a lot more impactful if Bono had dressed up like a little leprechaun and got on TikTok and got shit faced and read it himself. <clears throat> or painted her tits. That's what Pelosi should have done. Taken her top off like the French feminists. Every time they have a problem, gas goes up, tops off. NATO invading, tops off. Tops off, tits painted. The fat one always gets the paint at the end when they're running out. Tops off, tits out for Russia. Um, there you go. I got this. Oh, yeah, I got this. So Bono is texting. Bono is texting uh, Nancy Pelosi. Wow. Maybe he's trading stock tips with her or sending her limericks. They thought an Irish limerick on St. Patrick's Day was going to prevent World War Three. That's where we're at. Um, it's an exciting time for comedy. People say that that comedy that comedy can't keep up with reality, but they're they're wrong. Comedy just hasn't figured it out yet. Oh, St. Patrick, he drove out all the snakes with his prayers, but that's not all it takes. For this smoke symbolizes the evil that arises. And hides in your heart as it breaks. And the evil risen from the darkness that lives in some men. But in sorrow and fear. That's when saints can appear. Like fucking Irish Dr. Seuss. To drive out those old snakes once again. And a struggle for us to be free from this psycho in this human family. Oh, that didn't rhyme. This should have been this struggle again. And the struggle for us to be free from this psycho in this human family. Ireland's sorrow and pain is now the Ukraine. And St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky Auto. I protect the Ukrainian working man because that's who I am and that's who I care about. Oh, you're back. How I'm you back. Doing, I'm back. How about that? What How about was that, that amazing poem? Who was that again? That was Bono, I guess. Unless, wow. unless somebody pretending to be Bono is texting Nancy Pelosi. What did he say? Zelensky was what now? Oh, I, I added that at the end. Zelensky, I'm the I'm a Ukrainian working man. I fight for the Ukrainian working man because that's who I am and that's who I care no, about. No, 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 no. But he actually said Zelensky was, um, I can't remember now. Um, he replaced. He's replaced St. Patrick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it was St. Patrick yeah. himself. What the fuck? Like, I, I, so we're all gonna drink ourselves to near death every year when we remember wow. what Zelensky's done to Ukraine. That's what he's saying. Um. Well, we do that. Some of us do that already. <laughs> Cactus Kirk says, "Congrats and good luck with everything." Thank you for that fifty spot uh, over on Cash App, which I added to the tally. Very kind. Uh, I see Anderson. I read. I read that on Odyssey. I believe already uh but there was another one another one <laughs> sorry i made myself laugh uh let's see oh boy read this why did that not play i don't understand uh well it did play but i don't remember a song no i think a song did play with that penis penis sent ten dollars Thank you, thank you, penis, penis. <laughs> How's it been going in California lately with the COVID? It was weird. Like there's a, <clears throat> an, it was last last night I went out for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Uh, the Uber driver downtown 
you, I, every Uber, I have to say, like, do you? I don't care if you put a mask on to try to get them to say, I don't care if you put it on. Right. Uh, I, I told the guy, I don't care if you put a mask on. He goes, well, I do. And I even wear my mask when I'm walking my dog outside. I'm like, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then the guy back didn't have a mask on and immediately starts making fun of it. Um, it really is a grab bag type thing. Yeah, uh, people are traumatized. They're never going to take them off, some of them. Some of them just won't, dude. Uh, I know in, in Las Vegas, most of the cab drivers and shit don't give a fuck. Um, but, but you do get the occasional ones. Some of them are just traumatized into wearing the mask. And then you have the people who just believe, like, this is the way they want to live from now on, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He said something like, well, it's healthy. I'm like, man, you're wearing, like, a Dodgers sweat, uh, T-shirt yeah. across your face. What are you thinking? It's, I, is there any way to get these people back? I just feel like there's a certain cohort that's going to be wearing this forever, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're, they were they were checking vaccine cards at one place, but then once once you got in, they were checking vaccine cards at a bar where once you got in, they were doing they were tattooing fat women. They in don't the, care. Look, I mean, as far as the you know, I would never advise anyone to break the law. Blah blah blah. Uh, but what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is, they don't give a fuck. These people no. just want some piece of paper or some type of thing you can hand them. To say you got vaccinated. Now, you might run up against a hard ass every once in a while. That's true. But most people don't give a shit. No. Um, I don't see that changing uh, in the near future. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, let me play this. Wallow the bull. Okay. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that out loud. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. I think we just played that. Yeah. We played this, right? This one we just played, I think. Penis, penis penis sent $10. Yeah, we played that. I need we my drugs. Thank you. I need my drugs too. All right, now. Chaos Acolyte sent $3. This is an urgent message to the Killstream audience. There are still Ukrainian Jews stranded in a war zone. You can show your <laughs> support you see by that? donating to the Killstream instead. They have right of return. No. Ralph has a baby on the way. I shouldn't even Screw play. Ukrainian Jews. <laughs> I shouldn't even play with you here, honestly. Mr. Boom sent <laughs> It's so, it's so calm, dude. It's literally like a. Is it like Jews are stranded? Like we got to pull. You know what? Okay, fuck it. Okay, all right. Just hold on. We have radio ads in L.A. that are like that. I think they're on the AM station. It's bad. Jews are starving every (laughs) night. Uh, Dude, it's like okay. Hold on. It's weird, dude. It's very weird. Yeah. Okay. Let's. This is an urgent message to all Americans. The Jews in Ukraine need our help now. Oh yeah. War has broken out in the Ukraine, and the ongoing devastation. Now you know what I, I keep. I played this for somebody earlier, and I almost cut it off. The punchline doesn't come until like two minutes in the video. <laughs> Jews in danger. On Monday, March seventh, three hundred Ukraine Jews will land in Israel, including. Wouldn't that be Ukrainian Jews, by the way? But anyway, <laughs> right? Ukraine Jews. Uh. Now more than ever. The Jewish community needs our support. It costs like a full-on Texas <laughs> to shuttle refugees in buses to the border and oh. then fly them to Israel to safety. Oh. The Christian community needs to unite and help save every Jew. No, dude, you haven't got. Wait, just wait. Wants to flee the devastation of this war. Your gift will ensure as many Jews as possible can flee the war in Ukraine and find a safe home in Israel. 
Ukraine is home to one of just the wait, world's largest Jewish communities in Europe. Over one million Ukrainian Jews were killed during the Holocaust. It's heartbreaking to witness European Jews fleeing for their lives again. Most Christians were silent during Hitler's attack on no! the Jews, uh, other oh than a few God. righteous Gentiles. We a few righteous Gentiles. That's me and you, Dick. A couple righteous Gentiles. <laughs> a lot of a lot of Russians were uh, a lot of Christian Russians were not so happy about that, buddy. <laughs> is more than a slogan; it's an action. At this moment, over eight thousand Jewish people are wanting to leave Ukraine for Israel. I repeat that. Don't thousand want to leave uh. the Ukraine for Israel. Get them out of they there! Wow. $20 million yeah. as soon as possible to get them to safety. We don't know when the borders oh, wait. will Hold close. On. Hold on, hold on, no, no, wait, hold on. I feel like you missed that part, huh? 8,000 want no, no, no. to leave the Let's Ukraine hear that again. for Israel. <laughs> We must raise 20 million as soon as possible to get them to safety. We don't, take know a bus. we don't know when the borders will close. We have no idea how this money will be spent, but we need 20 million by the end of the week. Hold on. 2,500 a Jew? Yes, no, literally. No, I'm not kidding. No, he literally says this. Okay. I'm, no, dude, it's not a joke. He literally says this. Hold on. By the end of business this week. Oh, tomorrow, life. today? Look, $2,650. $2, I told you. <laughs> he actually names the price, dude. I'm serious. This week, you can save one life for $2,650. That's, way, that's way, way too much. Wait, that's my life. <laughs> 100%. I wouldn't spend $2,600 on anybody's life almost. What the fuck? <laughs> How many Africans can I say? Put Sally Struthers on. I bet I could at least get three or four Africans for that price, John Aggie. Like, you son of a bitch. was like four cents a day back in the 80s. Four cents a day, you could get the flies off this motherfucker. Oh, okay, I can do four cents a day. Now, Two grand? That's like a court judgment. Like, what the fuck? We'll go 2600 bucks. Send your contribution to jhm.org and give oh, as yeah. generously as you can today. God okay, bless done. you for your efforts. All right. I think that's the same guy who does these weird AM radio uh, ads for, like, Jews in, in uh, America who are, uh, I don't know what's wrong with them. They're starving or something. They need money. They're hungry, yeah. They, well. <laughs> 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 Sorry. It's always got this weird tone. Like it always says Jews a hundred times. Like, all right, I get that they're I don't know, hungry or whatever, but well, you know, to me it's almost like it works around reverse, honestly. You know what I mean? Like if I saw this cox, you know what I mean? Like he's so subservient and so just like full of shit that it actually makes me raise an eyebrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than yeah. if, if some guy was yeah. just out there, hey, could you help the Jews? You got a few extra bucks? Maybe you want to throw a few? Well, maybe. No, <laughs> well, we maybe, yeah. End of the week. End of the week. Where, where are they going? <laughs> <laughs> but right, what? if you just had a couple of Jews out there and they're just like, yeah, you know, money's kind of tight. If you guys could kind of help out, it would be great. Uh, that would be one thing rather than, did you see? I don't think I don't think we showed it to you. I don't know, but during the holiday season, there's the International Fellowship of whatever Christians and Jews, 
Yeah. And uh, I feel like I'm going to have to play it now. Uh, I didn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually. Plan. Do they have a thermometer for how many? I didn't actually plan on saved? it. Like uh, 20 million bucks or what? I, I didn't plan on. I, I didn't do plan on. Do they have a Kickstarter and I can't make the joke that belongs there because I'll get banned from all my bank accounts? No, nah, you should. You know what? You should see this because. <laughs> These are <different. laughs> He should watch the. Okay, I'll tell you when to watch. Okay, I mean watch the whole time, but just just yeah. just watch. Go, time. go ahead. Here we go. For elderly Holocaust survivors, <laughs> with no food and no heat, they get weaker and more die every day. Wow! I want you to see their faces. Okay. Look into their eyes that are haunted still by the memories of the past. They desperately need our help now with heating, food, and medicine during the holiday season of Hanukkah. These are people who often... Hanukkah. I was talking about this. This bitch is like pronouncing every single syllable. Isn't this an ad for Christians? Is this what... Have to go for days without food. Yeah, this, this is the fucking ad. Now keep watching. Keep watching. Now this is the part. All right. Oh what? no. No, listen. Watch this old woman. Watch her face when he talks about. She may only have days. Go for days without food. This woman oh. would die in a matter of days. What? 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 Hold on. I had more shit planned. Where, where is this? Siberia? Showing? <laughs> Actually, I think I'm like not that? kidding. I think, this, I think this is in Ukraine. I'm not even kidding. I think, oh. like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not kidding, dude. I think this is in Ukraine. Did the Azov people do this to them in Ukraine? <laughs> oh, boy. Would die in watch, a, watch your face. Watch your face. Matter of days what? or weeks. Did you watch how quick? Watch how quick. George H.W. Bush. Watch how quick. She looked like she was near death until he said she was about to die. But God, she lit up like a firecracker. Days. <laughs> We wish her the best. Uh, I think she may already be with the Lord. I'm not sure. Wait a minute. So it's only 25 bucks to save yeah. her, but it's tw- two grand to yeah, save exactly. the other ones? This is some high price motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Should have moved her out back then when it was cheap. Maybe they have some Hanukkah type deals going on though. I don't, I don't know. Maybe oh, there's yeah, oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably maybe. your dollar goes further there. <laughs> um, now, what do you think about Russia Ukraine? Um, well, uh, I wouldn't want a bunch of uh, cops moving in next door to me, so I could see not wanting like America having a bunch of nukes pointed up your ass right on your on a on your border. Um, I, I, as far as I understand, uh, Ukraine was like shelling the shit out of those Donsk and Luhansk areas. Donbass, like eight years. Donbass and Luhansk. Like, yeah. as, as I remember, the U.S. like staged a coup yeah. in Ukraine, and then they started hammering those separatist regions, which wanted to be part of Russia. Uh, and then I guess they fucked around too much and found out. 
when Putin decided to move in and protect him. I don't know. Like, that's what happened to Texas in America. And Texas was like, no, fuck you, Mexico. And America sent in the troops. So, I don't know. It just seems like it seems like a money laundering scheme. Like, all of a sudden, Ukraine needs $15 billion out of nowhere. Uh, and they get it in a couple hours. But, you know, we never get. But it's still, still illegal to do heroin. Um, can't get any movement there. It just seems like a scam from the U.S. government, like usual. What do you, what do you think about it? Well, of course, I'm the moderator, so I better, oh, yeah, I better yeah. not. Of course, yeah. I, you know, I've said what I thought about it, if people want to go yeah. look, but uh, not appropriate to necessarily yeah, yeah. say it now. But uh, NATO's uh, been fucking around since I was a kid. Like, NATO has been pushing, pushing, pushing since I was a kid. I remember that shit. I remember when Germany got reunited and they're like, all right, all right, we're good now. We're good. But then every year they're like, hey, oh, Putin's not looking. Let's get a little closer to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come get over here. We got some good American nukes over here. We'll put them right, put them right in your country for you. Now, what do you think about the idea of um, uh, not too many other leaders would have actually taken this course? Um, this is, uh, no matter what you say, uh, what side you take, this is a serious offensive war in Europe, um, and it's a big deal. Uh, and so um, how many other leaders would have even been willing to do something like this? Uh, are there any? Um, and uh, does that in and of itself make it a losing endeavor? You Pretty know ballsy, I mean? right? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't, <clears throat> I don't, it seems like Putin really thinks he's on a mission from God, kind of. I, I mean, like, I want to think that he's like calculating that all these guys are, are uh, like, um, you know, calm and calculated, but it seems like he's, he's uh, operating on some kind of divine providence, like keeping the country together. Or maybe he saw Gaddafi getting ass raped by Hillary Clinton's uh, troops in the street and said, wow, I don't want to get ass raped with a machine gun uh, in the red square. So I'm going to go ahead and just go for broke. Um, I think he could get out of it though. Like it doesn't seem it. I don't buy the news that, Russia's losing so bad. Uh, I wouldn't want an army con like shooting and shelling all my shit all day. So, well, you know what I buy? Like, I think they're yeah. losing. I, I think they're probably facing more resistance than they thought. Um, yeah. But I also don't think it's like end all be all. Like they're gonna defeat Ukraine. Like yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's gonna be the eventuality. And it's like, how many people do we want to see die here? Is there some type of solution? And the solution is Ukraine bowing down. I mean, that's the solution. Ukraine should have already been bowed down. They're in. I mean, I don't know. I should. Yeah, that that annoys me too because I that's get the that's a that certain hold on. Down that's a want cer more money out of us. That's a certain strain of thought that Ukraine should have already bowed down. Not that I'm saying that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. But um. I I don't know what it, what. It, like I, I don't know, there there is an argument that, uh, and we'll talk about this in a minute, that that perhaps the deaths and and uh, stuff being prolonged um, by Western, you know, interference or or like supply. Well, it depends on your definition. You could call it interference or or just uh, war war supplies, whatever you want to put it. Yeah, well, so I'm also looking at it from the U.S. military just lost a trillion dollar a year line item in Afghanistan. Like, they're going to want to put that line item back somewhere, you know? They're going to want to spend, they're going to want to have a reason to spend a trillion dollars a year again, forever. Um, yeah. 
And it looks like they found it to me. Well, and again, uh, honestly, one of the things that that might turn some people uh, against uh, something like this, you know, people like Condoleezza Rice out there, um, and I, I don't know what what do you <clears throat> trying to keep the moderator head on? What what do you think about? Yeah. Um, uh, I guess it it just seem seems to some people and and the the critique never goes away that that the U.S. never and of course we're United States citizens. I'm proud American. I don't give a fuck. Um, but you also have to be, um, or there's a school of thought that you have to be. You have to realize, um, that uh, people t- you know react to this just like they would anybody else, right? Um, uh, and and you see the aggressive actions from America the last 20 years, um, it's kind of hard to hear about sovereignty and stuff like that, uh, according to some. Uh, yeah, if, if I was a Russian citizen, I would fucking hate the U.S. for this. Like, seeing all the companies just fuck take my McDonald's and stuff for no and porn for no reason, and then all of our gay celebrities getting up and say, like, oh, you know, fuck... Fuck Russia. They're all fucking canceled. The piano prodigies can't. We're not even going to let you. Uh, we're not even going to call it uh, white Russians anymore. We're calling them white freedoms. Uh, <laughs> I, it's just like I, I don't I don't see the point of it. Um, but it, I, I think our country's run by a, a crime syndicate. that just like takes money that just launders money in the form of debt. I mean, every country. Uh, what do you think about this? Yeah. I was kind of thinking about it the other day. And, of course, it's not necessarily an original thought, uh, but every country kind of acts like a criminal gang. Um, yeah. And it's like protecting territory, and we give this up. I was I was reading, actually, and, of course, I knew, uh, I've heard about Konisberg and how Russia's taken it and all that before, but um, this was a German city uh, for hundreds of years, thousand or so. Um, and it's like, well, uh, it's Russian. Get out, Germans. It, it, it was... Um, you know that's how nations they're they're like criminal gangs and they that's how they interact with each other yeah <clears throat> yeah i agree with that yeah right like i don't i don't know is that <laughs> is that controversial um all right now nick versus destiny we're waiting so um it is 8:01 p.m. eastern i just check. want the maximum amount of redditors to get wasted in this conflict that's my all the all the volunteers for Ukraine on Reddit that are signing up with their Harry Potter sweatshirts and <clears throat> all right, now let's oh Destiny is Destiny here? There he the is. one and only. What's up? All right, sure. Let me pin you to the screen here, and uh, we're getting close. Go ahead, Super Chat. Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson sent three dollars. Yeah, one second while you do this. The Jews need your service. Sell everything you have. <laughs> I'll read that in a minute. <sighs> Great way to welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, All right, okay. Um now that's the Okay, we'll wait till he gets back. Go ahead. David sent three dollars. What's your bowling average, Dick? Ralph? Uh, mine's like 75 that, yeah. dude, it's bad, I was, was yeah. going to say mid 70s <laughs> dude, It's literally like 75 Like, I bowled a 30 or two I'm not proud of it Dude if I bowl 140 I would be so stoked Are you kidding me Like, I would just be like oh shit I, I would be like unstoppable shit talker If I bowled 140 uh, It's probably not going to happen You're, you're probably going to see it live I, You know what I'm so excited honestly uh, For that event but I won't Plug it too much now, but uh, killstream.live slash bowl, live killstream, Dallas, Texas. Dick's going to be there. 
some of the guests you saw today uh, are going to be there as well. So check that out. Now yeah, I can't we, wait. Mr. Gibson, go ahead. Mr. Gibson sent $3 Killstream Rise Up Let's Fucking Go. Let's go. Uh-oh. A Sunny D sent $10 Play This. I can't play that right now. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get a special bowling ball made like the kingpin one Me with the too. rose in it. Dude, I wanted to do that and I wanted to get like a jacket. Uh I'm still gonna be flamboyant uh with my dress there, but uh it probably won't be as crazy as Mr. Boom sent three dollars about time we pay attention to the problem in Africa. With just one dollar, you could prevent the needless death of one thousand mosquitoes. All right now oh boy. Uh now Nick said he was going to be about ten minutes late, is what uh, I got word about uh, a few minutes a few minutes ago. I guess thirteen minutes ago. So um, now, so that should be about eight ten. Boom Haar sent three dollars. Dustin, you need to be smacked Boom in your mouth. No, come on, Boomer. <laughs> Seymour sent three dollars. Bring the war home so we can offload some of our Jews. Now, come Jesus on. Jesus Christ. Wow. I didn't. Jacuzzi sent $10. Loser has to sleep with Destiny's wife. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. Okay. with you <laughs> i don't think i've bowled since fucking high school all right now jesus uh you can see they're excited okay now we have to figure out the screen there's double destinies here that's not that's not appropriate um okay so the left was okay here we go we'll pin you there there you go okay now let's see Oh, I have to change the. <clears throat> How you doing, by the way, Destiny? What's going on? Um, you know, I've been. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not proud of myself. I've been playing a lot of League of Legends. You know. You know what? I heard somebody, and it was a shit talker, and they're like, I could see the the light in his eyes. He was back on League of Legends. Hold Mr. on, Gibson I'll play this. I swear to God, I'll play it in it. a second. But <laughs> they said I could see him. So you have been back on it. A little bit, okay? I'm trying to wean my way off. <laughs> okay? That's a rough I heard yeah. that, and I was like, what are they talking about? I was like, okay. Um, all right, now let's see. So on the right, it is the Bray browser. Um, so we should be able to. All right, now, um, Dick, why don't you say something? Check, 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 check. Okay. Save now, the Jews. Oh, boy. All right, now. Uh, I'm trying to get the screens pinned right. I'll eventually figure that out. Um, Nick's going to be here shortly. We're live on Cozy. Many people uh, watching us now. Uh, Dick, you're live as well. Well, you're live here with me. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see why is this not right. Okay, so that should be the brave browser. I'll get it. There we go. There we go. Okay. So now all we need is Mr. Fuentes here. Uh, now it's been, when was the last time you were on the show, Destiny? It's been a minute. I have no idea. When, what was the last debate I did on here? I'm thinking it was, I think it, I'm thinking it was you versus Mark 
call it. I can't remember when that was, though. Honestly, all oh, that was kind of recent within the past. Yeah, it month, wasn't, wasn't that. It? it wasn't as far away as I thought. Yeah, when I first sat down to uh, to do this. Um, How have you been doing, Ralph? I always, I'm always hearing crazy <sighs> things about you online. I'm never sure. Well, you know. It's going, man. I'm doing pretty good, honestly. In in all reality, uh, I'm welcoming my baby daughter into the world very shortly. And as soon as I get done with the stream, I'm driving up to Rochester, New York, uh -huh. uh, for that purpose uh, because my fiance's water broke while she was <laughs> out of town uh, visiting her family. So um, that's actually what my real life is like. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, now Nick's gonna be on here in a minute. Uh, Dick, you you were you were here uh, with Destiny uh, in California. Now is that the last time you talked to Nick Destiny um, on the kill stream? I don't I don't know if you guys. It seems like maybe you talked since then, but I'm not sure. I don't think we have. I think it was probably on. I think so. Probably on your show. I think yeah. That's what I thought too. But I just in, in just in case that was a uh, a wrinkle there. What do, what do you think, Dick? You guys don't have a secret rapport, Destiny? You and Nick Fuentes? I'm very public with everything I do. Like, if I have a rapport with somebody, we're usually doing stuff on stream. I don't have very many secret friendships. Oh. That's the that's the secret bromance that I want to see. Yeah, apparently. Now, Nick, I, I, I saw some of his stream last night. And of course, we, we haven't started the uh, festivities here, but uh, he mentioned doing an IRL stream with you, like uh, Odd Couple style. Uh, kind of going around to different places. What did you think about that? <laughs> I mean, he said no, that. Listen, I, it's I'm a crazy just... world today. I'm not going to rule anything out. We'll see what happens. All right. I'm just asking. I, I don't know. That was that was the that was the idea put out there. It wasn't it wasn't my idea. I'm just mm -hmm. I'm just wondering what you thought about that. Now, April second, Dallas, Texas. Now, have you been to Dallas before? Yeah, several times. Yeah, really. So I've only been there once. Um, now they have really good strip clubs there in Dallas. Um, I don't know if you know that, that they have bring your own, but now I won't be examining that, of course, but I just, um, <laughs> bring your own beer and, and steaks, now it's right? literally, no, it's literally bring your own alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're going to resist that. What no, if you I, I won't. Like, no, no, I can't, I can't fall victim to that. Um, now, but, uh, what were your favorite things about going to Dallas? Um, geez, what did I do? I always do these, like there are some in, in real life debate things. Dallas is right next to Fort Worth, right? Yeah. Yeah. So technically whenever I fly in, there've been a couple, I think debates down in Fort Worth that I've flown in through Dallas where I don't dude, I don't do anything. I play fucking video games. <laughs> I go debate people. Like you're asking me about like the Hey, I'm just man, like, what the you, fuck? Like, I'm trying to kill time until he gets here. What the fuck? Out, like, fuck dude, dude, what do you get from me? What the fuck? I have to kill I time. Fucking, I don't go out. And do, <sighs> I went to Fogo de Chao. Okay. It's a good chain restaurant. And you know, nah, in Fort Worth, it was good. Nah, as well. there you go. That's what I did in Dallas. That's it. You got to soak in the culture of churches and freeways. Listen, I lived in Nebraska Omaha for 30 fucking years. I've got plenty of churches and freeways out the fucking ass. Okay, I would go down that shit now. <clears throat> now, is it true that you can just drive whatever speed you want down those roads? Or, like, what, what's the limit? That you can drive in Sweden when you want? No. <laughs> it's like, is it really, like, 80, 90 mile per hour speed limit there? Or, like, 
No, most of the speed limits in Europe are slow as fuck. Not Europe. I'm talking about fucking Nebraska, dude. Uh, you know, through Sweden. Oh, in Nebraska? No, those. I'm pretty sure the highest speed limit in the U.S. is like 85 miles an hour on like some fucking Montana road or some shit. Um, in Nebraska, it's probably all 70, 75 is the fastest in the interstate. And then, but they are a little higher usually. I don't know. I've heard that that some of these dry. I shouldn't say drive-through states, but whatever. Um, that the the speed limit is it's a flyover state. Okay. No, I don't like that word. Wait, wait, are you scared of airplanes? What do you mean by that? No, I'm not scared of airplanes. I actually traveled more than I ever have the last two or three years, um, <laughs> including to Portugal across the world uh, recently. Um, but, you know, I'm not scared of airplanes. Are you scared are you of airplanes? to fly an airplane? Yes. Believe, <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, yes, uh-huh. I am. I am. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, I just came back from flying somewhere. Where did you fly from? I don't even remember. Oh, I what was my son for his uh, birthday. I was in Nebraska on the 11th. My yeah. son turned 11 years old. Wow. Oh, shit. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, now, have you has COVID impacted your travel at all? Um, I guess kind of. Over the past two years, shit's been kind of weird. Yeah, I guess because I lived in Sweden for a month and a half. Um, yeah, I think- How was the internet? <laughs> it was not very good. That's why I was only there for a month and a half, you know? <laughs> Now, what about, like, you don't want to stay in Europe, or? No, fuck no. I'm I'm an American. I like America, all right? Well, what are the, okay, how about this? What are the positives of Europe versus the the negative? Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to be totally honest, and I hate to say this, but I guess I'm the lib cuck on this program, so I'll take the anti-American position. Um, America sucks in almost every way compared to Europe. The only fucking reason why I still stay over here is because if I was in Europe, it would be a lot harder to fly and visit my son. But other than that, if if I didn't have a kid, I think I would just move to Europe. (laughs) I say fuck it because this place, our cities are fucked, dude. If you spend (laughs) any amount of time in European cities where you can take a bus anywhere, where everything's not fucking falling apart, where you actually have cell phone reception that doesn't exist in 95% of U.S. metropolitan areas, I don't know why. Um, Yeah, it's you'll get very spoiled very quickly. And then you come back to the U.S. where everything's expensive, stuff is super far apart, housing is unaffordable, like it's just fucked. Um, I I will say that uh, cellular data actually is cheaper in Europe by a wide margin, which is yeah, and it works. In the United <laughs> States, and every like, I can have five bars in fucking Miami and New York and Austin and L.A. and San Francisco. I have five bars, and I can't watch a fucking YouTube video. It's unbelievable, dude. Now, um, so is that literally the only thing keeping you here in America? You're, yeah, like, if I didn't have a son, I would move. I'd just say, fuck it, why not? There might be some paperwork shit that would be annoying, but... Like renounce, you know. Uh, I've seen you have to renounce your citizenship. Can I just be well, like no, you don't have to. No, you don't have Jesus. to, but you might be liable for, like, certain tax burdens and stuff like that um i don't know look i don't know the whole details honestly but i know that um um you you can't just get out of paying taxes as a u.s citizen yeah unless you completely renounce your citizenship um but but there are it's actually more it's it's a little more restrictive than other countries uh as far as moving away um Uh So I don't know. It's bullshit. I think it's bullshit, honestly. Um, but uh, you yeah, think the U.S. is the like the only country in the world that does that foreign taxation? Yeah, it is. Uh, it literally it basically yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so I think I think we probably all agree uh, here on the on the pre panel with that. Uh, now we're waiting on Nick Fuentes here, uh, the kill stream extravaganza. I've already been live since noon today here on the East Coast. Uh, now uh, I'm trying. I'm looking at the chat here. 
How did John McAfee do it? That's he seemed like he had it all figured out. Whatever that guy does with his life, I don't think I'd want to walk in his footsteps. That seems like a pretty treacherous path. <laughs> I don't know how much of his sanity he had to trade to get to where he is today, but that dude is unhinged. He looks happy. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, heroin addicts look happy. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know if that's the metric that I would go to evaluate how much I want to emulate somebody's lifestyle, but. Oh, and he's dead today, too. I didn't even fucking know. I don't see. I don't keep up with it. Yeah, he's dead, dude. That's what I was thinking, too. You didn't know that? Uh, But he was like, what, 60-something? He he had a good run, right? Yeah. 60-something when the average (laughs) lifespan is like fucking 80 or whatever in today's world? Who wants to be 80? Come on. You don't want to be 80. Come on. Do you? Uh, I don't know, man. We'll see, I guess. We'll see how I feel at at 70, okay? Maybe they'll have another version of... League of Legends. See, that's what you're counting on. You're counting on like the, like brain transplant shit. That shit. Well, you'll have to be way richer. You'll have to be Bezos level to get access to that. Mm-hmm. You think? Or wait, do you already have connections? I don't know. You sound like you already know. Like I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm not giving away my <laughs> secret bromance. Fucking tomorrow, me and Nick might try that brain swap technology. There might be a lot of shit going on behind the scenes you don't know about. <laughs> I was about to say, it seems like I'm being left out here. What the fuck? Where's my brainstem? They asked me for people to suggest, and I gave them your name, and they started looking at your life, and I said you were way too fucking unstable for anything. So I'm sorry, man. I tried. Fuck! Damn it! Well, I appreciate you putting in a good word, at least. Yeah, uh, maybe on the second go round, though. Look it to me. Um, mm-hmm. All right. No, probably not. You can get the knockoff version. <laughs> yeah, I'll get the Walmart Chinese Russian saying. version. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Amazon basic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now, I'm, I'm looking through here. Uh, there are a few super chats, at least. We could play those. Why not? Uh, and now, Destiny, you're also live on your YouTube, right? Yeah. Okay. Not Twitch, though, show. right? I am live on Twitch. Why is that? Bad? Okay, no, no, it's not necessarily. I'm just, just wondering. There's be a little chill. So they can behave themselves. Yeah, I'm hoping. Wait, hold on. George Floyd um, sent $3 Dick. Ooga Booga. Yo. Questions for the Harry got, Potter um, looking guy. Have you ever taken fentanyl? All right, go ahead. Um, You got uh, you got injured at a protest. How are you doing? Have you, you like, recovered from all of that? Are you, are you oh, the head, the head injury. Yeah. Um, I've been blaming all my mood swings and alcoholism on that since, it's ha- since it happened. Are these the same mood uh, swings and alcoholism you had prior to the injury? But no, I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Like I'm so paranoid about it uh, that I think I think it has had. Uh, well, like doing the show in front of so many people, people mm-hmm. guys will write in and say like, "Oh yeah, there's totally a difference in how you and um, how you talk and how you act now." And I'm like, "Oh fuck!" Now something great. that's really fucked up. I, I bet this has happened to you. I bet it's happening to you now. Um, after my one of my parents was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, and as soon as I heard that diagnosis. Every single fucking time I forgot anything in a conversation, I just be like, fuck, I have Alzheimer's. Fuck, I have Alzheimer's. So yeah. now I bet you're probably in that mode where anytime something happens, you're like, oh my God, like my brain is deteriorating. I don't know what the fuck is happening. Like I can imagine the stress. Yeah, because I've been there. It's fucking annoying. So now every time I'm hungover, I'm like, is it that part? Is it that part of my head that's hungover? Like, does yeah. that hurt more than the rest? Um, it's, I, I don't know. Some guys told me to get a, like a hyperbaric chamber to sleep in, but I don't know if I'm quite ready to, to turn into Howard Hughes, Jeez. uh, over this head wound. Um, I don't know. I figure maybe I'll, I'll get hit on the other side and it will even it out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the worst thing is, is they never, the cops never did anything. They didn't give a shit. Uh, we figured out who the guy was, some fucking gym owner, uh-huh. uh, Eric Boyd, uh, Can you do, like, civil charges against him or anything or? 
Yeah, but I got to sue for damn. Like every lawyer wants to be your friend during the accident, but then they're like, "Well, wait till your uh, hands fall off, and then give me a call." Then that's when the real damages hit. So yeah, I gotcha. They're not like real mo. Like they're not the better they are, the less they're motivated to go after smaller amounts. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I don't know. I got to show. Like I got shit to do. Yeah, sure, of um, course. St. Patrick's Day, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> do you um are you going to this bowling shit hell yeah. yeah yeah are you so what are you guys providing there for your guests as far as security goes actually let me skip the bullshit what are the chances we're all gonna, gonna be packing what are the chances i'm gonna be killed at this event ralph um i would say zero maybe like <laughs> maybe zero. like three percent for me now i would have i'm actually more nervous that you said zero than if you would have said <laughs> 15 or 16 or <laughs> <laughs> now it makes me wonder if it's like closer to 30 or 40 percent i'm not entirely sure now jesus you pack heat we've seen you pull your gun out on air come yeah, on my, let me just throw my fucking block out of the airplane and Texas destiny, come nah, on, dude. We're loaded up. Don't worry, I'm not plane, like trying to plan. Nah, dude, we're good. Yeah. Nah, we're good. We're good. Nah, you won't be. You won't be harmed. They would kill me first. I'm much more hated, I think. Okay. Just remember if you guys kill me, okay? Because I know every time I travel, people are always cheering for me to die somewhere. Like when I go to Sweden, like a bunch of conservatives are <laughs> like some Muslim terrorists. And, like, see <laughs> and anytime I go to these conservative events, everyone on the left is like, oh, yeah, fucking conservatives going to kill them so we can prove that they're the violent ones. So just let you guys know if you do kill me, it's going to make you all look really bad, okay? So it's going to be a bad look. <laughs> It'll be, it'll be a bad luck, exactly. I have hey. to say. Oh, Nick. Nick, hey, go what's ahead, going sir. On? What's up, sir? All right, now we got you pinned. I mean, it's ready to go right now, actually. Uh, how you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's been an all-day festival here on the Kill Stream. Uh, it's me, you, Destiny, Dick Masterson is here. It feels like old times, I have to say. Uh, now, Destiny's already here. You know how we do on the Kill Stream. We have a little intro. It's kind of informal. You know, I like those yes. type of uh, discussions. Uh, but we do have intros. Uh, and so since you just joined, uh, I'll let Destiny go if he wants to go or if he wants to see to you. It's up to him. Uh, but, Destiny, if you're ready, go ahead, sir. Um, yeah, are these like opening statements or whatever? Yeah. Oh, gee. How long do we have on these? Uh, I would say 10-minute upper limit. Unless you go like way over that, that would be the only way I'll stop you. Guys, I'm going to bounce before you start, but best of luck. I'll be watching. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good best one. Way. Best of luck to who? Which one? <laughs> Russia. <laughs> Russia. <laughs> have a good one. Dude. The banks. The banks. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, but, yeah, 10-minute upper limit. You know, I'm not going to cut anybody off unless it just goes wild with time. But, uh, yeah, go ahead, Destiny. All right. Sounds good. Well, my name is Destiny. I'm joined by my good friend, Nicholas Fuentes, here today. We are debating about the justification of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. <clears throat> the February invasion of Ukraine cannot be justified by any means that are not overt Russian propaganda or statements that entirely dismiss the sovereignty and right to self-determination of the Ukrainian people. This invasion into Ukraine must be opposed by any means necessary, short of direct military conflict, by anyone in the West who values any of the basic tenets of liberalism or the rights of any nation to determine their own path forward in the world. Tonight, Nick might try and convince you that NATO promised it would not expand one inch further to the east, ignoring that these comments were originally made by Secretary of State James Baker in 1990 with regards to NATO expanding its military presence into eastern Germany, which remains demilitarized to this day. 
In an interview with Russia Beyond the Headlines, Gorbachev himself, the Soviet leader in 1990, during these negotiations, responded to a question asking why NATO promises hadn't been legally encoded, with Gorbachev responding, and I quote, The topic of NATO expansion was not discussed at all, and it wasn't brought up in those years. Another issue we brought up was discussed, making sure that NATO's military structures would not advance and that additional armed forces would not be deployed on the territory of the then GDR after German reunification. Baker's statement was made in that context. Everything that could have been and needed to be done to solidify the political obligation was done and fulfilled, end quote. Nick may try to say that some verbal assurances were made between leaders, but why would anyone ever expect the geopolitical landscape of an entire continent be dictated by verbal agreements made in 1990 between only two nations, one that no longer even exists? This is even less reliable when you consider that the entire security situation would have radically changed with the rapid dissolution of the Soviet Union and, along with it, the Warsaw Pact. Perhaps Nick will try to tell you that NATO represents a real security threat against Russia. To that, I have to ask, a security threat preventing what exactly? Is it the invasion of Russia, which there is absolutely zero precedent for any NATO country doing? Is it the destruction of Russian forces in Russian territory, which there is also no precedent for any NATO country doing? Is it the annihilation of Russian forces in Russian allied territory by NATO countries, which has only happened when Russia has lied about its deployed paramilitary forces, as they did in 2018 in Syria during the Battle of Kasham? Perhaps, if I may suggest, instead what NATO represents is a threat to Russia's ability to undermine and interfere with the politics of its neighboring countries. Imagine a situation where Russia recognizes two independent self-proclaimed republics that no one else in the world recognizes. They then send in their military to secure peace, not only in the contested region, but to march far beyond that to the rest of the country, simply out of fear of the election, the democratic leader who favors dealing with the West more than Russia. I'm not even talking about the modern-day conflict in Ukraine, but instead, this is the story of the 2008 Russo-Georgian War, where, instead of the self-proclaimed republics of Luhansk and Donetsk, it was the self-proclaimed republics of South Ossetia and, and, Abhazia, and Abhazia. Sorry. Instead of securing the important geographical funnel of Ukraine, it was establishing loyalist states in the South Caucasus region. How many of these strategically vital wars are we forced to allow Russia to engage in? I wonder if Nick will bring up broken promises and agreements of the Soviet Union and Russia that were actually put to paper. It could be the 1990 Paris Charter signed by the USSR, which, and I quote, fully recognized the freedom of states to choose their own security arrangements. Will Nick mention the NATO-Russia Founding Act, 1997, part of four months of intense negotiations between the Secretary General of NATO, Javier Solana, and the Russian Foreign Minister Primakov? which established the PJC, or Russian-NATO Permanent Joint Council, that committed both NATO and Russia to, and I quote, build together a lasting and inclusive peace in the Euro-Atlantic area on the principles of democracy and cooperative security. I wonder if, if he'll mention any of the Budapest memorandums, three separate agreements signed in 1994 between the world's nuclear powers to eliminate the existence of nuclear weapons in Belarus, Kazakhstan, and Ukraine. An agreement, I should say, that required these three countries to give up the most reliable means they had of securing their sovereignty in exchange for promises of, and again I quote, independence and sovereignty in the existing borders and a refrain from the threat or the use of force against Belarus, Kazakhstan, and Ukraine signed by the United States, the UK, and Russia. Maybe Nick will attack the idea of NATO being a defensive alliance and point to times where NATO has indeed active, acted aggressively in the past. We're supposed to ignore that none of these aggressions happen towards Russia itself, of course, but I'm curious which interve interventions particularly threaten Putin. 
Does NATO's intervention in 1995 in the Bosnian War threaten Putin's plans for neighboring countries? An intervention that ended with a precision bombing campaign that brought about an end to the indiscriminate shelling of civilian cities and towns, ethnic cleansing, and systematic mass rapes being committed during said conflict? Is Putin worried that his attacks today on Mariupol, Kharkiv, Kherson, and against countless civilians in Ukraine resemble too closely the absolute destruction he wrought in 2015, the city of Aleppo, during the Syrian Civil War, or the 27,000 civilians killed when Grozny was decimated during the First Chechen War in 1994 within his own borders? Does NATO, intervent, does NATO intervention in Kosovo stop the, to stop the ethnic cleansing of Albania's by Yugoslavia scare Putin? Does he see himself as Milosevic, the first sitting head of, head of state to be charged with war crimes, a man who was complacent with genocide occurring under his own military? Is he worried that he may want a repeat of what he did in Georgia, where the Russian-backed and recognized South Ossetia forces were responsible for an ethnic cleansing of Georgians with almost 20,000 of them being displaced from their homes? Does the 2011 NATO intervention in Libya scare Putin? Does he imagine himself to be Gaddafi, a man who imprisoned, tortured, and gassed his own citizens? The man who had the incredulity, incredulity to accuse al-Qaeda of using LSD and Nest cafes to poison the minds of his political adversaries? Maybe Nick will repeat the Kremlin's talking points about the fear of Nazis in Ukraine. Where are they? Where are all these Nazis? Every time I hear someone complain about Nazis, the only two things they seem to bring up are the Azov Battalion, small force numbering, less than 1,000 soldiers, and Stepan Bandera, a man who died in 1959 that remains incredibly divisive in Ukraine to this day. I'll be tickled if, Nick's, if Nick wants to take up the position that we should be canceling people based on problematic histories and their associations with far-right movements, but I suppose we'll see what he does. Far-right party of Svoboda today has only 15,000 members across the entirety of some 44 million people who live in Ukraine, and they only hold a single seat in that parliament. Polling data has shown that Ukrainians are some of the most welcoming people towards Jewish people in all of Eastern Europe. Between May and August of 2019, Ukraine was the only country in the world, other than Israel, Nick's favorite country, to have both a Jewish head of government, Volodymyr Groisman, and Jewish head of state, Volodymyr Zelensky. The only time in Ukraine's recent history when the Svoboda Party even had any real political influence at all was when they were being propped up by Yanukovych, the pro-Russian president. If Russia was so concerned about fascists, why would she not turn her eyes to the Russian imperial movement that operates so freely out of St. Petersburg? This is a movement that coordinates with several neo-Nazi movements all throughout Europe, even training three Swedish neo-Nazis before sending them back to Sweden, where they bombed a center for asylum seekers, among other attacks in Europe they've been involved in. Nothing operates within Russian borders so freely without Putin's implicit approval, so why does he not remove this organization from existence? Clearly, because Putin explicitly supports and is supported by Nazis. Dmitry Utkins, the founder of Russia's Wagner Group, Wagner Group, and he bears Waffen-SS tattoos on his collarbone and chest. Commanding officers, commanding officers have been seen sporting uh, Wehrmacht hats, giving Nazi salutes, spraying swastikas on desecrated houses and places of worship while conducting operations in Syria, the Central African Republic, and Libya on behalf of the Russian state. Lastly, maybe Nick will just appeal to the illegal coup known in Ukraine as the Revolution of Dignity, staged in 2014 by America in order to overthrow Yanukovych. There's not a shred of verifiable evidence for this. The Euromaidan protests erupted across Ukraine from late 2013 to early 2014 for a whole host of reasons. It wasn't solely due to Yanukovych, who, against the will of the parliament, exited a non-exclusive free trade agreement with the EU and entered the exclusive Eurasian Economic Union with Russia. Ukraine was widely considered in the 2010s to be one of the most corrupt countries in the world. The actual ousting of Yanukovych would only happen after he ordered his police to open fire on protesters, killing over 100 in the span of a few days, with Yanukovych ultimately fleeing the country in fear of repercussions. Who knows, maybe the shooters were secret CIA agents as well.
Russia's right to security does not supersede Ukraine's right to sovereignty. If Russia has a problem with all of its neighboring members choosing to look west for their future instead of to Russia, perhaps it's an issue for Russia to sort through. Nations should be able to dictate their own security without being threatened by a neighboring power hell-bent on rebuilding a dying empire. Mr. Fuentes, go ahead, sir. All right. Wow. Very interesting opening statement, but I, I think the rebuttal, the, the counter argument is supposed to come after my argument. I didn't hear a whole lot of justification for the NATO position, only uh, just sort of these preemptive counter arguments against uh, some of the so-called Kremlin arguments, so-called uh, pro-Russian arguments. Um, I didn't pre-write my statement, so I'm just going off the cuff here. I'll say this, um, you know, a lot of what I just heard is really wholly irrelevant to the core argument in favor of the Russian intervention or the argument that the Russian special military operation in Ukraine is appropriate and reasonable and limited in terms of its objectives. Uh, my position has little to do with the Azov Battalion or the uh, Galician far right. It has little to do uh, even with the claims that the U.S. had involvement in the Maidan Revolution in 2014. Uh, it has nothing to do with the assurances made to Gorbachev that Putin claims were there and others deny. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do principally with the expansion of NATO into Eastern Europe and specifically into Ukraine. And if you go through a timeline of events, it's really quite simple. Um, in 1991, of course, you have the dissolution of the Soviet Union, and this is a uh, you know, Putin famously describes this as a geopolitical catastrophe, and what he's referring to is the fact that overnight Russia loses half of its population and parts of its territory that it had controlled for hundreds of years, formerly under the Russian Empire and then under the Soviet Union. Ukraine in particular was controlled by Russia for hundreds of years. It was only an accident of how Lenin organized the Soviet Union administratively that Ukraine had any kind of autonomy or any kind of nationhood at all. Um, but... What liberals and what the NATO faction likes to do is say that after the dissolution of the Soviet Union, after the former Soviet Union countries uh, declared independence, that there's no takesies, backsies, that's just set in stone. These accidents, administrative accidents of world history are now locked in ethnic Russians abroad and former Russian lands, whether they be Russian Empire or Soviet Union, are forever lost now. And the so-called sovereignty of nations that never really existed, states that never existed, must be respected ad infinitum until the end of time. And there's nothing that Russia can do about it. Um, I find that problematic as far as the sovereignty argument goes. But let's take it a step further. NATO was formed explicitly to counter Russian power on the European continent. Of course, NATO was formed in response to Stalin's control over Eastern Europe, and it was formed to shore up Western Europe against the threat of the Soviet Union, which emerged from World War II as the second world superpower. Why then did after the fall of the Soviet Union, the halving of Russia's population, the decimation of the Russian military, decimation of the Russian empire, did NATO, a defensive alliance formed explicitly as a counterbalance to Russia, not only not to stand with the Soviet Union and the Warsaw Pact, remain in place, but actually then expand further? And in 1997, that's exactly what they did. They announced their intention to expand. And there was, of course, the first tranche of NATO expansion in 1999 to Poland, Czech Republic, and Hungary. The second tranche of expansion in 2004, which included uh, the Baltic states as well as uh, Slovenia and other nations. And then the third tranche in 2009 with Albania and with Croatia. 
What's more, in 2008, NATO declared that they would respect the aspirations of Ukraine and Georgia to join NATO. It's at this point that Russia draws a firm red line. And Russia says at the outset, at the Bucharest conference in 2008, that Ukraine and Georgia would not be permitted to join NATO. They say that that's unacceptable to their security posture, that's unacceptable to their national interests. Uh, and of course, Russia then intervenes in the Georgian civil war in Abkhazia and South Ossetia to that end. Destabilize Georgia, prevent them from joining Ukraine. Of course, then in 2014, you've got the Maidan Revolution. A pro-Western leader is installed. Russia intervenes in Crimea and Donbass, again, to secure their port at Sevastopol, secure their Black Sea Fleet and their power projection capability in the region, and then has fueled the civil war in Donbass ever since for the past eight years, again, to prevent Ukraine from joining NATO. It is at this point in 2014 that we saw really the fundamental root causes of the crisis. For the 22 years between the fall of the Soviet Union and the Maidan Revolution, there's no crisis in Ukraine. There is no war. There is no invasion. There are not hundreds of thousands of troops on the border. Uh, the status quo, which was to have Ukraine as a neutral buffer state, means that there is peace. It is not until the 2014 coup, when the prospect of Ukraine joining NATO becomes a real and distinct possibility, again, six years of NATO ignoring Russia's security concerns, that the crisis begins, and Russia invades Crimea and begins fueling the separatists in Donbass. It is at this point that NATO and the West begin a full-scale demonization campaign of Russia. And they say that Russia is doing this because, and we've heard the usual line, Russia is evil, Putin is evil, he is a revanchist, meaning that his principal goal, as Destiny said, is to rebuild the Soviet Union or the Russian Empire at any cost. And it's sort of an interesting prospect that for 14 years, the most that Russia had ever done was quell separatists in Chechnya, as well as provide material support to separatists in Abkhazia and South Ossetia. You know, that's some empire-building project that for 14 years... There's no real expansion of the Russian state, again, outside of arguably two small breakaway regions in Georgia. It's in 2014, in response to a pro-Western coup in Kiev, that Russia begins its attack on Ukraine. But where was the provocation? Of course, the provocation was the continued uh, so-called aspirations of Ukraine to join NATO, and then the ouster of democratically elected and most trusted politician in Ukraine, Yanukovych, and the installment of a rapidly anti-Russian leader. So what precipitated the crisis truly? Well, it was the, the Western forces. Since then, the West engages in this demonization campaign and says all along, even though they, and honestly, when Russia invaded Crimea, this caught the West off guard. The feeling of the separatists in Donbass caught the West off guard. But overnight, you know, whereas Obama said in 2012, you know, uh, the 80s called, they want their foreign policy back, and Hillary Clinton hit the reset button with Sergei Lavrov. Overnight, we determined that Putin was always no good, evil, dictator, and so on with these revanchist claims after his response to the Maidan revolution. Does the United States abandon its ambitions for Ukraine to join NATO? Of course not. And, and these are some of the precipitating factors for the current crisis. In September of 2020, the United States flies B-52 bombers across the edge of the Crimean Peninsula and near Donbass, a very provocative action. These are nuclear-capable bombers. In June 2021, six months later, the United Kingdom sails a British destroyer, the HMS Defender, into disputed Black Sea waters, where it's chased out by Russia. November 10th, 2021, Ukraine and the United States sign the Charter on Strategic Partnership 
when, and this is an updated document from 2008, Washington says it supports Ukraine's, quote, aspirations to join NATO. October 26, 2021, Ukraine begins using Turkish Bayraktar drones in Donbass, which decisively, of course, turned the tide of the 2020 Nagorno-Karabakh war. And of course, they purchased these Turkish drones from Turkey, a NATO country. And, and this uh, this is the rearmament of Ukraine. And then finally, the, the last straw comes in February 19, 2022, when Vladimir Zelensky at the Munich Security Conference suggests that Ukraine may rearm itself with nuclear weapons. And so you see in 2014, the installment of the pro-Western government and the prospect that Ukraine will join NATO, something that's unacceptable to Russia, which they had made clear since 2008. And then you see what the precipitating factors throughout 2020, 2021, and finally in 2022, once again, a security situation that is increasingly unacceptable for the Russian state. A nuclear Ukraine, uh, antagonism by the British Navy in the Black Sea, by the American Air Force over Crimea and Donbass. Once again, unfazed NATO expansion into Ukraine. And I would point out, for anybody that says that Russia is some revanchist state or something like this, what does Russia have to fear from a defensive alliance? I'll reiterate. NATO was formed explicitly, this was its express purpose, to counter Russian power on the European continent. The, the founding purpose of NATO is to contain Russia. After the Soviet Union collapses and Russia is weak and vulnerable and amputated, NATO expands in three major tranches, 13 countries over the past 20 years. The combined military spending of NATO exceeds $1 trillion in just 2021 alone, compared to Russia, which has only spent $67 billion on its military. They say that Russia is revanchist because it expanded allegedly into Crimea, Donbass, Abkhazia, and South Ossetia. NATO has expanded to 13 additional countries. They talk about Russian aggression when NATO has done far more military interventions in this century in Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, and elsewhere across Africa and the Middle East, whereas Russia had a minor engagement in the Syrian civil war. Um, and fundamentally, what it comes down to is the ignorance of the Americans and the refusal to acknowledge that America is not a benign hegemon. We are the most powerful country in the world. The purpose of the military alliance is to contain Russia. And Russia, just like Ukraine, has a legitimate security interest that it is seeking to protect. And so, therefore, the special operation in Ukraine uh, is something that is reasonable and pursuant to those valid strategic goals. The United States should listen to Russia, negotiate with Russia on some items that they can find common ground on. And if they had done that back in January, there would be no conflict. So that concludes my opening statement. Uh, go ahead, Destiny. We'll do some uh, questions back and forth, and we'll take maybe take questions from the audience as well. Uh, but uh, as you guys know, the main part will be you guys questioning each other. Uh, so I'll let it uh, begin with you, Destiny. Um, so before we dive in, cause we agree on maybe half of this and then some of this, we have pretty big disagreements on. I'm curious, uh, if we, if I grant almost everything you've said, let's say that I grant that Russia has a legitimate security interest, um, in, in having Ukraine be a vassal state or part of their, uh, their big union. Um, let's say that I, I do grant that. Why would Russia's security interests there supersede Ukraine's sovereignty to make decisions for themselves? Why, like, and under what, how would you tell an entire country, like, listen, we know you guys want to look more West. We know you want into these free trade agreements, but we can't do that because daddy Russia's scared. So you kind of just have to cuck yourselves eternally to that country. Good luck. Yeah, see, I've heard that argument before, and it's this uh, question of security versus sovereignty. And, um, you know, unfortunately, 
I, I think the consequence of uh, you know this NATO expansion and everything is that Zelensky was emboldened. You know, the question is to me, you know, whether there's sovereignty or security. I think is is sort of an abstract question. The question is, you know, why is Russia currently in Ukraine? Well, I guess you would say that Ru- you know Russia having some kind of control over Ukraine at all or influence over Ukraine at all compromises their sovereignty in favor of Russia's security. I would say this is just how great powers behave. This is unfortunately, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, this is just how the world is. Um, the question is, how do we prevent conflict in Ukraine? You know, why are there currently people dying? Why is there a war going on? And that is because NATO has expanded and emboldened Zelensky, um, and, and they have not negotiated with Russia. Now Russia has had to undertake something which, uh, you know, that they've had to demonstrate what a sphere of influence is really about, which is uh, there's an underlying threat of the use of force. Um, so, you know, I, I agree with you in some sense that, uh, you know, Ukraine must be a vassal state for Russia to have its security, but uh, this is how great powers operate. This is how the entire Western Hemisphere is organized. This is how if, Western if, Europe if that's is organized. Like, if that's the response, then why can't I just... So I'm looking for some normativity from you, not just descriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we are just going to go on descriptions, you can't really then attack NATO for continuing to expand because I would just utter the same back to you. Well, this is just what the United States would do. Of course, we'd want to expand our sphere of influence and include Ukraine into NATO. But at that point, you're not really left with... Uh, with, with being able to defend Russia's actions any more than I would defend NATO's actions, including Ukraine. Well, here, here's what I would say the difference is, is that for for Russia, Ukraine is a vital security interest. For NATO, Ukraine is not a vital security interest. And that really is where the difference lies, is that, you know, you know once again, when you consider that, um, and you could say that, well, Ukraine has a right to join the NATO alliance, you know, they may prefer, and, I you would know, say, there's yeah. a... Yeah, there's a plurality of people in Ukraine who want Ukraine to be a, a NATO member state. Um, but what exactly does this do for uh, the United Kingdom? What, what exactly, and really more fundamentally, what does this have anything, how does this benefit the United States of America? You know, because ultimately the NATO defensive alliance and security guarantee is built on the American military more than anything else, more than, you know, the, the paltry contributions of Germany, France, and the United Kingdom. It's about the American defense guarantee. And so the question is, you know, as far as Russia intervening, this is a defensive act shoring up a vital security interest. NATO expansion into Slovenia, Croatia, Ukraine. How is this? And I guess I would throw it back to you. Why is this a vital security interest for the NATO countries and more specifically the United States, which underlies the whole security so, guarantee? Well, so the first first it doesn't have to be a vital security interest. The membership into NATO is contingent upon a country wanting to join and then contingent upon NATO membership countries wanting countries to join. It doesn't necessarily have to represent a security interest for everybody to allow countries into into the fold. Right. We would argue, like, did the Baltic states represent like an actual security interest for the rest of Europe? Did any of something like did these countries did these countries need to join NATO to shore up the security of Europe? Other people might argue that the broader peace enjoyed by Europe might be because of the expansion of NATO, that it's hard to attack a country that is under this umbrella, this guarantee of safety and peace. Other people might say, if we start seeing massive uh, excursion or ma- massive fleeings of refugees and everything from Ukraine, uh, they might point to that and go, oh, well, look, 
there's the security interest. Um, you know, similar to when we had the massive fleeing of Syrians from Syria and we had a refugee crisis across all Europe. Well, now we have refugees fleeing from Ukraine because of actions that Russia is taking um, into Ukraine. I notice when you frame this conversation a lot, I'm not blaming you for this, but it's all often framed as like an issue between Russia and the United States security interest. What is the Russian security interest? What is the United States security interest? What about Ukraine's security interest, right? If we talk to any of the other Eastern European NATO member states, like, oh, well, you know, like, how are the Baltics feeling right now? You know, how are Poland, how are Romania, how, how are you guys feeling right now? NATO? They're probably feeling pretty good. They're probably feeling a lot more secure. If you were to ask Ukraine, I imagine they would probably feel pretty secure as well. They probably wouldn't have to worry about their ports being taken over by Russians, breakaway states being recognized as independent. I think it's worth addressing. So, so to answer your question, like, in one, the security interest isn't necessarily relevant. That's not a requirement to join NATO. But two, if we are going to talk about security interests, I think we should be able to talk about the Ukrainian security interests, which is keeping their country free of Russian meddling. Well, and I think that's actually, I mean, to ask the question is to answer it. What is Ukraine's security interest? You know, Ukraine's not very secure right now. Right. I mean, Russia is invading Ukraine. Russia is currently bombing Ukraine and involved in a full scale invasion of Ukraine. And so. You know, what was Zelensky daring Russia to intervene? You know, when Zelensky goes to the Munich Security Conference and says, and he didn't say, you know, because I, I know you're very, very technical about the details. He didn't say explicitly we're going to get nukes, but he says, look, he says, Ukraine disarmed because of the Budapest Memorandum. He said, mm -hmm. we've asked the signatories three times since 2014 to shore up their promise from the Budapest Memorandum, which is to protect the territorial integrity and sovereignty of Ukraine. Uh -huh. uh, and this, we're going to ask them one fourth and final time, but if they don't do it, then we're going to rescind all the, the, all the material promises of the Budapest Memorandum, which is like an implication, which is very startling. And, and you, I think you would admit a very provocative thing, but it's, fair. it's almost suggesting, and, and you may say it's fair, but it's suggesting nuclear rearmament on Russia's border. And so, you know, the question about security, it's like, well, this Ukrainian policy of of poking the bear and saying, we're not giving up Donbass, we're not giving up Crimea, you know, and, and we are considering nuclear rearmament. And then they get invaded by Russia. I mean, obviously this is, and, and the point I'm trying to make is this, the expansion of NATO it's not enhancing the security of Ukraine. It's not enhancing the security of the United States or Russia. This is a, it's a reckless action. And, and the proof of the pudding is in the eating because the outcome has been catastrophic for the whole world. We've now got, um, you know, potentially a shooting war, which could break out between Russia and the United States. This is what Zelensky is inviting. Zelensky is saying, let's have a no-fly zone over Ukraine. You understand what that entails. And the United States won't even send their fighter jets to Poland to compensate Poland, right? Because... And so the point is this, is this expansion, it's not good for, it's not good for Ukraine security, clearly, or Russia's or the United States. What should have been done is that Russia and the United States and Ukraine could have had a constructive dialogue about surface to surface missiles, about the Russian base in Crimea, you know, and there's this, and I don't want to ramble too much. I'll, this is my last point. I'll let you respond to this. You know, you talk about we can't enhance one country's security at the expense of another. Well, let's say for the sake of argument that NATO expansion uh, enhances the security of Ukraine, because you're right. I mean, would this prevent Russia from intervening if it was a done deal? Uh, probably, yes. But what does this entail? This entails that NATO now has the right to put military bases, surface-to-surface -surface missiles, potentially ABM platforms and other things in Ukraine. It means that there's a NATO naval base in Crimea, if that, if that becomes part of Ukraine again. 
this is a detriment to Russian security. So by bringing NATO forces, and again, and what is the purpose of NATO? The purpose of NATO is to contain Russia. So you've got NATO now, again, its purpose is to contain Russia and Ukraine right on their border. And you know how strategically important the Black Sea is. You brought those bases to Russia's doorstep. Is this a detriment to Russia's security interest? Yes. So if you talk about, you know, enhancing one security, one nation's security at the expense of another, that's what NATO enlargement does. The status quo ensure the security of all the countries involved. And, you know, and I think yeah, that's but like, the record of history is clear on this. I don't like that it's equivalently talked about that, like, well, like Ukraine's security interest is to not be fucked with and Russia's security interest is to continue to fuck with. So I'm going to be a little bit more lenient on the side of Ukraine that not doesn't want to be invaded, that doesn't want its territorial integrity constantly threatened, that doesn't want, which I am glad at least you acknowledge that like all of those Eastern separatist groups are fully funded and backed by Russian militaries, right? Lithuania doesn't have these problems. Estonia doesn't have this problem, right? You don't have these problems in countries that have joined NATO. And when you see, when you're Ukrainian and you look to the north and you look to the west and you look and you see these countries are in NATO, don't have to worry about Russia coming over to threaten your territorial integrity. I don't understand how we can say that there isn't a vital security interest there for Ukraine unless you're literally saying, well, there's not because look, Russia made it not. Right? I don't know if that's necessarily a, a fair thing to say, um, that they don't have a security interest because now Russia is afraid of them dealing with their security interests. Um, we talk about like the, the it's so ironic, and this is another thing that's ultra ironic too, is we talk about like, well, NATO is an organization without purpose. It was created to uh, only contain the Soviet Union, the Warsaw Pact, and in 91, it should have been disbanded. You know, people say that, other people say, well, maybe the expansion of NATO can ensure greater periods of peace and prosperity for Europe, which arguably it has. But now, today, now you have countries um, like Sweden and, um, and I, in Finland talking about potentially joining NATO just because of how aggressive Russia has been acting. So while you might say on one hand, like, well, look, it's not in the security interest of Ukraine because now Russia's attacking them. I could say on the other hand, well, look, this isn't in the interest of Russia because now everybody else wants to join NATO. It feels like, and even if you are pro-Russian, you have to acknowledge that today the NATO alliance is probably stronger than it ever has been. There has been like a revitalization across even, even NATO skeptic countries like France, even Germany that was unwilling to go as far with some of these sanctions and military equipment, even Poland, that initially didn't want to contribute as much. These countries have been revitalized in purpose, uh, united against Russia, um, to where if Russia doesn't succeed in Ukraine, or even if they do succeed in Ukraine, it feels like now all they've done is create a stronger NATO. I feel like something that the United States has done a decent job of, say for Iraq, at least in the past 30 years, feels like exerting soft power instead of this hard power, this idea that you need to invade and take over everything, maybe would have been a better route to go for Russia rather than I'm going to Sevastopol, I'm going to Crimea, I'm stealing your base, I'm funding these separatists, and I'm going to invade the fuck out of your country if you don't do exactly what I say. I feel like the era for that politics has passed, and all Russia has done with their current actions is undermine the security of all of Europe, revitalize NATO, and threaten Ukraine's sovereignty for no real justification of its own other than they want control of that piece of land. Well, and you even conceded, though, it's, you know, there there is a vital security interest in Ukraine. It's, it's not just because they're greedy and everything. And, and I would flip it on its head and say, we talk about the security of Ukraine. We're not talking about a bilateral security guarantee. We're talking about NATO, which is an empire in a sense that you know, the NATO states are beholden to the United States. I mean, we know this, that Georgia and Ukraine, their aspirations to NATO were recognized over the objections of France and Germany 
in 2008. We know that the United States run NATO. We know that the United States has always run NATO. So when we talk about Ukraine, it's fine and well to say, oh, well, Ukraine might be concerned or something. But we are talking then, you know, you sort of lose your lose your ability to talk about, oh, well, my, my right, my self-determination. When you're talking about inviting another empire and, and becoming an outpost of another empire next to Russia and putting NATO bases and listening to NATO decisions and NATO military and becoming a vassal state of NATO in a certain sense, becoming, and with the European Union too, with the currency and economic union, are we going to pretend that there's no pressure exerted on Ukraine from Brussels and the EU? There's no pressure exerted on Ukraine in NATO from Washington, D.C. as a result of their being uh, joined up with these supranational unions? Of course there is. Um, and, and I also want to frame the conversation this way. You know, everybody talks about big, bad Russia and Russia's this revanchist and Russian aggression and so on. But, but let's, let's flip the script and let's put ourselves in Russia's shoes. The combined military budget of NATO, you've got more than $800 billion in military spending for the United States, $800 billion and $350 billion for the rest of the NATO countries. So you have $1.1, $1.2 trillion in military spending from NATO, which is now expanding. And again, and you can say NATO doesn't have a purpose. I think that's a little disingenuous. The purpose of NATO is to contain the Soviet Union. The purpose of NATO is to contain Russia. They're not expanding into Africa. They're not expanding into Latin America. They're expanding into Eastern Europe. They're expanding into former Warsaw Pact countries, former buffer states, former Soviet satellites. So you've got $1.2 trillion in spending on NATO. You've got 13 countries are taken over in the span of 20 years. And you're Russia, and Russia spends $67 billion, which is a, a less than a tenth of what NATO is spending. And the West paints Russia as the aggressor. NATO is coming to their doorstep. They've got the Baltics. They've got all these countries. Russia says a red line is Ukraine, and they say, that's not good enough. We're taking Ukraine, too. And, and of course, understand what that entails is— and, and you won't, I, don't, I haven't heard you acknowledge this. What about Russia's legitimate security concerns about not Ukraine safety, but NATO missiles in Ukraine? And you could say that's defensive, but everybody knows there's no such thing as a so-called defensive capability. The platforms that are used for an ABM can be used for an ICBM. The missiles, you know, we're talking about theater support missiles, which are conventional, they could be easily equipped with nuclear warheads. They're talking about a, a Alliance, which expressed purpose is to contain Russia, deploying ABM, surface-to-surface -surface missiles, to forward deploying a base in Ukraine, in the Black Sea, in order to project power explicitly against Moscow and against, uh, against the uh, Caucasus region and, and through the Black Sea. And NATO is vastly more powerful than Russia. So the idea, and then this undermines the whole idea, you know, if Russia is this revanchist state, Nobody in their right mind on the West or the East thinks that Russia is even going to be able to occupy Ukraine, let alone rebuild their empire. You know, you talk about all of Central Asia, the Baltic states, the Warsaw Pact countries, forget about it. They won't even be able to, to occupy all of Ukraine in, in the foreseeable future. They're having difficulty even winning Ukraine in a short amount of time. So the idea that you know, Russia poses this threat. Oh, they're going to roll into Poland or something. The, the, the aggression must be contained. It's laughable. 67 billion against 1.2 trillion and everybody's pointing the figure and saying we, oh russia must be contained at any cost um i, I think it just it, it says that america's rule is innocuous and benign and that's not the case it says that nato's expansion is innocuous and not threatening that's clearly not the case and the numbers 
the numbers itself speak to this. We, so, yeah, I mean, we can talk about the numbers, but I mean, like you can keep saying one trillion to 60 billion all you want. How many times has NATO invaded Russia? How many times has NATO threatened aggression towards Russia? Like it hasn't happened. And, you know, we can talk about security interests. You know, it's funny you mentioned the ABM missile platforms and everything. An ABM missile platform cannot fire an ICBM. The, 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 the anti-ballistic missile platforms that we installed in Poland, you can look at me all you want, but Biden himself literally invited Russian inspectors to come in and inspect these things. Just because it's a tube in the ground doesn't mean that you can just as easily throw a different type of missile, an ICBM, in there. There's a whole different apparatus. There's a whole different hardware requirement for firing these missiles. There's a whole different software requirement for firing these missiles. Tubes in the ground are not just things you can stick whatever missile you want in and happen to fire nuclear warheads out of. It just doesn't work that way. And again, Biden's invitation of Russia to inspect these platforms, I think, proves just as much as that. Um, I, when we talk about how there's pressure from Washington or pressure from the West um, on what could be Ukraine's economy, we talk about threatening their sovereignty, just the comparison is just totally unfair. If Ukraine chooses to be pressured by joining those types of free trade agreements, by joining those types of NATO alliances, I feel like that mounts the pressure onto you then to answer if there is so much pressure from Washington militarily, if there's so much pressure from Brussels economically, if there's so much pressure from all these Western institutions, why is Ukraine so eager to join them? Clearly, there must be mounting pressure in the opposite direction as well, right? And we're comparing on the Western hand, like the ability to join these free trade agreements, and then on the Eastern hand, the forcible entry into customs unions um, that, that, would that would heavily restrict your trade because now you've got shared external tariffs and everything. The idea that there is some like massive pressure from the West that threatens your sovereignty in a way that there isn't from the East when Ukraine seems to be like eagerly trying to join the West, it doesn't make sense. Why, like their actions and the desire of their population just doesn't seem to speak to that idea that there's so much horrible pressure from the West. Something else that I also disagree with, and then you're gonna answer this, because all of this keeps getting framed. Now I said initially, I'll agree with all of that, and then I'll ask you a question about Ukraine, but now I wanna challenge the framing of one of these things. We talk about vital security interests. I don't buy it, I don't agree with it. I've seen you talk about the funnel, I've seen other people talk about geography. Historically, Russia's been invaded a number of times through Ukraine, but like, I have to ask you honestly, if Ukraine was to join NATO, do we really think that there are going to be troops invading Russia? Does Putin really think that uh, Ukraine's ascension into NATO means there's going to be some sort of ground invasion or some sort of like threat of force from NATO into Russia? Like, if so, it hasn't happened in the Baltics yet. We haven't seen it anywhere else. Like, what? Like, is there? I don't. I disagree that there is an actual security interest in Ukraine. I think that the interest lies more in the rebuilding of the empire and more of of Putin establishing his order farther out from Moscow. Yeah, I mean, I would just say that this is just. Um, it's sort of almost a willfully ignorant position, I, and I understand. If, if you, like, guzzle State Department propaganda, I understand why you might say, like, well, how, how could NATO possibly pose a threat to Russia? It says it right here. It's a defensive alliance. You know, once again, the purpose of NATO, and I again, I don't understand why you refuse to acknowledge this. The purpose of NATO is to contain Russia. And, and contain means we want to stop Russia. We want to prevent the influence of Russia. You know, th that's a hostile action. Okay, and, and we're aimed at creating a, a sort of circle around Russia. We want to contain, that's what NATO is for. And NATO is more than 10 to 1, more powerful than Russia. And so NATO then moving into the Black Sea, moving into Crimea, moving into Ukraine, 100 kilometers from Moscow, 
just by its very existence, this this presents a security threat to Russia. You could say all you want. Well, I can't imagine a scenario. Well, American leaders talk about this stuff all the time. I mean, ever since the Russian incursion into Crimea and their support for the Donbass, we hear from American leaders. They say Putin's a killer, Putin's a thug, Putin's a dictator. We know that it is the wet dream of the neocons and of the Council on Foreign Relations and the State Department to depose Putin. This is why Western, uh, you know, Western agencies back. Putin's opponents, like Navalny and, and some of the opposition parties, we know that this is what America does. They spy on Russia. We know that we back the anti-Putin resistance. It's the wet dream of the United States to have a color revolution in Russia, just like they had in Ukraine, just like that in Georgia, just like that in Kazakhstan. And so the idea that we can't possibly fathom a scenario where Russia would be threatened again, 10, more than 10 to one. That'd be like if I went outside your house with a tank and a nuclear bomb and a light machine gun, and I came there and said, I fucking hate destiny. I was like, but don't worry, I'm just here to protect like your neighbors or something. And you're like, oh, well, he said it's defensive. That's okay. You know, again, you have to look at the history here of the Cold War. The antagonism between the West and the East doesn't evaporate overnight. And, and certainly, you know, once again, NATO's founding purpose contained Russia, and then it expands to Russia's borders and to say, like, oh, it's, you know, Russia has nothing to worry about here. It's just a refusal to acknowledge the Russian perspective. And this is where America's got its blinders on. It cannot see its own culpability. It, it has no ability for introspection and to say, you know, what is our role in the crisis? Did, you know, are we enhancing you? Again, the question. Are we enhancing Ukraine security at the expense of Russia? I mean, the answer is undoubtedly yes. And again, you could, and the thing about the ABMs is just not true. The ABM platforms can be converted into platforms that can launch offensive missiles in a matter of weeks. I mean, this is just, and you can look into this. I'm not a military expert, but this is what the experts say. The ABM shield, we all know defensive capabilities can become offensive capabilities in a matter of weeks. They do have to be converted, but... The hardware is there. Um, and I would even get to some of the treaties, and this is something I didn't get into in my opening statement, and I really want to talk about the missiles. I want to hear your take on this. In 2001, the United States pulls out of the Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty, which was signed under Nixon. And for people that don't know, you know, the United States and the Soviet Union agree we're not going to build anti-ballistic missile systems because it undermines mutually assured destruction. If a country is creating a shield where ICBMs may not be effective, this is going to only cause an arms race where, where countries will want to stockpile massive amounts of missiles and nuclear warheads because if they got to go through a shield, then they're going to need twice as many missiles. So the Soviet Union and the United States agree, okay, no ballistic missile shield, you know, Shooting down missiles is not part of our doctrine because this would incentivize an arms race. Well, in 2001, the United States pulls out of the treaty and says, ah, you know what? We're going to build an anti-ballistic missile shield. And they say, well, oh, don't worry, Russia. That's because of Iran. And so they start implementing this ABM shield, again, which undermines mutually assured destruction. Russia can't invest in this. ABM is very expensive and very complex. Russia does not have the capability. So what, what we're talking about here is the United States pursuing technology that would, in a the and it's it's very difficult, and it's not they're nowhere close to this, but it's the threat of it create a system where they could potentially do a first strike against Russia, and Russia could not retaliate, undermines mutually assured destruction. Again, in 2019, under Trump, the U.S. suspends its treaty obligations to the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty. They change American military doctrine and say that now surface-to-surface, -surface, short and medium-range ballistic missiles are part of their military doctrine in Eastern Europe. So we're talking about potentially 
theoretically in a military engagement with Russia, launching surface-to-surface missiles from Eastern Europe into Russia. And Russia says, hey, you know, what's going on? You're suspending the ABM shield. Now we need to invest in hypersonic gliders and hypersonic missiles. You're undermining mutually assured destruction. In 2019, <laughs> Russia says, you're, you're hang on, I'll, this last point, and then, because yeah. I'm going a little long, then I'll let you respond. Mm-hmm. You know, Russia says, hey, you're redeploying missiles to Europe. He says, you know, why don't we just ban? He says, let's put a moratorium on all the missiles because, you know, what's going to happen is if you shoot a missile against us, we don't know if it's nuclear or conventional and until it lands. So, I mean, that's something called warhead ambiguity. We would have to respond with a nuclear strike if we see a missile coming our way. The United States refuses to negotiate and the United States pulled out of the treaty first. So. You, know, you say, how could they possibly be threatened? It's like, okay, well, NATO's expanding. Its purpose is to contain. The missiles are coming with it. The bases are coming with it. They're pulling out of the EBM treaty. They're pulling out of the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty. It's like, you know, again, does the United States have no ability to look and see, gee, am I the problem here? But, so, but I'll let you respond. Yeah, the ABM treaty is garbage. Why would you want to be part of a treaty where only Russia and the United States are signed on to it? What about China? What about the Democratic People's Republic of North Korea? What about uh, Iran? What about any other rogue state in the world that might obtain nuclear weapons? So this might come down to a disagreement on the matter of facts, and I—, I Maybe we just disagree on this, but my understanding is that nuclear weapons, uh, ICBMs, are relatively sophisticated in terms of how they launch and the deployment systems for the nuclear warheads. You can put MIRVs on these things. A single missile can fire off like 100 different warheads, some which might be nuclear, some which might be dummy, that there are thousands of these things on both sides. I don't believe that anybody believes that anybody on the Russian or U.S. side has anywhere near the capability right now to stop a legitimate second strike threat from any country, that if if either side launches a nuke, everything's going into the air, and it, there is no shot that across the entire geography of the United States, we have the capability to stop not only whatever weapons are shot from Russia, but whatever pops out of the ocean, whatever pops out of the Pacific and Atlantic, whatever comes by plane, there's just, there's no reliable way right now to stop. Like Russia's second strike capabilities have not been threatened. And my understanding is that the ABM treaty is seen as kind of bullshit for the same reasons why some of the climate accords are seen as kind of bullshit. The United States doesn't want to necessarily play climate games when people like India or China have so many exemptions from these same things. Same thing with the ABM treaties. Like, that's great that the United States and Russia might come to some agreement, but I don't know what North Korea is doing. I don't know what Iran is doing. I don't know if I want to hamper my own abilities to deter a nuclear threat from one of these smaller states. I don't believe that Russia's nuclear capabilities have been compromised. And I'm pretty confident in saying that because if they were, I feel like Putin would be screaming that from the rooftops every single day. I think that would be the first thing out of his mouth every time he talks. Because for however much I might hate Russia and however much I might hate nuclear weapons, some level of mutually assured destruction is probably good in maintaining some level of peace between countries. Um, you nod your head, but I, I mean, Ukraine probably felt that way too before they deposed of their nuclear arms and then Russia invaded them when they no longer had the ability to defend themselves from another nuclear power from invasion. Um, in terms of like being afraid of a color revolution, I, I mean, now we've gone from we're worried that the United States might lead a NATO invasion from Ukraine into Russia into what are usually the liberal arguments of, well, if Russia sees a thriving, happy democracy on its border that's more West facing, maybe the people in Russia are going to be really upset and they're going to revolt and there's going to be issues there. Um, that doesn't seem to be a good argument for Russia invading Ukraine because they're so scared that some successful country on their border might you know instigate some revolution on their own borders unless i guess we want to take this step further and say it's all like cia coup cia operatives on the ground you know fomenting distrust in the government um 
I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I just, I don't think that's a good argument for them being able to invade Ukraine. Um, backing up, I, I have to ask, because you keep mentioning and you keep repeating these points about NATO is an aggressive alliance, NATO is encircling Russia. When has NATO taken aggressive action against Russia? And if these ABM platforms are so threatening, why is it that I think just less in February, Biden is literally allowing, he's welcoming Putin to come and inspect these platforms. Of course, he wants to be able to inspect platforms in Russia as well. Why would we allow them to do that if the tech is so easy to swap out? You know, you say that it can happen in a matter of weeks. I mean, Russia surveillance will catch that. It's not like you're going to be moving this stuff around and changing up these platforms entirely without anybody seeing that happening. You know, surveillance is where it is right now in 2022. What is the threat that NATO represents to Russia? What, what is the threat? What is the perceived security risk aside from Russia not being able to invade partnering countries? Yeah, so I've never said that NATO, uh, the, it's a NATO invasion in Russia that's going to happen or NATO. I didn't say it's, a, it's an aggressive alliance. I said that the founding purpose of NATO is to contain Russia. So it's not like this is just an alliance, like la di da. You know, we just we all want to have safety and security. It's like no, we we are shoring up these countries against Russia. N- Russia cannot join NATO. You know, NATO would not permit Russia to join. It's you know, wouldn't that be great for world security if the United States and Russia were in an alliance? That I mean, that would probably be the best thing for world peace. But Russia is precluded from joining because NATO is an anti-Russian alliance. And you could just as easily say Russia's never invaded a NATO country. Russia's never invaded a NATO country. Russia's never invaded a Western country, never invaded the United States or anything like that. And yet there's this fear that they're going to invade. And, And the point is, you know, Russia's borders are not on the border of Germany, but NATO's borders are now on the border of Russia. The And I've said this before. The mere numbers itself speak to the threat. You know, this is a counter-Russian alliance, which outspends Russia 10 to 1, which is now on their border in the Black Sea, in Crimea. And, and you know, what's the security threat posed? How about an ABM shield? How about surface-to-surface ballistic missiles stationed all over Ukraine? Surface-to-surface missiles, which can reach Russia in five minutes and are unstoppable and indistinguishable from a nuclear warhead. What's the potential risk? And, you know, again, a lot of this has to do with something called the security dilemma. It's not to say that, you know, because I'll grant you, it may seem outlandish. Oh, is NATO going to invade Russia? You know, probably not anytime soon. But it's like the job of Moscow and the job of the Russian government is to secure Russia against all threats. If there is this capability that NATO with this, again, 10 to 1, massive military, far more sophisticated and more stuff and far outspends and bigger population, if it's on their border, that in itself is a threat. That existence of all that concentrated power and that tripwire right on the border, it's a huge threat. Um, and, and even, you know, going back to the ABM shield, uh, I'll grant you, is there a legitimate reason for the United States to pull out of the ABM shield? Yeah, absolutely. You're right. China's not a part of it, and there are rogue states that are nuclearizing. So I understand what you're saying. But this does nothing for Russia because. You know, now, and you're right, the ABM shield is far from working, right? It's very, we don't know how to shoot down ICBMs reliably yet. But the United States pulls out of the ABM treaty with no regard for how this affects Russian doctrine. Russia cannot spend on ABM. ABM is very expensive. It's very complex. They just don't have the means for that. And so when the United States says, like, we're going to create an ABM shield, oh, but don't worry, we're going to put it throughout Europe, we're going to put it in Poland, and we're going to put it over here, which could theoretically, in a theoretical context, prevent Russia from doing retaliatory strike. 
this is a very provocative thing towards Russia. You may say, oh, Russia's got nothing to worry about, but that's the American perspective. What about the Russian perspective where it's like, gee, are they going to build an ABM shield and, and they will have the ability? Even if the United States just had the perceived ability to strike Russia with impunity, that would be enough to present a security threat to Russia, which is the point. And so there's almost no consideration. It's like, oh, well, come on, they're not going to invade. Oh, come on, that's not a big deal. What about the Russian perspective? What about if you're Russia and you see missiles coming to Ukraine and you see the ABM shield pull up and they're pulling out of the treaties and theater support missiles are now back on the table in Europe and you say, well, why wouldn't Putin talk about this. He did. He did in 2021 in November. Putin re in, in 2020, when the United States formally pulled out of the uh, intermediate range nuclear treaty, Russia said, listen, I've got a proposal. Let's put a moratorium on all the missiles in Europe. The United States didn't respond. In November 2020, Putin reiterates, he said, I've even got a more detailed proposal and we're going to inspect the sites and you can inspect our sites and it's a robust mechanism. No response. In December 2021, in a press conference, Putin comes and says, I don't know why the West isn't talking about my missile proposal. In January, January 11, 12th, and 13th, the Geneva talks, they say, agree with us on missiles. Even the American security experts say that there's room for common ground, but they don't accede to the demands because, you know, we don't negotiate with dictators. We, we will not be you know, held hostage by dictators. So it's like, you know, what more can you do when they're deploying missiles that can strike Russia in five minutes on their border? And the purpose of the alliance is to contain Russia. Yeah, NATO never invaded Russia. Russia also never invaded NATO. But who's expanding on whose border with their missiles and military base? Who's got the defensive alliance, which is designed to fight Russia? It, you know. It's not Russia. Yeah, so so we keep I keep hearing this over and over again, and maybe what this is we've hit rock bottom. We keep saying the purpose of the alliance is to contain Russia. Contain Russia from doing what? Invading their neighboring countries? Like if Russia didn't engage in these actions, it shouldn't really matter. It's not like this is containing or trying to contain Russia in an economic sense, like we're cutting them off from trade deals, or like we're trying to blockade their cruisers, or we're trying to compromise their ability to move anything throughout the world. Like this isn't the case. We talk about like containing Russia, and it sounds like we're saying we don't want to contain Russia from invading countries on on their border. That's just that that explanation just defies logic to me you know we we talk about this idea that um again and we're always framing this in the case of u.s security interests versus russian security interests is ukrainian security interests just not at play here do we just not care about this and uh, like ukraine has a genuine security interest and in that they want themselves to be a sovereign country with the right to decide which alliances they will or will not join and the idea that there might be nato bases here in the future that biden is open to uh inspection the idea that down the road maybe second strike capabilities are lost in russia and now they just get nuked by the u.s because we can do so with impunity maybe that'll happen 30 years from now so now today we need to take over ukraine um I don't know. I just I totally don't buy that as a reason. I feel like you could use that same justification then for Russia to essentially invade anybody they want that, that's near their borders and isn't claimed up by NATO yet, which if is the case, then that's an even stronger argument for NATO expansion. Every NATO country feels like, well, holy shit, literally these four letters are the only thing that keep my country from being invaded by Putin. Damn, NATO membership sounds like a pretty good thing right now. Um, 
I just, I don't see, I don't feel like you've established a credible threat to Russia. You keep mentioning like the surface to surface missiles that can reach Moscow in, in five minutes. Um, I mean, like if we were in like the fifties, the maybe this would matter that we've lost second strike capability. Cause Oh no, the whole government is wiped out. Nobody even saw the missiles coming, but this isn't the case anymore. Their continuity of government exists. There are submarines all over the world by, from every nuclear power that's capable of emerging in the Pacific or in the Atlantic and nuking, you, you know, shooting God knows how many nuclear missiles at God knows how many targets um, if second strike is something that needs to happen. Um, you're not losing second strike unless you have from Metal Gear Solid some crazy anti-ballistic shield where you yourself say the technology doesn't exist yet. We're nowhere near that yet. Um, and, and yeah, the idea that surface-to-surface -surface missiles might exist in, in some part of these NATO countries that are, again, open to ins inspection from Russian leaders, that this somehow justifies Russia invading these countries for hypothetical security interests in the future, I just don't think that argument is strong enough. Well, and here's the thing. Even if you think all my arguments are Russian propaganda, like the reason why, you know, because I know the NATO side says, oh, the, you know, the security thing is just a pretext for Russian revanchism. That's all you know, propaganda. What would even give Russian propaganda credibility, if that's what this was, is the fact that nobody on the NATO side will, I mean, they won't even begin to acknowledge how Russia might have a legitimate security concern. Like, again, you just sort of hand wave away. Oh, oh, so what? Maybe in 30 years, Russia can't retaliate. So what? Maybe they develop an ABM shield. So what? You have surface-to-surface -surface missiles forward deployed in Ukraine. Like, big deal. Uh, that is a really big deal. That is a really big threat to Russia. And, and that NATO was formed to contain Russia. When we say contain, we mean we want to suffocate Russia. That's the goal of the NATO alliance. That's a goal now of NATO expansion is to prevent Russia from influencing its neighbors from, and by the way, that's just what great power politics is, is countries seek to influence their neighbors. It just so happens that the entire Western hemisphere and Western Europe is the sphere of influence of the United States of America. And everybody knows full well that if Russia deployed the same capabilities to Cuba, if Cuba was in a defensive alliance, if, if Cuba joined the Warsaw Pact, if Russia deployed surface-to-surface -surface missiles in Cuba, if they had a base in Cuba, everybody knows the United States would not tolerate it. Everybody knows the United States. And you could say, oh, well, Cuba's right and so on. But the foreign policy establishment in the United States would not tolerate it. They wouldn't, nobody would even dream of tolerating that. Anywhere in the Western Hemisphere, not in Cuba, not in Venezuela, not in Bolivia, not in Nicaragua, nowhere. But we're able to shore up in Crimea. Crimea is historically Russian clay, okay? I mean, this is a 70-year fluke that Crimea belongs to the autonomous part of Ukraine. It's just nonsense. The idea that we'd have a NATO base in Crimea, it's just, like, unfathomable. For this Russian security apparatus cannot allow that. I mean, they just can't in good conscience allow that kind of a security threat. And, I mean, you won't even interact with that argument, it's like, well, I mean, it probably won't happen. Well, it's probably like not a big deal. Well, for the Russians, it clearly is. And and the point is to say this, you know, in this stuff about like, oh, thriving democracy and well, Ukraine shows, this stuff is really semantics. What we're talking about here is two great powers, two empires, and they're duking it out over formerly neutral ground. That's what it is. Ukraine is, uh, you know, neutral, ostensibly somewhat under Russian influence. And I would say it truly is neutral because in 2004, Right. You get Yushchenko and Yanukovych wasn't this pro-Russian stooge that people make him out to be. You know, he tried to balance uh, the West against Russia. He definitely leaned closer to Russia. Ukraine was truly a buffer neutral state, if not leaning slightly towards Russia. Right. Um, 
And and the point is, you know, that, and, and maybe to get more fundamentally to the heart of the issue, why is there a conflict here in Ukraine? What caused this? We cannot acknowledge the fact that we have catalyzed this by trying to wrest control of Ukraine from Moscow. It's about two empires competing over a neutral state. And, uh, you know, to, to say, oh, well, it's about democracy or this one or that one chose. It's got to do with missile placement. It's got to do with uh, mutually assured destruction. It's got to do with all these things. And people will, again, acknowledge the Ukrainian security interest, the American security interest, but not the Russian. And, you know, I, I just don't, I'm not getting from you that you really understand what that means from the Russians. Like, I, I'm fully willing to concede, like, yeah, like I get why Ukraine wants to be part of NATO. I get why NATO wants Ukraine to be part of NATO. It's part of their policy of containment. Um, but there's no willingness on the other side to say, hmm, you know, let's give Russia the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it is legitimate security concern to under to to erode mutually assured destruction, which has been in place for 40 years. Maybe this is antagonistic towards Russia to put surface to surface missiles, reintroduce, you know, reintroduce where they were not in 19, reintroduce theater support missiles as the backbone of American military doctrine. Like there's no willingness to say like, you know, gee, Russia maybe has legitimate opposition to that. It's like, oh, no, no, no. That's just all an excuse because Russia is evil and Russia wants to invade everybody. And it's like, that's belied by the fact that Russia has outspent ten, more than 10 to 1 by the anti-Russian alliance. So. We can keep bringing up the, the 10 to 1 spending. I don't think it's doing anything to building your argument. I can I can acknowledge that Russia, that Putin might perceive there to be a security interest. I, I can acknowledge might. that. Yeah, I can acknowledge that perception exists. Um, and I say might because we both agree here that NATO has never made an aggressive move towards Russia. If and there Russia's are conflict, never made an aggressive move towards NATO. Which is a good reason for Ukraine to join NATO so that they stop being fucked with by Russia. That's that's an argument for Ukraine joining NATO. But the fact that NATO can expand to include Ukraine, does, when we both agree that NATO doesn't attack Russia, I mean, like, we have special phone lines installed so when there's conflict in the Middle East, the U.S. will literally call Russia and say, hey, you have any guys there? We don't want to blow your own people up accidentally. Like, we go out of our way right now to ensure that there isn't conflict between NATO and Russia. And even if I can acknowledge that there might be a perception on the Russian side that there might be a security interest here, that perception doesn't supersede Ukraine's right to self-determination. And if you want to take the boring realist analysis of this, that's fine, but you're not getting any normativity from that. You're not telling me whether Russia's you know, decision is right or wrong or whether it's morally or, or whatever justified. You're just telling me that Russia will seek to basically annex whatever neighbor it can if it perceives there to be a security threat, which again is just a stronger argument for a more aggressive expansion of NATO. When you use a realist perspective on Russia's dealings with its neighbor, all you're doing is revitalizing the arguments for a NATO alliance. And that's really all that's happened. Returning to the beginning of my argument, you've got countries like Sweden and Finland that are looking to join NATO. Since 2014 and Russia's invasions of Crimea, you started to see active NATO military forces being deployed to places like Estonia and Latvia and Lithuania. I feel like all the realist perspective does here is give us an even stronger argument for why NATO needs to expand to include these Central Asian and Eastern uh, European countries, because if they don't, then Russia's just going to seek to invade them. Okay, but it, again, this belies the fact that NATO expanded first. I mean, so so NATO expands to 13 countries over 20 years, to former Warsaw Pact countries, to former Russian states, to former Russian sphere of influence. Russia draws a red line and says, you, you can't take Ukraine. Ukraine is so vitally strategically important, you can't take it. NATO says, well, yeah, we're, we're expanding there anyway. You know, boo-hoo, that's, that's too bad. And and then Russia responds, and then you go, see, that justifies why we've been expanding for 20 years. This same huge, that no. just proves, hang on, I'll let you, I'll yeah, let yeah, you right, finish, go ahead, go ahead. That, that just proves 
it's like, but NATO expanded first. The United States pulled out of the ABM Treaty in 01. They pulled out of the Nuclear Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty in 19. They expanded to 13 countries before 2009. And then when Russia finally responds in 2014, a red line was crossed. And then NATO goes, see, that's why we're expanding. See, that just goes to show why you need NATO. It's like, and and the point is, uh, on the realist perspective, what what is our foreign policy? What are we trying to do? Because, I mean, and, and to the point, getting back to the conflict, which is ongoing in Ukraine. I, I don't like conflict. I don't like when people die in Ukraine. I don't like when Ukraine's destroyed. This is not in anybody's interest. This is not good for Ukraine, obviously. This is not good for America. This is not good for Russia. But what led us to this point? You know, I, I fail to see why, because there was no imminent threat of a Russian invasion in Ukraine. The problem was that Zelensky was unwilling, or, or Poroshenko too, unwilling to give up Donbass, unwilling to give up Crimea, unwilling to give up their aspirations to NATO. And the reason that they that Ukraine was so emboldened is because NATO said, we got your back. Ukraine would never dare to stand up to Russia and poke them like they do, but they think that they've got NATO. They get to go to Congress and demand a no-fly zone. And it's like, so what is the, in realist terms, in terms of how states actually behave, not normatively, not how they ought to behave, but in terms of how we know states act and in terms of how we can expect states to act, expanding NATO to Ukraine or even, even talking about that is a provocative action. But we have done that ever since 2008. And that is what has led to the current crisis. And you could argue in a, in a hypothetical timeline, does Russia invade Ukraine without the NATO aspirations? We can't know that. But we also can't, you know, arrive at the situation without analyzing our own behavior and saying, you know, how, how have our actions provoked Russia? Because, you know, at the end of the day, we have to talk in terms of the tangible and the real. This is the real outcome, and it's really bad. And this is a failure, ultimately, of American policy. And you could point the blame at Russia and, you know, fold your arms and say, well, you know, Russia's just evil, and, you know, they're just doing evil things, and you have to blame Russia because they're evil and so on. And, you know, we have no culpability but of course, in, in great power politics, yes, we have culpability. We're a global and a regional hegemon. So we do have to have some introspection and analyze how did our collective policy, how did our policy of collective security, Russian containment, did that play a role in provoking Russia to engage in a conflict where nobody wins? We have to look at it like that. And, um, and I think you'll find that these policies we're undertaking, it, it's naive to say that they're just so they're just so goody two shoes in nature. Oh, you know, Ukraine joining NATO, it's totally innocuous. It's totally above board. Don't criticize it like, oh, you know, a country wants sovereignty and security. Who can blame them for that? It's like, well, look at the other side. It's a negotiation. Everybody's security interest is being paid attention to except for Russia. But Russia has guns, too. And in a realist world order, you have to pay attention to these things. Otherwise, you get a crisis. Um, and then I want to say one thing. And then here's the other thing. You know, let's entertain a scenario where Ukraine joins NATO, um, you know, because they're still pushing for it, even after the crisis in 14. Let's of say course. today. What's that? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Let's say Ukraine becomes a NATO member state. OK, what do they do? Well, guess what? Crimea is still formally occupied by Russia. Donbass and the civil war between Kiev and Donbass is still ongoing. So what happens then when the government in Kiev is at war with Russian-backed proxies in Donbass? As a, as a consequence of Ukraine joining NATO, you now have a proxy war in Ukraine, a proxy civil war between Russian-backed separatists and a NATO member state. What's more? Kiev does not acknowledge the Russian annexation of Crimea. I mean, they, they do not accept this fact. So 
you know, the, now we're in a really bad security spot where, and you could say, oh, well, this would never happen because people would never do this. But I mean, you, of course, of course, these things can happen. What happens if there's a war between Russia and Ukraine over Crimea? What happens when there's a, uh, you know, there's this ongoing proxy war between Russian-backed separatists in Donbass and Ukraine. And I've heard the argument people say, Zelensky says, well, you know, NATO's defensive, so Article 5 obligations aren't invoked if we attack Russia or something. But as we know, the fog of war is thick. And as to who started which conflict, of course, it would benefit the Ukrainians to say, oh, well, Russia attacked us. Now we need to fold NATO response in Crimea. The point is, this is a, you don't need to be pro-Russian or pro-American. You don't need to be an expert to say that's a really fucked up situation. It is a bad situation to have a NATO member state with disputed territory in Crimea and a proxy civil war in Donbass. Like th that, that is probably the biggest threat to World War III in the entire world. That, that's probably the, and, you know, so that American policymakers would seriously consider this in spite of what's going on. The moment that Russia invaded Crimea, the United States should have said, you know what, it's too, too complicated, we can't get involved. But even in 2021, they're saying, we're going to enhance our strategic partnership, Ukraine will become a part of NATO. It's like, we know that Russia's not giving up Crimea, we know that the thing in Donbass isn't going to be resolved anytime soon. So... Even if we achieved our aspirations, all this would do is create a situation, a powder keg, that could absolutely lead to World War III, maybe the number one cause of World War III if that were to happen. Sure. So just to shoot down the last point very quickly, um, nations with contested territory can't join NATO. It would never be the case that we would admit Ukraine to join while there is contested territory, unless Ukraine was willing to cede that immediately to Russia. Um, so that, that's, that's completely off the table right there. Um, in terms of Ukraine... Um, Oh man, there's so many arguments to go through. Um, one of the very first thing you, you, you talk about how like NATO expanded first. NATO was the aggressor first. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, in the when I was searching through, oh, well, in post Cold War era conflict, right? What's happening in Europe? One of the first conflicts that happened was the was Russia supporting the breakaway state, uh, the breakaway state in Moldova during the Transnistria War. So Russia had already established a pattern of you find separatists, you fund them, you export a fuck ton of Russian passports, you get these people set up and established in their own breakaway state. You send Russian peace trooper, uh, peacekeeper troops there. And that's literally right on the Ukrainian border. So we've already got a map for what would happen in the future in South Ossetia, in Georgia, um, and then in what's happening now in uh, Donbass and Ukraine. Um, the idea that NATO is forcing Russia's hands here, when I think Russia has already had the blueprint for this exact type of action, uh, I just I don't agree with that. I think that Russia has already established that pattern of behavior. Um, in terms of, I feel like everything else is just is repeating over and over again. Um, I don't even like using the, the 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 realist analysis. I think it's garbage. I don't think anybody even agrees with using realism to analyze foreign policies anymore. Um, I know that you like to talk about. Um, <clears throat> I think I called him Mearsheimer. Um, Mearsheimer's analysis of like the state of security <laughs> in uh, you know 1990 and onwards from Europe. He's written a lot of essays about it. He wrote a huge one, like a 50-page paper um, in in uh, 1990, predicting the future state of security in Europe. It was garbage. It was horrible. His prediction that Europe would descend into constant anarchy, that countries like Japan and the United States would be looking to vie for interest here, that every country would be rearming because that's what realist countries do. Um, it just totally and completely missed the mark. Um, I, 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 don't think, I don't think anybody takes those predictions seriously in terms of this is how countries will act. So I don't know if it's appropriate to go forward into the future when he's already failed to make successful predictions of what has really been a relatively peaceful period for 30 years in Europe, and then try to say that this frame of analysis is what we're going to use going forward when it comes to dealing with Ukraine. Um, Ukraine and Russia. And then again, what's more to reiterate for the 50 millionth time, 
all of these realist arguments, if we are to accept them, justifies NATO, including Ukraine, and being aggressive towards Russia, just as it mu- just as much as it does Russia taking over Ukraine and, I-, I guess, establishing security around its own borders. Um, but again, I mean, I can ask you again, and I know that we'll kind of dance around again, like, NATO has not shown itself to be aggressive towards Russia. The most and best you can possibly say is that there are surface-to-surface missile bases in some of these NATO countries, but, I mean, what, like... Like, honestly, do you really believe that NATO countries are going to start launching missiles into Moscow? Like, do you really believe that, or is this something you're worried 20 or 30 years from now? Or do you think that the investment into ABM technology is going to become so good that, uh, you know, at some point we did it, guys, we beat second strike capability, time to just nuke the hell out of Russia? I just, that sounds fantastical to me. Now, Maybe we can imagine a world where that happens, but I can't use that imaginary world to justify the invasion, destruction of civilian cities, and the takeover of a sovereign nation that exists today in the real world. That would be insane to me. That sort of justification can be used for Russia to invade literally any neighbor that they could perceive in 30 years to be a threat because of technology that doesn't exist yet. I just think that's absolutely insane. Yeah, so to address the first part, I mean, to say that backing the Moldovan separatists is a precursor to NATO expanding the 13 countries is just ridiculous. And as far as realism goes, what realism does is it, it's, it's a frame for how we, we explain how states behave. That's, that's what international relations theory seeks to do, is let, let's analyze and explain how states behave. Why do they do the things that they do? And what realism says is that the decisions of states and the way that states behave is based on something called the security dilemma, that fundamentally states seek security. They want to secure their border. They want to secure, uh, you know, they want to create offensive and defensive capabilities that protect them from their adversaries. Certainly, this explains the Russian policy, you know, this realist framework of security and, and you know, explaining Moscow's behavior in Ukraine absolutely explains it. It has nothing, nothing to do with ideology, nothing to do with ideas, nothing to do with um, you know, interconnected institutions. It's about the raw military capabilities of the NATO defensive alliance. It, and you say, oh, well, Mearsheimer's predictive uh, analysis didn't work in the 90s. Well, it absolutely worked in 2014. In 2014, he'd added down to a T. He predicted the next eight years of conflict based on the realist interpretation of how states behave. He said, you know, you, and he said this in 14. He said, Moscow will never accept Ukraine joining NATO. He said, Moscow would sooner destroy Ukraine than have Ukraine join NATO. He said, it's unacceptable. And this is true. This has been reiterated by Russia, by Putin, and this has been their policy for the past eight years. As far as um, you know, Ukraine becoming a NATO member state, well, that's just off the table because of disputed territory. It's like, yeah, that's kind of the problem, isn't it? That's kind of the problem that Russia came in there and said, look, I'm taking this off the table. I'm going to create disputed territory to take NATO membership off the table. And NATO persists. And NATO says, you know, no, we don't even care. It's like, okay, so what's the end game then? If there's disputed territory, that's not being resolved anytime soon. Russia's not going to be dislodged from Crimea, and the war in Donbass goes on. So why is NATO membership being discussed? Why is the United States strengthening its security guarantee to Ukraine in November 2021, if that's the case? I agree with you. Yes, exactly. NATO membership cannot be expanded to countries with disputed territory. And yet the conversation goes on eight years into the civil war in Donbass, eight years after the annexation of Crimea. So so exactly, why is that conversation going on? It's a horrible nightmare scenario to imagine 
that Ukraine would become a NATO member state with these ongoing crises that have no sign of abating, yet it does. This is a horrifying thing. Um, and then to the point of, well, oh, come on, NATO's never going to invade Russia. You know, and this is the problem, I think, with this is where your analysis fails. It's this naive worldview where it says, like, oh, well, that, that'll never happen. Russia has nothing to worry about. It's like, okay. Um, and yeah, Russia would never nuke the United States, right? Russia would never nuke the United States because that would be silly. I mean, that would be crazy. So we should just not have a nuclear arsenal. And, you know, China would never invade the United States. You know, no countries will ever attack the United States because the United States, you know, we have 300 million guns among the population. We've got a big enough military. So let's just close down all our military bases. Let's totally destroy our nuclear arsenal. Let's get rid of all that. It's like that flies in the face of, again, how states pursue security. It's about it's about risk. It's about capability. It's about potential. If the United States has the capability to do a first strike on Russia and prevent a second strike with an ABM shield, that alone is an unacceptable security posture for Russia. I mean, how would you feel if you're a Russian citizen and it's like, well, I think the United States won't nuke me today. Like, that's mm -hmm. just not good enough. The can I ask a question? Threat, and then you can yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sure. Let's, let's say that I actually grant all of that. Let's say that an ABM shield exists and we have first strike capabilities and we've totally nullified a second strike capability. Why does it matter if we have Ukraine then? Why can't all those missiles just come into the Baltics? What changes there? How far is the border from should, Latvia to Moscow? You should ask the uh, NATO then. I mean, the, I'm not the one that wants to. Well, no, no, I'm asking you. You're telling me that we need to keep Ukraine out of NATO because I'm a real, I'm Russia and I need to show my security interests. Okay, well, let's say we, we should do neither it. of these things. Well, no, 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 no. I'm you're, you're describing how Russia asks. I'm just asking. Let's say this technology exists. Let's say the ABM, all our anti-ballistic missile platforms exist. We've eliminated Second Strike. Mm -hmm. Fuck, we could launch those missiles from from fucking DC. Why would it matter at that point whether Ukraine because, is in NATO or not? How does because, how does that security interest square up at all with Russia's invasion into Ukraine? Because both pose a security risk to Russia. I mean, I don't understand. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other. But both of these things are provocations because both upset the balance, and that's fundamentally what realism is about. Is about balance. So, so I'll answer your question. You know, creating an ABM shield, even though and. You don't even need to grant me that. It's that we're even working on it. You're right, because it's nowhere near completion. It's not effective. But it's that 20 years ago. We said, forget it. You know, we're going to start to build this thing that Russia cannot build. It's a provocation. It upsets the balance. It upsets the confidence that Russia has, because that's really what it's about. Is you have, If you have two adversaries, um, which are both powerful and distrustful of one another, it's about confidence in each other. And when the United States pulls out of this treaty, it, it disrupts the confidence that Russia can have in mutually assured destruction. Their confidence that the United States will never do a first strike because it would get annihilated. If because the United of North States Korea and Iran, right? Pursuing this tech. Okay, but, but that does nothing for Russia. They, they could say that. I mean, they could say that, but the ABM shield works equally against Russian missiles as it does against Iranian North Korea. So, I mean, they could say that all, all day long, but the effective capability works equally against Russia. I it mean, doesn't work equally, though, because you can only intercept so many missiles. That's why both countries have... Like, but they people... still shoot down missiles. They no, still shoot down missiles. This is the question that, like, every high schooler asks, right? They're like, why are so many nukes in existence, Mom? We could nuke the whole world 50 million times over. Well, it's because you want to get through any of those hypothetical shields, right? A single ICBM can have a MIRV that has, like, what, like, fucking 20? 30, 40 dummy warheads on it now. There's no possible way that you're intercepting thousands of these missiles, right? It's not like shooting down Palestinian 
bombs being lobbed into um, into fucking Israel, right? These are really sophisticated weapons launching from all over the world. Some from the Pacific, some from the Atlantic, in places we don't even know they exist. Yeah, oceans. It's, but this is fundamentally misdirection because, and again, you know, that is what the United States said. They said, well, we're building this ABM shield for Iran and North Korea. Okay, but ABM agreement was signed between Russia and the United States. And that was the foundation of mutually assured destruction between Russia and the United mm -hmm. States for 30 years. Signed you, before North Korea. By the way, hang on, hang on. Let's mm -hmm. not interrupt each other. We had a good, we had a good back and forth Fair here. Um, th that it still disrupts Russia's confidence in the mutually assured destruction framework. Because I, I will grant you all of that. I agree with you. ABM is inadequate because it doesn't include China. ABM is inadequate because you do have rogue states seeking a nuclear arsenal. All of that being said, this does nothing to reassure Russia. I mean, like, because it, just as Russia says that, you know, NATO promised Gorbachev that NATO wouldn't expand, it doesn't mean shit if it's not on paper. So, the United States could say we're doing this for Iran and China and, and North Korea, but effectively they're still building an ABM shield, and it still does disrupt the confidence that Russia has. And so it upsets the confidence and the balance as far as the nuclear question is concerned. And the same is true of Ukraine. You know, you're right. Do I think the NATO is going to invade Russia anytime soon? I mean, probably not. I don't, I don't think that would make much sense, mm -hmm. but it disrupts the balance, and it destroys Russia's confidence that something like that could not happen again. It relies on NATO's good faith, and good faith is not enough because regimes change, circumstances change, crises flare up, you know, things happen in the world. And so what underlies the nation's security is its capability, its confidence, and, and those things come from offensive and defensive capability. They come from buffer states. They come from treaties and agreements. Um, and so it's not enough to say, well, NATO's never invaded us before. They probably won't, you know, launch those missiles at us from Ukraine and forever into the future it's it's not it's not an adequate guarantee and that's the argument from the russian side is if you know it's just not good enough for russian security and if i take, listening to them if i if i if i if we go through the the realist perspective i'm curious mm -hmm. if nato membership was never floated directly on the table to ukraine would not Ukraine fall victim to Russia's sphere of influence anyway? Isn't that what realism would tell us? That irrespective of NATO expansion, we would expect a country to exercise authority, if it can, onto weaker powers surrounding their borders, meaning that none of this NATO shit even really matters anyway to Russia? Um, well, that's really the crux of it, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it kind of is, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah well, but, but here, yes, uh -huh. Russia would exert influence over Ukraine, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, okay. You, so then well, why talk listen, about all the NATO bullshit, right? Obviously, well, they're no, going to do it anyway. And even security in the Black Sea, does it really no, matter if they have access to the Black Sea? They're not getting to the Mediterranean through fucking Turkey anyway, right? Where there are also, like, nuclear missiles as well. Like, it seems like all of the NATO shit is just like a smokescreen anyway, No, right? but it's No, but it's not, then. It's, it's not. That's exactly the point, is, you know, you're saying, like, oh, well, Ukraine would just be a buffer state. It's like, yeah, exactly. Ukraine should. NATO should membership makes it a pro-Western country. yes. Yes, it should, because the, the worst case scenario of Ukraine being a buffer state is that Russia will influence it. You know, who cares? Yes, because yes, Ukraine, powerful, obviously. Okay, powerful states influence weaker states. This is how states behave, and and that is, you this know, is in not some how sense. states behave. That's not true. That's, that is how great powers behave. That's, Why don't we invade Mexico? Do you think the United then? States doesn't right? do this? Because no, we, we don't need to. Because we don't need to. We can. 
Are you seriously arguing that the United States doesn't influence Western Hemisphere countries? I mean, influence is, is way different than right now. We have drug issues. We've got cartel issues that exist on our southern border. If we wanted to, dude, we could. Now you're just being ridiculous. Hold on, no, no, no. If we're taking the realist perspective, if a country like Mexico existed on Russian borders, do you think that Russian would say, "Yeah, we understand a lot of illegal immigrants coming here. Yeah, we know a lot of it is ran by cartels, but you know, we're going to respect your sovereignty. We're going to let you guys forget." Do you think that Russia would take the same position towards Mexico as the United States would? Absolutely. Let me just. Let me just get this clear. Your uh -huh. position is that in an analogous way, you mm -hmm. know, in the sense that Russia influences Belarus and Ukraine, you're saying that the United States in that same way does not influence Canada and in the Western Hemisphere. Absolutely. Countries in the Western Hemisphere. Country, well, I happen. mean, like in South America, especially through the Cold War. Yeah, you could probably. No, I'm talking about there. today. I'm talking today? about today. Absolutely they don't... not. Absolutely not. Will we <laughs> recognize their support? Well, here, I'm curious. Like, what educate me? I don't know much about South American history. What are like breakaway states that the United States has recognized and sent paramilitary groups to in order to defend these states? We've shipped off tons of U.S. passports. We've shipped off U.S. citizens in order to to Americanize these places. Like, where has this happened in South America since the year, you know, 1991? that's comparable to what Russia has done in Georgia, in Transnistria, in Ukraine. Like, where, where are these things happening? I mean, listen, if you're arguing that there's no Western influence in the Western Hemisphere, I, mean, I didn't argue that there's no over. Western Hang on, hang on. Don't, don't interrupt me. Don't, I know. See, this okay. is what you do. This is what you do. Well, you're not answering my questions, but go ahead. Yeah, but see, this ahead. is what you do. This is what uh -huh. you do. We're talking about a fundamental assertion here, which is how great mm -hmm. powers act. And the fundamental assertion is, you know, the United States influences weaker states. And then you get into, oh, well, tell, educate me about the history. You you're not answering your question. You're not answering, I'm interrupting you. I'm interrupting you. It's like, if you're, if your assertion, I don't need to back that up. I refuse to do it. I refuse to back it up because it's preposterous to suggest that the United States does not influence weaker states in the Western Hemisphere or elsewhere in the world. Absolutely, they do. You know, of how about they do. Yeah. How about in Colombia, where they back to coup there? How about how about in countries? I mean, we have Guantanamo Bay in Cuba against the interests of the Cubans. The idea that the United States has not influenced states that we we bullied them into the TPP, we bullied them into all kinds. We of abandoned things. the TPP because of our own of citizens. Of <laughs> like, course, of course, we influence. We Do you think states. the existence of Guantanamo we prevent, Bay? Wait, wait. We prevent yeah, Japan but... from having a military. We station our troops in South Korea. We influence Saudi Arabia all the time. We influence mm -hmm. all you know Western mm -hmm. Western Europe all day long. And so that that's mm -hmm. where you're sort of living in unreality is where you say. Russia is the only country that behaves in this way. Russia cannot have a – and I think maybe this is the crux of the disagreement is you think that, you know, for Russia to have a sphere of influence over Ukraine, you, I mean, you literally say, well, we must do anything short of war to, to stop this Russian incursion. You know, NATO membership must be on the table. All to prevent what? Russia having a reasonable spirit. All to prevent what we're talking about today. Do you think that Japan, country. do you think that Japanese and South Korean citizens want the United States to leave in the same way that Ukrainian citizens want Russia to leave today? Do you think that's uh, at yeah, all possible? Yeah, the Japanese, really? yeah, absolutely. And, but in Ukraine, but even in Ukraine, Half the population is pro-Russian. The Japanese who are begging for greater military presence when North Korea is doing crazy shit, when China is sailing ships through. The Japanese want to rebuild their military. Think, and certainly, really? certainly it is just as contentious in Japan as it is in Ukraine. Are you going to, I mean, the people in 14 that wanted to join NATO wasn't even a majority. It was a plurality, not a majority, a plurality of people. So it wasn't even more than 50% in Ukraine. You act like, oh, it's this hostile thing. It wasn't hostile. And, and by the way, when Yanukovych accepted the Russian deal as opposed to the EU deal, you could say, oh, well, they were going to be embargoed. No, 
they could not replace Russian trade. They're dependent on Russian trade. These yeah, are like, the kinds of soft power there. ways that Russia influences the state. But and by the way, half the Ukrainian population supports Russia. Yanukovych was the most trusted politician in 2010, and he was democratically elected. And international monitors said, you know, this was a model for a democratic election. In one election, so, yeah, not, an, not earlier. In 2010, yeah. in 2010. 2010 he was, yes. And so, well, you laugh at that, but the point is to say you're, you're creating this false, you know, you're creating this completely distorted reality where, oh, well, Ukraine doesn't want Russian influence, and Japan wants American influence. It's like, well, the, the picture's more complicated than this. It's about how states behave. And, you know, Ukraine, some people in Ukraine want Russia, some people in Ukraine want the West. Russia influences Ukraine, as as is how states behave. You could disagree, you know, well, that's not normative, that's not right, but Ukraine was a part of Russia for hundreds of years. Ukraine was governed by Russia for the past hundred years, even when it was administratively autonomous. And, you know, to, for Russia to have a sphere of influence, this is what the United States must tolerate for peace and detente with Russia. In the same way that nobody challenges America's influence in the Western Hemisphere or in Western Europe or elsewhere in the world, you know, and in these other countries. I mean, that's just, um, you know, if you're going to disagree with that, I mean, you're just living in candy land. I mean, I, I, to try to compare Russia's activities in Ukraine with the soft power that America acts over the world, right? <laughs> There's a reason why you're trying to say, like, well, South Korea and Japan, they feel the same way, right? Like, I, like I ask you to show me that in Japan, and you can show me a few protests in Osaka because of dumb Marines on base or whatever. But, like, the reality is, is that we know that military presence of the United States there is welcome far more than Ukrainians are welcoming military presence from Russia into Ukraine. Like, I, I hate to use this word, but it's self-evident, right? And to pretend that realism versus, say, like constructivism is a better way to analyze how powers in the world work, when we look at how the United States treats members on its border, and we contrast that to how Russia treats members on its border, um, it, it obviously just, it's, it's not a good way to analyze how countries behave, right? Russia has... Um, as a constructivist would say, an iterative pattern of behavior with countries on its border. It's continued to act in such a way. And to say that Russia's hypothetical security concerns 30 years into the future justify the shelling of Ukrainian cities today, the destruction of Ukrainian cities, the murdering and the killing of Ukrainian civilians, that all of that is okay because Russia must have a sphere of influence. And when I ask why, it's because, well, so that NATO doesn't invade. And, why, and when I ask why, it's well, because then Russia wouldn't be able to invade. Um, I guess if we want to use a descriptive form of analysis, we can, but morally, normatively, what's right, I absolutely don't think that we should accept that a country like Ukraine has to cut itself to Russia and become a vassal state just because of some hypothetical security concerns that Russia has because it can't play nice with the rest of the world. See, um, yeah. I think we're kind of like uh, looping back and forth. Now. No, 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 I, no, no, yeah? no. I, I, no? Think, no okay. I think this is the crux of it. I really believe this is the crux of it because mm -hmm. what, what underlies your whole worldview is this, this benign hegemon narrative. You know, again, you can call it constructivism, you can call it whatever you want, but it's this mm -hmm. idea that, you know, when America exercises soft power, like, well, that's okay. And they want it. And mm -hmm. when America exercises hard power, well, you know, it's justified or something. When Russia does it, well, you know, it's evil and they can't do it. And this is, uh, you know, Ukraine's cucking themselves. It's like, this is how great powers behave. And, and let's take a look at NATO. You know, you say NATO's never been aggressive towards Russia. NATO's been aggressive towards other states. You know, you know this. I don't even have to say it. It's, it's as you say, self-evident. The United States invaded Afghanistan. The United States invaded Iraq. They said there were weapons of mass destruction. There weren't. Why did the United States invade Iraq? Well, some would say, well, they invaded a foreign state. They genocided their population. They sought a weapon of mass destruction, et cetera, et cetera. You could say that they invaded Iraq because Saddam Hussein was a rogue actor. You know, they found the, the anthrax was BS. They were not harboring al-Qaeda. They didn't have the WMDs. 
We invaded Iraq in, in 2011. NATO did regime change in Libya because they said the elections weren't free and fair enough. And Among like, other reasons, but... <laughs> What were the other reasons? Uh, among torturing and imprisoning political prisoners, among using chemical national, weapons against national it. sovereignty, <laughs> yeah. national there's sovereignty. That, well, there's some levels of national sovereignty that I guess we just don't accept. When you oh, say, "Oh, hey, like, wait a second. So is national sovereignty okay? Wait, wait. Is national sovereignty absolute or is it conditional? It's obviously conditional on things like the Geneva oh. Convention or international agreements, oh. or but also notice everything oh, you said. Okay. Where has NATO exerted its power against? None of the countries that you mentioned were nuclear power. Doesn't matter. In your we're talking world, about how great states act. Sure. We're talking about world, normativity. In your right? that's, that's the opposite of normativity. It's descriptivity. But regardless, um, if we were to ignore, if we were to say that NATO should no longer expand. Okay, that we're not going to do that anymore. What is the next stage? The next stage is every single non-aligned state in the world getting nuclear weapons. Is that the future that we want? The whole point of things like the Budapest Memorandum was we need less states to have nuclear weapons because the more people that have them, the more fucky things kind of get. So do we just say now that like, okay, well, every non-aligned state in, um, you know, in Southeastern Europe or in the Middle East or in Africa or in South America, everybody just start getting nukes because, hey, if you got them, even if we tell you to get rid of them and we won't hurt you like we did with the Budapest best memorandum we're still going to hurt you right Pivot. i don't think that's a stable future i think that that security situation is bad for everybody russia included well i'll address that in a sec but i think that's a, a bit of a pivot if you'll forgive me because i want to hear i want to explore this little because the crux of your argument is well russia violated ukraine sovereignty which is an unforgivable sin but you just said that nato's intervention in libya was justified because national sovereignty is conditional so which is it is sovereignty conditional or is it absolute I don't think that sovereignty is necessarily absolute. If it was the case that okay. like Ukraine was gassing its own citizens or committing horrible war crimes, I mean, there are forums that you can go through to exercise power against people that do that. You've got the United Nations, you've got NATO, you're there, like, there are organizations that can do that. But who decides? Who decides? Like I just said, the United Nations or NATO. And so the United, the United Nation, Nation, NATO decides. Well, that's very interesting, isn't it? So so uh, the NATO alliance, which is foreign counter to Russia, th they can decide when sovereignty is suspended or not. Russia, you know, when Russia says we're going to invade Ukraine for our vital strategic interests, that's not a good enough reason. Sovereignty, is, sovereignty is airtight. Oh, Libya tortured some people? F fuck sovereignty. <laughs> we can intervene. We can do whatever. Oh, Saddam Hussein is doing some, some wonky stuff? We can invade. Libya, so is your, Libya is your worst example, okay? Because sometimes NATO goes in at least without, um, sometimes NATO goes in without UN resolution. Libya was so fucked that Russia and China abstained from the vote. They're part of the Security Council. They got a UN resolution to go into Libya. That's how fucked Gaddafi was. Okay, uh, if you want to use an example, point. Yeah, no, that is exactly the point. It was so well, you're, even you're, the point even they wouldn't say the point you, is that there might acknowledge sovereignty is conditional. If it's conditional, of course it's conditional. But what well, is the then it's about the terms? But okay, the, sure, it is about the terms. But the terms can't be that Russia is worried about a future hypothetical war. That's why I'm not just screaming at you over and over again. I'll get to that. I'm not why screaming not? at you over and over and over again that Ukraine has sovereignty, um, and that's the only reason why they shouldn't be invaded, right? Russia doesn't have justification for invading Ukraine. The future hypothetical threats to Russian sovereignty can't be used as an invasion to another sovereign country that's not in violation of any UN resolution. Why not? That's not in, because, it, because it just doesn't, because that could be used to justify the invasion of, of almost any state in the world by any no, great can't. power. No, it can't. Why not? Russia, because Russia wouldn't say Mexico is going to deploy surface-to-service missiles that could hit us 
us in five minutes and a NATO like a NATO base in the Black Sea displaces our you know Russian base. So so no. Sure, the, the United States could invade places in Venezuela. It literally or applies Brazil to two countries. No, it could the, the argument that Russia is making applies to exactly two countries, George. The United what, what, the United States could invade Cuba right now if they wanted to, using that Yeah. Argument. Yes, and they would. And they but we don't, but we don't. So your realist perspective. But they did failed. the Bay of Pigs. They, they, the Bay of Pigs. They the Bay of Pigs. Legitimately did it. That's why the Bay of Pigs failed. Right? No, the, right the United States did not successfully invade. They failed because they were incompetent, but they tried. Uh, because they were incompetent, the United yeah. States failed an invasion in Cuba. If because Russia they were fails, are you going to say, oh, they didn't invade? If Russia fails in this Ukraine war, are you going to say, oh, well, that didn't that just didn't happen if, because it didn't if work? If the United States played by Russia's rules, we would invade Cuba right now. We already have, I think, Guantanamo Bay isn't. No, because there, there's, there's no Russian defensive alliance in Cuba, and there's no surface to Wait, hold on. That doesn't matter from your Cuba's not talking about nuclear rearmament. If they were, we would invade because we did in Bay of Pigs, and we almost no, went to nuclear no, war over the Cuban that, Missile that Crisis. Doesn't, that doesn't fit your so realist over. perspective, Nick. Whether or not Cuba has so those arms, I would just repeat back to you that strong nations seek to exert their influence over weak nations. Cuba yes. is a weak nation next to the United States. Why don't we just invade them and take them over? That's what Russia would do. Because they're not putting surface-to-surface -surface missiles there. There's not a defensive alliance there. Cuba is pacified because Cuba is already pacified. No, you already admitted Cuba to poses, me. Cuba no, no, no. You already admitted Cuba to me that even if no NATO threat. was off the table, Russia would still seek to exert influence over Ukraine. It might even still take over they Sevastopol. The ladies might still, which they might be taking Crimea, right? In the same way that we in, that we influence Cuba, and we—that's not the same countries. way. We don't send militaries down there to take over ports in Cuba. Okay, we don't. Send now, now, now you're just trying to confuse here. Which is it? I mean, we're talking about Russia influencing Ukraine absent the military alliance. And now, you know, I'm saying, well, they influenced Cuba, and you're saying, well, they're not invading. It's like, okay, well, Russia didn't invade until the defensive alliance was on the table, and Crimea. The defensive alliance was on the table question. until Crimea was taken over. Because NATO membership was on the table after the Maidan. Hello? And 13 countries joined NATO in 10 years. So, you know, like, once again, this argument falls apart because it, it rests on all these, like, just convoluted assumptions, like, like a security guarantee like Russia can count on our good faith. The United States doesn't influence weaker states. The Western Hemisphere isn't secured by the Monroe Doctrine. Like if Cuba became a part of a Russian defense alliance, we wouldn't do anything. I mean, these are all just a series of like self-evidently ridiculous conclusions. And it's like, you oh, will no, not man. acknowledge that you have the moral standard that Russia's judged by is up here. Uh -huh. And the moral standard that the United States is judged down is down here. We can invade. We can influence. We can do whatever. It's no big deal. We decide what sovereignty is. Russia invaded a sovereign nation. Hitler, Hitler. He's a revanchist. I've never you know, said that. I'm not saying that at all. Well, why you, we were having such a good conversation. Why are you strong? I'm being, I'm being hyperbolic, of a course, for the rhetorical okay. device. But um, come on, we'll Steve. Come that on, Steve. Been the one calling come on, Hitler Steven. In this argument, you got to huh? work with me here. You got to work with me. You're native Cuba. We, we, America would crush your native Cuba. You know, what What would the Cuban people think if the Americans crushed your native Cuba for trying to join a defensive alliance with Russia? You know they would do it. You know the Council on Foreign Relations would crush your native country, Cuba. First of all, Cuba my tried native to all country this. is the United States. I was born in Omaha, <laughs> Nebraska. Okay, uh, cute. So regardless, I, I, I guess with the center closing, so, I, so your position is that the Russian, the, today, the current Russian invasion of Ukraine is justified, and Russia has carte blanche to do whatever they need to bring that nation to heel because of hypothetical security threats in the future that may exist if Ukraine joins NATO. Well, no, we're not talking about carte blanche. 
We're tying well, up. So would you like specific. condemn them for what's going on in like Mario Pool today or no. in any of the? That's okay. Yo, oh, you don't believe any of it's real? There's like no. reporting. There's photo. You think all of it? There was fake? reporting. Hey, what happened to that nuclear power plant? That was. Do you remember when you said that two weeks ago? You said they're attacking a nuclear power plant. It turned out that was total bullshit. Yeah, I don't think it was total bullshit. They were like Western they were, media lies. So, so just to be clear, what's on the table right now? So, Mario Pol is not cut off from like electricity, water, food. Not cut off from humanitarian aid with Destiny, hundreds of thousands. Of, you don't think any of that is? It's a war. This is the conduct of war. Sure. So they have carte blanche to shell the city to. Bomb theaters to bomb uh, hospitals whatever that's what they did in aleppo right that's what they did in aleppo every what? single hospital and every single fsa oh, occupied area was bombed so those people had nowhere to go except back to assad that's what's, this is russia's strategy you're saying blank check you're saying it's not a blank check they could what they nuke, did in Grozny. that city was Ukraine. more destroyed oh, than any other please. city in the world oh, because please. they were frustrated that their military wasn't advancing fast enough. we're seeing the same thing happen today this is such Ukraine. a such a sad pivot see i mean you lose I'm on the fundamental pivoting. point i'm talking on the on the actual i'm just asking you if like they have the right to go in and conduct war and destroy as much of Ukraine as they need to to bring them to heal because of potential hypothetical security threats. If they wanted to destroy as much of Ukraine as they needed to, the war would look very different than it does right now. And you know that. But They're it's taken a different term, a darker on, term. Okay, see, but not, it's, 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 okay, a limited, it's a limited military engagement. And, and as far as limited it is, it is limited. Yeah. They're, they're not attacking Poland. They're not attacking the Baltics. They're not... Wait, and, and they're not, hang on, hang on, see why, you need to interrupt, you need to interrupt because I tell the truth okay. here, they're okay. conducting a war, it's a war, uh-huh. Destiny, you know this, and yes, I, I support the war, absolutely, I support the president, the new czar, Vladimir Putin, I support Russia, Z, absolutely, I support what's going on, and I, I think that it's defensible, I think that this is the most reasonable European war um, that, that has happened in the past hundred years. I think this is the most reasonable war in the 21st century. Absolutely. It's, I think, and, and to give you a comparison, I think this is more justifiable than the American war in Iraq. I think this is more justifiable than the NATO intervention in Libya. I think it's more justifiable than the American war in Afghanistan, frankly. I think this is, this is a completely reasonable conflict. And, you know, the argument seems to be like, well, war is always wrong. And like national sovereignty is is the sacred thing, except for when it isn't, except for when war is justified, except for when sovereignty is conditional. It's just that you you arbitrarily decide the terms based on they're not arbitrary. They're international. Of world okay, the, the okay, yeah. the Western world system, right? I mean, when you talk about oh, they're international norms or something, um, you know, invading Iraq wasn't based on international norms. The world opposed that. France didn't even support that. Okay, international France didn't even support the war in Iraq, uh-huh. but the United States pursued it. Interlat and how, more people died in Iraq than have died in Ukraine. So and far, we, we occupied. Oh, please, we occupied Iraq for twenty years, mm-hmm. and uh, you know there wasn't this boycott. There wasn't ice the fucking Iraq, you know, and nobody talked about Saddam Hussein's sovereignty. So, I mean, just give it a rest. I mean, this America is a global hegemon. We project power globally, soft and hard power. Russia is a second rate, you know, regional power, and, and they're exerting influence in their region. Ukraine's not a part of NATO. You know, there's no defensive alliance yet. I think it's reasonable. I think it's totally reasonable based on the things I laid out between the missiles, between, you know, NATO being a counter Russian alliance, NATO outspending Russia like 12 to 1, you know, more than, I don't know the math right off the top of my head, but, you know, more than 10 to 1, 1.2 trillion to 65 billion. Like, yeah, Russia has a right to be concerned about about all these things, the confidence in mutually assured destruction, the uh, theater support missiles becoming part of the U.S. military doctrine, NATO base in Crimea. 
has a right to be concerned. It's a limited engagement, you know, and, and I'm glad that this argument wasn't about Russia rebuilding the empire because it's not happening. You know, notice how quickly the goal, you know, it started out with like uh, Russia's rebuilding a collapsed empire to like, well, Russia does have nothing to worry about that the ABM shields being built. Russia has not, you know, oh, invading Iraq's totally legit, you know, invading Libya, it's international conventions, you know, because it would be preposterous to suggest anything like what the NATO Western media suggests, which is that Russia's rebuilding an empire we know they can't do that. We know they don't have the capability. It, he's been in power for 22 years. And what does he have? Abkhazia, mm -hmm. South Ossetia, Donbass, Crimea, peanuts. You know, he lost Kazakhstan. He lost Ukraine. He lost all these countries. And people go, Abkhazia, South Ossetia, Donbass. He lost all of Central Asia. And they've got a million. They spent 67 billion. We spent 820. And we go, they're the empire. They're the empire. They're the, they're the aggressors. They're the mm -hmm. military hawks. Um, you know, there's just, it's like, it's insane. It's insane. I don't understand it, Destiny. Steven, help me understand this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who half your points are even addressing at this point. Um, you haven't really demonstrated that there is a legitimate security concern by Russia uh -huh. with Ukraine. You've admitted yourself that even if Ukraine didn't join NATO, they still might have the, uh, from the realist perspective, good enough reason to invade Ukraine, take over Crimea, take over as much of Ukraine as they want, because that's just what big nations do. And if that is going to be the argument that you use, then by God, just like we've done with every other former Warsaw Pact state, or a lot of them, um, and just like we've done with other Eastern European countries, you know what, we should just draft Ukraine into NATO then, just for if no other reason to ensure Ukraine sovereignty. Um, this idea that NATO is an empire just like Russia, that the United States is hegemonic just like Russia, I mean, the difference is, and we've seen this clearly, is that at least people want to join the United States hegemony as opposed to um, as opposed to Russia that has to force itself with uh, shelling civilian cities and invading places and cutting up oil if you don't agree with them and trying to poison your elected officials with uranium and whatever other crazy shit Russia has to do to countries around it. Um, I don't think that the pressure that NATO exits on other countries to join them when that pressure is will protect you from Russia that will actually invade you and destroy you. I don't think that's legitimately at all comparable to the type of pressure that Russia exerts on other nations around it. And I certainly don't think that uh, the realist analysis of Russia just wants to control countries is a good enough reason to allow Russia to invade any country they want. But well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's really the debate is like they want, but they want freedom. The Iraqis want freedom. They America, the world wants. No one is America's saying that. No one has used that argument. The world you, wants the Iraqi American people hegemony. didn't vote they for the United it. States to come to that country. Well, what do you say to that? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, wait. I'm curious. Do you think they I would defend the war? Do you think I would defend the war in Iraq? Or are you arguing against a straw right now? Well, you know no, I, 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 I want to ask. That, wait, hold on. The difference I, is that the world wants American hegemony. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that Ukraine and members, states that joined NATO, were begging to get into NATO. Initially, we didn't even know. Absolutely, they were. And look at what's in happening Ukraine? now. In Ukraine? In, in Ukraine, not until they took over Crimea. That's when public opinion shifted, when it was on the table for them to seriously consider joining. And you know what? When you've got a superpower that decides to take over a, a, a huge peninsula in your country and then decides to start funding separatist civil wars in the eastern part of your country, would you agree both these things have happened? Yes, that's when... That that's not only did opinion shift, but also you have to keep in mind, Nick, logically, right? Most of the opposition to NATO came from Crimea. So, of course, when you capture that part and then you recognize breakaway states in the east that are all like majority like come from Russian, Eastern Ukraine, Russian, so, yeah, all yeah, from so, Crimea. Yeah, no shit. They're going to be massively pro NATO when Russia starts invading the places that are the most opposed to it. See, and now you just have to exit. distort the facts. I mean, there's I'm not like, distorting any fact. Yeah, Wait, you hold are. on. Are you, are you saying that Eastern Ukraine was hold more pro NATO than Western Ukraine? Are you saying, baby, you say, 
Well, the difference is that uh, you know, the world beckons for, you know, because you said America's not a hegemon like Russia. Because I never, the difference I, is. I, I said you that joining NATO, wrote, wrote I said, I said literally joining NATO is not the same as Russia earlier, invading Hang you. on, let me explain. Earlier you uh -huh. said, uh, well, America's not a hegemon like Russia. And the difference is that this is like an exact quote. You said they're not a hegemon like Russia because... The difference is that these states want America. You said mm -hmm. that they're begging for NATO. Um, but they weren't begging for NATO since 2008. In 2008, that's when the conversation starts. And Germany and France oppose it. Germany that's and France. They were only given the membership, they, membership path to membership. Yes, they weren't yes. actually given. Yeah, of course. Yes, but Germany and France, they agree with me. Germany and France in 08 say this is too aggressive. They, for the same reason, they said this is going to provoke Russia. This is going to cause a crisis on the continent. Uh, and so all they can say, as you say, at Bucharest is, uh, well, we recognize their aspirations. In 2008, Ukraine's not begging to join NATO, but they're acknowledging their aspirations. Sure. In 2010, Yanukovych is elected. It moved forward in spite of this. In 2014, it's not an election. It's a coup. It's a coup, which is not supported by the majority of the population. The Absolutely majority, what? The, lead, no, the opposition was leader was no, the was one not. that rose to power afterwards. No, it was not. Yanukovych ran from the country. No, it was not. The majority to shoot at his Hang citizens. on. See, now you're interrupting because you, the majority of Ukrainian people did not support nato membership no, the majority in 24 no you're wrong that's on that. correct no i'm agreeing with you oh, okay. Crimea yeah. was removed okay which was where your most anti-nato population well, hang on, hang on. Uh -huh. so in 14 they're not begging for it not even a majority supports it and when the and not even a majority supports Maidan. not even a majority of ukrainian support Maidan. nevertheless a pro-western leader is installed and, and they begin moving towards Wait, what do you mean West. installed he was the opposition was leader he was the next guy that was coming up what do you mean he didn't when just come from nowhere. Happens, yeah, okay. It's a coup, Destiny. It's not like it's not like somebody ran on a platform of let's join NATO. They overthrew the government. They the, overthrew well, I mean, government. overthrew. He fled the country after he did because he was worried Destiny. that he was going to be tried for fucking Destiny. war crimes when his is this democrat started. Is it democratic to have a coup, to have a violent revolution? Why in are you Kiev? saying democratic when part of the reasons why he was protested so heavily is because he literally tried to pass like 10 anti-protest laws. That's not democratic either. Destiny... When you Nick. overthrow the government, mm -hmm. you, but you're still when the government makes it illegal to protest and starts killing protesters, that's not very democratic. So what are, either, so what are our standards now? So what are our standards? If if some people don't mm -hmm. like something the government does, then elections now, now democracy is when the people overthrow the government because the government passed an anti-protest law. So which is it? Is it about what I, the people I don't, want? I don't is know it what about sovereignty I mean, like, or all these things conditional? It's it's apparently it's conditional. Is, of course, everything is conditional, Nick. Why are you okay. acting like destiny? Are you saying that committing Crimes against humanity will forfeit your sovereignty? Of course. This is what unraveling. Do you mean? Like, it's unraveling. Nothing is unraveling is at all right now. Here it is. Like, Here, here's why. Here's okay, why. Because, tell me why. Tell me why. Because you're, you're, the crux of your argument is you say, like, well, you know, when the U.S. exerts in, influence on Ukraine, that's okay. There was Ukraine no – Euromaidan was not a U.S.-driven protest. Okay, but the point – we're not talking about Maidan right now. We're talking about NATO membership. Okay. No, we were just talking about Maidan and the and the coup. No, no, we're going we're going back. We're okay, taking let's it a go step back, back to NATO you membership. Said, okay. You said the difference between American and Russian power is that mm -hmm. the Ukrainian people want American power and the Russian people do not. You said America hegemony, they, they don't have hegemony mm -hmm. uh, because the Ukrainian people consent to it, they want it, they don't sure. want Russia. But the conversation about NATO membership begins in 08 when that is not the majority position. And they don't join and, because they don't want to. Okay, hang on, hang on. <laughs> hang on. Yeah. And in 2014, it's still not the majority position. And they still don't join because hang they don't on, want to. Hang on, hang on, hang on. 
on. Why are you jumping the gun here? It's because you know what's coming. You know what's coming. What, what, what's coming? You know what's coming. Because when their minds change when Russia invades them. They're like, okay, we changed our mind. Now we want to join NATO. Is that this supposed is to be so, surprising? This is so sad for you. It's so over for you. It's, I'm Here's losing why. so high right now. Yeah, tell me. Yeah, you are. You are. Okay. Because you know, you said they're begging for it. They're begging for it. They're not begging for it. NATO is moving across Eastern Europe, and they're not begging for it. The majority doesn't support it. They're talking about it in 08. In 08, they're saying they're going to make Ukraine a NATO member state, and the majority don't support it. In 14, they're talking them. about, hang on, why do you keep interrupting me? Wait, can you 14, acknowledge? I can't even complete. You can't make I can't even complete a thought. You can't just make them a NATO state. All right, they have come to on. consent to join, right? You guys have been good the whole time. When they say they they acknowledge the aspirations of Ukraine, I mean, they, they're saying they have designs on what, Ukraine. What does that mean? Ukraine in, has to consent to join, right? Okay, so in 2008, if the majority don't support, why is the United States against the wishes of Germany and France talking about Ukraine being a NATO? No, no, member? I'm saying in Ukraine. No, no, Ukraine. no, in 2008. In 2008, why is the United States saying we recognize their aspirations if the majority don't support it? Because they can recognize their aspirations. Ultimately, it still has to be approved by every NATO member. Come on, obviously. No, well, I'm why, asking you. Well, why would they say that? They're not begging for it in 08. So why is the United States saying? Why, how is that relevant? It doesn't change the fact. Nick, can Ukraine? Will Ukraine join NATO against Ukraine's will? No. Okay. Will Ukraine be taken over by Russia against Ukraine's will? No. That's the difference. Yes, of course, Nick. No. What do you mean no? Then why is there a war right now? What? What are we fighting over? What you're arguing is that. There's a principal moral difference, a normative difference in how the United States exercises influence between as compared to Russia. But this is not the case because in 2000, Israel, and by the way, and you yourself said the United States was pushing more strongly about Ukrainian NATO membership. They watered down what they said at Bucharest in 2008 at the behest of the Germans and the French. They watered it down to say to, for NATO to say, we recognize their aspirations. They weren't begging for it in 2008, but yet this was the conversation. That was a diluted proposition, was we recognize the aspirations. And then in 2014, the government is overthrown by a coup, a coup that is not. And in 2014, the majority does not support NATO membership. And in 2014, the majority does not support the Maidan. So your argument rests on this idea on two things, that Russia violated sovereignty and Ukraine has a right to self-determination. But both of these things are in doubt now, because now you're saying, well, the coup, it doesn't matter that the coup wasn't a democratic election because, well, Yanukovych did an anti-democratic thing. And even though the coup that wasn't popularly supported by half the population, it wasn't an election, overthrew him and installed the pro-Western leader. Oh, uh, well, uh, you know, it doesn't like matter at all. It's like, okay, so which is it then? Self-determination the and, and national sovereignty both appear yeah. to be completely conditional. I, I because it's a coup-backed mm -hmm. government that, that creates the crisis in Crimea. And it is, uh, you know, national sovereignty, which you say is conditional and apparently determined by NATO. So, you know, that's where the argument falls apart here. Okay, so, so it's you, keep, you keep saying that it's a coup-backed government. The government had popular support post-revolution. Or do was you it elected? Was it? Was this a? They, they held elections afterwards, and who kept winning? Pro-Western leaders. That's not leaders. the constitutional process, is it? So you now, know, so now the constitutional process. I mean, are wasn't, you it, wasn't me? it voted on? Wasn't it voted on by every member of parliament afterwards? Didn't they take a vote in parliament after Yanukovych left? Did they not? Was that not the constitutional process? 
No, there's no constitutional provision for a revolution, obviously. I mean, would you say that if on January 6th, if the Republicans overthrew the government and then the Congress voted for Trump, would you say, oh, yeah, yeah that checks out? Like, yeah, that's legitimate. Of course not. Of course not. If it seemed not. like the Nobody majority of the United States supported it, if Trump held an election afterwards and he won the election, then, yeah, I mean, probably it, it seems like, I mean, like, it's still a form of, like, who a revolution, but, like, to, say, <laughs> to pretend on. that it, like, it would be, it would be, like, a more apt comparison is you're trying to make it sound like, like Trump at the very least, like him or hate him, had massive popularity in the United States, right? It's not like Trump was like an installed leader. Let's say that Trump did win that after a quote-unquote coup. Would you call Trump an installed leader after a coup? Probably not. You would probably be here making the argument, well, Trump has enjoys wide support from the, but I'm a realist. the majority of but I'm a realist. The, the United States. Yeah, but you're realist. You're, a li- you're the liberal. Nobody uses you believe that Nobody cares about realism. Nobody, ta- nobody uses these arguments. It doesn't matter. But you believe. Okay? Oh, no, it does matter because it I'm absolutely, a realist. It absolutely I would say, doesn't. I would say advantage. I would say advantage is good. Whatever is good for America is good. They, you would say, in, as the liberal, well, it wasn't so Wait, I, wait I haven't even finished responding. So you, you, can, you, cannot, you cannot call it a coup, okay? When they formed a temporary government, when they had elections later that year, and they allowed all the elections to play out. That's exactly what happened. And they had it with the support of the parliament and the support of the people the entire time. You can try to cry and say it was installed or CIA led or whatever, I'm but the reality is, is that Ukraine had like democratic processes working throughout the entire time. Time. Does it suck that Yanukovych left after like having police assassinate people in the street? Yeah, I guess that does uh, suck. So maybe there was some. Drive, maybe the there was some. I guess it's- it was a coup. So your argument is goes something. Let me just paraphrase your argument so far. Uh huh. America does not influence weaker states. Maidan was not a coup. Oh, man, and there was no security threat to Russia me. posed by surface-to-surface uh, missiles fuck. in Ukraine. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah, it's all, uh-huh. it's all yeah, it sounds legit to me. Yeah, it checks out. Maidan right, was we go to the revolution. Now we're in the, now we're in the like, make up what other people say face. So I think we've hit uh, we, rock we, bottom we on this argument people, now. People can discern for themselves. People <laughs> sure. can discern. I mean, that, that seems to be the argument. You know, Russia has no legitimate security threat by getting shield in the surface-to-surface. You even admitted that even sans NATO, they would still invade Ukraine. So it seems like you agree with that as well. Yeah. Okay, sure. All right, now, uh, you know, we could, so we, I'm going to look through here and see if we have some questions from Super Chat and stuff like that. Uh Um, But um, I I guess if if you guys want to put like a capstone on each of your uh, presentations here first before maybe I go to that, that might work too. Uh, I don't know. It's up to you guys. Or do you want me to just look for questions? I I, I think a closing statement would be in order. Yeah, and then I'll do questions after, right? So you guys can have your, you know, your presentation uh, down, Pat. Uh, Yeah, okay, so go ahead. Uh, I think. I don't recall uh, fully, but I think it was Destiny that lead it, led off, right? So, uh-huh. um, uh, okay, so that would be you leading off here then. and then Nick No, let Nick lead off here. I let off with you. No, you. No, 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 I'm wait. I'm give you the final word on the opening statement and the last <laughs> word. Are you serious? Well, it usually rotates. What? That's, hey, the normative laws of The normative law. You're invading this debate. You're yeah, okay. suspending normative Well, it's because well, you got the lead off. Sovereignty in this conversation. So you have to decide which hegemonic influence. Well, it's is because going you to had the lead off. I mean, I wasn't trying to Sovereign s- Ralph. stack the deck either way. That, that's Ralph. the only reason. I just, I just thought that was the normative rules, kind of, that, e. that you should have the the, clo- the the first on the closing since okay. you had the first debate. I mean, if you really want to close, I mean, it's fine. I uh, really want to close, but he does too. So now but, we have a conflict here that you have to resolve, Ralph. Well, you know what? If I had a coin. You, the, being first is a privilege and being last is a privilege. Usually the person that goes first in the opening goes first in the end. 
I'm looking um, for. I, I don't actually have. He's looking for a UN Security I'm Council <laughs> resolution. Call of Roberts rules. Roberts rules of order. Let's go. Let's check them. Let's let's check them. I, I thought I had a coin around here somewhere. Surely let's, to God. Let's post E to support Ethan Rouse war. <laughs> you would think I could go downstairs and, and actually flip a coin. You know what? I, I'll go downstairs and get a quarter uh, if Ethan's you want. Ethan's campaign to Richmond. Man, that's, e. <laughs> that's so fucked that I don't have any coin. <laughs> here like you would think okay can you guys argue for a couple more seconds while i go get a coin because i'll uh, just go first i'll just go first i mean it's not even appropriate but i'll, I'll go first i mean yeah i, I mean Ukrainian citizens have the same resiliency that i if have he's willing to see yeah, that i mean repel the attack you repelled Real, yeah, okay. If you're if you're willing to see my that, my generals yeah. have been killed. And the, <laughs> the ghost of Cuba, the ghost of Havana. Thank shot God, down. he flies over the sky, yeah. shooting the down cozy TV streams one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> this ghost of Omaha is destroying my capabilities. Ugh. All right, go ahead then. Go I'm ahead. So then. mad. Okay. All right. So in closing, um. Uh, you know, I, I think that was basically a nice summary enough um, just at the end there. And I don't want to go too long, but the crux of the argument is this. Um, America is not a benign hegemon. America is the world superpower. And with NATO is, is a hyperpower still. $1.2 trillion in military spending, more sophisticated capability than anybody can recognize. And all it takes is to put yourselves in the shoes of the Russians and in Moscow to understand where Russia is coming from. Uh, the suspension of the ABM Treaty in 2001, the suspension of the Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty in 2019, these in themselves are dramatic provocations. The reintroduction of theater support missiles into Europe destabilizes the balance of power. And that is, of course, notwithstanding the largest concern, which is the continued expansion of NATO since 1999. Uh, NATO is an explicitly anti-Russian alliance. It's formed to contain Russia and, and principally to contain Russian influence and power. After the Soviet Union dissolved and Russia became weaker, NATO remained and expanded. And now it's expanding on Russia's borders, compromising its vital strategic interests, its uh, naval base in Crimea, its Black Sea Fleet, and the territory of Ukraine. You know, what NATO membership for Ukraine entails is surface-to-surface -surface missiles which can strike Russia in five minutes. It entails... Uh, you know, a, a tripwire in Ukraine that, that is right on Russia's border. It entails NATO domination of the Black Sea. And ultimately, this is about uh, NATO and American domination of its adversaries and no concession given to its adversaries that they might have legitimate security interests. They might have legitimate interests as powerful states and all, and recognizing that and negotiating with them and working with them towards an equitable security arrangement. That's what we're talking about here is an equitable and fair security arrangement. Uh, Destiny has talked about sovereignty, which, of course, we know the United States considers conditional. When Russia invades Ukraine, it's a gross violation of sovereignty. But when we invade Libya, Iraq, and bomb other countries, of course, this, uh, these exceptions are valid. It's called right to protect. We can fabricate this out of thin air. We say that Ukraine has a right to self-determination, but it is true that the United States backed the Maidan revolution. That could be disputed, but nevertheless, we support that government. We've given billions of dollars in assistance to that coup government, and uh, we've supported that coup government's aspirations to join NATO. Um, so, you know, so once again, self-determination appears to be somewhat conditional. Um, and then what's more, more fundamentally about all of this this is a bad outcome. This is a bad outcome that nobody wanted. How did we arrive here? What were the root causes and the precipitating causes? Um, let's even just be fair and say at the minimum, 
We have to recognize that the United States has played a role in this. To say that it is all Russian revanchism belies the military imbalance, which is very real. It belies Russia's capabilities and the fact that in 22 years of rule, Vladimir Putin has not taken over any countries, invaded any sovereign countries. It was in response to the 2014 crisis and in response to the suggestion that Ukraine might go nuclear and join NATO, that Russia invaded Ukraine. How did we arrive here? We have to look at our own role. We have to look at our own role in disrupting the mutually assured destruction confidence with the ABM and the Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty withdrawal. We have to recognize our role destabilizing other countries around the world with NATO aggression. We have to recognize our role in expanding NATO in a way that Russia's repeatedly said makes them uncomfortable and even where they've drawn red lines. Um, and so, you know, if, if my victory condition in the debate is merely for people to say uh, NATO played a part and Russia has some valid interest here, I think we covered that. I think I won on those grounds. The other side has to say that America is a benign hegemon. Uh, the world wants American power. The world invites American power. American power is innocuous. Russia has nothing to fear. Russia has no valid concerns. It's just run by a corrupt despot who's only using security concerns as a pretext for territorial ambitions. Um, I, I think throughout the debate that was made, I think from the outset, that was conceded not to be true. So, um, so that's my closing statement. America is not a benign hegemon. This is a limited, reasonable military engagement, certainly more reasonable than the things NATO has done in this century. Um, and I support Russia. Go, Russia! We salute the brave soldiers, the Moscow's finest, the Tsar's finest, as they liberate Ukraine from the Western dogs. Uh, so that's my closing statement. Z. I will concede the entire debate to Nick of whether or not America is a benign hegemon. Unfortunately, that is not at all what we came here to talk about today. Um, I understand that when Russia is in the process of invading another country, they very much want to center the conversation about Russian-American relationships or about the sovereignty of the United States or the sovereignty of Russia or the way that these two superpowers act, but that is not what the discussion is about today. It's whether or not Russia's invasion into Ukraine can be justified. We can bring up as many defeated talking points as we want. I'm used to people doing it over and over and over again. We can talk about how the suspension of some ABM treaty magically destroys second strike capabilities, even though when Nick was pushed, he admitted that an ABM silo cannot become an ICBM silo. He admitted that Putin uh, was allowed access to these silos by Biden if he wanted to investigate. He admitted that this technology that Putin is so worried about doesn't even exist yet. It might not be here for 10, 20, or 30 years. And he admitted that if this technology was so threatening, who cares? We could install it just as easily in Poland, Romania, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, down in Turkey. If we wanted to nuke Russia from anywhere, if we wanted to encircle Russia from anywhere, if we wanted to have ABM silos around the world that could intercept an infinite amount of MIRVs, an infinite amount of ICBMs, we could already do it. We don't need Ukraine to do that. Just like Nick already admitted that even if Ukraine never even had an ascension plan to NATO, Russia, in the realist perspective, would just invade them anyway. They have a right to it. Why? Because of strategic interest in the Black Sea that Turkey is constantly threatening anyway. Controlling Sevastopol doesn't get them through Istanbul doesn't get them into the Mediterranean. There isn't even a good strategic region reason around the world why Russia would have access to these ports, how it would help them. And the idea that capturing Ukraine, the idea that Russia invading Ukraine is representing the same threat to their sovereignty as Ukraine democratically choosing to join the NATO alliance, the idea that America is this benign hegemony and they've never done anything and blah, blah, blah. That's absolutely not true. I've never said it. But there is the fact that there is an old Eastern European saying that if you call for America, America will come. If you call for Russia, Russia 
Russia will come. And if you call for no one, Russia will come. There is something to be said for the fact that these countries, whether we're talking the Baltics, whether we're talking Poland, Romania, any Southeastern Europe, there is the fact that these countries are looking towards NATO and they want to join NATO. Their citizens are voting to join NATO. We can't even accept just one or two at a time. It always have to be in batches of three or four or five because we don't want to accept only one because it'll cause conflict in the countries because people are so desperate to get into our military alliance. And the only thing that Russia has done with their continued aggression into Ukraine has proven today more than ever a good reason why that alliance still exists, and that's to ensure the security of your country if you are not willing to pursue a nuclear arms program of your own. So I would prefer a world where NATO expands to include more countries than the world that Nick advocates for, where Russia has justification to invade anybody they want, and the only successful path forward if you are a smaller country is to acquire nuclear weapons of your own. All right, now there are several questions here. Thank you both gentlemen uh, here for, for participating. I didn't have to do much. I just kind of let two old pros <laughs> yeah. go at it, right? Uh, and that's how I prefer it, honestly. Uh, I feel like too many times the moderator kind of gets uh, too involved here. Uh, it's best to just let the two uh, participants go at it. Uh, but I saw this uh, this last question. just popped up, actually, uh, and, uh, and I don't know how many more I'll ask. Uh, since both you've been generous with your time, but uh, do either of you think we are actually in danger of a World War Three type situation? I'll start with Nick since Destiny was just talking, um, but I definitely want to hear what Destiny has to say about that too. But uh, what what do you think, uh, Nick? Yeah, uh, we certainly are, and um, you know, is it uh, is it imminent? I mean, who, who's to say? The problem is that uh, you know, whenever you've got these these disputes between great powers and nuclear powers, it's always a risk. And, and the biggest concern is people don't take it seriously. You know, honestly, when people say there's no threat of World War III, that's actually when World War III is, is you know, the most likely because it's it's people's assumption, it's people's confidence. Like, oh, that'll never happen. That'll never, that's really what brings it about. So I don't think it's likely, you know, the United States won't impose a no-fly zone. Russia is not going to attack NATO. So, you know, I don't think it's likely but uh, you don't like to see this kind of conflict. You don't like to see Russia being in, or the United States being invited to impose an no-fly zone over a country that Russia's invading. So certainly we're closer to it now than we were four weeks ago. All right, go ahead, Destiny. Um, I think that Biden has done a really good job at being responsible about dictating the exact terms to how the United States would participate in this war. Um, it doesn't surprise me that Zelensky, that Ukraine would be crying for a no-fly zone, that they want U.S. troops on the ground. Obviously, I would expect him to ask for it. He should, as the leader of that country. Uh, but, I mean, it's pretty clear that the United States has been pretty responsible in its terms of engagement. We'll do what we can, you know, from afar, but we're not going to have troops on the ground there. We're not obviously going to be uh, imposing a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Uh, hopefully, we're never going to have a situation where U.S. troops and Russian troops are crossing swords with each other or, you know, U.S. Uh, planes are shooting at Russian planes or anything like that. And I mean, as long as it continues to be managed like that and as long as Putin's scope of engagement is uh, limited, as Nick would say, to just Ukraine, um, ideally that is something that never comes to pass. I don't think that anybody, um, even Putin, wants like that type of conflict. What do you think about Zelensky in general? What I hate Zelensky. What an amazing <laughs> leader. Oh, my God. Stays in Kiev, is with his soldiers, posting on TikTok, dancing for Ukraine. What a great Kiev. That's right. That great Ukrainian capital. Yeah. Um, I, think, uh, I think he's a great guy. Did a TV show about how he'd be a great president, and now he's fucking president today. You'd think that you, a Trump supporter, would fucking love the guy. He's a but, um, he's Yeah, a I, think, I think Zelensky has done an amazing job. He's doing a really good job. I wish the best for I him. I was wondering because he... if he survives his conflict, Putin has made the dude a fucking national hero. 
hero, which is good. Maybe they can worship somebody that's not a fucking ex-Nazi now for once in Ukraine. I and want then the people don't have that argument to use against I the want to answer there. your question. Zelensky is a Go Western ahead. puppet and a dog. He's a puppet of the Eastern Ukrainian mafia. And, you know, he's caused this whole thing. You know, like, this is an unwinnable war, okay? Russia is going to steamroll Ukraine. He's just getting people killed. Very serious. He conscripts the entire adult male population. You can't leave. He's dooming them uh, to die for a cause that is lost. Um, so I think Zelensky sucks. And um, I think if you like him, you're gay. And I hate I hate the whole situation. I support Russia. I hope he gets put in jail forever or worse. I hope that Russia puts him in jail forever or worse. Because that's what he deserves. Uh, I see a chat here. Destiny, let's talk about Western aggression. Russian forces found 30 biolabs on their border in Ukraine with weaponized diseases. The NWO was preparing, not Hollywood Hogan, by the way, or Scott Hall, but uh, the other NWO. The NWO was preparing to exterminate Russia, Russia with a, uh-huh. uh, Russians, I guess, with a bioweapon. Uh, and he he ends it with an insult. I mean, like you. it's all this is all bullshit, and I think Nick knows it, and that's why he was smart enough not to bring any of this up. Um, I mean, the United States and the like, the United States funds research labs all over the world. I mean, especially in the wake of the coronavirus, like we have research labs all over the place that are doing research on deadly pathogens. Um, I mean, it's part of what we want happening around the world. You don't want countries managing this stuff with no foreign oversight. We want to be able to share our intelligence. We want to be able to share our biological understanding with these labs to make sure they're conducting research in safe and effective ways. The idea that there exists some top secret bioweapons labs in Ukraine to target fucking Russian DNA, like that's even possible. Uh, I know the Russian State Department has tweeted out some wild shit, uh, but I'll hold my breath until some actual evidence of these insane fucking fox die bioweapons come out of any Ukrainian labs. Um, and I think it's a little bit sad if you're a person, you do think it's good that uh, all biological research around the world should be like contained with its own country without sharing any intelligence, any resource or anything with anybody else. It's just not how bio research works today in the world. Go ahead, I, I just think that's so funny. I mean, like, I hope that people see the kind of like Western hubris on display. It's like, so, I mean, there's this concession that these bio labs studying deadly pathogens like are there in Ukraine. But it's, once again, it's sort of hand waved away. We do, we do research all over the world. This is just like what we do, folks. You know, it's like, it's like unconscionable to imagine Russia or China. You know, can we, Again, we have these labs you in China. The shoe on the other foot stuff. It's like <laughs> I mean, China. Hang on, I didn't interrupt you. If China had a bio lab in Canada studying deadly pathogens, would we be like, oh, you know, China funds usual. grants and has students that go business back and forth between U.S. biologists and Canadian ones? Well, of course. Why do you have to? Why do you have to interrupt me? Is it because your so argument you're just is so lying? Weak? Because Sorry, your argument is so weak that even just by me talking obviously disputes it. It's just like this total. Mm-hmm. You're just so naive to say okay. like. The West doesn't have designs on other countries. They're just, it's totally innocuous. That's no big deal. That's just Russian propaganda. It's like, uh-huh. it's intolerable that that would be occurring in Ukraine right on Russia's border. Our number one chief adversary, it just makes no sense. I mean, no, no state would tolerate this. Do you but, think so? Um, just to, do you think that China doesn't fund or send students or intelligence to any other labs in not Canada or not the United States? We're not talking about the same For thing the, here. So, okay, okay. Well, what you. Chinese bio lab studying deadly pathogens are you talking about? About. We don't know any of them because we don't talk about them. China funds labs all over the world, yeah, just like we fund just, labs all over the world. Just, we do, uh, we'll look at the Wuhan Institute. Out. You're fabricating that out of thin air. Okay. Well, oh, in Wuhan? People can go to Wuhan Institute yeah, Wuhan. in Wuhan in China? That we yeah, have had grants and funding go towards? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that China knows about and it's in their territory. It's not a secret facility on their border. Wait, none of these were secret in Ukraine. These are well known about. What are you talking about? Oh, please. Oh, please. As far as the... Some of these labs have existed since the Soviet era. Yeah. What do you mean? 
Yeah, and we and we lied about their attention. So, oh, we were we were decommissioning them. Oh, really? We were decommissioning we them. No, we like recommended they be decommissioned. I, but apparently, Ukraine didn't fall through. But you know, we had just fabricating stuff. Oh, well, China does in the U.S. No, they. No, you can go. Hey, you can Google it if you want. You know, Chinese funding biolabs overseas. Okay. You can go look it up if they want. Yeah. Right. All right, now uh, let's see here. Uh, I have a final question too, but uh, I see a couple of super chats came in. Um, let's see, how does Destiny reconcile his undying love of sovereignty with other? Uh, no, I'm not gonna read that one. I just now, I just now saw the end of it. I see how it, I see how it took a it took a turn there that I did not see. What was it? Oh well, yeah, I got first. My fucking wife. It actually you, so did. Yeah, that's literally what happened. Like I did. Yeah, there you go. I don't I know was, how I saw that one coming. I just have a way to see at the end. I, I was mid sentence, and then I was. There's some aggression on your yeah. life. Yeah, <laughs> that that got out of hand. Uh, is Russia Voldemort or Dumbledore? <laughs> that's another one that came in. Uh, sorry, forgot my name in the question for Destiny. Uh, what was the question that you had? Uh, uh, when will when will Russia get Netflix back? Russia are missing their LGBTQ content. Is that the one? Is that the question that you had, or was it the Voldemort or Dumbledore? I don't know if you if you want to answer that. I had a final question though, uh, and I'll start with you, Destiny. Uh, where do you see this thing headed? Like, where's this gonna? I mean, there will be some kind of resolution eventually uh, there in Ukraine. So, um, I mean, initially, all the military analysts said that the prediction was that this war would be over pretty soon. I think people were saying like within two weeks, Kiev would probably fall to Russia, but apparently. For, I don't know, I'm seeing like a ton of different reasons why Russia's military aggression has failed so far up to this point, um, whether it's due to lack of maintenance, lack of training, lack of planning, um, more resistance in Ukraine than they thought. I've heard that NATO intelligence sharing in Ukraine is assisting them more than they thought. Weapons from Turkey maybe is assisting them more uh, than, than was previously thought. But I, I don't know at this point. I, I still imagine Ukraine probably falls soon, but um, I think that the more protracted the conflict gets, the worse it probably looks for Russia both um, at home domestically and probably internationally, but uh, who knows? We'll see. Uh, Mr. Fuentes, what do you think? Where's it going to go? I think it's already over. I think Ukraine has been flattened. They're decimated. Russia will win the war. And I think the outcome, I don't think that Russia will try to annex Ukraine. I don't think that Russia will even try to occupy all of Ukraine. I think that Russia will simply ensure that Ukraine does not join NATO. I think they'll probably install a pro-Russian government. Maybe they'll annex, uh, you know, Novo Russia. They'll annex its uh, area of Russia. They'll annex the whole Black Sea coast and connect with Transnistria. And uh, maybe the Donbass, everything east of the, uh, what, the Dnieper River. I think that's, that's probably as much as they do. And even that, I think, would be... That, that would probably be more. But I, I was surprised by the invasion, to be honest. So maybe, maybe they'll go that far. But, um, yeah, so, so I think that's where it's headed. I, I think that Russia will remain ostracized from the international community. I, th- I don't think that's a good thing. I think that I think that it's in America's strategic interest to to pursue a detente with Russia and then ultimately work with Russia on things. Instead, we've kicked them out of the system, kicked them out of the dollar system. This will have consequences for decades. This will, It's not... You know, the U.S. dollar is not going to be replaced overnight, but it will have a ripple effect throughout time as uh, China rises as a pure competitor to America. So, you know, all in all, even if you're pro-America, this is bad for America. The whole situation's a, a big blunder for America, and it's our fault. Destiny, tell people where to find you, sir. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Destiny, YouTube.com slash Destiny. Mr. Fuentes, tell people where to find you as well. 
Cozy.tv slash Nick. Well, hey, wait, before we go, hey, oh. just want to say, hey, thanks, Ethan, for hosting the debate. Thank thanks, you. Destiny. You know, Destiny, you're all right. You know, compared to Hassan and Vosh and these well, other we're guys. We're setting the bar pretty low there. But. <laughs> yeah, no, but you're real. I watch these other debates, and I'm like, you know, this Destiny guy doesn't seem too bad compared to these guys. So I give you my official endorsement, official Nick Fuentes, <laughs> thumbs up, white nationalist, sarcasm seal of approval endorsed by a far-right guy you know we're thanks we, wow. we're, we like that you're coming around <laughs> we pursue a daytime there one wow. day you and i'll be fighting side by side you'll come around one of these days destiny you'll you'll be okay can, i want to already halfway there. <laughs> can, I, can i ask you a real question i'm actually okay, super yeah. curious okay i think i might know the answer but i'm curious okay so if you and i am gonna admit i don't follow as much of all the politics i watch some of your conference thing whatever right but if you're like an american first guy an american first guy that's a big thing for you mm-hmm. let's say that all the arguments you were making about like american hegemony and everything is like true that nato is expanding american power and influence over the world etc cetera, etc cetera. why wouldn't you be advocating for that in kind of like a neoconservative kind of way that nato should be expanding and bombing countries and exerting u.s influence everywhere why would you advocate more on the russian side of this conflict um well so there's two way it works in two ways number one even if i was the state department i would still say it was bad because you can get too greedy. And this is what Russia says about, you should watch the Oliver Stone, I don't know if you've seen this, but the Putin interviews, you know, you might think it's propaganda, but it's actually interesting. And he says, you know, the, what, the problem is that America emerges from the Cold War thinking they could do anything. They defeat the Soviet Union, they emerge as the undisputed power, and they say, we, we can do anything that we want. We, we have unlimited power, and we could do whatever we want. And he says, you know, then we're not, we're no longer forced to be strategic. You know, it's, it's, uh, you understand this is moral hazard. We we think we could do anything, and then we're given to making mistakes, and we're giving we're given to hubris and greed. Um, and so I think the balance is in our interest as well. I think that the you know because look at what we've done. I'm not the first person to say this, but we've pushed Russia into the arms of China. China is our peer competitor in this century. Um, what we should be doing is forming as many alliances. If I'm the neocon, I want to form as many alliances against China as possible. Russia and China are natural adversaries, not allies, because they're in competition in Central Asia. Um, and, and, you know, they're border each other in Eurasia. So the natural – and Russia is a second-rate power. It's called triple diplomacy like Nixon did. Nixon played China, then a second-rate power against Russia, the, the USSR, the peer competitor. Uh, well, we, we should do the same in this century Can, with Russia as a second-rate power. Yeah, so, okay, so, here, so here's a question, okay? Um, so my understanding is there were kind of talks – with Yeltsin, but there were definitely talks with Putin, and especially during the war on terror, the United States started to take a bit of a more cooperative relationship with Russia. Um, And I didn't study as much for this part, but I feel like at one point, I think there was an open offer for Russia to consider joining NATO, but I think Putin didn't like the idea of it because he wasn't going to apply and go through the normal channels. He thought that Russia should be given special treatment. So it seems like, and I understand there's a stark difference between Cold War era U.S. foreign policy and post-Cold War era, where, not to say that it's perfect, obviously situations like Iraq and arguably Afghanistan pop up, but it's been largely, I think, a bit more responsible than prior to that. Um, it seemed like there was move, or there was space for Russia to consider some sort of ascension into like this Western um, hegemonic sphere. Like, do you not think that was possible, or do you think that they shouldn't consider it, or that's just completely impossible now, or what? I think it was impossible because I think America. Well, and this is what Putin says. You have to go to the source because we can assume his intentions, and of course, what he says is rhetoric. But we can parse out what, what his analysis based on what he says. Sure. And what he says is. 
um, that the United States doesn't want partners, it wants vassals. It does not want Russia to have sovereignty in the true sense and independence in the true sense and have its own independent policy. It wants Russia to be like Germany, France, or the UK in the sense that they, they just sort of follow what the US says. That's what Russia says. Now, Putin also says that uh, he said to Bill Clinton in 2000, he said, you know, maybe Russia could be a part of NATO. And, and Bill Clinton said, oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, but what Putin also alleges is that in the Chechen war, the United States was talking to Chechen separatists and even Chechen terrorists. That's the Putin claim. Um, and, and Putin says that he brought that up with George Bush and board George Bush said, oh, I'll kick their ass when I found out who did that. And it went on. Um, and. Uh, and then also, you know, you got you do have the ABM thing, you do have the other, the other things. And by the way, you know, like Putin was cooperative with the West, like Putin allowed the West to use Tajikistan as a, as a base to send troops into Afghanistan in uh, 2001. Russia was the first country to call George Bush after 9-11. So there was this cooperation. But I think that soured. And, you know, your side would say, well, that's because Putin's like this evil dictator. I mean, I'm sorry. If, my argument, sorry if, go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, the pro that's that's the NATO rhetoric. Um, but the Putin side says, well, America want, wanted to subordinate Russia and Russia didn't want that. And when Russia didn't want that and chafed at that, you know, America didn't really care. And America just, you know, it's it's unfortunate that it's out because I think that would have been the ideal arrangement. But I think that America wants to control everything. They're too greedy. They're too prideful. They want to control everything. And, and this actually backfires on America, ultimately, even if you're the State Department. Do you do you not think there might be an argument that Russia doesn't want to join NATO because like, I don't buy the arguments of like, you're, you're somehow forfeiting your sovereignty to NATO when, I mean, like you've had countries within NATO that abstain from joining like NATO led invasions because of disagreements. You've got France who's famously and historically been like pretty NATO skeptic um, where they've even like driven down their support. I think until, I think it was like 2010, um, they finally like fully recommitted to NATO operations. So, I mean, I don't feel like Russia's sovereignty would be threatened as much. It feels more like they want to be like that multipolar world. They want to be in the other world order. Not like, I don't mean that in like a dictatorial evil bad guy sense, but just that it feels like Russia is one of the only countries in the world that can rival the United States in terms of like recent military history, nationalism, like that sense of pride and honor and, you know, being the enemy and Rocky and all of that, having like the big country. It, it feels like it's that kind of sense that there is like some like unique cultural aspect of Russia that doesn't need to just be partnered with the rest of the world, but deserves its place on a pedestal next to the U.S. is what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that that is what Putin wants. Putin wants Russia to be a world power again. Um, and but but I guess where I uh, where I disagree is I think there's nothing wrong with that. I mean that that's what it means. I mean Russia is a great power. Putin wants Russia to be a great power, and what what that entails is a great power has its own agenda, it has its own interests, it has its own engagements. And a great power can cooperate with another great power, but it's it's not going to be subordinated to the American-led world. And this is like how the Council of Europe was for throughout the 19th century. It was settled through diplomacy. It was settled through negotiations. Uh, there was there was ironically a Crimean War was the only major continental war in that time. But you know that that's what I think, and that's I think where the world is going. Like it or not, it's a multipolar world order, 
And, um, you know, Putin has the leverage and he's and the country's paid the price to exert its independence. But that's what they want. And the United States is unwilling to accept competitors. And that's and, and I, the thing is, I don't think it's up to us. I think that Russia is a competitor. Putin wants to be a competitor. And, and so they are. And this is a practical reality mm-hmm. that, like it or not, we have to deal with. Instead, we we want to pretend that reality isn't real or try to contain that. And we can't contain Russia. It's just as, as evidence in Ukraine. We cannot contain them and without a tremendous cost to both of us. So, um, so do you think nice that? If we perceive, and I'm going to, I'll if this, because I understand maybe you won't agree on some of these descriptive grounds, but if we perceive Russia to be um, authoritarian, dictatorial, um, a little war crimey, um, you know, will level cities if they don't agree, even within their own border, et cetera, et cetera. If we agree to that, do you think that it's possible that the United States might perceive itself as having some um, moral right to be like the leader of the world, that the United States might perceive itself as saying like our ruling is more righteous than than what Russia's ruling would be, that the alternative that we provide and the fact that other countries seek to join. And I'm, I'm not trying to get you. I'm, I'm asking you to say if those things are true, because I'm sure you might understand. Or you might say the United States some of those crimes but do you think there's any world where the united states has that perception that they do have that kind of like right to push itself in to the western world more than russia does no i and i think that's what sovereignty means you know um sovereignty means that you get to govern your country how you want and the sovereign gets to decide and in russia the sovereign is putin and um so as a and, and you talk about the worst things like the war crimes and so on well the like it that's just it. Sovereignty means you get to make those determinations. Like, you know, the United States tortures people in Guantanamo. The United States does torture. Does Russia say, you know, it's, I think it's against decorum for a nation to, to even discuss the domestic affairs of another nation. It's, it's very, I mean, that, that is um, just not appropriate in international affairs. It's, it's, it's not respectful of sovereignty, but the United States and that, that's why people resent the United States, because the United States goes finger-wagging in every country's business. Oh, the Uyghurs. Oh, you know, what you did in Chechnya. Oh, what you did here. And, and America is going to be the arbiter. And it's like, okay, but that's just really not appropriate, because Russia has a very different history than the United States. And, you know, the Chechnya thing was a brutal war. Look at what the Chechen terrorists did. Um, you know, the theater hostage situation and some of the bombings they conducted. That was a brutal conflict. War is brutal. And Russia, as a sovereign, should be able to conduct that in the way that they see fit. And for the United States to throw their dick around, it's, well, we get to say what's right and what's wrong. Um, and But if people do that to America, well, that's what aboutism and whatever. Um, so I don't believe, I think that, you know, realism is what keeps the world safe. I think that diplomacy is what keeps the world safe. Um, and respecting sovereignty begins and ends with those tricky issues like torture, like so-called war crimes or whatever. And we're obviously not talking about war crimes like, you know, like exterminating a population, like gassing people, like using banned chemical weapons, like rules of war. But like sure. what they did in Chechnya, you know, it's very easy for Americans to come in and judge. But it's like Russia's got the biggest Muslim population in Europe. They have a lot of terrorists and radicals there. There were a lot of problems there. Like, it's easy to judge, but it's an insurgency. That That's how these things are fought. And so anyway, so that's my answer. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Just curious. Fin- okay, final question that's 90 degrees off of all of this in a completely different direction. Um, and you don't have to answer this if this is vital to your business. I'm just so curious. So obviously, you do some of these conferences and you're able to get some pretty mainstream Republicans that will invariably mm. disavow afterwards. Um, how- is this? It almost feels sometimes like I'm watching Borat, where people get drafted into the Fuentes convention, and then afterwards they're like, "Oh, I don't know who the fuck that is. I didn't do like." 
How do you feel about that? Do you view these people as allies and then backstabbers? Or do you feel that you've kind of got a one over them and you've like tricked them by bringing them onto your thing and then now you've gotten their implicit endorsement whether they want or not? Like what is your, yeah, I guess, how do you view them orbiting around you and your relationship with them? What does that feel like? That's a tricky question. Well, I know you had a similar situation with your candidate for mayor. Um, and you you understand this. It's, it's a difficult situation because politicians have different pressures. And so... Um, so I, I, you know, and here, here's the thing, like when I bring people to my conference, they're speaking to my audience. It's, it's um, the America First Political Action Conference is meant to be a substitute for CPAC. We're trying to take over the conservative movement. And, um, you know, I'm a very controversial guy. So I don't take it as a backstab when these people go out and say, oh, I don't, I don't support what he said. I don't know who he is. It doesn't matter. I'm the master of ceremonies. I, I'm the I'm the sort of circus leader. I bring the acts. You know, I bring the dancing bear. I bring the whatever. Not to not to be degrading towards these people, but you know what I'm saying. It's like I'm the host, mm -hmm. and um, you know. So in the same way, like Matt Schlapp. Matt Schlapp is a liberal. Matt and Mercedes Schlapp. They run CPAC. These these people are liberals. Um, nobody holds it against the conservatives that go to CPAC that they go to a conference hosted by Matt Schlapp. I'm more controversial, but. I, we're trying to build the Big Ten America First Alliance. It creates problems when these people come to my conference politically because of like Kevin McCarthy and others. Um, but I don't, I don't take it as a backstab because, you know, we're, we're trying to build a Big Ten thing. We understand what we're up against. It's difficult to move the needle on these issues. But ultimately, I think what went out is that the base is closer to us than they are to CPAC. Say whatever you will about us. The worst things you could say about us are not as bad as the worst things you could say about CPAC. And maybe, I mean, no liberals have a hard time with this, but it's like, you know, you know, me being called the white nationalist, like conservatives don't care about that because when we hear that, we just hear like, like, oh, you're, you're uh, the boogeyman. But when liberals at CPAC support abortion, we view that as like, that's something that's against our moral values. That's like a, a huge red line for us. And so ultimately that will win out. It's like, okay, do we go to CPAC where they support abortion and they support, you know, all this horrible stuff that we're against, or do we support AFPAC where, you know, liberals are going to complain, but that's not, a, I mean, that's where we are, you know? Yeah. So that, that's because liberals will complain about conservatives no matter what, right? Right, right, right. Do you, um, so I'm curious, and this might be a hard one. Do you ever consider that for the success of the America first movement, would you ever consider like stepping away from that to let a less controversial figure kind of like move it forward? Or what if it came, not saying that this is happening, but what if it came to a point to where America first was on the cusp of maybe breaking a little bit more in, but it seemed like you were hitting this, uh, I'll say glass ceiling <laughs> a few times where past things that you said have kind of like kept that from moving forward. Do you ever take a step back from everything and work behind the scenes like a shady person or what or is that just maybe who knows you'll just see when it happens maybe but a big part of what we're doing is like i see i sort of have to be a part of it only because you know there's this concept of the revolution like we're trying to revolutionize the party and to an extent if i'm not a part of it it's almost like we're giving ground to the establishment and it's like if they could kick me out and say oh we don't we don't want his baggage it's like the establishment is conquering the revolution and we want the revolution to conquer the establishment. So I always make, and this is an old Stalin argument, but Stalin used to say, who is conquering who? Is the revolution conquering or is the revolution being conquered? And I say, you know, insofar as I'm the face of it, we're not canceled, we're not controlled, we're not bought, we're not conceding. Um, 
You know, so so I think it's actually important that someone like me is leading it because if they're not, it's the same thing that happened to the Tea Party. You know, let's sweep aside the controversy, even like Trumpism without Trump. They say we want Trumpism without Trump. It's like, mm-hmm. well, we need Trump because Trump is the essence of Trumpism. If we have Trumpism led by DeSantis, that's not Trump. You've watered it down to something that becomes indistinguishable of what you've almost like the prior movement has assimilated the revolution and become, yeah. The revolution's been conquered, yeah. What about you, Destiny? What are your, do you have any political ambitions, huh? I really, 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 the next two weeks want to get to Diamond 4 and League of Legends. That's what I'm driving for. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Do you play Valorant? Do you play Valorant? Um, nope, not unfortunately. Don't worry. We'll, oh, we'll figure We'll figure something out. Um, <laughs> final, final, okay, final question, just randomly, because I don't talk to you often. Do you think that Trump is coming back to run again? Do you think that's yeah. going to happen? Yeah, I don't think he's decided yet, but I think he will. And, um, do you think there's going to be a huge schism in the Republican Party when it happens? Or do you think most enough people, because I feel like I would be worried as a Republican, like, let's say most people like him, but is that enough? Like, if it ends up being like an 80% of the Republicans, like, do you just lose such a huge base that was against him for whatever they feel about January 6th or coronavirus or whatever? Is Does that represent more of a threat to the Republican Party? Or is it necessary? Is it without Trump, there isn't somebody strong enough to oppose um what are like right now in a pretty unpopular administration by the Democrats, to be fair, like do, do they win without Trump? Is Trump coming back for sure? I'm just curious what you think about that. I, I think they have a really strong chance no matter what, because you're right. There's no presumptive front runner. Biden, I don't think will run. Kamala is not popular enough. And then who, who's left? Judge, Warren, Newsom. Uh, just, they just don't have a lot of good options. Um, but yeah, I think Trump, if he ran, I think it would just be over. And, uh, and I, well, I mean, on the primary side, I think Trump would easily sail to get the nomination. Um, like he did in 16. Uh, and I think it would be a good thing because it would create a foil. Cause it's like, if he has to run against the establishment, he'll have to differentiate. And I think that'll push him further to the right. Cause he's been, he ran as an independent at 16. He ran as a Republican in 20 and running in 24 against DeSantis or Pence would push him toward that like middle thing again, where he's, you know, cause if you look back at 16, he's very different. And, you know, you can understand the appeal in 2020 becomes like a Sean Hannity, which sucks. So, um, so, I think so you think if he ran against establishment candidates, you think he would move further to the center or further to the right? Um, Seems hard because it felt like Trump was more of like a character and like a cult of personality rather than like a consistent set of like, like, I, like, I'm sure even you would admit this. Trump is not like a man of conservative principles and values, right? But he definitely had like a character to resist the establishment that was relatively unique in him that wasn't like maybe the beacon of values like somebody might say like Pence or somebody is whatever, right? Does he? So do you think he moves further to the right or more moderate if he has to run against like a bunch of like Ted Cruz, Mike Pence-esque DeSanto figures or whatever? Well, it depends on how you view the spectrum because Pence and Cruz are more so-called like traditional conservatives than Trump is. Uh-huh. But I view Trump where he is as more right wing because I view Pence and Cruz as like they, they concede a lot of ground to liberals and like this free market stuff and limited government. I, I view that as actually middle as opposed to Trump, who is more like uh you know, uh, it's big government. I don't think big government is left wing. Like Trump said, we're going to take care of everybody, you know, with health care. Like that's. That's not the free market position on healthcare. Um, so I agree. Trump isn't like a, but that's a good thing. He's not a mainstream, you know, conventional conservative. He's he's a different flavor, and he is a character. And you know, he understands that we're in a war here. He's like, he's like, I just want to win. And conservatives are like, yeah, we want to be on the winning team. We want to run shit. We want our side to win. Uh, so I think that he'll be forced to think more like that as opposed to because DC changed him and DC made him into another Republican. And I hate that. Okay. Real. It's true. Take it from me. I would know. I mean, we're, we, I, re- I regret this. The, 
the dissolution of the Trump administration is the greatest geopolitical disaster of the 21st century. Okay. Um, all right. I think that's all I got. Okay, cool. Well, well we're hey. best friends now, but you and I, we're, I'm so glad we're best friends now, and I welcome you as a uh, griper. You should come to App. When are you going to stream on Cozy? Everyone's wondering, when are you yep. going to get your Cozy channel? Uh, yeah, as soon as I get banned on Twitch, I guess. We'll see how much further <laughs> left the uh, kind of corporate meeting and everything goes. Who knows? You know, so I, I'm in favor of, like, owning guns or whatever. Maybe that'll be the thing that gets me banned. Who knows? And you hate trannies, so. I, I love trans people. <laughs> I absolutely love trans. I have nothing but love for my I LGBT support your war right? against transsexuals. Absolutely I'll give billions, five billion to your I'm glad you remind me. There's some good trans porn I need to go jerk off to right now, actually. So oh, thank you for reminding oh, me of that. You're no. Some chicks no. with dicks, some good food shit. Oh, oh my god, I need some femboys in my fucking porn oh, feed. Oh, come on. Oh my goodness. Thank you, you poison for pilled it. You poison pilled it. All right. Gentlemen, thank you. It was a pleasure. You are a um you are a juggernaut of content. I don't know how you do it with seemingly your life falling apart around you. You still manage to do these streams. So hey. congratulations. I never <laughs> stop, oh, sir. Let's go. <laughs> Salute to both you gentlemen. Have a good one. Be safe this weekend. Go, Goodbye. All right, Later. thanks. Good night. All right. All right. Now, let's see here. I never stop, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. It was amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Oh, wow. The old that was very nice. Keep it up and fuck the haters. Keep it Hashtag up. Hashtag killstream. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you, Cal Poly. That was very nice of you. Wow, nice things coming out. I thought he was talking shit. I'm a multi-billionaire. I created Hex to save you all. Hex is the future. What? Google Hex. Multi-billionaires support the show. Thank you guys, man. It was a pleasure. It was a it was a beauty all day long. Just two weeks to flatten the Serb. There's uh, some ruble donations. Holy shit, that was a pleasure. I'm going to go ahead and get off here, have a little snack, and then head up the road to Rochester. My daughter's on the way, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Uh, I had a really fun day today, about uh, not quite 12 hours, but we went almost, actually we did go 11 hours. So we didn't make 12, but we made 11. Thank you so much. Thank you to Mr. Nicholas J. Fuentes here, the kingpin of Cozy, uh, and also a participant in this debate tonight. Thank you to Destiny, Stephen Bonnell. He will be in Dallas April 2nd, killstream.live slash bowl. He'll be debating Harrison Smith live next week, next Thursday. We have Adam Green versus E. Michael Jones. On April 15th, we have Ryan Dawson versus Martinez perspective. We never stop. We never fucking stop, ladies and gentlemen. Do you understand? We never fucking stop the kill stream unabordable competition on Suicide Watch. It ain't even really a motherfucking competition. Let's be real. It ain't no fucking competition. We blowing them out of the water, ladies and gentlemen. We killing it. Do you understand? Thank you. All right. Now I'll be normal and stop ranting. I don't want to, though. I never want to stop. Do you understand? Never, ever, 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 ever. Let's go. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. 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 Let's go. Yeah.
you so much for that support. We crushed the goal. Unbelievable. My boy Dalton's is still on, man. Go check out the young G. That's my boy. That's my boy. Go check out Dalton. They can't shut this shit down. They wish they could shut it down. Every single hater can suck my fucking white dick. Don't forget to cut those balls. 